now it's your boy PSA Sitch here with another Tuesday Tuesday stream with, with everyone's, everyone's favorite Twitter drama person. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it because we totally, of course I'm gonna we say primed it. you. We totally primed Whatever you. Whatever we talk about five minutes before we start is what I label you. Always as. primed. Yeah, exactly. I saw that one coming. So we're here with a very special guest. We have Fabian Liberty. That's that's correct, right? Uh, I don't I don't like the way you said special, sir. Mm -hmm. It felt like it felt like you were you were trying to put me into like in, into a, uh, the window looking back. Uh, like the oh, special that wears a helmet. Yeah. Well, I didn't yeah, mean yeah, yeah. I didn't I, mean short I bus. I didn't mean <laughs> short bus special. But if that's the way that you took it, I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> look. Yeah, we... So uh, I'm Scott from Fabian Liberty. Uh, I have a co-host, but I do all. Oh, the, well, all there you go. So okay, yeah. Scott. So can, I'll let you introduce yourself. You can, then go ahead. Either one. Yeah, I'm Scott from Fabian Liberty. Um, you can find us on Rumble, um, and then you know some of our content on YouTube, Fabian Liberty, or you know, find me on Twitter, et cetera. Um, yeah, I'm an anarcho-capitalist, libertarian. I was I was looking at some of the, like the comments before, because I'm like I'm on I'm live now, so I'm not like in your comments. But I was looking mm -hmm. at some of them before, and they were like, "Is he a libertarian? Is he an ancap?" Ah, blah 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 blah. I want to state before we even get started. All right. <laughs> yeah. That all of you minarchist, limited government statists are fucking fakertarians. All right. Libertarianism. Uh, as as recaptured from Dijak by Rothbard is a full adoption of the non-aggression principle, which requires you to be an anarchist. Boom. Uh, I know a lot of people won't get that. Um, and I understand that people believe that the two are different. So I'll well, accept wow. I'll accept it. But I, I'm, I'm letting you know I'm both. Well, I just want to lay down some ground rules before we get started. Um, we we don't like monologues on this show, so sometimes we invite guests on and they start going on a 25-minute tirade ab about some yeah. topic and they basically do like topic bingo, so it's really difficult for Sitch and I to respond. Sitch and I, as you know, if you watch the show, like we, we do back and forth, like we box. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we like to get back to the, down to the substance of the argument, and a lot of times it requires you know, asking questions and interrupting and clarifying and that kind of stuff. So that stuff is okay. I don't necessarily know what we're going to discuss. You had sent me a DM and uh, mm -hmm. in the DM here, let me see if I can bring it up. You had said, it's probably a super old one. The original one. I mean, it's from yesterday. You, I was just like, a year uh, ago, oh, yeah. you're like, what are we going to talk about? This says from <laughs> yesterday. Oh, no, 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 this is from two fifty eight yesterday. <laughs> so, I said, uh, you said pursuing anarchism from uh, of the libertarian variety. That's what I put in the title. And I right. mean, we this is a difficult thing because, like I said this on the Sunday stream, I said a comment. Libertarians want to privatize everything. And as soon as I said it, I thought, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for that because... We have a libertarians run the gamut from wanting to privatize everything to just, you know, wanting lower taxes. So mm -hmm. the there's a lot a, a large range of libertarianism. So when you're talking about yes. doing anarchism of the libertarian variety, I don't necessarily know what you mean. So maybe you can elaborate on that a bit. Yeah, so colloquially libertarianism is 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 this idea of a, of a liber, liberty minded individual right and so i think it i think it comes kind of from the same thing of like 
you know, what is a Republican, right? Is a Republican a neocon? Is a Republican an isolationist, right? Like these are, these are mutually exclusive ideas, and yet we both recognize that there are Republicans that are isolationists and there are Republicans that are, that are war hawks, that are neocons, right? And so mm-hmm. I think the same thing happens within libertarianism where colloquially, you know, we look out and we say, well, what is the LP, you know, the Libertarian Party, or what is libertarianism? And it, and it does run the gambit from classical liberalism, right, um, all the way to anarcho-capitalism. Now, the reason I was kind of memeing in the beginning is just because, you know, retaking the word libertarianism or libertarian from the, the you know, the um, from de Jacques, right, from the leftist anarchists in Europe um, that had that word was done by Rothbard. He was an, you know, the first anarcho-capitalist. And so in many ways, technically, the word is one and the same, but. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, I accept that when people think libertarianism, they think of that large group. And, and yeah, and that large group contains a, a lot of different people with, with different ideas, just like Republican or conservative or Democrat or progressive, etc. So okay. an- anarchism. Oh, wait, wait, can I, let me. Let yeah, me go ahead. Um, so what is it? Why do you, what is like the point then of, I guess, trying to recapture the word in, in the way that you want to recapture it? I mean. I mean, I think uh, Stitch, or Stitch, sorry, it's Thank so hard. It's difficult. Um, I, I think you see the value in, in the way that everything is kind of downstream from philosophy, and, mm-hmm. in, and in a lot of ways, that also means the words that, right? And so, you know, if the word freedom, if the word liberty, if the word libertarian, and it pick an pick a important word, um, is subverted, to mean something that it that it didn't originally mean, then you can kind of change the argument by capturing the enemy's words. And so, in a, in a, in a way, is there, I see value in gatekeeping, and or at the very least, elucidating that subversion to a certain degree mm-hmm. um, when speaking to people. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. We see this a lot. This is a massive leftist tactic is to try to control mm-hmm. language in this way. Um, but I guess, like with the libertarian thing the like even if the term started out to mean the way that you you're saying it does I, like it's so ingrained i think in people's mind like what it means now as opposed to like being an ancap or something to that effect yeah i mean i think there was an interesting thing and this was an unpublished work by roth um where he toyed with the idea of not calling ourselves anarch mm-hmm. right despite the idea that you know we derived our philosophy from proudhon and and, you know, uh, Benjamin Tucker, Lysander Spooner, et cetera, um, because it had been so captured by the left, like, you know, ever since Kropotkin and things like that, these commie fuck, um, that, that it was like, well, maybe we should call ourselves non-archists, right? It was just kind of like <laughs> jotting down because, like, mm-hmm. we're so different than them, right? right? But I do think there is value in recapturing work. But I, I, I also understand that opinion, too. Where it's like sometimes you kind of have to let it go. I mean, right. that that might be a personal choice. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that like anarchism is, I would probably wager is more thought of as the left generally and probably has a negative connotation for most people. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to get a different label, I, I would understand that. Yeah, right. Like, it's like, it's like, I almost kind of agree. Like, maybe we should call ourselves non-anarchists, but it's like, at the same time, it's like none of these anarchists wants you these leftist anarchists, once you boil down their philosophy enough, 
you realize that they're not anarchists, right? Like they, they mm-hmm. want to recreate systems of authoritarianism. Well, um, the, the dangers, I mean, you enforce. guys could call yourselves nappers, but that sounds a little too close to maps. So that might be a little dangerous. Or kidnappers, you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know about all that one. Right. I feel like the memes would create themselves. Mm-hmm. So did you see uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the new one? I have, I have not. I oh, like, okay. I, I've reached a point with like all of the Disney woke shit at this point that like, I just like, like the moment I start hearing people bitch about it, I'm just like, I'm going to go watch Blade Runner. Well, it's, 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 like, I can't do well, first of all, Spider-Man. I mean, I guess is, I don't know if did Sony or Disney. I think, I don't remember if Sony or Disney made the new, the last Spider-Man, but um, there's a character in it who's an anarchist, but he's a left-wing anarchist. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard of that. And yeah. it's like, I'm, I, I, I don't. I don't trust them to have done anything. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, they kind of make fun of anarchy through the character, in my opinion. So kind of like mocking it. But anyway, what you what were you going to say? Mm. Well, I was just going to try to dive in on a definition of libertarianism. I mean, it's not. It's nice to talk about the origin and whatnot, but obviously terms mm-hmm. can mean different things in different time periods and kind of leave. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So I mean, it, when I think of libertarianism, I think of maximizing individual rights as opposed to collectivism. And I have a very, like, a very visual idea of how that works. With um, in an individualist society, you're generally putting the needs of the individual among above the needs of the group. So we'll join different organizations and whatnot, but we always know none of us are willing to die for these organizations. We, we join them in sort of a collective bargaining type of way. We, uh, we know that if we band together collectively, we can, um, you know, get a better deal for us for wages Mm -hmm. or working conditions or whatever. So, but I, a lot of people think that that is a collective, but I don't, I don't define a collective that way. A collective is something like a military unit where you're sworn to die for the unit. You're basically putting the needs of the unit above your own personal needs. That I would define as collectivism. And that's generally where you run into the problem with like fascism and totalitarianism because these different organizations are saying, listen, the state is more important than the individual. The individual lives to serve the state. And I just, I feel like in Western style democracies, it's really the other way around. It's a state exists to serve the individual. And then we get all of these, uh, all of these byproducts of that. People pursue property rights mm-hmm. and whatnot for their own individual benefit. And I think it's a, a generally a better society. So is, conceptually, are we, we kind of on the same page? So I think you're right uh, in pretty much everything that you're saying, with the exception that I would say that states kind of tend towards that fascistic bent over time anyways you know they tend to grow but i I would say you know 90 percent of the way the the big the big hole that you have i think is that you're viewing everything as a value structure that is assuming a consequentialist framework right which is that you 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 stated values well hold on how do you how do you define consequentialism because it's important most people define consequentialism Mm -hmm. And it's okay if we end up killing a bunch of people because it serves the greater good. That's kind of consequentialism. But some people think just because I'm looking to maximize, a, looking to 
form a system that kind of maximizes good outcomes that I'm a consequentialist. I'm not, because I don't think you can form a system that that sacrifices individual rights by any means. So I'm yeah, not a consequentialist. Yeah, so I mean, you're probably a u- rule utilitarianist, which makes you a consequentialist. I don't. I doubt you're a deontologist. Uh, I mean, are, are you claiming you're not a consequentialist? Are you? What are you? A virtue ethicist? You, a deontologist? Look, what are you? I, I'm. The definitions. I don't. I'm. I don't define myself as any one of those things. So, I mean, if you're trying to define me on the spot. Well, no. You. You were. I, I just it, assumed you were. It, most does, people are. You do, said I'm not. So I was curious what you would define. Let's work out as the. Here. Let's work out the difference between consequentialists. Do you understand? Like, regardless of the philosophical terms, do you understand the two distinctions that I set forward? There are people that put consequences above uh, how they get to those consequences. So if they have to do terrible things to achieve a good outcome, they will do that. That is my definition of a consequentialist. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little putting, rough. Putting right? the, out, said, putting the outcomes... Probably- Putting the outcome subservient to the process. Go ahead. Let me, I, I'm, 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 yeah. So let me, let me get through this. So, um, like I said, you're probably a rule utilitarian, right? Which is mm-hmm. that you are a consequentialist, but you believe certain things are so bad that like you don't want to accept those certain things because you don't want to live in a world where those things are, are seen as okay. So long as the outcomes are, are morally preferable. Regardless, they're both forms of consequentialism. You know, I have a certain soft spot for rule utilitarianism as being better than like a, you know, a, a traditional consequence. But what I was saying originally in, in, in terms of you describing the nature of the state and libertarianism, et cetera, is that you're describing values, right? You're describing ideals that people have. And what I think the important distinction about what makes a libertarian really a libertarian is is that libertarianism is an is an ethical philosophy of natural law. It, it is a set of principles, namely the non-aggression principle, right? It is a it is a line in the sand that says certain things are unjustifiable, and therefore cannot be evaluated for morality. They are just always unjustifiable. They are logically incoherent. Such as well, for example, hold on a second, say you... that it's good to tax people. Hold on a second. So you're saying the non-aggression principle is not a mm-hmm. moral principle. How are you finding defining morality? So the, the, the thing that people often misunderstand about libertarianism is that libertarianism is descriptive, not, not prescriptive. Right, so libertarianism well, the, well, does not... You can't say that. What are you talking about? The non-aggression principle is prescriptive. I can't say that because it's true. The non-aggression no, principle not. is prescriptive. It's, it's not. prescribing it's behavior. No, it's not prescribing what one ought do. It does not. The non-aggression principle does not tell you what one ought do. Okay, so tells are you, you <laughs> saying it's like you're just? I mean, I guess in, in right. Are you just saying that like technically, just the description of it is not necessarily saying you should do it. It's just describing what it is. So, so what it is, what it is saying, the non-aggression mm-hmm. principles is if one is an aggressor, then they themselves cannot argue that they have rights in a okay. logically coherent way, right? So you are stopped from arguing for your own rights. Um, and by doing so, the only way that you can argue for your own rights again 
is to pay restitution. Um, now, some people, and, and this is up for debate, you know, kind of will say that this kind of implies and ought not. And, and, and I, you know, and I'm sympathetic to that. But it, at the same time, it still doesn't give you a moral ought. It does not give you a what one should do. Right. So this is very so this is what kind of takes it out of the realm of being a, a prescriptive moral philosophy. But can, you, can you define non-aggression was, principle again? I, I missed it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm, I was kind of operating under the assumption we were. Well, I mean, I thought I had an understanding, but I've never heard this argument specifically. So, yeah, fair enough. So the non-aggression principle is 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 a principle that it is unjustified. Right. Mm -hmm. um, to aggress upon a person. And so to define aggression, we would say that aggression is to initiate force or fraud upon another person. Right. But I mean, well, I'm, I guess I'm a little confused because when someone tells me something is unjustified, that seems to be a moral claim. Yeah, it, it is a claim. It is a claim that it cannot be evaluated for morality. It is logically incoherent to to claim that one ought to do something that is unjust. Right, but it's a little bit different than saying something is uh -huh. evil, right? I, I, okay, so I guess I'm confused because, like, to me, what you're, what you're describing does sound like a moral prescription, but you're saying that that it's not a prescription because it's just a logical fact of nature. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That that's what makes it an, a description of natural law. Right. So well, but I mean, wouldn't, grounding... it, wouldn't an adherence to something just because logical, I mean, that's still a prescription, the idea that you should follow something that's logical. Right. So let's say, let me, let me back up. So let's mm -hmm. say you say it is okay to, to beat up black people. Right. I oh, that's would an only say it's okay to beat up white people. Okay? That's an interesting okay, right. claim that you're making there. <laughs> right, right. Already. You know I, mean? I, right. So, I see why you're friends with Andrew now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, the, the 12% in me, you know, just wants nice. to. Be, nice. All right. Okay, anyway. And so, so you say it's, it's okay to beat up black people. White people. It is logically or white people. Sorry. It's, it's logically okay. It, you know, it's perfectly morally justified to, beat up white people in mm. fact white people are evil because you know you know historical oppression why, why don't we do something that we would all agree on it's no no no. i like this i like i like having these clips of him saying these words in this order okay. yeah, yeah yeah no it's okay I'm, i'll take it it's fine right so you say that right mm -hmm. and so the problem is is that you now cannot argue whatever race you are sitch right mm -hmm. that i'm that i that i'm unjustified in doing the same thing to you, or maybe you are white, right? So now I get to go beat your ass. And when you say, hey, 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 please don't beat my ass, I'm go, well, you fucking argued for this, right? It, there, there's, a, there's a contradiction, right? Right. And so, you know, and so when you engage in that violence against white people, say you take it a step further, mm -hmm. you start beating up random white people, and then someone else comes to beat you up and you go, you can't beat me up, I don't want to be right? You're engaged in a performative contradiction, right? Like right. your actions are making the argument that it is okay to do this. And so you can't logically argue in the reverse. Yeah, but right. nobody ever, like, nobody ever argues that way. They say it's okay to beat up poor people and I'm not poor. Therefore I can beat up poor people. Well, well that's the way people I, argue. Yeah. Well, I agree in terms of that. Like, I think what you're, what you're saying, um, Scott, I, Think that's a good way to think about the world and i would agree with that principle generally i just don't think that's a 
like a fact of reality that still is a, a moral prescription that's still like an opinion that someone has i disagree i think it's an objective fact and it's laid out um so like you believe in aristotelian formal well no but hold on let me finish for a sec because i just say like um you know anyone can create any framework where they say why it's okay for them to attack all white people i mean we hear this i mean this is kind of what we see on, yes, the, on the far left right now it's totally okay to be racist against uh white people even though you can't be racist against black people because White people are, you know, have power and then they create the whole intersectional oppression Olympics and mm -hmm. they create all sorts of justifications for it and stuff. I don't agree with that. But to me, that's what's just we have different opinions about what exactly is a moral behavior, what exactly is going to lead to a better outcome. I, I don't see that as being like a fact of the universe. Yeah. So you believe in Aristotelian logic, right? We can start there. Well, I'm an idiot, so I don't know what any of these terms mean. So, right. So you believe in like the law of identity. The law of the excluded middle and the law of non-contradiction. I'm an idiot. I don't know what any of these words mean. Okay, A yeah, equals and, a. and moral moral systems don't have to be logically coherent. You realize that, right? Unfortunately, that is true. But... I mean, uh, yeah, but that makes them wrong. <laughs> in <laughs> like, your in they your can be logically incoherent in your wrong. in your moral framework, because you have a rule that moral systems must be logically coherent. Most mm -hmm. people in the world. Do not have this rule in their moral systems, right? Yeah, and and that makes them wrong, right? Like I mean, well, like look, people look, have a wrong Christian opinions. Would, a Christian would stand here and say, because you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that your moral system is wrong. Yeah, and 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 if I was dealing with a hardcore Christian, I would start with, um, you know, existence exists, but like I don't feel that that's a necessary right. argument. In this I I agree that I mean I think that people should even though they often don't prescribe to a moral system that is logical. I just think that the idea that the idea, like once you, like when you personally accept that it has to be logical, an idea I agree with, that's mm -hmm. a, that's a prescription already. Yeah. It's, let's, it's let's, not let's, a prescription. It's not a prescription to say that, that untrue things are untrue. <laughs> no, like but it's a, that's prescribing a moral framework. That's the Right, right, right. But but saying something is untrue is different than saying something has a logic or consistency to it. Right? Or saying that you should this, value this, truth. Hold on. Right. Let me let me let me back up a little bit because it seems like we're 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 in the weeds here, right? Okay. Like I don't I don't understand the the argument here other than to just pick apart what I'm saying. Because like we all agree that a mm -hmm. logically incoherent moral system is wrong. Right. Yes, yeah, so I agree. If, no, if we all agree with that. No, I'm not agreeing with that. Well, okay, wait. When you mean like, okay. I think it's wrong. Like, probably something wrong that morally. is definitionally right. false is not definitionally we need, false. We like, need to. We need to first define morality, Sitch. Otherwise, we're just going to get. Yeah, I guess. Up on yeah. This. Well, how are you define? Because I know well, we have like a really wacky definition of morality, but. Well, are you adopting my definition? definition of morality? I define I will morality for the sake of the conversation. <laughs> I define morality as a set of rules that binds individuals into a cooperative group. And you have, of, you have a set of rules that, that binds you into libertarianism. Right now you're saying one of those rules is that we must be logical. Everything must be logically coherent in our moral system. That's a rule in your moral system. Most, most moral systems don't have that rule, though. And you, I haven't laid out my personal moral system. I've only laid out libertarian. Okay. Well, do, well, okay, so, what, how are you defining morality? And, and by my yeah. definition, you can't have a personal moral system because that would be a, a moral system that binds you into yourself. 
Yeah, I don't really accept your definition. Okay, so what is very clear? I think it's very clear from your own show right? mm-hmm. um, that there are people that live in our society that have wildly different moral preferences. Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so morals and moral systems. Right, but you would you, you're saying that I can't have a different set of moral preferences or moral beliefs That's, in your by your definition. No, 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 no. Let, so let, yeah. I, I think what I'm saying is like like an individual could have their own philosophical beliefs, but that the whole point, at least from where we look mm-hmm. at morality, from kind of like an like an evolutionary group uh, perspective, is that it is that humans evolved to have this concept of morality so that humans could work together in cooperative groups against nature, against other groups of people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting historical, uh, you know, um, evolutionary psychology take on why morals exist. I'm not sure that it necessarily helps define morality. It, I mean, I was able to find define it in a sentence. Um, well, sure. Okay, so well, I guess we should go to how are you defining morality? I mean, I would define morality as a, a set of moral preferences or, mm-hmm. or a system of moral preferences um, held by um, held by an individual or a group of people. Like it, it, it can be held. So, but like what are the purpose framework. of those principles? So the purpose of those principles would be um, to, well, I mean, I guess what is the purpose of morality? We're getting really deep. Um, so it would actually depend upon the individual what, what their purpose for their moral system is. But overall, I, I think you could assume that a moral system is designed to um, explain and, and categorize and organize um, human behavior for the collective. Sure. Hmm, okay. so, so it's just to like categorize in, things. That would be the goal, though, right? Like, I mean, like the goal of a moral system would be for the moral system to be, you know, logically, it would be for the moral system to be adopted by the most people because you would want other people to follow your moral system. Right. Like, it doesn't help if I'm a socialist or if I'm, you know, I don't know, if, if my moral system is pro-cannibalism, right? It doesn't help if I'm the only one because it doesn't really, it doesn't matter, right? Like, now, now you're making my argument. Here, I just looked up morality. It says concern with the distinction between good and evil or right and wrong, right mm-hmm. or or uh, right or good conduct. Well, I don't want to have a conversation about like who has a better definition of morality because it's like who cares, whatever. I just want to try to understand what exactly you know Scott means when he says morality. Right. Um, if if the if the topic of like the prescription versus description thing isn't really that important to whatever the conversation is or the argument, we can just skip it. I just okay. it's just something that you you brought up and I I didn't really understand. No, I'm fine. I, and I, I do agree that like a moral system is essentially meaningless unless, you know, you have and unless unless an observer is holding that system. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so like if a moral system is held by two people in the woods and like one and one person is saying what you're doing is wrong. Well, then you can kind of solve the problem by just murdering that person, because right. if there's nobody else and now it's just one person in the woods, then there's no like there's no judgment of good or evil. Right. Because right. The, that person's individual moral preferences just kind of wins. Um, I mean, unless like God's part of the picture, right. God's watching, you know, that's a separate conversation. Uh, so like, I- I'm fine with, with utilizing the framework for the most part. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll step into your framework. It's fine. Well, I, let's, I can let's do look at the critique. 
Let's look at the system you set up already. Two people in the woods, mm -hmm. right? Do you think two people in the woods working together will have a survival advantage over one person in the woods working alone? I mean, I can't answer that because, you know, obviously. Like, I, more likely, sure. Okay. Yeah, it's more likely. I mean, it's like one person might be like, you know, Bear grills or whatever or something. Yeah. And then like the other two people might be like, I don't know, two random lawyers we picked out of L.A. Bear grills is a faker, though, so. Well, the only right, situation right. where so I it could... might be an even match. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the only situation where I think it could it could be a detriment and you could be better off going alone is if one person is, you know, maybe morbidly obese or can't carry their own weight or, you know, you're ending up helping them more than they're helping you. But I right. think as a general rule of thumb, the more people you have, if you have three people working together, if you have five people working together, if you have 10,000 people working together, you are going to have a distinct survival advantage. And I think the purpose of morality is to orient all of these, these people into a system that allows them to collaborate to face yeah. challenges in the environment. So when you're yes. talking about a moral system that doesn't have any, doesn't really serve any purpose other than to categorize people, I don't think it it measures up to what what morality evolved to do or what morality even exists to do to dictate right and wrong behavior in the pursuit of accomplishing goals. Yeah, so I'm not really sure what your critique of my system is from your framework. Right, like libertarianism is 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 ultimately like, you know, um is about conflict, reduction mm -hmm. of conflict, right? right. Um because That's a it is thing. an under it's an understanding, right, that um conflict occurs between humans when you know, people want to use scarce means for opposing things, it, it, right? Which yeah. is to say, like, you have you have this cup, right? It is your cup, and now I want to use the cup for, for another purpose, right? So mm -hmm. conflict has occurred. And so sure. how do we resolve that conflict? Well, there's only three ways to resolve any conflict of, of, of two individuals wanting to use scarce resources towards both. Number one, you can fight. You can go to war, right? Number two, you can argue, you can engage in argumentation to convince the other person that like your reason is better, right? Or number three, one of the people can give, right? Like one of them can just give up their claim. And so this is the kind of the, the point of the, of, of creation of, of private property and, and an understanding of bodily autonomy and anarchy because mm -hmm. it is the status, right? That says that, that, introduces um, a, a conflict creating system by creating the state that says that there is an arbiter that gets to use violence to force conflict resolution that gets to use that force instead of argumentation instead of voluntary process um, and so it, it, you kind of get what I'm saying so like I'm not sure where your critique about the collective like I do agree that collectives you know, tend to, to fill niches and tend to be better at, um, at, at, you know, at, at facing challenges because people mm -hmm. have different skills. I'm just not sure where that is, why that is like anti-libertarian. I completely right. agree. Well, kind of moving away against the, the collective description uh, definition thing, because I kind of want to get off that because I don't think it's that interesting. Um, but what you said about the three ways of solving the problem, and then you said how introducing the state 
is with a monopoly on violence is kind of like a coercive force. I mean, I guess the, the issue is that I'm skeptical mm -hmm. that most conflicts between people could be solved without some sort of, not maybe not most, but a lot of conflicts cannot be solved without having a state or some kind of judge, some kind of external force that everyone has to basically agree to. Because a lot of conflicts, you know, you, I people agree. can argue till they're blue in the face. They're not going to agree. No, I agree. Okay. So well, then I mean, I... Anarchist. I'm sorry, what did you say? You're not an anarchist? No, that's why I'm, I'm an anarchist, right? Like, I like, oh, is because right. mm -hmm. we have private property rights, right? Right. And so, you know, if, if one person, when you have no private property, for example, right? Like, mm -hmm. you're a communist, right? Like, this is the ultimate conflict in right? Because it, it requires constant, right? And the state has solved some of this, right? By discovering private property and, 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 and trying to create some level of conflict of, by saying one person has a right to this property and another person doesn't. Mm -hmm. But ultimately the state apparatus is still, is still creating arbitrary rules, is still stealing from people, et cetera. It's still creating conflict right? That is unnecessary. Now, I agree that there needs to be like an intersubjective kind of like view of how we reduce conflict, right? That, that other people need to be communicated um, in those resolutions. But those, those systems can be private easily and so, it, without being right. conflict inducing. So are you saying that like, okay, for, like, for example, in, in, a, in a government or in a system under anarchy, basically two people have a dispute there would be some kind of external force to adjudicate, but it would be privately owned as opposed to a government. Um, well, I mean, like, so we're stepping into the pragmatics away from the reality. And so, um, I'm trying like, to understand how, what you're the saying. The right like, answer is manifests. it depends, right? Uh -huh. The right answer is it depends, right? Like, so libertarianism, and, and this is where my own personal moral preferences and preferences step in, right? So, like, in an ideal society that I envision, yeah, you would have rights enforcement agencies. Everyone that lived in the community would agree to a contract that basically says, you know, if you want to run around this community, you have to have car insurance, except that insurance is legal insurance, right? And there's a competition of, of different companies that represent your rights. And if there is a need to arbitrate, then those companies will handle that out based off of voluntary contract. Um, but, I mean, the Amish for example, are, are another example of an anarchistic community. Um, they're very close to anarcho-capitalism other than the fact that they, they pay taxes. Um, and, and they would have a council of elders, right? Like they would, they would have their own system based upon their own moral beliefs and principles that would probably differ. from. So, so, okay, let's like with this example. So you live in a community, everyone signs a contract that says we're going to abide by these rules and we're going to have this private uh, firm basically be our adjudicator for any disputes. Um, now I assume there'd have to be some like way of recourse because it's, you know, it's possible like if, you know, one person in the community becomes very, very rich, they could start, you know, buying off or bribing that, you know, uh, whoever's adjudicating these things and they could be corrupted. Right. So there had to be some way mm -hmm. to sort of change out those people. Yeah. So, so what you're describing is a monopoly on this. Mm -hmm. It's not what, what I would prefer. I would prefer competing companies. What we currently have is a monopoly under the state, and you're right. The wealthy and the rich buy off, you know, the the ability to, you know, of 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 our um of our legal system to be able to skirt the rules with regulatory capture and stuff. 
that. Mm-hmm. And it is a major problem um, because we have a monopoly on that system. What I would be talking about would be that, <clears throat> you know, not everyone necessarily need sign Geico, right? Some people would have nationwide. Some people would have, you know, pick an insurance company. And right. what, what we find is that when insurance companies adjudicate with each other, they're way more efficient than when the, than the court system is put up, right? Like when you rear end somebody or they rear end you in a car accident, more, the overwhelming majority of those cases don't go to court, right? Mm-hmm. They're handled between your insurance company and another insurance company, and everyone kind of agrees to, to the rules of the game in that way. So, yeah, I mean, like a rich person could buy up all the insurance companies, right? Um, it is possible, um, though I don't think that free markets tend that way. Um, and okay, so, well, maybe I guess I, miss, helpful. I guess I misunderstood because I thought you were laying out a system where, like, everyone that lived in the community had to buy by one thing. But you're saying, like, no, like every person could basically hire their own insurance slash adjudicator company. So, like, if I if I have Geico and you have Allstate and we get into some kind of dispute, uh, some kind of financial dispute or something, our mm-hmm. insurance companies would basically fight each other. <laughs> and, uh, that's try what happens to now. Okay. I mean, it sounds silly, but that's what happens now in a car accident. Right? No, I understand. I understand. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, they, uh-huh. they they both agree. And then, and then eventually, if, like, you guys can't agree, it goes to litigation, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually it'll go to court. And the only difference between the current system of car insurance and property disputes in an anarcho-capitalist system that that I'm kind of advocating for is that instead of going to the United States government to settle it as the final arbiter, both Nationwide and Geico agree to an arbiter, right? And then that arbiter is its own company that, you know, that makes that decision. Mm. Okay. So, okay. So there's going to be, so our companies would, would fight each other, try to come to agreement. If they can't, there'll be another company that's the arbiter of arbiters essentially that will they'll agree to abide by huh it sounds crazy but it's not like we don't have this in our own system right like a, yeah no a, I, yeah I, I understand i understand you, you go um, you take it to the state supreme court yeah I'm, i mean i guess you know one of the issues i see arising with this would be i would imagine mm-hmm. you know i mean you get the same problem definitely exists in our current system where you know, obviously we can talk about someone who's poor, you know, they get like a public defender and public defenders suck. And if someone's rich, you know, they give like the high price lawyer. But I assume that like that would still, that problem would just replicate in the system that you're uh, prescribing. Yeah. I'm not arguing for a utopia. I sure. Think that's different. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that there will like that everything that I advocate for magically solve problem. And in fact, mm-hmm. I don't know what the best system of justice is. If I was, right. I would be a godlike lawyer in some fashion, right? What would what the best know, system of justice achieve? What would the best system of justice achieve? Yeah, Perfect when you say when you say the best system of justice, what do you what's the goal? I mean, like the the ideal endpoint, which is likely like an asymptote, right? Like you probably never reach it, right? But mm-hmm. the, the ideal end goal would be would be perfect restitution for all crimes with one hundred percent accuracy. And and minimal and and minimal or zero, I guess zero call, right? Like I, I don't know that that's possible in any in any. But I do know that if you bake into your system violations of human rights, such as taxes, that you that that you're not getting closer to that goal. Why not? Yeah. Why why why? 
Well, I mean, I guess we would we could we could look at it from a, from a variety of different angles. Number one, it, it is impossible to get to that goal potentially, but it it but I don't know right. So it mm-hmm. may be possible to achieve a system that has perfect and perfect rest. And in that situation, a system of taxation that is involuntary is definitionally worse, no matter what, even if they achieve the same outcome, because one system requires a violation of people's rights and the other doesn't. The other thing, the other thing is that, well, I guess, I, I guess well, let's stick with that. that tax, taxation is a violation of people's rights in your moral mm-hmm. system, but it's not a violation of people's rights in all moral systems. Well, you yourself agreed that a moral system can't, be contradictory and untrue in order for it to be true that if it's false it's wrong no i i did i never agreed to that what are you talking about i told you that so so you believe systems don't have to be logically coherent there are i would argue actually if we took most moral systems around the world and looked at them we would find that they are not logically coherent the the idea assistant probably the idea of science and empiricism and all that that came pretty late in the game Developing moral systems was very early on. And and actually, I would argue that you can probably devise better moral systems, like a, as, as defined by not searching for truth, but solving problems in the world. If, if you're not constrained by, by uh, objective truth. Truth? Yeah. Well, there's two, look, there's two problems with moral systems. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, well, hold on, let me just, real, real quick here. There's two problems okay. with moral systems, okay? I'm defining morality as a set of rules that binds people into a cooperative group, right? So we have the set of rules. The, that's the first problem. What are the rules that we're all going to follow? What, are the, what is the best set of rules for us to define for society to get the best outcomes, the most happy people, the most productive society, whatever you want to do. The goals obviously are subjective for many people. But then the second problem is enforcement of the rules because you always got people who are going to be like, hey, I don't really like these rules. You know, I will follow my own set of rules. I will follow a set of rules that works more for me and less for society as a whole. So the enforcement mechanism is important. Now, evolutionarily people kind of came up with the concept of God, the, this, you know, all seeing, all knowing individual that will do terrible things to you. If you don't follow the rules, that was their initial enforcement mechanism. But in modern societies, we have things like police and judges and, and nosy neighbors and, and, uh, HOAs. That's how people enforce the rules now. So, uh, do you understand that principle? Uh, well, I don't know that you're stating a principle per se. I'm, I think what you're stating is an evolutionary view of why we have certain in, incoherent or inconsistent things because they have some level of utility in establishing order. Um, well, it's a, it's, yeah, a dis- so it's a description of basically how morality works. But your your system, what you're saying is, the enforcement mechanism for my system is logic. Things that are logically incoherent, people will not do. And I think what I'm saying is I'm not certain that really matters to a lot of people, and that's a very good enforcement mechanism. 
I mean, you you kind of have if you're going to say we okay, we so can dissolve on. the you, state. You've gone on for you've gone on. For yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you respond. And, and, and you're saying that your morals and and your moral framework doesn't need to be logically considered. Um, and you're saying that that's okay if it serves a certain utility. I'm not really sure why you took issue with me calling you a consequentialist because it's like textbook consequentialism. Um, well, but, but hey, but because because I am saying. This as a description of the world. I'm not talking about my own personal moral system. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair I'm enough. saying right. as a description of the world, there are all of these different competing moral systems that all have different outcomes. And if I look at that, the, all of those moral systems, many of them are not logically coherent. Of course, I would okay. like my moral system to be logically coherent. I'm like a science and evidence guy. Okay. So, so you're, I'm, sorry, I'm trying to figure out. So I said that they're wrong and that we should skew away from them. You agree, but you're still saying that because they exist. Well, well no, hold on a second. I, I, I don't understand what your argument is. Like your argument is, is that inconsistent moral frameworks, that, that people have beliefs that are logically unsound and that's okay. And I'm saying, well, they're wrong. And you're taking issue with me saying they're wrong by restating the premise that they exist. I well, think. I th let, me, I think... let me see if I can uh, to, to explain this. I think what I'm trying to get at is, well, first of all, when you said wrong, it sounded like you were laying out like that they're, you're not just saying like wrong, like I don't agree with it. You were saying like they're wrong and like there's a universal wrongness to the to the existence of these things, which that was the first thing that Adam was taking contention with. And the second thing he was okay. taking contention with, which I think was the key factor, is he's saying, he, from what you're describing, he's viewing, you're saying that the enforcement mechanism of your moral system is this idea that it's logically consistent, and Adam's saying that that is not an enforcement mechanism that he thinks most people will abide to, essentially. Well, I, I also I think, think there are different moral systems to achieve different goals. Like, I would define science as kind of a moral system, but the goal of science is not survival and reproduction. So the goal of science is kind of sussing out objective truth right so if you're a scientist and you opt into this moral system the set of rules that you're abiding by are things like evidence honesty sure. sharing your work with other scientists there's all these sets of rules but most moral systems are not designed to uh, seek objective truth most moral systems are designed to survive and reproduce right yeah so i mean moral systems are kind of like guidelines for a set of values and goals, right? Whereas ethics are a set of rules and behavior um, for determining, um, you know, right and wrong, which well, is kind I'm of not, like, I, there's a distinction between ethics and morals. I don't make the and distinction think, though. So, okay. Well then you just kind of disagree with philosophy one-on-one. I yeah, I do. Okay. I think, All I right, think well, philosophy needs to be biologicized. I think we need, I think evolutionary psychology. What does that mean? Well, I think evolutionary psychology should replace philosophy. I don't think philosophy okay. is a good way of determining truth. Well, I kind of, I don't, I don't know how to necessarily engage with someone that doesn't believe that they need to be grounded in, in logic or truth or objective reality and instead would prefer to do a historical analysis of psychological development to determine right and wrong. It's it's kind of difficult because that is essentially just a might makes right argument. Well, wait a minute. Again, so again, Adam's position is not that he doesn't think things should be rooted in objective fact. 
this contention again is that he's saying it sounds like you're saying that your moral system works because it's rooted in objective fact and he's saying that doesn't it's matter not true yeah okay so if 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 adam if you're saying that it needs to be or that it should be rooted in objective fact then you're talking about philosophy right sure first like like i said right, so. like if you're if your moral system is something like science and your goal is objective truth then that's fine i i i completely agree that it should be rooted in things like logic and and uh and evidence empiricism these different mm -hmm. uh, these different forms of philosophy i think are useful what i am saying is most people think of morality as a way to live their lives and they're not particularly interested in knowing the truth value of certain claims right which is i it's so weird you want to put ethics into that category when it suits you and and then separate ethics when when it doesn't. Well, no, you're right? like I, I stated. Why well, no? Mm -hmm. I stated at the very beginning. That, that but that's that's un, that's unfair because I'm I've told you it's specifically. Look, you're the one that's separating ethics and morality. Okay. I don't feel well, that that. Things. I don't feel that the distinction is important to the argument that I I'm making. How, define the difference between ethics and morality so we can know your definitions. Okay, so morality is a set of 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 guiding prints. Okay. I mean, like they both deal with, they both deal with determining right from wrong. Right. Okay. Whereas morality is a set of preferences that individuals have that, uh, uh align with their, their, their guiding principles, their moral, their, their, well, I can't use the word in the definition circular, but their values, right. Their subjective values that they want to see in the world. Um, so you're, you're separating, ethics, you're separating, just to be clear here, you're separating morals as preferences and ethics as some sort of objective behavior that you should participate no, in. No, I'm separating, you didn't, we didn't get to ethics, right? Like I'm separating ethics as like the rules or actions regarding behavior. Right. For and what so, purpose? So like, well, they, 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 they do co-mingle, right? But they are still separate things, right? It's a, it's a similar thing with like female versus woman, right? Like they're, they're inexorably linked in many ways, but they are different things. And that's why they're different words, right? Like right. ethics is dealing with like, it is wrong to, you know, um, to, to, I don't know, murder somebody's dog, right? Like this is a behavior. This is a behavior that it is an action that is occurring and we deem it to be wrong for certain reasons, Right. And then there's like the the morality of the situation that the that the virtue ethicist looks at this and says it is wrong to do that because that's not brave and because it's you know the the consequentialist might look at it and say that well they or they might say it's right because it's right the consequentialist looks at it and says that well we don't want to live in a world where everyone's killing dogs people are less happy because right the objectivist might look at that and say that that is the you know their neighbor's property right. Like well, this is this really getting into the weeds and I'm not really sure why we're there. Well, no, I, I just, I, well, I, I, I can tell. So the reason for, so I agree, first of all, I don't, I, I would like to get off of arguing definitions because it gets, yeah, you're course. right. It gets in the weeds. <laughs> it gets boring. Um, but yeah, the I'm reason I use accepted definitions. Like, no, no, I, I listen, I understand the reason that we keep getting sidetracked. I believe the reason that we keep getting sidetracked mm -hmm. is because it feels like, um, like either Adam or you will say something. And then one of us feels like there's some kind of concept 
smuggled into the definition that we don't agree with. Yeah. And totally. then we get sidetracked onto this side quest of going down the definition pathway. I, I, I promise I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to use like, no, it's not like, I don't think it's like intentional. I think it's just, so, it's a nature of like, cause we're using different words. There are always going to be different concepts that we don't agree with smuggled in to the definition, but All we'll right. try to, I don't like, we can try to back up. Cause I don't remember how we got off on this tangent in the first place. Well, I, I would just say I, I'm you separating ethics and morality, which I know some people do. I think I, I don't prefer to do that because I think it overcomplicates the issue. I am only talking about behavior, right and wrong well, behavior. It's really important for libertarianism, right? That ethics and morality, that we use accepted definitions for those, right? That 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 is like kind of the, because because libertarianism is a descriptive ethical legal framework that doesn't give moral oughts. I think that might be where the trip up is, is that if you're, if you're denying the separation between ethics and morality, it's two separate things, right? Then, then you're saying that by us saying it is logically incoherent to do these things and they're conflict inducing things, but that we're not giving you moral oughts. You're saying you're not allowed to do that. And I'm presenting a system that does. That. So you're making the distinction between ethics as more morality gives oughts and ethics doesn't give oughts. It's just descriptive. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, there, there are other differences such as the others that I, that I laid out before, but that is also a difference, right? Is that because, because natural law is a governing, a governing set of principles that adhere to logic, right? They don't tell you what you can or ought do. The Christian tells you how to act forthrightly and morally in the world, mm -hmm. right? The communist tells you to do the same thing. The libertarian says, look, I'm not allowed to use aggression or violence or force, whatever word you want to use, to stop you from doing that thing, even if me and my community disagree with you and think that what you're doing is morally wrong. Like a sex worker, right? Many libertarians would say, OnlyFans girls are just whores that are, you know, slatterns that are putting their body on display, to, contributing to the degeneracy of society without actually offering anything helpful. But I don't have a right to have the police kick down your door and stop you from doing this form of prostitution just because I think it's morally wrong. Right. And if we put those two together and we have to marry those concepts, then what you're saying is, is that that opinion can exist and i assure you it does well it is it, in my framework it exists as, only as an opinion though i think you are giving moral prescriptions you're just since you have this libertarian mindset where you don't want to say this is how you ought to do things because it it goes against your moral sensibilities then you that that makes it very difficult to make a moral system so uh that's what I right. perceive because as the, we're not, the difficulty. We're not we're not giving a moral system. We're giving an you ethical framework. I know. Right? Yeah. There's a difference between the two, right? And I that's what I, I just elucidated. I contest that claim. So, all right, fair enough, fair enough. You know, I, you, when you go on Adam and, and Sitch, you know, you just you you think you're going to get to dunk on lefties, and instead, I'm <laughs> sitting here arguing the definition of morality and ethics for fucking twenty. Well, wait a minute. You, we, you brought. I thought. I thought bro. your the name of your stream wasn't it something like bringing libertarianism to Sitch and Adam or something. Right? Oh yeah, but I libertarianism through everything. No, right. But I'm saying like it's not like you're like, hey, here's this here's this issue about lefties. Let's talk about this. Let's dunk on them. I'm like, yeah, no, you brought this up. This is your fault, Scott. 
my 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 chat keeps telling me to bring up Jangles because I fucking destroyed him in modern day debates, and they're like, they hate Jangles. Just oh, bring recently. Up well, no, I uh, I, I don't this, know. It's like six months ago. Maybe. About wait, what was the to- what was the topic? It was like queer theory or like grooming in schools. Oh, I just, nice. Like, I just opened up like you know mm-hmm. reading and explaining queer theory and like, and he was like, what? Who are these people? I, what do you? I don't understand this. Like, let's talk about Disney movies. And I was like, right. nah, dog. We're talking philosophy and social emotional learning. And I'm gonna fuck my so chat's like, bring it up. It'll save you. And I'm like, it, first right. of all, thank you, chat. Uh, but second, <laughs> secondly, so I can predict the conversation because because we had a conversation with him about CRT that I can assume went very similar, which is that you were like, oh, queer theory has all this like really shady shit rooted into it. And you're like, here's all these uh, founding queer theorists and people involved. And they said all this shady shit about age of consent and all, you know, overturning heteronormativity and blah, 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 blah. And he's all like, no one cares about these old dead philosophers or even if they're still alive. No one cares about those people. That's not what anyone means. They mean queer theory. Yeah, he was like, he was like, you brought up, he was like, what does Gail Rubin have to do with anything? And I'm like, yeah. you know, the foundational <laughs> right. document for queer theory. What the fuck? Right. right. Uh uh, yeah. So chat that was that was that was that was chat that was like bring it up uh, right. Someone said um because we ba- I mean I basically had the same conversation with him some time ago about CRT or same thing I'd bring up like oh you know here's some here's something that some guy said in CRT that's like really anti-white or talks about how we have to you know live in an mm-hmm. anti-liberal you know uh, society where we treat each different you know races as different nation states and he's all like no that's not what CRT is I read a Wikipedia article and <laughs> something. <laughs> But um, someone said um, there was a super chat. Someone said Christian Baller says you look like Jangles. I hate to. I mean, all right, I hate whatever. That. Okay, very shame on you, Christian. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't care. Make fun of my looks. It's okay. Uh, Bimo for twenty dollars says, "Why does your guest look like Jesse Cox with black hair?" Who's Jesse Cox? I don't even know who Jesse Cox is. So I don't know if that's an insult hmm. or a compliment. I don't know. I'll take it as a compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. Anyway, he uh, look, he he doesn't seem like a bad looking guy. And since I'm no, a sworn so. enemy of Jangles, Jangles looks like the devil incarnate to me. So true, <laughs> true. Jangles oh, is shit. a very bad faith uh, actor. Hold and, on, and, hold on. I'm going to get into my right wing mode, and I'm going to put on a hat because, oh. as you know, all right wing streamers have to wear hats. Do you I don't consider have a currently available? Do you consider yourself a right winger? I, I consider myself. Uh, mostly right. I would say I'm more right wing than most people online that call themselves right wing, mm-hmm. um, because economically I'm 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 a staunch. So like economically, I'm more right wing than like any of these fucking conservative people because you know I'm anarcho capital. In terms right. of like, in terms of my personal moral preferences in in like how how society ought be, you know I. Yeah, I'm I'm probably more right wing. I do have some degenerate kind of views. <laughs> such as, you know, and like when it comes to like drugs, for example, like I think everybody should try shrooms and LSD and based. Um, you know what I mean? Like so I have like some things that like are, you know, leftist in, in that regard or left wing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um but yeah, I'm I'm probably pretty pretty hardcore right. Nice. Cool. Which which is the big difference between the but I'm also an anarchist, right? And so, like, things that are traditionally considered to be right-wing, I would say aren't right-wing. They're just statist. But, like, being, like, let's say pro-cop, right? Like, I'm very – I don't give a fuck about cops. They're all oath-breaking, right? Like, they have no honor. They're mercenary sellswords for the state. And people see that, and they're like, oh, you're like a leftist. And I'm like, 
mm, no, I want private cops. Like, it's very different. <laughs> right, know, but you just, like, you just don't like cops because they are, like, if it was the same thing, but a private company, you would like it. It's just because Well, they, there's they more security them. guards than there are cops, so. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think we should empower security guards. I think that's the best <laughs> way to get rid of cops. Yeah. Is, is, is what it, so what is, I guess, what is, like, the root principle here about why is it like why is it being private so much better to you than it being the government so i think like a basic under well i mean so a stepping aside from like going back into the shit storm of like the morale I yeah, think, yeah, yeah you know like i think the 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 state's theft is is unjustified right but but if we want to look at it just from like a consequences framework right mm-hmm. um you know i think that it, it follows kind of the same problems that Hayek first il- illustrated with the, illustrated with the local knowledge problem, right? Um, and then was perfected more so by Mises in in the economic calculation problem, which is that like even even at at, at a local level, the, the the state's rules just don't make sense, right? Like I think I think there's a certain understanding that a community has needs, a community has like has has a need for protection, a need for security, a need for, you know, someone to get rid of a criminal element. And, you know, there's this hierarchical structure from on high that is like democratically established by like moneyed interests and like Karen's soccer moms that like go to vote from their gated community on like how we should handle like, you know, the poor side of town. It just doesn't make sense. And so it, it, it creates all of these additional problems because you have all of these competing interests for local security needs. Um, and so I just think fundamentally people handling their own security and protecting their own property, which in this regard would likely be landlords, low income areas, right? Mm-hmm. Protecting their property is is just more is just more efficient at fixing the actual fucking problem, especially once you add like the drug war. And all of these things that have just done nothing but create. Well, I guess I mean the the thing, the way that I think about it is that, you know, everyone is shitty and they're basically motivated by their incentives. And so, like with government, everyone, you know, the politicians, they're all motivated by winning elections. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, what constitutes winning elections can change, and that can obviously lead to corruption, as it generally tends to do. Um, and the, mm-hmm. but with private companies, the incentive is obviously just to make money. And to me, it's like, well there could be some efficiency that you gain in some certain areas, but it's basically like, we're just switching out one incentive for another incentive. That's going to have its own problems that I feel like has been the problems Mm. that have like kind of dictated a lot of human history before we got to kind of like liberal democracies. In capitalism, how do you make money? Uh, By generally by providing a good or service that you can sell for higher than cost to make or produce. Right. So by solving problems, Right. Like that's mm-hmm. that's essentially how you make money is you solve problems. Right. You discover a new way. Well, I mean, I wouldn't define it that way because often you can give you can give a product or service that people didn't know they needed or was a problem until they decided that you, you know, until they wanted it. So they saw that it existed. Right. Right. Well, they, they provided some level of value. Right. Mm-hmm. To people right. And, and people wanted that thing. So, I mean, like it may not have been a problem before it may have introduced a problem. Right. Um, but right. but nevertheless, they provided some value. Mm-hmm. Right. The the police state as it currently exists, they don't have that incentive. As a matter of fact, police don't have a constitutional uh, authority. They don't have a constitutional uh, mandate to protect citizens, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a contract might. 
or contract might not, right? But but like the the current system is is not incentivized by actually providing the good or service. So like you're saying like, well, I could see other problems being being occurring because they're just trying to make a profit. And it's like, yeah, sure, but the best way that you compete in a market against your competitor is to provide that service at its lowest cost or at a quality that is worth the cost, right? You don't think so politicians are competing to keep crime low? To a, to a certain extent, I would say that local politicians are are competing to keep crime, but well, you, hold on, a we're, really bad job at it. We're in the middle of a of a Republican election, a, a Republican mm-hmm. nomination for the uh, the presidency. You don't think when the debates happen next month, the Republican candidates are going to come out and say, "Crime is terrible, and I will eliminate it." I think I think I've I've seen a lot of fascistic rhetoric from the Republican right in terms of how they want to deal with crime. I mean, you have like. Vivek Ramaswamy, like, hold maybe on. we is, should drone Mexico, yeah. Is, of course. It, so <laughs> Based. W- when you say fascistic, is it fascistic to eliminate crime? No. I so then why, why are you saying it's fascistic rhetoric then? Well, I, I gave a specific example, like, you know, starting fucking wars in Mexico to continue the drug mm-hmm. war. Um, oh, okay. And I, so, I think, I think, I but, think, you know. But just specifically Donald on Donald Trump's plan for specific, like, he... He put out a tough on crime kind of like packet, right? And some of the things in there I absolutely agreed with, right? Um, well, you know, isn't that a market? I don't, Look, they're literally competing for who will be better. They're going to come out with different policy proposals for eliminating crime. People are going to listen to those policy proposals, and they are going to vote accordingly. Which, How is that not a market? I mean, it's a bit of a bastardization of a market when you have a winner-take-all scenario in an election system. Where, you know, well, people like we RFK, for example, mm-hmm. aren't even going to be allowed to run. We can't. Like, like, there's a lot of unfree market principles here that obviously is We true. can't oh. pursue multiple conflicting wait, wait, wait. policy prescriptions for eliminating crime. That's why it's a winner-take-all market. Well, yeah, that's why it's bad. That's why we should open up private security firms that have competition. Yeah, but I guess from from that perspective, it's like that's kind of what's happening when you have different local yeah. uh, areas of the country are governed differently. They do have different uh, enforcement and judicial policies, and people can look at it and say which one's working, which one's you know not working. Right now, obviously, that gets oh, tied into sure. politics, and people aren't going to necessarily look at it from like a factual, logical perspective. But yeah, well, no, they, I mean, I think I think they, the great experiment of liberalism, right? Mm-hmm. You know, is 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 an interesting one in in exactly especially when you talk about a constitutional republic that's is is interesting because it, it does add a kind of a sense of not necessarily competition or markets but it does mean that there are states and localities with different rules that kind of in a way get to be a a, a test lab right. for ideas and policies right mm-hmm. and and so and, and it is and, and there is something kind of like a market to that understanding that there isn't like a authoritarian dictatorship that creates one rule that must be the same across the land. That doesn't make it a market. It, it might make it better than let's say North Korea. Like, yeah. Well, I guess like what's, I, I guess I'm, I don't like, what is the difference specifically that you're trying to lay out here? 
because I'm not seeing it. What is the difference between? Yeah, like like if, if you're in if you're in one like what's the difference between having a bunch of different uh, communities that all hire different security service services to provide different levels of security versus people electing different officials that then enforce different rules and regulations for security. Well, okay, so so number one, people people elect representatives to um, in America at least. Mm -hmm. We stick with an American politics. Right. They elect representatives um, with a with a one man one vote system. So right off the bat, that's very different than a market, right? Because if I deeply believe in something, I can invest a lot of money. If I don't believe in something, I, I, I invest less money. If mm -hmm. I have more money, I can invest more money, which is to say that there's a certain meritocratic ideal that those that have achieved a lot of success have more buying power in the market than those that have achieved less success. This, this has um, a parallel in elections because people can spend money on advertising to persuade people and win more yeah. people over to their arguments. So that even takes place. Yeah. To, to a lesser degree, but you, for sure. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like um, Michael Bloomberg coming in Virginia and swinging the state blue because he like dumped in like $200 million. It's great. Um, but like, so, so, but there is still this one man, one vote system, right? There's a lot of people that don't participate and this would also be true in a market. So, I mean, that's a fair but the, the big thing is, is that when you erect, elect a representative on a majority take all situations, you have 49% losers and 51% winners, right? Whereas in a market system, when you have 51% that want one thing and 49% that want another thing, now, depending on the community that you're in, you might have both, right? You, you might have companies that are working within competition within the community. Because one prefers company A and one prefers company B, you don't get that in our system. And you might not get what you voted for. And I think I think most Americans will realize that often they don't get what they what they were promised, what they were voted for. And the presidents aren't charged with fraud, right? Whereas like when you're a business and you defraud people, you know, you owe restitution. When Trump says, I'm gonna do something and then it doesn't happen, well, then it's just like, oh, well, the deep state, you know, and then you just kind of forgive them. Well, I mean, I'd say that's a little bit more complicated because any any president could be held accountable for fraud if people wanted them to be held accountable for fraud. It's just that they don't because everything becomes so hyperpartisan because what one side calls fraud, the other side denies exists in the first place. Um, yeah, but or, to go back, or maybe when you try and challenge those people, you know, you get kangaroo courts around January six things from things created by feds and people end up in prison for 18 months. Right. But they, yeah, sure. but a, you know what I mean? Maybe right, there's right. another reason we don't tar and feather politicians. It's because we don't want to die. Well, I don't agree with that, but moving, I want to go back to what you said before, which is how, like, it seems like it'd be complicated to have, like, for example, if there's like a one square mile area of a city and you have like 50, you know, 49% of the people have you know, they've hired one security firm with one set of laws and 51% have hired a different security firm with a different set of laws. Like, I don't understand how you could have two different legal systems competing in the same physical location. Like, how do you, we have that how do today. you follow what laws? We, I mean, we have that today to an extent, right? Which is that, um, you know, like the Jews in the mm -hmm. Hasidic Jews in New York have their own police and ambulance service because of the inadequate. Now, granted, it's kind of more like a Medicare Part D system, which is that they're they're tacking on additional services that the state isn't providing. And I'll right, yeah, that. that's not really but, what I'm talking about. But I mean, 
if, if company A has like jurisdiction, right? Mm-hmm. And then company B has, let's say, let's let's say we create a town, right? Where because, and we'll do it like this. So, town has two companies, right? And this is the whole city, right? Pointed out here, right? Company A is in charge of this. Company B is in charge of this. Someone living over here wants to procure the services of company B, right? Now, how, how, how does that work? Because they've already established territory. Well, at a certain point, company B is going to recognize and company A is going to recognize that, let's say, a criminal that they need to charge runs into the other person's jurisdiction. So what do they do? Are they not allowed to? Do they inform company B? How does that work? Well, I w- it would behoove both company A and company B to provide the best service regardless right to work and together so, right yeah but, but right, that's not i guess uh, them to work I, together and be like okay well if someone runs into your area mm-hmm. like we have permission to chase them that makes the right. product more right. valuable right. right but that's not what i was referring to i guess and, and i guess it's confused because like i i could understand a concept where different companies have different locations that they have control over but i thought your uh critique and your criticism of like voting is you were saying like oh if you lose the vote you essentially get nothing. And so I thought you were saying that in the same physical location under the system you're talking about, you could have two different legal systems coexist and maintain order. Depend like So if you lost the vote, you could still buy your own security service that would imply their rules wherever you physically exist. And that's where I was so let's say I'm about. A, let's say I'm a landlord. In, mm-hmm. in in this company, right? Well, I recognize that like because I have all of these tenants, and let's say I'm a slumlord, fuck it, right? I have these tenants and they cause problems, but it's cheap, right? So I might I might hire like a cheap security firm that only comes in um when there's like when someone is being so rowdy and raucous that it's like causing a problem for other people. But ultimately I don't really give a fuck what you do in the parking lot, et cetera. So it's a cheap security service. Mm-hmm. This is owned by company A, right? Now, company A doesn't have any, any, any right initially to deny another company from moving in and being in chart from like using roads, right? Unless they own the roads, uh, you know what I mean? Like, so there is a certain way where you could monopolize areas, but at a certain point, like the inefficiencies in the market would likely, would likely crumble that, that monopolistic tendency. Well, no, I wasn't really talking about monopoly. I'm just, I'm trying to like, because it seems like you have a system like we're kind of the example you were given where, you know, the slumlord, you know, they, they say like, oh, well, in the building or at a certain time, I'm going to hire security company A and security company A has these laws that the people have to essentially abide by. Right. And then tomorrow they hire security company B, which has a completely different set of laws. Yeah. And just, yes. it seems like it'd be very strange be if like the laws could just switch on a daily basis you know, to suit, you know, whoever owns the property at whatever specific time that they want. Security company A has pride year and security (laughs) company B has made pride illegal as, as, uh, as conversion therapy year. (laughs) So let's say I'm the slumlord of this apartment complex, right? Mm -hmm. I hire security company A. Security company A is really lax and they don't care what you do. So long as you're not violent towards other tenants or you're not like, extremely loud right right but a bunch of white people move into the neighborhood and start gentrifying the neighborhood right yeah. and mm-hmm. all of a sudden the property values are going up and i don't fucking like that this slum is full of a bunch of people that are like low socioeconomic status people 
So they all have leases and I have to abide by those leasing agreements. But I understand here in the future, I'm going, I want to do some modeling and renovations and I want to charge higher rent because the area around me is worth more money and my property is worth more and I want to invest money and time into it. That also means that I, as the landlord, am probably going to hire a new security firm. But the rules that were established beforehand in the leasing agreement, which is just, which is a, you know, a title transfer that would revert back to the landlord. Um, it says like, you know, these are the things you can and can't do. So I hire a new security company because over time I'm going to start replacing these low socioeconomic status people, right. With gentrified people, we'll call them, you know, we'll, we'll call them whatever you want to call them. Right. So the, the people that are willing to pay more money. And so I need a better security service. It's up to me, the private property owner, to then say there's no drugs allowed at my place. There, um, you, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're going to once a month have a maintenance inspection that looks for pests, right? Mm-hmm. The old rules didn't have those kind of things that you don't like, but the new tenants like the new rules. And so long as the the process is voluntary, if you're if you can't afford the new place and you don't like the new rules. Then when your lease is up, your lease is up and you go move somewhere else. Right. But I feel like like that's not like the scenario that you laid out. I don't think that's what would happen. I think what would happen would be as soon as the area starts to become gentrified, the slumlord says, oh, I'm switching to security company B and security company B says that drugs are illegal. And suddenly he uses that as an excuse to basically kick everyone out and just switch up the rules on them. I mean- it's possible, but that would be fraud, and that's where like. Well, no, it'd only be fraud if it'd only be fraud if in the original contract it's stipulated that the slumlord could not switch up security firms, you know, until some specific time or the contract expires. Well, which I don't see why any slumlord would ever put that in a contract ever for any reason. I, I in in the example we're giving, I don't understand why a security firm would create laws, right? Like they're there to enforce private property and the will of the private property. Well, I thought, well, I thought so that... you would have a contract mm-hmm. just like you do now that says what is and isn't allowed, right? Like to, even today, there are places that say no pets and then there are places that don't give a fuck. Right. 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 So like a, a new security firm can't come in and then just start saying, well, there's all these new rules because under a system of libertarianism, technically speaking, you are the owner of your apartment. And if you violate the things in the contract, the title of transfer reverts back to the landlord. Like well, you sign mm-hmm. a contract that says, this is my apartment and I agree to do these things in order to keep this apartment. Once you stop doing those things, right. the title transfer right. back. To the well, I guess under that system, I don't see why a slumlord would write any protections at all into any contract for its tenant. And it would be fucking stupid for you to move there. Yeah, but if we're, t- I mean, we're talking about slumlords, right? We're talking about people that have to get what they can get. They're not really going to be like, you know, being able to compete on the marketplace. Yeah. And and just like today, there are mm-hmm. problems and there are shitty people, right? Like, I'm not arguing that this will be a utopia. I'm no, no, I understand. That, but I'm saying like, to me, you know I mean, yeah, I understand what you mean. But I'm saying to me, this is sort of why or one of the reasons why I think you do need a non-profit driven state that is saying, listen, we need to create some kind of framework of rules that applies to everyone equally, regardless of their you know situation. Then go live in a covenant community that has, there's nothing wrong with living in a community that voluntarily has a system of governance that all the people there agree is preferable that has those arbiters set in. That's a covenant community. It's perfectly 
perfectly aligns with the libertarian view of anarcho-capitalism. What doesn't is a nation-state that con- gained its land via conquest mm-hmm. and then forces its born, uh, you know, its born natives into subjugation to an arbitrary set of rules that they have no say in. I and see. then later right. they get a majority say in because you just inherited this. I see. I see. So you're saying like just the basis of the fact that people don't get the choice in the first place is like the key issue. I, I just don't ascribe to this like Rousseau, like social contract theory. If you want to recreate Florida in Florida, exactly the way Florida is be my guest. Right. <laughs> but you have to, you have to obtain that property voluntarily. No, no, no right. Right. Through but homesteading right. or purchasing. What, what I'm saying is it sounds like the, the key thing is, here is that it's like, you know, no one gets to choose. Like if you say like, oh, well, you can go do that. It's like, well, you can't go do that because like basically every piece of land is claimed by a country already. Right. So right. like if, if we live in a you theoretical move to the seven kilometers in Libra. Right. Like if we lived in a theoretical, later. like magical universe where there was infinite land. Right. Like this wouldn't be an issue because people could just go move somewhere else and create their own community. But since we don't. Like, that's the problem is that people are basically born into a country and have to abide by the rules that are already set up, right? Yeah, I mean, like, it would still be an issue in the sense that, like, the state has committed massive crimes of which it it can't even fathomably pay back restitution for. For example, like, the Cherokee, right? Like, like that's just a crime against humanity that America, that America did, right? Because they wanted more cotton land, right? Like, okay. those things demand restitution. Sure. I mean, I guess I just I don't see how a private system would not do all the same things, I guess. I mean, because the way I look at it is like, and maybe this is a contentious thing. And this is kind mm-hmm. of like where we get into like the, you know, the whole Manchester Mulbug thing. I mean, I think you could look at like a, to an extent, and this is kind of the argument that I that I've literally heard uh, pro monarchists make is that like a monarchy is essentially you know, a private run system where one person is like, you know, their land and they get to dictate all the rules there. So I just, I, it's hard for me to imagine that a privately owned system isn't going to just recreate all the problems we have today. So, I mean, in monarchy is very close, right. To, mm-hmm. to a privately owned system. And, you know, I mean, if you read democracy, the God that failed, anarchism is preferable always obvious, but he makes a pretty good argument as to why, um, non-parliamentary monarchies were better systems um, than liberal democracy. The problem that I have, the, the, and this is where the psychology thing that I think Adam will, will enjoy, my biggest critique of Hoppe on Democracy the God that Failed is mm-hmm. that that was true before the invention of communism and that the ideology and the psychology that exists behind that ideology has allowed for dictators to do things that they never were really able to ever do before. Um, so I don't know that a modern monarchy would actually be better than a liberal democracy um, in terms of like a consequential. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the, the argument is that this, the modern psychology allowed dictators to do something that they wouldn't in the past? Yeah, I think, I think the invention of the ideology of communism mm-hmm. has allowed dictators to get away with things and convince their people that like it's okay to you know to kill all the kulaks for example you, you know I what mean, i mean like like it, i don't know like you, i mean you're talking about the cher- you're talking about like yeah you're talking about like the cherokee i mean that was we you know the people wiping out native americans was long before communism well of course but i'm what i'm saying is that absolute monarchies 
um, before, you know, as they were historically mm-hmm. operated in, in many, the, the biggest weakness of the absolute monarchy was, was the justice, right? Is that there was a completely unfair system of justice right. and, the, and the king had a decree, but there are advantages to the monarchy, mm-hmm. which is sure. sometimes the advantage of, of dictatorships too, which is that the monarchist, the, 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 the king, right? You know, they are, they are a low time preference in, in many of their dis- economic decisions, right? right? Which is that they're not elected for four years and trying to get rich quick, and then they don't really give a fuck what happens to the country after that. They're looking at the country as, this is my entire life, and this is what I pass on to my children. And so the monarchist is not, the, the, the king is not incentivized to inflate the currency, create pyramid Ponzi schemes like, you know, like fucking social security and things like that, that will destroy the currency and will destroy the country 30, 40 years later because they'll still be king or their kid will be king. Right. right? So com- there are some advantages. <laughs> I, completely I completely disagree. <laughs> yeah, we completely disagree with this. I mean, I, I try, I, I'll be honest, I tried to read uh, the, the Hopi Hoppa. book, the Hoppa book. I couldn't get through it because it was very boring. Um, but I completely disagree with with that concept, and we've heard a lot of people tell us this because, like, that would be true if the king was Superman and didn't actually like could was just king, and the universe declared it so, and they didn't actually have to worry about not being king. But as we know in reality, that's not the case. The king has to contend with all these different factions of power that they continually have to make happy in order to maintain their power. They have all these nobles, yeah, you know, all these. Uh, different uh, brokerage firms, all those different money and uh, money issues that they have to deal with. They're not just dictated king forever by reality. And so very oftentimes the king is going to be making lots of short-term decisions based on making the various factions they have to make happy. Yeah. I mean, that, that is also, I mean, that is, that is also in democracy that got failed. He also talks about. Right. um, So, so what is the, I so mean, then how is what you're saying true then, I guess? How, how did democracy fail? What's, like, jump well, to no, the Well, no, wait, before we get to... Wait, to wait, before we get, Spoil before the we end get for to, us. Wait, wait, before we get to how democracy <laughs> failed, if that's the case, if, if the king has to address all these things on a short-term timescale just as much as any other form of government, then I guess I don't understand yeah, the long-term... Yeah, there's no difference. ...time preference well, argument. So, uh, again, I started this off by saying that I don't agree one-to-one with Hoppe, so I'm, right. I'm defending oh, Hoppe's okay. work. If you just say that you right, don't agree with that, it's fine. <laughs> right. I mean, like, but okay. I do agree with it to some extent, which is that I do think if you were to do a, an analysis, mm-hmm. at least from a historical analysis, you know, the, 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 the waste of the government has grown under liberal democracy for sure. Um, the amount of wealth we're, that we're is defining all of these out of the economy differently. I, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, hasn't okay, since so, the, hasn't the uh, amount of the net wealth has increased drastically the net wealth for each individual person has gone up drastically. Right. And also okay. industrialization occurred, right? Like I don't sure. want to sound like a commie here, but like but like there are other factors such as time, right? No, no, no. But um, like even even when the industrial age happened, right? There was ma- there's still massive inequality until, you know, the middle class kind of emerged. And I guess there's a, a lot of contention about why the middle class emerged. Was it just a, was it just because of World War II, or was it because there were government policies in place that kind of channeled money and incentivized behavior yeah. in a specific way? There, it's hard to know. I mean, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, right. um, Engels, for example, in socialism, um, 
uh, scientific and utopian would argue that like the philosophy of materialism spread to the middle class and the industrial sector, you know, created an anti-nobility gentry that, you know, bourgeoisie that reinstated God, et cetera. So mm-hmm. that's one argument I disagree right. with personally. I mean, there's also just like, you know, a certain growth in middle-class rights that was inevitable that, it, that was really sparked by the bubonic plague and, and the value of labor uh, mm-hmm. being increased because of population differences. Well, I accept that. that. Like, creates the Magna Carta and moves forward. But I think right. there's a lot of different reasons why, um, you, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's a, it's a difficult to, that's the problem with when you look at economics in the view of anything other than praxeology is that you put together a bunch of things and then you can create a historical fact that these things occurred and then these economic things occurred. You can't necessarily draw a one-to-one right causation from those things. You can just know that those mm-hmm. things occurred at the same time and think, well, maybe that those are causal or maybe they come about similarly because of an external factor we don't really know. Right, but you can say about like, like anything. Try and, right. Yeah. I mean that's that's a, that's empiricism is is kind of like that in Right, in, but I'm just saying you could say that about waste. You could say, well, it's not a one for one for for why more waste exists. Yeah, no, yes, like I okay. I agree. Like we we right. have imperfect knowledge and we attempt to ascertain the truth and we utilize the scientific method in mm-hmm. order to you know, gain more evidence so that we can do that. And then we assume things to be true so that we can build upon them to find other truths. And, you know, right. we utilize their utility in, in terms of their predict their power of prediction and just kind of hope with that. Um, but there are mm-hmm. certain things we can know to be true, right? Um, both economically and philosophically. Um, and that's because, you know, you you take axioms that you assume to be true, but if those axioms are grounded in things that you can prove, and then you can move from there, you know, then you can know those things to be true. So do you want to move on to Super Chats? I told Scott we were only going to talk for a couple of hours and then, because I know we have a, about a bazillion Super Chats to read. Um, well, is there something, is there something else you wanted to, to specifically hone in on? Me? Uh, you mean no, me? Scott. Me? Sure. Hey, look, no. I'm, no, Scott. I'm, I'm, actually I'm, Scott. I, I'm down for I'm down for anything. Like my my content and my brain mm-hmm. usually is like in one of two places. It's usually right. like shoulder to shoulder with the right wingers on like culture war issues. I do a lot of I like I've interviewed a lot of D trans people and mm-hmm. done a lot of that stuff. And you know, especially because you know, there's not many people that actually understand their philosophy or right. it's libertarianism. You guys wanted to focus on libertarianism, and hell yeah, dude, I'm all for it. Um, I'm I'm available whenever. I enjoy a good conversation. We this this has been pleasant and and not as contentious as I thought it might be. So props <laughs> props to you. I do think, I mean, these conversations are difficult because I mean we kind of have a completely different worldview. So yeah, I think it's it's interesting to try to get down to where the axioms diverge. So I, I think we got some of that going with our I've, with our I've, morality talk. Go ahead. I I view myself right like someone in the 1500s crying out for classical liberalism and democracy and being mm-hmm. looked at like an insane person. Right. Because in the 1500s, if you said we should have constitutional republics and the power should be vested in the people through democracy you would be looked at as a raving lunatic. And I think 
in order to move forward and progress as a species, both morally and economically and scientifically, we're going to have to give up these silly, these silly warmongering, violent, thieving, corrupt systems of governance and, and, and finally continue forward the vision that the Enlightenment set forward, which is individual liberty and private property. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, that's why the name for the show is Fabian Liberty, because I'm a Fabian, not a Fabian socialist, but a Fabian nevertheless and an incrementalist that I, you know, I don't think this is going to happen in 20 or 30 years. I'm just trying to plant seeds. Well, do, do you sure. understand our perspective? I, I would say that there are a lot of places in the world that the things that you're advocating for already exist. And those places are not very good places to live compared to this place. I, I can't think of any place. The closest I can, the closest I can think of towards actual anarchism that respects private property rights would probably be the Republic of Cospaya from 1440 to mm-hmm. uh, 1826. And that was a fairly successful um, uh, anarchistic community that engaged in free trade. Well, th- this um, is this is a problem. If you want to enforce private property rights, I would argue that you need some sort of state to do it. And the reason why the place the places in the world that are basically stateless or have some sort of feckless state are so bad to live is because they don't have property rights because they don't have a strong state to enforce property rights. Well, I, I would say that it depends on what you mean by state because we might agree, right? My, my biggest contention with the state is that it is an involuntary, arbitrary thing that has been imposed upon people instead of communities gathering together that want to live under shared ideals and agree to not violate other people's rights in order to do so, right? So it, there's very, but very why, likely why, that what you desire... Go ahead. Why do Sitch and I think that is impossible? What you just stated. Um, oh, I don't know if we've actually said why. Because Well, the reason I think it's kind of impossible. Well, the thing is like, like, yeah, like the system you're laying out, if everyone had the same philosophical principles that you did, then obviously that you do, then obviously that would work. I just, I don't think most people do. And I, I think you do oh. need to have, uh, you know, the kind of system that either incentivizes bad behavior in productive ways, and you do need to kind of a, a state with a monopoly and violence to enforce those things. Do you agree with the average citizen from North Korea how North Korea should be governed? I don't know what the average citizen North Korea thinks about this. Let's the country let's be assume governed. let's let's assume they all worship dear leader genuinely. Right. And then yeah, obviously parts. I wouldn't agree with that system. Yeah, sure. Right. So it doesn't, you don't need everyone to agree, right? Like North Korea can be North Korea and can be wrong and can be bad, right? Like what I'm, what I'm, I'm, when you say that, like, yeah, sure, that works in fantasy land. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is like, well, what just, just, just what if, right? What if right. What one if? community yeah. of a few thousand people did it? Like in Chiron, Mexico, for example, mm-hmm. right, where they mm-hmm. currently are where they've tripled the GDP per capita of the people living there, where their food is much healthier, where they've planted 3,000 hectares of forest ever since they kicked the Mexican government out and established an anarchistic community. You know, it's mutualist, right? It's not exactly what I advocate for, but it is an anarchist community, nevertheless, that is doing swimmingly. What if a group like that existed, like they do, Mm -hmm. right? And it inspired people. And then 
there was another one. And then somewhere else in the world, there was another one. And somewhere else in the world, there was another one. And then over, over a process of 100 years, a third of the world is living this way and, and is self-sufficient and has, you know, contracts for, you know, armies on retainer and things like that. And they're economically outcompeting these people still using this old system. I think you'd look in a world very much like today where we have liberal democracies and yet you still see communist dictatorships that crash and burn. And it's like, that doesn't mean that America can't exist because North Korea is a communist dictatorship. Right? Like, I'm just saying, you see what I'm, you, you feel no, so like, okay, well, I, I mean, yeah, like hypothetically, if you had some place that could crop up somewhere that has a completely different system and is able to outcompete everyone, obviously that will be the system everyone adop adopts, obviously. Um, but I'm skeptical. Well, first of all, I mean, obviously it would be impossible, seemingly impossible for like in the United States, for the U.S. government to just say like, oh, sure, you know, we're just going to start saying that you can buy, you know, a city and manage it yourself outside of, yeah. you know, federal law. Like that's just obviously not going to happen um, for any reason. So it's yeah. hard for me to even imagine the scenario in the first place, but. Yeah. I'm an incrementalist, right? Like I don't, right. I don't think this should happen tomorrow though, to be fair, all of a sudden Saudi Arabia could decide, you know, we're done with using OPEC plus could be like, we're done with using the U S dollar as the reserve currency. And who knows <laughs> what the fuck America looks like once that hyperinflation kicks in. Well, first of all, I don't know if, I don't think Saudi Arabia would ever do that. Um, but if they did, I think we would manage to, uh, I think the country would manage to continue and I don't think it would descend into to chaos. And the problem is that even if it did, like say, say the worst case happens and, you know, the American economy collapses and the country descends into chaos. I mean, you're not going to have a situation where you have these sort of, um, you know, uh, nap agreeing, you, you know, uh, anarchical communities uh, cropping up. You're going to have like the situation we've seen through all human history, which is the warlords come and they start taking over shit by force and you have all these like local regional warlords. Yeah. I mean, I, I think kind of the history, the appeal to history is exactly the same argument you would make against someone trying to institute liberal democracies in a world that only had monarchies, right? Like it's already been proven that that appeal to history. Well, is... no, no. So, so the problem is it's not an appeal to history. It's an appeal to psychology. And this is the issue that I have is that I think the reason that I think the reason liberal democracy basically became as popular as it did was because it it figured out a way to sort of incentivize uh, good behavior or pro-social behavior from shitty behavior in a way that humans basically are act you know selfish and and cruel and all these other things. And the thing is that whatever system, in my opinion, whatever system is the most efficient system is going to be the one that gets adapted the most because everyone has to compete with each other. And so uh, that's why I said like yeah, if you had your anarchy community that could that could safely compete with everyone and kept winning, then that will become the dominant system. I'm just saying I don't see it even being able to get to that point because I think the kind of I think the kind of world you would need that people would basically engage in these sort of like uh, self-agreeing anarchy systems would require the safety and security of a liberal democracy in the first place to even exist. What you're saying may be true. I disagree, but okay. I but I won't say that it is my opinion that that is the, the way, right? But I could be screaming into the void for no reason. What right. I will say is that within our own nation state, right, like there there are layers of things that are kind of built onto each other. So you mm -hmm. can't really te fully test things sure. within a nation state that has all of these systems that are built upon other systems, right? Right. But n even still, you still have like I explained, 
you know, the, the law, I didn't explain this, but like the lodge healthcare system was superior in America to the private health insurance. You had the, the Jews, the Hasidic Jews in New York that, you know, having their private security and, and ambulances. You have Disney up until recently that kind of had their own kind of county in a lot of ways. You have the mm-hmm. beachy Amish that I mentioned, right? Like there are systems that spring up naturally within these systems that self-segregate, that, sure. that do very well and compete. And so, like, yeah, I don't know what the future holds. Well, they're not competing against the government, though. And they're not competing on security. Security is like a blanket thing. Well, the Jews are in a lot of ways because well, no, the like they are can... stopping the hate crimes. Right, right, right. But they still have to abide by federal law. Yeah, and no, I, state I agree. Law, like they can't, you know. Like, right, so. well, I I agree that like that there that there's really only two paths towards the type of community that I set. Number mm-hmm. one is my strategy, which is um, incrementalism, right. right? And and that is slowly we should get rid of all of the socialistic tendencies of the state to a reduced minarchist gar- government and mm-hmm. the the you know all of a sudden people's views, opinions, and the way that we engage change because. And then the second is some form of chaos, right? Like some form of collapse. I don't want that, right? Right. And and there's absolutely no guarantee that what replaces it in the collapse is what I add, or in right. fact, it'll likely be worse. Right. Um, you know, and and so some of this is in the realm of theory, um, but some of it isn't, right? And 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 some of the principles, I think you you know, the 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 reasonable you know limited government people would do real fucking well to to ground themselves in better sound economic theory and a better understanding of human rights so that they don't have the wool over their eyes. Maybe. I don't disagree. Um, Anonymous Coward for $5 says, Fabian Liberty, how do you deal with arguing against people who say they deal in, quote, politics and they sidestep philosophy? See Tim versus Emma from last week. I didn't see Tim versus Emma, um, but if people refuse to engage in politics... Uh, or sorry, and refuse to engage in philosophy and only engage in politics um, from a pragmatic perspective, what they're attempting to do is enslave you to their philosophical framework. And so you mm-hmm. have to engage in an internal critique while you also simultaneously attack um, the, the, the presumed consequences of whatever it is based off of their values and outcomes. I've done this at Destiny both times we've been on panels, and both times he's gotten so frustrated at it, he just left the panel and, like, cooked food and came back, like, a half hour later um, because it breaks people like that. Like, mm-hmm. once you start to expose that that is actually their grift, um, hmm. it, it's pretty easy to deal with them. But, what, hold of on, course, what was you have this to have grift? two simultaneous arguments. What happened here? You Refusing to engage in philosophy. A, you exposed Destiny for being a grifter because he refused to engage in philosophy well i'm 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 not seeing a grifter in terms of lying for the money i mean the grift is is that the argument is only about the politics and not about the philosophy Mm -hmm. um because it allows them to sneak in all of their axioms that that like you're not allowed to attack and it's like i think you're a nazi because i believe you're a nazi therefore you're a nazi and it's like if i'm not allowed to for example attack the idea that you know, your you thinking I'm a Nazi is a valid evidence that I'm a Nazi. Then, like by default, I'm a Nazi, right? Is it like so? I have to go to the philosophy. Isn't philosophy a system to find truth? 
And there are different forms of systems, like empiricism is based on evidence, rationalism is based on rational thought. There are all these different fields of philosophy, but they're all designed to obtain knowledge, true, true uh, false statements, to evaluate true false statements. I don't want to get too spicy while we're in the super chats, but I would say that many philosophies are anti-knowledge and they're anti-life. Well, I mean, I hate going back to definitions again, but I just, what do you mean by philosophy? What well, are you wait, well, before, before we go on the side quest, um, I want to say, why are we doing, yeah. I know I, I haven't seen uh, your conversations with destiny, though. I, I did find them on YouTube. So I'm, I'm curious to watch them now. Um, but I do agree with kind of what you were saying about how, if someone, if you're in a conversation with someone, and they tell you like, I'm not going to talk about philosophy or morality or something to that effect. And they say, I'm just going to talk about like politics. I agree that at least when I've heard that being done, it is because they do want to smuggle in whatever their moral claims are without actually having to justify them. And we did see this mm -hmm. in the Tim Pool Emma conversation because Tim brought up like, what are you basing your philosophy on? And she said, I don't want, she said, I'm not making a philosophical claim. I'm making a political claim. And then immediately after she said something about like something being, moral, like yeah. moral, like the moral thing to do. And it's like, you know, mm -hmm. how can you even say that? How can you say those statements back to back? So politics is a way well, to adjudicate public policy, which is about right and wrong behavior. So, I mean, the two are inseparable morality right. and politics. Right. So what I would say is the probably the current the biggest weakness of the right so far is that the right now understands by and large that politics is downstream of culture. And mm -hmm. they're only just now beginning to understand that politics and culture are both downstream of philosophy. Well, I mean, I don't think that was like, I think the right always knew politics was downstream of culture. I'm not sure that's like a new thing. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, like there's, a, I, I mean, I mean with the normies, right? Not within like the online political space, but like even your, even your like your regular, you know, I don't give a fuck about politics person mm -hmm. is like, yeah, these fucking wackos trying to make everything woke and trying to interject their shit in media and things like that. Like, I don't know that they were so ardently aware of that as an issue maybe 30 years ago. Well, I mean, obviously, like, the wokeness wasn't a thing 30 years ago. I mean, 30 years ago it was... It was, but just not... Well, obviously, to a significantly, you know, lesser yeah. extent. Um, Read that book, Sitch. Which book? 90s Los Angeles was swimming No, in right, woke. there was, yeah, in the 90s there was the, the PC movement that... that popped up and then i don't know why it, it went away it kind of died for like 10 was, years and then it came back um but it was, it was defeated by liberal liberals nice um but no i mean because i think the thing is like you know obviously for for a lot of american history you know conservatives were very much you know the moral majority were pushing to have you know the culture be embedded with their moral claims and such um i think i mean there could be something that happened where you know with reagan coming in and kind of pushing uh, neoliberalism, you know, that I'm sure that that definitely weakened the right wing's claims on moral statements, because if all your arguments are kind of like, you know, from the neoliberal perspective, it's kind of hard to argue that economically, but not also accept that hey, culturally. Real quick, real quick, I have yeah. a way better and way shorter answer. Um, sure. Which is, I, I, I got half of it from chat and then it was like, oh, ding, ding. Yeah. Next time somebody says that shit, just go, okay, well, anyone with a fucking PhD and a degree in political science has a PhD, a doctorate in philosophy. The two are inexorably linked. Shut the fuck up. And that's pretty funny. That is, a, that's, that is a good retort. Yes. That's a good retort. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Christian Baller for ten dollars says threshold deontology is the most based, followed by moral particularism. Moral particularism. Okay. I mean, it's not, not really a question. No, it's just a statement. I um, moral particularism feels like a cope to me. I don't know that I know wow. anybody that actually believes it. Moral particularism is the view that the moral status of an action is not in any way determined by moral principle. Rather, it depends on the configuration of the morally relevant features of the action in a particular context. Yeah. It's right. just like, it's like, it's okay when I do it, but not when you do it because of these reasons. It's like, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's like utilitarian calculus squared to <laughs> just get to whatever it is the fuck you want to do anyways. Like, I, I don't, I don't doubt that it is a normative, like that it is follows the rules to like be a normative ethical framework. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's just like the way that I see it utilized is just as like a circular logic to like get to whatever I believe in any circumstance myself anyways. I see. Take that Christian. Or moral subjectivism with extra steps is one of my, there you go. Basically. Stop. Stug for $2 says, uh, what do you mean when you say logically consistent in this context? I don't know what context I was using well, it at that point. Okay. Well, Christian uh, Baller for $10 also says morality has no truth value, which, right. I mean, that's contested by moral objectivists, obviously. The, But I understand what you're saying, that, you know, obviously if you're making descriptive claims, those have true and true and false value that moral claims don't if you're necessarily making, have. If you're making a moral propositional statement, it's still a propositional statement and it still is in, in order for it to be a logically propositional statement, then it has to follow the law of non-contradiction. If, if the, and, and even still sometimes moral claims will not be contradictory because of contradiction within the statement itself, but sometimes it's a performative contradiction. So like when the postmodernist says that, you know, um, truth is subjective and that there is no objective truth. Well, mm -hmm. they also are sneaking in the, 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 the not P, right? The P is truth is subjective and there is no objective truth. The not P is I believe what I'm saying is an objective truth. And so it's a performative contradiction. Either they're right. jokingly saying nonsense that you should just dismiss or they're believing something is both true and false at the same time which is a contradiction. So no matter what, it's gobbling. Interesting. True. Yeah. Present Sunday. Hobbermoss. Cough, cough, cough. Um, what's your first thought for 10 Canadian says, uh, Hey Scott, what do you think has more control in your thinking, the writer or the elephant? The writer or the elephant? Uh, no, I, I, I agree with, um, with the writer and the elephant analogy from, mm -hmm. um, Oh God, what is the psychologist? I can't height. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. As a matter of fact, there's um, there's a really really good video on rhetoric that I think everyone should watch, that deals with the writer and the elephant a little bit. Oh God, it's been years since I've seen it, but it's a, it's about um, the PBS showdown with Mister Rogers and like looking at his speech and describing all of those things. But yeah, I, I do think that people tend to. This is why when I debate. I, mm -hmm. I'm not usually debating the the person I'm debating. I'm I'm really debating for the audiences. Right. Because I don't think I'll ever fucking change the opinion of the person I'm talking to when when they have when they kind of are already in a position where they need to be the better person selling their ideas to their audience. Like they're so grounded feet in the ground that you're never gonna really change their opinion. Most people aren't that open. 
but I'm doing course, it, yeah. I'm exposing right. it yeah, for the right. for the audience. So no, I, I agree. I, yeah. I I would say that the, the elephant does more of the talking, but I try and come back to logos to the best of my ability. That's all we can do. Can just try. Wow. That's a... Uh... It's honest of you to say, like everyone always says, the writer. <laughs> like, but I, but yeah, I always no, think I mean, it I, is I the elephant. School. I went to grad school for counseling, and so, like, hilariously enough, I ended up doing politics online. I thought I would mm-hmm. do like a specialize in like looking at psychology and stuff, and I do to a certain extent in culture war issues. Talk about like, you know, certain personality disorders and things like that, and look at psychological science. But more often than not, I engage in political thoughts. Nice. Uh, Nilo for fifteen dollars. Thank you, Nilo. Says number one: truth equals a false, a falsifiable statement of fact. Uh, truth doesn't equal fact. Number two: opinions are non-falsifiable statements. Logical and value-based doesn't equal falsifiable. Three: values create wildly different moral systems. To clarify, facts are falsifiable is either true or false. People say opinion when they mean prediction. Values are moral foundations. Yep. Okay. I'd, I'd have to write that totally out. Yeah, it was a lot to take in. Right. I don't know that I necessarily disagree with it, but in well, what context? The, the contention, the contention here is you coming out and saying I have a moral system here that's just descriptive, and I'm not Never making. Said that. I'm not making. You did. What are you talking about? I said I have an ethical system. I have an okay. ethical system. <laughs> you, I have, <laughs> I have a. Gotta. <laughs> okay, so you're saying I have a an ethical system. That is not making any prescriptive claims for people. They're just yeah. it's just a descriptive system well, of the world. And that's the that's the the rub here with the super chats. No, I know I said it is debatable whether or not a prescriptive claim of an ought not. How do you could have be, an ethical system be. that doesn't tell people how to behave? Well, it tells people what what they can't argue is justified. Some people, which mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm fully on board with this just here, right? I, right. you know, in some ways I'm a philosophical baby compared to like the great thinkers, right? Like, so I don't know that I'm necessarily a hundred percent married to it, though I do lean this way. Um, that, that it is not that it, some people would argue that it, because, because it's a null, right? Because it nullifies any action via contrary, not a contradiction, then it, then it gives you an ought not. And it's you ought not aggress upon people, and therefore it does prescribe an ought not to people, which would put it in some realm into the domain of morality. And yet it's still, no matter what, doesn't tell you what you ought to do, right? Like libertarianism never tells you you ought to do something, right? Which a moral frame, a fully fleshed out moral framework tells you how you ought to live your life, right? The virtue ethicist says you ought to be brave. The Christian says you ought to live your life in service to God, et cetera, et cetera, right? Whereas libertarianism doesn't tell you what you ought to do. It only tells you what you ought not do, and that's a maybe. Well, that's still (laughs) a moral framework, an ethical system, whatever you want to call it. If you're telling people what not to do, that's prescribing behavior by its very definition. You can't prohibit prohibit behavior (laughs) without... (laughs) You can't prohibit behavior without prescribing behavior. Again, right? Like I'm like we can go down the rabbit hole again. I'd prefer not to. I feel like I made my piece in terms of of describing that if well, one I, does act against the non-aggression principle, they themselves cannot logically 
argue that the same thing ought not be done to them. That's when the contradiction, not the contrary, I see comes where right. to play, right. right? And so it's like you that's if, the, that's you, the enforcement if you don't want to live right there. Right. If you you're a stop. Yeah, but that but that's but nevertheless it's not it doesn't magically make it morality. What it's saying is one could choose to live by might is right. Um but what I'm saying is is the moment that the person that lives by might is right then argues that they have rights, they're in a contradiction. So you cannot simultaneously argue that might is right and that you that you can aggress upon people while also saying that other people can't aggress upon you and it be logically coherent. And so the claim is invalid. And so I have every right to argue the non-aggression principle for myself and then attack you when you steal my shit. Sitch, what is a better I, enforcement mechanism? I, well, the threat of incarceration or right. the shaming for being for making a logical contradiction? I obviously agree well, that we can incarcerate you. Right. But oh, I, I think I, I think too. a better way to like conceptualize uh for for us that what Scott is saying is essentially like the argument is that if if you're wearing a badge that says I abide by the non-aggression principle, and then you decide that you're gonna start abiding by might makes right. The non-aggression principle badge transforms into the might makes right principle. Oh, principle badge. It's just different. It's just saying that you can't yeah. adhere to this uh, framework and do these specific actions, which is true. I mean, that is just an objectively true thing. As soon as you start acting outside the framework, you're no longer acting within the framework. Um, but that's but the I don't, same with any moral framework. It, that is the same with any framework. Yeah. I don't know if that now. I don't know if that grants it enforcement power necessarily, but. This is why they go around talking about the sinner. The sinner has stepped outside of the moral framework. Right, of course. Right. That's Yeah, and that's the enforcement mechanism for most uh, of these sorts of philosophies, moralities, ideologies, whatever we want to call them, is the danger of stepping outside the framework. So, but anyway. Nevertheless, I can argue for human rights and the state is can. There you go. Uh, Cal Papper for $5 says, is it okay for PayPal to charge a fee and how is that different than the government dollars? Why would it be unokay for PayPal to charge a fee? The question is: It okay for PayPal? How to is charge that different than? Yeah. I, I, is it okay for a company that you voluntarily use to charge a fee for their services? And how is that different than a than a state that steals money from you no matter what you do, <laughs> and right. then provides you services that you may or may not want? Like they're they're wildly different. I don't know. Like it's right. silly. The difference you're saying is that with the government, you have to pay taxes. It's not voluntary, right? Yeah, it's not voluntary. And on top of that, you get no choice in the services that are provided. I mean, you get some like layered level of an illusion of choice that might come true or the corporations might get what they want anyways. Right. And they usually do. Uh, Calvin Papper for $2 says, what problem is OnlyFans solving? What problems is OnlyFans solving? Interestingly enough, yeah. interestingly enough, OnlyFans was originally designed to be a PayPal alternative um, right, because right. it was a free speech platform. Um, so it's kind of funny that those two questions come together. So in a way, OnlyFans was solving the problem of censorship and exclusion of uh, financial transactions and support that was that that was occurring from PayPal. And again, that's a principal difference between that and the state. But other than that, I think OnlyFans girls are just slatterns with very little value, and I don't think slatterns. Wow. Uh, I think they um, mostly harm society. But I mean, I have no right to kick your door down and stop you because I can't 
Sure. I can't, you know what I mean? Like I can't prove that it is an act of aggression to get naked on camera so that 13 year old boys can use mommy and daddy's credit card to fucking get off to whilst rotting their fucking brain. Mm -hmm. I think, I feel like there's a rule, an unspoken rule or should be spoken, which is that any platform that has no censorship will become a pornogra pornographic platform <laughs> eventually. Yeah, probably. That's like so, a rule of nature. I think that's just the rule of nature. Yeah. That is natural uh, law. <laughs> That's the natural law. There's your natural law. Okay. Well, I mean, libertarians are libertarians are only free speech insofar as it's concerned that we have a state. Like ultimately, like I don't give a fuck about free speech. What I give a fuck mm -hmm. about is the right of the property. Right. So right. if if Twitter wants to ban porn on its website, hell yeah. Right? Sure. Like that's all in the private property owner's domain. What I don't like is when Twitter is behind the scenes being coerced by a large group of corporations and NGOs that are taxpayer funded and, you know, the department of defense to try and make sure that the state can control speech of its citizens and silence dissent against government actions, right. which they do and did. Thank you, chat. That will be Sitch's 34th rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, libertarian Sasquatch for $10 says, how are you defining efficiency in regards to policing? Is it number of arrests? Local police already struggle with trust. Private policing would just increase distrust in policing because it's now for profit. Yeah. So, so number of arrests has always been a bad metric. I'm, you know, even in the establishment, one of the, one of the original rules of policing set up by the constable in England, when the modern policing was invented. I can't remember his name right now, but it's a real big figure in, in the creation of modern policing under a state, even he stated as one of his primary rules that a number of, of arrests and, and, and detainments and captures um, is, is always going to be a horrible metric to use. Um, if anybody remembers what the name of that guy, let me know, but, um, or I could look it up later. Huh. Um, so that's always going to be a bad metric when I'm, when I'm talking about efficiency, efficiency, as far as I'm concerned is what is it that the private property owner desire, right? So, it is, it is always going to be more efficient if in a market because of the local knowledge problem, right? Like, which is to say that the state's central planning is not going to be able to, is not going to have the same information as a market that has prices and prices signify um, the value, the subjective kind of values of the supply and demand equation, right? And so it is always going to a private market as opposed to central planning is always more closely going to ally to what the, the property owner wants in terms of, of, of their individual needs. And so for some, that could mean arresting every hooligan that, has, that they don't like because their basketball shorts are too short. And if you don't fucking like it, don't go to that neighborhood. And mm -hmm. for some, that is going to mean a, you know, it is going to mean the safest possible community um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that if what, how you measure efficiency is, 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 is going to be left up to the individual because we have a subjective value. But mm -hmm. if, if the efficiency metric is number of criminals killed, don't you think we're, could be potentially infringing on other people's rights? I mean, it depends on what the crime is. If the crime is like jaywalking, kill them. Yeah. That's, that's a violation of, of their rights. How, who says so? Not according to our private security company. Yeah, you're just memeing at this point and not honestly. No, I, look, look, there will be plenty. I'm sure there are plenty of places where warlords will kill people for jaywalking or for looking at them funny. 
Well, it's not to be jaywalking. Warlords, warlords was... exist today, and America doesn't step in unless they can profit from it. Nobody gives a fuck about Darfur, or nobody gives a fuck about Yemen. They give a fuck mm -hmm. about Ukraine because Who... there's profit to be made and maintained. The question, but, the question is relevant because you know there are competing interests, and the the question is always who is going to adjudicate between these competing interests. And all you're doing is setting up a system where you have security companies that have competing interests. Like I could set up a security company and say we are more efficient because we kill all the criminals. And I'm but, sure <laughs> there are lots of people that'd be like, "Damn, I want that security company. I don't like criminals. I want them dead." <laughs> Okay, okay, but this is and this if is you a kill a couple of extra this people is, that are no, innocent, no. that's okay too. I'm not <laughs> engaging. I, listen, listen. Let me engage with this silliness. All right, mm -hmm. the non-aggression yeah. principle, right? It deals with when an individual becomes an aggressor, right? And so when someone is a criminal, right, when they have violated someone else's rights, they they need to, in order to argue for their rights, restitution must be paid. Mm -hmm. The petty theft that is occurring, right? where you kill someone makes you and that that private security firm an aggressor. No, they aggressed and on the me when they violated my private property rights. You're 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 either memeing or you really no, have like I, how is it, how is that not, Hold on, how is that not the case? They have violated my private property rights. Hell if they look at me funny, they they've aggressed on me. First of all, they violated my respect. No, th this is towards no. This is getting towards the end of the show, and you're memeing, right? Like I'm so, not. Again, look, I'm not memeing. This is, are, these are the, these well, then, are the conflicts that arise in society. We we okay. have right now if, we have uh, policing details that go to social media because gang members post uh, stuff on social media that disrespects other is, gang members, and they want to basically kill one another over these things posted on social media. Adam, Adam. Adam, Adam, this is, this is, I, I will engage, but let me mm -hmm. explain basic libertarianism, right? So libertarianism at, at its most basic, right, is the non-aggression principle, right? You're saying that once someone becomes an aggressor, they're an aggressor that is worthy of any punishment ever. Okay. That is not libertarianism. That is not how that works. That is not what restitution is. So it if has to be an equal... TV, it has to be proportional, right? So and it has who to be adjudicates to the how crime. it's proportional? We've we've described this several several different um, instances. Ultimately, it is the observer, right? And so, and and I, I brought up the the idea of of intersubjectivity, which is that there is there is an objective understanding of a violator of a right, who, right? But who, we don't which always observer? have perfect, it, any observer. So, right? but I am one of the let observers get, in the me, case. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me get through this because I'm really trying to help you understand. And mm -hmm. if you don't care to understand, you just want to mean we can just mean. But I'm actually trying to answer. Right. So intersubjectivity means that like there has to be an establishment or communication of property rights so that an outside observer. Remember how we talked about ethical frameworks require an observer. Right. Because if it's just two people and one person gets rid of the other then there's kind of there's no moral dilemma there. That's a right? different. Well, so so the, different. Com the community. Fair enough. But the community, right, creates a system of social norms and rules and likely voluntary contracts that mm -hmm. set up their own form of governance in the way that they do things. So it's going to be different the way that the pacifists, the Amish, handle things, right? That might be simply banishment. That might be, you know, you're, you're, you're banished from the community. 
right? Or it, it, there, there's a, or, or the council will shake their finger at you. I don't agree with that system. That is one way of doing it. Another way would be the insurance companies. Well, well, hold hold you, on a second. So any, any community can set up any system because the, this is the difference between honor cultures and dignity cultures because in an honor culture, if you look at me funny or disrespect me in any way, I am allowed to kill you. But that's not a conflict. Remember how we said conflict? Conflict is when, when, when different individuals want to use scarce resources towards opposing means, right? I have a right and control over my body. I can look at you any fucking way that I want to look at you, and I'm not utilizing any scarce resource how, how, respect that, that, isn't that a you're scarce, not using. Respect isn't a scarce resource? Uh, I think attention, you're two different reputation, things. Attention reputation isn't a management. scarce resource. Man, uh, reputation isn't a scarce resource. It definitely is. Reputation management is is an entirely different realm because it's it's abstract and it's held by each individual, right? So, I reputation. You don't own reputation, right? I own reputation, and Adam owns reputation. PSA Stitch. Every human being has an understanding of the reputation of another person, right? So like when you're, when you own a restaurant, right, your restaurant has a reputation, but it's not reputation that your restaurant owns. The reputation exists in the mind of every person that knows about your restaurant. We can get into weird weeds if we want to talk about libel and slander and, and stuff like that. But I feel like at the end of a super chat conversation, that's like a whole nother conversation. Well, I, I'm just saying, obviously, a lot of the conflict in society is propagated because of reputational damage and i would i would disagree in terms of call, calling that conflict what i would say is that individuals become are aggressors when they're attacking other people based upon their reputation okay, okay but um, the question is how to respond right and i said that the punishment needs to be proportional right like so if someone attacking looks at their funny attacking then don't their hang out with them Okay, okay. you guys are okay. You guys are talking about two different things. So yeah, totally, um, let's move on. No, no, no. We'll just say uh, quickly. So, Adam, you're talking about more like how you could have a system where every where you have this kind of like self local governance that could devolve into a system. You're talking about Adam, but that wouldn't apply to Scott's framework because Scott's framework is still saying even if you have these local systems, they still under his framework should be based around the non-aggression principle and the other principles he's laying out. Okay, gotcha. What, I, what I'll say is I'll quote Robert Higgs here and say that when my house is on fire, I don't refuse to put the fire out just because in the future it might catch on fire. Like there's a fire, so I put it out. Like just because some society somewhere might devolve into a monopoly or a bad system doesn't mean that I don't critique what's wrong sure. more yeah, I, I agree. with the yeah. current one. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, but anyway. Uh, Mr. Ubercross for $10 says, why would you choose to go to court if you didn't have to? What consequences could be held over you for not participating? Again, it it, it depends upon the society that you exist in, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if, if you exist, we'll, we'll just, we'll put everything in, in the frame of ANCAPA state, right? Where you have rights enforcement agents. You've already voluntarily signed that you will show up to court when you purchased a, you, you signed away your rights, essentially to a rights enforcement agency that says, hey, look, I trust you via this contract to represent me in property disputes, to protect me, my interests, but also you know, to protect my interests when I violate others' rights, incidentally or on purpose, and vice versa when they do the same to me. So if you refuse to show up to court, 
after having already signed a contract saying you would show up to court, well, and, and the court finds you guilty of some crime, then mm-hmm. we get to use force to take your property away <laughs> oh as restitution for the crime that you commit. That mm-hmm. sounds very familiar to me. Wouldn't well, I'm just saying, and uh, like, just for like sake, I, for the ease of the argument, like, say hypothetically, mm-hmm. you know, we had um, America does become kind of the system you're talking about, and just like each state, well, just just so we can have the number fifty, each state has their own kind of like opted in people sign a contract to live there, to buy by the rules, so everything's voluntary. But I mean, you still have a problem with the system where if someone is born and grows up and they say, I don't like any of these fifty states' contract. I mean, but they have to choose one, right? Yeah, so there there is a certain argument that like instead of having a million Liechtensteins, right, you have basically little you have you have nation states in and of themselves that the covenant communities become so large um, that like you're 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 kind of stuck in that. Mm-hmm. The way that I would look at the way that I look at that is in understanding that like the default state of man is poverty, right? It right. is it is the communist that says that the environmental circumstances are an act of coercion on on the individual it is unfortunate that there is no free Liechtenstein for you to move to and that may be what you advocate for and fight for in some area because you don't like any of the available systems to you but let's say i'm a dog fuck right i love fucking dogs i just love it flip it nothing yeah where's the somebody ct and and let's say i want to tweet that out by the end of the show You you got it you got it right and there are a million Lichtensteins right but none of them let me let none of them let me lick dogs ass right right well, that's because everyone has agreed that you're a fucking freak and nobody likes you and that you abuse animals mm-hmm. and while technically that's your property no one wants to hang out with you and no society will let you do that so if there's no woods for you to move in it's not the fucking state enforcing oppression upon you because nobody lets you lick dog ass it's because nobody lets you lick dog ass because everybody's agreed that that's fucking gross and so the same situation is true if we have 50 Liechtensteins instead of a million is that like no covenant community is going to one-to-one agree with everything that you want right like there's going to be some opinion some way of doing things that you don't like and you sacrifice that to live in those communities because of the very thing that you stated before the problem right. is, is when you steal land, when you murder people and you force people into situations and you create these systems of of of, of citizenship um, in, in terms of, of of like like even if you leave California, for example, you still have to pay California. Tax, right. Like there's all of these oppressive systems that are inherent to nation states. And furthermore, I just don't think 50 states is like actually follows it from the consequentialist framework. I think it is more fantasy land even than than what I'm proposing because monopolies don't tend to stick around right like in a free market like they I just don't think that they would that it would that it would organize itself well, I don't know if we actually likely... know that there's no I mean has there ever been like a truly free market unless we're talking about like the anarchy of you know world global politics Yeah I mean like and the thing is is like there are certain things that you never He's still talking. Did, did my did the audio cut out? What happened? Yeah, I don't know what happened. We can't hear you, Scott. Your maybe, audio cut out. Maybe he it? hit a cable or something. No, no okay. I oh, there you go. Sorry. Okay, I was like, I did okay. that. What'd no you do? 
the let's, globalists let's, cut let's them off. Let's read another I have super a, chat. I, right. No, I have a I have a new mic and I like it. It's a touch mute button. So oh. Okay. It'll just like mute and it's annoying. I didn't do that. I'm innocent. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Stitch didn't. Adam didn't do that. He didn't do. That. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bemo for twenty dollars says, Scott, how can you be an ANCAP when you are a supporter of Vape Nation? Is this true? I don't know what Vape Nation is. Is that like where I got one of my companies from? Are they like a progressive company? I don't. No, well, I mean, I thought you Vape are Nation vaping. was like. Yeah. I thought Vape Nation was like the whole thing. H three H three was like part of. Vape Nation is an old oh. H3H3 video, but you are vaping. I think that's where the super chat comes from. Oh, okay. You're fair enough. Fair enough. Oh my god. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm 32. Sometimes internet things go over my head. Ancient. Ah, what an old man. What Jeez. a boomer. Jeez. Jeez. Ancient. Mm. Let's see. Jonathan Smith for ten dollars says philosophies are theoretical attempts to achieve something. That's truth, money, happiness, etc. Doctrine is the attempt to bring that into reality. Socialism is a philosophy. Marxism is reformed version of the philosophy of socialism. Communism is a doctrine attempt at Marxism. Interesting. Okay, John. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, I agree. That was the perfect answer. Uh, Fondue yeah, for $20. I totally disagree. Uh, you, do you disagree with that, Scott? I said I don't necessarily disagree. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, good. We'd have to we'd have to we'd have to break it apart a little bit more. Right. I don't really feel like doing it like also, like, what do you mean by socialism? Because there's a bunch of different forms of socialism. Right. Uh, fondue, fondue for $20. Thank you, Fondue. Says, the might makes right argument isn't, quote, I have a right you can't ignore. It's a who will stop me. You, question mark? That's yeah, true. I, I think might I think make, might makes reality, but it doesn't make right. Right? Like, I think, yeah, you know, I, I think there's a, wonderful, there's a wonderful article written by a homosexual neo-Nazi um, <laughs> crazed crazed yeah. crazed fitness influencer called jack donovan right he's a mate he's a wild cat but he yeah. wrote a wonderful article called violence is golden right mm -hmm. and basically his argument is violence is the answer to the question or else what i mean yeah necessarily sure it's a really good article though you should read it. listen i don't read homosexual neo-nazis okay <laughs> i you know that's that's you know, in this day and age uh -huh. That's uh, you know. That's I will not read homosexuals and I will read neo Nazis, but I will not read them. Uh, Daddy Grover for five pounds says, "What if you split cops into two rival factions, different phone numbers, and the better team gets more money, which encourages better policing?" Yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, they're incentivized. They're incentivized to work together because you know there is a certain like a uh, you know game theory here, right? Where like if they if they work fully competing, and they don't have like jurisdictional lines and things like that, then both of them kind of fail um, at their job. Right. right. So I think Danny's saying something different. a little different though. He's saying like, it sounds like he's saying there wouldn't be two different sets of rules. There'd be the same sets of rules and there'd be one jurisdiction that they both have. Yeah. You just have two different yeah, agencies enforcing those rules. So yeah, I already said that. No, oh, okay. that's exactly that's because it's the private property owner that has the rules. The service is the enforcement mechanism of those rules of which the police are purchasing the rights to to be able to enforce them for for a fee. Right. Uh, let's see. Drew Cipher for five dollars says, as time goes on, I become less and less convinced on libertarianism. It all feels too utopian and improbable. Drew didn't, doesn't agree, I guess. Well, yeah, fair enough. I mean, we're talking about the the in case of of um, anarcho capitalism, right? right. 
so I mean, it, I, I guess I, I'm, I question what one means by libertarianism because if they mean like, you know, reduce state involvement in economic transactions, and things like that, then the evidence kind of speaks for itself in those. And then the end case of that is anarcho-capitalism. It sounds crazy because you're trying to imagine a whole new world, but the mm -hmm. evidence is right before you that, you know, the things that work are things that get closer to anarcho -capitalism. Supposedly the evidence is right before you. Uh, Magora for $2 says, Adam, does Scott make you think philosophy is useful or that philosophy muddies the water of otherwise perfectly understandable things? However, expecting logical systems to solve every problem is a lost cause anyway. I wish I could have looked at that at the same time. Is that in Super you know, Chats? You I was the one that is just it in Super Chats? No, it's a definitions. I do, I do think, look, I do think philosophy... <laughs> in this case is muddying the water when I think we could talk about very, very simple concepts without defining them in philosophical terms. So I, I do like when you come out and say, Oh, you're a deontologist. That means a lot to you, but I don't necessarily know that that means a lot to our audience or sits or I, but if you described what a deontologist is, I think that could be useful for a conversation about. Well, that's a different top. I mean, it's a different, that's concept, that's so just what, using question. big words, but right. But I mean, so may, maybe, like maybe I. Well, I mean, I, I know. I mean, what I am an idiot, academic, so I would appreciate it. I know what epistemology but, but no. means, but I'm going to assume most people are encountering that word for the first time, and they don't necessarily know what it means. But if I say, you know, how we come to truth, an, a, a, a system of how we come to truth, that is, they understand completely. I don't need to use the word epistemology. Sure, but again. I was the one that wanted to use accepted definition, <laughs> just to be fair. Well, this, this, hold on. You're making my point. If I use epistemology, and you don't know the, what epistemology means, but if I say a system for discovering truth, I don't need, yeah, don't to, use a, I don't need to use a definition because you understand intrinsically what I'm talking about. If you say yeah. deontology, we have to go to definitions. But if you just say... Whatever deontology is, we don't have to go to definitions. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You derailed the conversation by introducing a new definition of morality. Well, look, mor <laughs> moral morality is a contested concept. And the point that I am making is that if you, if you say morality, we have to go to definitions. But if I say a system of rules that binds individuals into a cooperative community, we don't have to go to definitions. We can talk about that thing, whatever you want to call it. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. If, if, if you want to give a, if you want to create an abstract concept, right, and then we engage with that abstract concept. I don't think then, it's an often, abstract concept, though. Everything that you said here fits into my definition. Dog, that's your, okay, well, now I have to define what an abstract concept is. I don't think the problem well, no, is... no, I understand what an abstract concept is. <laughs> right. It's literally an abstract concept. Please, just go with me. Yes, if you, if, if, if you say, this is, this is what I mean, right, and we don't use the word, and you wanna, we want to do an internal critique within your system, then, like, yeah, sure, you can have a conversation. I, mean, I don't understand. I get what happened. Colloquially, I'm using wait, wait. abstract and colloquial wait, 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 terms wait, wait, wait. here. Just, I, without having the rehashing entire argument. To be fair, as you... As you talked, as you said, as you uh, pointed out, your argument kind of hinges on the separation of uh, 
uh, morality versus ethics, yes. which obviously if you're talking to someone who doesn't believe that, then that's obviously going to be a big contentious thing. So you kind of yeah, have was, to you know, dive is, into that. So Right. Which is why I didn't dismiss the conversation. Right. But I, but I do think, yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you're going to have, if you're going to have conversations around philosophy um, and, and around important issues, I do think it is, you know, I, I think it is valuable often. And I think a lot of online politics does where we kind of just colloquially use the things that we're talking about and we want to move the needle in terms of one direction or another based off of our values. And those mm -hmm. conversations are simplistic and they are impactful and they are meaningful. And I think they, they play well to a very large audience and better understanding the world. I, I also think that it is equally, if not more impactful and meaningful, maybe not so enthralling, um, where you have to nail things down into the philosophy and understand them. Because I think more often than not, philosophy speaks through people. And once you really have a good understanding of philosophy, it's almost like the NPC that you see. I'm not seeing the person speak. I'm seeing the philosophers. And it's like, once you really understand the philosophy, you kind of already understand the argument and what it is that they're advocating for better than they And so, sure. I understand. You know, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point, you know, when you talk about like, right. When you talk about using terms like, you know, deontological and, you know, any sort of like jargon, it's, it's a shorthand for a complicated concept uh, to kind of, you know, make the conversation move flat, faster. And you're saying that, you know, once you kind of understand whatever the philosophical framework is that the person's, you know, talking about, you kind of have a greater understanding of whatever it is they're advocating for without having to spend like a, an hour long conversation. So, but I'm mm -hmm. not sure the thing is, and, and what we try to do on the show is we just try to get people to understand one another. And I feel like we could kind of articulate your worldview, your perspective, where you're coming from. I'm not sure that you could articulate our worldview, our perspective. And and that's you know we there's I think, not a I think, I think Scott could articulate our position. Do you? Okay. I would guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know that I've discussed. I mean, like, as far as I've seen this interview go so far, it has been it has been a critique and a and an and an and a delving into libertarianism. Right. So that's true. I'm kind that's of at fair. a disadvantage. Right. I'm kind of at a disadvantage because you guys weren't really making a positive prescription about what it is your ideology is. Right. So like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself in the hot seat of something I haven't heard you say. Trying no, no, no. I meant in terms it. of like, you could articulate our critiques because <laughs> obviously you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, but, but, but I mean, if we, if the conversation was, Hey guys, let's talk about queer theory. Right. You know what I mean? I think we would be in a very different conversation because you're not trying to understand my position. Right. We're both united in trying to understand an opposing position. Gotcha. It's really just the framework of the conversation. Uh, Jonathan Smith for $10 says, a writ is backed by the power of the nation and gives you authority to do something, whereas moral right is whether it is evil or not. But English is a trade language and simplifies the difference. Interesting. It's an interesting theory, I guess, about like the etymology of the words we're using maybe and the mm -hmm. colloquial uses maybe i don't know but i i still think that there are different definitions whatever okay. but that was that was it for questions and super chat all right word well scott right. do you want to ask us anything before we before we let you, you know, go I, I, before we fuck off well i mean 
I mean, like, I, I don't want to derail into some totally new topic. Like, we did a bunch of super chats. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, sure. Free my boy Andrew, Adam. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, have no, Andrew. I have no animosity <laughs> towards Andrew, so just... Uh, he, free him from jail. Look, he came, he came at it. me, so I just, you know... I don't. That's well, not really. That's could, not a good strategy been, for being, right. becoming friends. It could listen, listen. And we talked. I'm listen, we talked about this. This is this often happens. There was probably a miscommunication, right? Uh, oh, You definitely. said something. Uh, Andrew perceived it as a slight, so then he attacked you, and then you responded by blocking. So an original miscommunication perceived a slight by, from both parties. He felt disrespected, right? And he's hey, managing just, his reputation, not, right? I'm not look. I'm not defending or attacking anybody. I'm just saying free my boy Andrew. All right, that's go. all I'm saying. That's You're not my, defending that's him. Closing. You're just saying free him. Free him. All right. Freedom. Okay. Liberty. Libertas. Okay. Fair well, this was this was an enjoyable conversation. Do you want to shout out your channel before you take off? Yeah. So, um, Fabian Liberty on YouTube. Primarily, we're on Rumble because you know free speech is better than being on this shit website, YouTube or Twitch. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just a bunch of progressive. Sure you know, far leftist activist Neil Mohan is going to destroy YouTube eventually. So definitely make sure you get on rumble. Um, it's, it's the place to be quartering. Just move there. Um, nice. I don't know if you guys like quartering or not. I think he's kind of silly. Um, nevertheless, <laughs> he's what? Name. it's kind of silly. You know what I mean? Oh, it's okay. Like, it's like, yeah, I just don't think he's very serious, but he's easy. He, you know I mean? He does good mm -hmm. work, I guess. Um, but yeah, Fabian Liberty pretty much everywhere. Twitter, YouTube, Rumble. I appreciate you guys having me. I'd love to talk some other time, whenever, about like stuff other than just full blown libertarianism. Sure. You know, you know, if you ever want to, if you ever want to critique some queer theory or you know some CRT, I am. I was the one doing all of the work against fucking Joe Lewis and all these people in Twitch panels when no one else would being nice. called a crazy commie. Mm -hmm. For years, I was doing that. And then finally, everyone else started being like, oh, CRT is in schools. And I was like, bitch, I told you. But we now had, it's portrait of a graduate in social-emotional learning. Mm -hmm. We had Joe Lewis on one time. He dropped the M-bomb, and our video got demonetized. <laughs> that's, that's about all I remember of the conversation. So, yeah. Didn't Joe basically, I'm trying to remember. I, I thought, didn't Joe basically admit how incredibly anti-liberal CRT was in our conversation. I don't. I don't remember. I couldn't remember anything. About okay. that you mean like chapter one of an introduction to critical race theory? You, you don't listen. You don't understand how many people on the left that I I say I don't, I'm against CRT because anti-liberal, and then that's the entire conversation. They just don't agree. <laughs> so okay. So it's like yeah, I, I know it's like ridiculous, but it's like all right, man. Well, then you don't know what it is next. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know if we if we cover a, a video, maybe well, yeah, we can have you on, and you can you can we can critique a video together on one of these topics, maybe at some point. There you go, a little more friendly. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll sure. promise to be nice again, Adam. <laughs> That's cool. That's great. I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, thanks for everywhere. Uh, I'm out. Um, oh, 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 real quick, real quick. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, if you guys, are, uh, if audience, if you're not doing anything, you want to know more libertarian stuff, I'll be interviewing um, Carolyn Ann Harlos, who's the secretary uh, for the uh, um, Libertarian Party. Nice. Sweet. And a hero. A hero. A hero to liberty. Right? Pink flame of liberty. Shout out. Uh, but deuces. Nice. Well, take care. Take care, man. Peace. Okay. Super chats. Let's do... I'll do the rest of the super chats today. And then we'll do all the super chats that we missed from the last two streams.
All right. Sketch for 11 months. Thanks so much, Sketch. Says everyone always says, hey, now. But they never say, why now? This yeah, was Deep Thoughts with A-Team. Very curious. There you go. Thank you for there the A-Team, like Sketch. Thank you. The scrappy uh, A-Team. Uh, that darn Kenneth. For being a four-month free will seeker. Thank you, Kenneth. Kenneth says, late? Question mark. Listen. Listen. We're not racist here, okay? We don't subscribe to the white heteronormative uh, societal rules, all right? Of course we're not. We're breaking boundaries. Why would we? Uh, Bimo for Triller says, Christian Baller looks like Jangles. Ouch! Bimo laying it out hard. Does he really? He's got a little profile picture there. I don't think Christian looks like Jangles. Well, Christian said that Scott looks like Jangles, so that was Bimo's response. He's getting, I know, he's getting even, isn't he? Christian says for dollars, I'm way uglier than Jangles. No, listen, Christian, you're a good-looking gentleman, okay? I mean, he looks pretty handsome in that picture. Yeah, you got a good-looking lady there. Yeah, I don't know so, what's going on with that. Be proud. Uh, Stug for $2 says, I want to live in a nanarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live in a state that does my laundry. Wait, wait, what is a nanarchy? Like the bread? A nonarchy? Like a nanny. Uh, but he he wrote N A A N. Not oh, like he nanny. did like nan bread, yeah. huh? Like nan bread. Maybe bread is all you get. <laughs> I mean, listen, nan's pretty good. I'm not opposed. Yes, bread. So stuck. All right. Uh, Girl Sarah for five dollars says to counteract fascistic censorship censorship in chat. I will now misgender and dead name you gals Stitch and Abby. Also, I want actual Justice Warrior to come out as pro life. Oh really? Well, well, I don't know. I don't think that's gonna happen. So. Yeah, he's pro-choice. So yeah, sorry. But you can you can dead name us and rename us and misgender us and whatever that's you want to do. That's true. You're allowed. That's fine. Uh, that darn kid is for thirty-five Zardoses. Thank you for the Zardoses. Says uh, I just realized I could have used my milestone chat to inform you all that my cats also have fresh litter. Here's an extra chat. Now you're informed. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Fresh litter is always good. Oh, I forgot to ask. I was going to ask Scott one question before I left. I forgot. Damn I was going to ask him if he was against um, one man, one vote principle. Oh, you wanted, like to go he down, you wanted to go down that road. Yeah. It's kind of interesting about that. But... Should, should uh, be able to buy votes, right? I mean, that's why I was curious if that seemed like the direction. Well, I don't know if he was just saying that that was a direction or that was the direction he was advocating for. But I forgot to ask uh, Octracy for $10 says I catch up with the end of the show on Monday morning only to find out Adam putting me a blast for my tweet. Not cool. Still A-Team reigns all over my parade and I don't even have my umbrella. Look, I felt kind of bad about that Ostracy. So you've, you've, I went, you've I went and shamed me. Yes. You've made me feel a, a bit guilty, but I wow. still think I'm correct. Okay. But I should. But putting you on blast was the part that I feel guilty about. So right, right. Yeah, it is. It, listen, it is difficult. Twitter, Twitter always sucks because it's impossible to read people's tone, and so it's very often that you can read tone is very like attacky when it's not really meant to be. Right, and it puts people in a bad headspace. So right, and I do. I mean, I understand. The just to make the argument clear, the contention is over how many women are slutty gold diggers. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All of them. <laughs> and I think, I mean, you, you had, we were both on the same stream with Rolo. I feel right. like Rolo was kind of saying all of them. And it's a biological yeah. imperative for them to be slutty gold diggers. Yes. Right? Yes. I don't believe that. I don't like, I don't think that's true. I don't I think all men. I don't think all men suffer from toxic masculinity. I don't I don't think all women suffer from toxic femininity. So the question is really how many? So I think Ostrich shared some statistic that there's 3.5 million sugar babies, which is a woman who is having a relationship with an older man where I guess he's trading sex for goodies for right. material support. Right. And I looked up how many women there are in the United States. How could States. that be measured? I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's one of these sugar <laughs> like, baby websites. <laughs> Let's send out some polling data on sugar baby. But, but you look at 3.5 million sugar babies and you're like, wow, we got a problem here. Houston, mm-hmm. we have a problem. <laughs> but I looked up how many women are in the United States because... My thinking is always, I don't want to make the ecological fallacy. I don't want to spread negative stereotypes. Sure. I don't want to talk for the same reason that I don't think it's fair for people to come up with a stereotype about toxic masculinity that throws all men into this category because there are plenty of men that don't fit that category and you're doing a disservice to those people because they have to put up with this stupid stereotype. I don't want to create a stereotype that all women are slutty gold diggers. Right. You want to find out what percentage, if that 3 million is true, you want to find out what that percentage even is. But that aside, because all of a sudden people start arguing over the percentage, the percentage is unimportant. If it's 80% of women are slutty gold diggers, you're still putting uh, this negative stereotype on 20% of the women who are not slutty gold diggers. Right? Right. Sure. And that's unfair. Even though many people will say, well, if 80% of women are slutty gold diggers, I mean, we can just say they're all slutty. We're basically, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the calculation that most people do. And I just, I don't, I, fundamentally, I don't think it's fair. So, but the okay. calculation has been done for the, I think it's 167.5 million women in the United States who have to deal with this negative stereotype. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody says your mom's a slut. Right. You're th- this is a stereotype that you're having to deal with. Um, and it's it's one percent. So one out of every hundred women is a sugar baby. Other people came back and they were like, wait, sugar babies are between 18 to 30. So you really need to know to get the concentration of sugar babies. You need the 18 to 30 metric, right? And I didn't necessarily dig into that because it wasn't making my point about the stereotype. Oh, I see. Because you were just doing the total female. Right. If if gotcha. if one hundred percent of of twenty two year olds are are sugar babies, all women have to still have to deal with the stereotype, right? Right, right, right. I understand. I understand. Right. Well, first of all, I don't even. I, I, again, I don't know how you even measure that accurately. Look at this. Sitch is but, the greatest. Okay. I just I don't you even know how like you're sending out polling data for like sugar daddies you, like who's who's honestly answering that you polling can't, data like look you this, can't even know. discuss a metric I just without Sitch contesting it which I fucking love 
I love it. I do love it. Okay. It makes the show 10 times more interesting. All right. But yeah, you're right. Even if it's 80%, you know, you still, you could say, well, there's a, a high, a high chance of it. Right. But, but the problem is like, here's a problem. A lot of people, they'll say things as like memes, like, you know, say, oh, women are sluts. Right. It's like a meme. But like when you keep repeating the meme, it becomes, you know, yeah, it becomes true to a lot of people. Maybe not to you, but to a lot of people, it becomes true just by repeating the meme. There's like this insidious effect. I'm sure there's some psychological principle that Aiden knows the name of that describes this process, but yes. Yeah. Society needs to be constructed so everyone can participate without running into trouble. Sure. And negative stereotypes are the way that people sabotage one another. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, I read this one. Uh, immortal <laughs> mechanism. What are you laughing at? The chat says, Adam, treat everyone like they are the best they can be. Naive fallacy? Well, yeah, I think that probably is a naive fallacy, <laughs> but if there is a naive fallacy, that's definitely it. I just immortal. Yeah. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I just that's my personality type. So mm -hmm. that's it. Whatever. Immortal mechanism for ten dollars says Sitch. Just a heads up about Devin Tracy. The dude is a notorious doxer who goes after anyone who criticizes criticizes him. He's why creationist cat goes by his real name now. Really? Why? Wow, oh I didn't my! Know that. Interesting. Why did you? Read I mean, it? I'm not all, worried. I'm not okay. worried at all. But that's I didn't know that. That's interesting. Now you're going to get accused of calling him a doxer. Now he's on. Twitter. I'm just reading what someone sent ten dollars to say. Okay. I'm unfamiliar with the whether the claim is true or not. Well, he's now he's on Twitter making accusations that I called him racist, which I implied a little bit <laughs> in like a sarcastic way on the Sunday show. And I mean, I do feel bad about it, obviously, because there are so many people. Well, you who, feel bad if it's not true. Look, you're making it worse. I'm, I would like to. I would like to. Assume, I am. Yes. Look, I would like to assume that it is un. True. Okay, look at you. Look at this nice guy over here. Look, and he seems to be friends with Sean, who's a friend of the right. channel, who True. spent his whole Sunday on the Sunday show. So True. I, as as uh, respect to our mutual friend Sean, I would mm -hmm. like to say, you know, I don't, I wouldn't call Devin Tracy a racist, and I probably mm -hmm. shouldn't have implied that he was a racist. Okay, look so. at you. What a big man. Yes. I applaud you. I applaud you. Bimo for $2 says, this guy wants in real life Team Fortress 2, it seems. <laughs> that, you know, the, one of the most disappointing things in all of fiction is the fact that it's it's it's, it's kind of frustrating. So I don't know if you're familiar with this. There's a, there's a company called Valve, Adam. That I makes, know Valve. Okay. Yeah. They make Steam. They make video games. Very famously, they made Half-Life. Half-Life. You know how many yes. hours of Half-Life Adam has played? Thousands. Wow. <laughs> the first one or the second one? Well, it's probably the first one because that, that is like the first game where we started rigging our computers up together. We were like, oh my God, we can play this for days. Yes, playing Half-Life Death or Deathmatch, I said. We yeah. got all the different all the different skins. We could run around like the Powerpuff Girls or, or Ronald <laughs> McDonald. Right, right. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Look at this. Yeah, I no. was a big nerd playing Half-Life. Half-Life was amazing. Right. We might have played um, for like 24 hours straight the first time we got our computers hooked up. Cause oh, we my just God. Like... Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because it, that reminds me, like, remember, like, before the Internet, 
became like a big thing. You used to have to go to these land cafes. Yes. Where you land had to, like, parties. Yes. You had to either go bring, you had to literally bring a computer to someone's house and like hook them together. Or you would go to a land cafe and you'd pay by the hour and they'd have a shit ton of computers and you'd play games with each other. Yes. We would do the hooking our computers up together. We'd get a bunch of us together and we'd just play Half-Life against each other. Yep. Yeah. There's actually, I remember there was a place in a, a mall I used to go to all the time when I was in like middle school and high school that um, run by some very nice Eastern European gentlemen. And they had all these gaming computers and you'd go in there and you'd, you'd play. It was a lot of fun. It's awesome. I'm sure they're all out of business now. Because <laughs> of the internet, I know. But it's, it's better because you and I can now. play. It's pointless now. Um, yes. But no, I was going to say is um, with Valve, it's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating because Valve, like, you know, Valve has such a, like, their games and their content overall is generally, like, so high quality. And part of the reason I think they do have such high quality is because they have, I don't know if it's true now, but they used to have this, like, weird directive where no one was forced to work on any project. People would just do whatever they wanted to do. So it's like whatever internal inspiration essentially people had is what made them work on this project. And it was like, so it's a twofold effect where that's why it would take forever for Valve to produce anything, number one. But then number two, that's probably why the quality was so high because every project was like someone's baby. Mm -hmm. um, but then it's just, it's, it's frustrating because it's like you wish there could be some happy middle ground because like the TF2, the Team Fortress 2 comics are so good and so funny. And I, I just, I would love a whole series of these TF2 comics, but there's just, because they're so good and yet there's so few of them because no one ever forced anyone at Valve to actually produce these <laughs> these comic strips. So sad. it's sad. Very sad. Well, you know, and this is where I give such props to Valve because like you have a video game. I don't know if you ever play TF2. TF2 has no plot originally. It's just literally just one of these, you know, deathmatch games where what you have is, different characters. What is TF2? Team, Team Fortress 2, it's a game okay, where... Okay, okay. I, I don't think... I played Counter-Strike. I played half Yeah, it's okay. So, like, imagine Counter-Strike, but instead of buying weapons, you have different classes. Like, there's a, a pyro with a flamethrower, there's a soldier with, like, a bazooka, mm -hmm. you know, there's a guy with a minigun. Like, there's okay. just different classes to pick instead of buying your weapons. And all the characters have, like, these wacky um, personalities, and but there's no plot to the game. And then Valve, through just whoever writes... Or whoever works for Valve is you know really good at creating story. They just create like this hilariously wonderful story off of this game that has no plot whatsoever. Wow. Just by how the characters interact? Yeah, well, they create a whole world that kind of explains how this weird situation could even exist in the first place. That's wow. ludicrous, but anyway. I, I played a lot of Unreal Tournament too. That was me a good too. One. Yeah. Headshots. I set it up on Double my kill. I set it up on my computer, so I put all the French into the audio file, so all the sounds were. <laughs> Why? Because the the French chicks just sound so sexy. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> yeah, I should have known. Why not even ask? I was like, "Why would you replace the announcer who's like Mama Ma Monster Cool?" Yeah, no. The iconic. Imagine a hot. Announcer. Imagine a hot yes. French girl saying Mama oh, Ma Monster Cool. Mama he's like, monster kill. Of course, Adam wants everything to be sexualized. He's like, <laughs> even when I'm playing a real tournament, I want like a sexy chick talking in my ear. Look, I'm not saying you should do that, but you should totally do that. <laughs> well, how do how do you say monster kill in French? I I don't I don't even remember. You know, I didn't okay. know what they were saying. So it could because you just hear the French. 
You so just I hear, don't, I'm I don't know what fromage, and you're like, wow, that's yeah, just that's hot. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Read those. Butters for 12 months. Thanks so much. Butters says one year. Holy hell. Well, thank you for sticking with us, Butters, for the yeah. one year. Butters is like, I always see Butters. Seems like Butters watches these streams from start to finish. He's a yes. true free will seeker. Definitely. Possibly insane. But we love you. We love you for it. Um, Let's see. Equal Shadox for 13 months. Thank you for being 13 months. Equal Shadox says back-to-back 12-hour -back gauntlets filled with tangential side quests are my jam. Keep it up. Adam, I vote creepy bye-bye. <laughs> S-class is best ass. And A-team reigns supreme. I didn't look at the comments. What were the votes on the creepy goodbye versus the happy goodbye? Well, the highest upvoted comment right. is in favor of the creepy bye-bye. Oh, God. So... So you may have to learn to live with it, Sid. No, God, it's so creepy. Ah, look, you're the one that's all like, I don't like ASMR. Look, and you're trying to give us creepy ASMR. Change, change is a good thing, okay? You got to keep the show fresh. Look at this leftist over here. You got to keep the show fresh. I believe in the right-wing principle of standing by tradition. <laughs> look, nobody believes we're right-wingers. <laughs> okay. I mean, anyone who watches the show knows the truth. Uh, lives in Deb's Wall specifically for $2 says, Is the discount version Splenda Daddy? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what's that mean? Instead of Sugar Daddy, Splenda Daddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's there like, you go. I that's like That's like it. the slightly dumpy and overweight. Um, like the upper middle class sugar, uh, sugar daddy instead of the rich guy. He's the Splenda well, that's Daddy. A, that's a, wait a second here. I think all the. All the sugar daddies are splendid daddies. I don't think, like, they're not getting. Look, this is why the alpha fucks beta bucks exist, right? Okay. Ocracy uh, for ten dollars says it's okay, Adam. You don't have to feel bad. And for the record, I'm not trying to create a stereotype. I just think there could be a bit of denial about the prevalence, the prevalency of certain behaviors in today's world. Well, I'm not. I'm certainly not in denial about the incentive structure we've built around dating. And I don't look, I'm glad I am happily married and mm -hmm. don't plan on being in the dating market anytime soon. So I feel for my brother Sitch here who is <laughs> having to deal with uh, the dating market. Maybe you ostracy are to deal with to, the thoughts. Is that what you, you maybe are having to deal with the dating market ostracy. All of our fans, male mm -hmm. and female alike, I feel like, Dating is a challenging thing these days. So, right. But I do believe in finding someone that is, you know, someone special that you want to spend the rest of your life with, and and you know, trying trying to find a little piece of happiness in a relationship. So I do believe True. in that. Um, Vosh, the very real Vosh, for two dollars. Mm -hmm says my ass has finally decided to eat my hand it <laughs> hungers for more oh vosh don't do that wow that's i think it's one of the first times vosh has made a reference i've actually understood oh really nice uh, aqua teen hunger force doctor strange reference 
Wow. Or Dr. Weird reference. Thank you, Fox. You have to watch Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. That show is hilarious. I feel like whenever you tell me to watch something, I don't like it. I mean, check it out. <laughs> this, this is kind of the thing. I don't. How do we get along so well when we, this, this has happened to me recently? You guys said I would like that movie everything everywhere at once and i did not like that movie oh wait did you you actually watched it i did watch it yeah well wait, did, how did you get through the subtitles painfully okay yeah. well but that obviously affected your enjoyment of the movie well no i didn't like the plot of it either because what? It, why not because it was completely just unclear and the my problem with oh, it my was God. My problem with it was, was uh, with movies, I like to play the game of, you know, whether I like to evaluate their strategy for doing things. And in that movie, you really couldn't do that. It was all, always just things were kind of happening to them. Well, I mean, I guess it's true. You can't evaluate their strategy for doing things because, I mean, you understand, I don't remember when you fully, I mean, you don't fully understand what the antagonist goal is yeah right, until that's... very late in the movie um but you understand like well it's, it's interesting and this came up a lot when we were working on the comic adam really really strongly believes that stories need to have a physical goal tangible as opposed goal. to like yeah. yeah a physical well you can have a tangible uh emotional or psychological goal but you really believe that there needs to be some physical goal in terms of acquiring something or winning over a person's affection or something to that extent where in everything everywhere at once there really i mean there is sort of like the goal is not to be killed right um or not to have like the universe die but a lot of it is really about the goal of like finding meaning in life right and yeah. you know yeah. the choices you've made in life and i you just don't like that type of story and i didn't think about that when i recommend it <laughs> i thought you like all the artsy fartsy like wacky elements of it the wacky elements are amazing, but that right. is almost makes it more painful because not embedded in a in a tangible story that I can relate to and play along with. Mm -hmm. It's just it's all picture frame and really no picture. Well, I mean, you can I would imagine you could relate to the feeling of, you know, wondering if you've made the right choices in life and wondering how your life would be different if you made different choices. Nope. I've you can't relate made, to that. I've always made the perfect choices. I've done everything. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that about you. Okay, everything incredibly correctly. Uh -huh. Never made any mistakes. Look at that. Although I have made just about every mistake you could make on the comic. So, but there that's kind of that's kind of a learning process, though. That's to mm -hmm. be expected. So, so Adam's movie would be everything, everywhere, all at once was correct, was done correctly. That's Adam's movie. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I really, really like that movie. It's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. So, but I, I guess I didn't think about the whole. You would get upset by the lack of physical objective for a, a big chunk of the movie. I don't know that I have a favorite movie. I used to tell people that my favorite movie was Time Bandits. But I. You did. You said that on this on the show. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I really like that movie 300. I really like the movie Sin City. That's, I really like the movie. 300 terrible, but okay. I really like the movie Children of Men. Mm -hmm. There are lots of movies that I think this is like just an amazing movie. 
I like that movie. Thank you for smoking a lot. Well, but the, I mean, thank you for smoking. Like, the, what's the main goal of that movie? Wasn't the main goal for him to find meaning in his life? I'm not sure. It's been a while. I mean, I guess I he's trying it. to. Well, you like it because he's trying to bang that lady. So that's probably that's, part of it. That's probably see. That's the real issue. Adam didn't like everything everywhere at once because there was no one trying to bang a lady. <laughs> that was not that was not a plot point in the movie at any point. And he's like, I can't relate to this. I mean, I do feel like the girl's girlfriend was trying to bang her, so there was that going on. That was so. You mean that? Yeah, that was very minor. The the fact that she's lesbian or whatever. Yeah. She's in lesbians with the uh, the daughter. Yeah. Do you have a like a favorite movie? I mean, usually when I'm asked this question, I always say Fight Club. Fight Club, yeah. Um, F- Fight Club is that's up there. The main. Right. I really like Fight Club. There. I really like uh, Pulp Fiction. I really like the classic, you know, '90s bro. You know, Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Those are generally like <laughs> Tenet. <laughs> Not Tenet. Um, I'd have to see everything everywhere all at once to to say it's like on one of my favorites because I've literally only seen it once. I want to see it some more times. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, obviously one of the best movies ever made. Um, I assume you agree with that. Shawshank Redemption, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't call it a favorite by any means. Well, it's weird. It's like one of those movies where there's these movies that when you start to watch part of it, you always... you watch the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so it's like, does that count? As a... To me, I'm like, that should count as a favorite movie. It should definitely. But but oftentimes we don't think of it that way. So Shawshank is not one of those movies for me, but 300 definitely. Is. Oh, interesting. For me, Shawshank is 100. percent If I ever see a piece of it, I get sucked in. They do so. something really brilliant in the movie 300 that really. I don't believe you, but okay. No, it made an impression on me as a writer. I thought this is really good. So was they, it the part where he the kid is fighting the wolf and the narrator's literally describing what you're watching for no reason? Well, no, is that he's, the part you're talking about? That guy is he's not the narrator, he's actually telling a story. He's telling the story that ends up in the end of the book or right. in the end of the movie. So right. yeah. The, the whole the and I do like this. That was dumb, but okay, continue. First of all, I I despise it when movies break the third wall. <laughs> yeah. And through narration, basically, it's like the main character telling you about things that are happening. So I do like devices where it's not the narrator is not some person breaking the third wall and telling you. The mm. narrator is telling a story to like an audience or something. And in Three Hundred, right. they have that. The guy who survived the Three Hundred assault has come back to rally more troops. He's telling the story so he can rally the troops and that's the narration at the beginning of the movie so but the the thing that made an impression on me as a writer is they have like the is it quasimodo like the quasimodo hunchback character that is following along with the uh he's following along uh behind the the 300 men yeah yeah and he's you don't really know who the character is so it's kind of this mystery character. You think he might be some monster or something that's going to kill them all. But when you find out that he is the he wants to join them and fight with them, there is this scene where Leonidas shows him why he can't fight. And right. in that scene, they explain the entire movie. So you understand how the fight works, what's what is winning and losing in the fight, all of that stuff is set up in that one scene and it's so brilliant because you can't really enjoy all of these fight scenes without knowing 
the strategy and how and what is a win and what is a loss and this kind mm -hmm. of thing. So it is it is a brilliant setup and they set it up in the context of the B story, which is really good. So it's I not agree. like That's... just add it mm -hmm. in there. Like right. the bad way to do that is to have a guy in front of a classroom chalkboard <laughs> <laughs> like talking to the Spartans. Well, when we leave, this is how or drawing it in the sand or whatever. Right. You know? Right. So yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. Um, I assume that was in Frank Miller's original comic, because yeah. I don't trust Zack Snyder to. Uh, does Zack Snyder do three hundred? I think he did. Yeah, Zack. Yeah, Snyder I don't trust did. Zack Snyder to put anything intelligent into a script. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That's a very uh, intelligent way to work in the very important exposition dialogue in a way that's a hundred percent natural and completely relevant to the story and to the b story because and to the, the b story the, yeah because it's Quasimodo not like a character comes back in again because he's actually betrayed them over this right yeah i did like the one thing i did like in 300 was um that when they set up the quasimodo character like they're not they don't just push him off like the re, the justification the justification they give for why he can't fight is a completely logical fair good reason why of he course. can't join their army. Of course. They don't tell me you're ugly. Go away. Right. They're not just like, oh, you're just ugly and weak. Get the fuck out of here. Like Leonidas like was like takes pity on him. He's like, no, no, no. Like this is you just can't because of this. And he and he shows him, you know, you can't hold your shield this angle. You can't do this thing. You know, blah 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 blah. Well they he does he I think he gives him a role. He's like carry the wounded back to the right, right, right. Back to the breach fight, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's like basically so. be the water boy. Look. Look, right. kid, you can be the water boy. Right. But then, because he didn't acquiesce, spoiler, he's betrayed. He betrayed. Quasimodo, him. yes. He gets to go into the harem. Right. Yeah. That's why you like 300. There's a lot of, a lot of chicks nudity. Xerxes. The Xerxes mm -hmm. character is totally amazing, too. I am doesn't, Xerxes. Doesn't Lee Nice get caught in that movie? I am, a, I am a god. Bow down before me. Mm -hmm. well okay. also it's a good i mean it is it's an interesting movie too because the tangible goal is really just xerxes is trying to get leonidas to bow down <laughs> bow down and worship me yeah he's trying to take over the area right no he just all he wants him to do is bow down he wants he, he basically wants well, to but say, the bowing down represents you something serve more. me well i i know but i'm saying if, if you just categorize it as he just wants him to bow down then it's you make it like I think you lessen the fight because then it's just like well he's just he's just fighting and dying for pride because that's stupid like bowing down entails that he would have to fight and lean on in uh, Xerxes army going forward and subjugating other countries you know blah 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 blah. He doesn't so. he in the very beginning of the movie though he doesn't say anything like that he doesn't say you have to give me men or anything he just yeah says but that's you what it to, means right he he says all you have to do is pledge allegiance to me. Yeah, but what is yeah, but that's what that means. Pledging allegiance means that you have to do what he says. Well, if he asks. Like like especially in those days. It's kind of like in Troy. Remember uh in the beginning of Troy with the uh I forget the actor's name. <laughs> the uh the sheriff from Super Troopers is the bad guy uh in, in Troy. And he's got and his army is just composed of all the different regions' armies of the people that he's conquered. Right. Including uh Achilles. He's part of some all one else's, you know, army. So that's a good movie too, Troy. That's that's the Brad Pitt movie, right? Yes. Troy I, is a movie I really liked growing up and I still like it now, but if I watch it again with a critical eye, it's got a lot of problems. I watched it recently and I was <laughs> okay. totally enthralled by it. So Okay. 
I'm glad. I'm I glad. think when I was sick recovering from COVID, right. I watched a bunch of war movies. I was just like war nice. movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which war movies are amazing. That's like a guy thing, right? That is. Have you seen Fury? No. Fury is a great movie. Uh, Gladiator. It's a great movie. Gladiator's great. Russell Crowe. Yep. Are you not entertained? Uh, Stug for $5 says the best movie of all time is the 90s Mortal Kombat because of Kano. <laughs> a lot of people really like uh, 90s Mortal Kombat. I could never get into it. First so. of all, old timer Adam yeah. saw the 90s Mortal Kombat in the movie theater. And I was mm -hmm. very excited to see that movie. Mm -hmm. And it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. You were. You were. The people that I know that generally really like it were like in middle school when it came out. Uh huh. So and I. So you were probably too old for it when it came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're just a bunch of kids. Yeah. Because well, it's yeah. As uh, Jay in the chat says, '90s Mortal Kombat was schlock," which um, I mean, you could like. You can. I mean, it's totally fine to like schlock. I'm not a huge schlock guy, so. Well, there are a couple movies that are definitely schlock that i saw when i was very young and thought oh my god this is the ma most amazing movie ever and then i've seen it again and i'm like what the fuck because <laughs> as a child you'll pretty much fall for anything yeah so. well i mean but yeah right but there are people that just like camp and campy movies oh yeah yeah. i, I generally don't so you don't but like... i but i don't i don't i don't begrudge anyone that does so like evil dead thing. 2 evil dead well, I guess that's true. I can't say that because I love Army of Darkness. <laughs> but our, I, I guess Army of Darkness is like, to me, Army of Darkness is just a straight comedy. It's beyond camp. Totally. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the thing. I've just never been a big camp fan. Shaun of the Dead. Well, I don't like Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I mean, really? That's why, cause, yeah. To me, it's, 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 it's not funny enough to be funny, like, like to be a, a straight like comedy because mm -hmm. it's too dark. So it's kind of in that weird middle ground that my brain just doesn't know what to do with it. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that before. Yeah. So, I mean, because I love um, my favorite. I think Hot Fuzz is like hilarious. I think it's one of the funnier, funniest movies. Hot Fuzz is definitely opinion. not as dark. Yeah. Hot Fuzz is not. Oh, I mean, I guess people die in it. But yeah, it's just very silly. How, so. about, how about The World's End? I did not like dark? that movie. Too dark. Oh, really? Too dark and not funny enough. Not silly enough. So. I loved the, it. I, loved I, mean, it. I, I guess because like in Shaun of the Dead and in and World's End, it's like a comedy, but like the themes are like in the character drama is like so heavy. You're like, Jesus Christ. We're like in, in, in Hot Fuzz, there's like, you know, there's like no real character. It's a character buddy. drama is like absurd. Yeah, it's know? a buddy comedy, basically. I don't even, right, do either right. of them even have significant others? I don't think they do. No, no, no. But I mean, in terms of like what the, the struggles of the characters in Hot Fuzz and the motivations for everyone, you know, like they're very basic. Yeah, and like totally. the motivations for the villains are very silly. Where in like World's End, it's like this very like dark and deep, like you know, people wondering whether you know they've basically thrown their life away. Yeah, they've made the, the right person, decisions. Right, yeah, and the exactly. person they thought was cool back when they were younger is like a fucking loser, and you're like, Jesus, like a lot to do. <laughs> it's like a lot. Of yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Right. So, not only that, he's just such an incredible asshole to all his friends. It's a yes. hard. It's a hard yes. protagonist to follow. Yes. Yeah, that's the, that's it too. He's just a big dick. You're like, what the fuck? Why is this guy even? That's a that's a tough one. A lot of first time writers 
that's the character arc that they pick. They're like, oh, I'm gonna, my character's gonna be an asshole and he's gonna go to being an angel. And I think, oh my God, this first five pages, I'm never gonna get through it. This guy's horrendous. Yeah, it's very difficult. To, you have to set up your asshole characters to be either an asshole to worse characters mm -hmm. or very funny. Yes. Like, it has yeah. to be like hilarious so that people are like, are like, okay, he's a dick, but it's really funny. And, and that can be very difficult to do. It is tough. Most people do not succeed at it in my experience. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the problem that you have with, it's interesting that you don't like narration because it's like, it's funny when I, when I, I never thought about this until like I was in college. A lot of my favorite movies have narration. Fight Club, mm -hmm. American Psycho, Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> um, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So I don't have a problem with like third world breaking, uh, narration as long as it is is good or enjoyable or funny so they do they is the narration in fight club breaking the third wall i feel maybe it is i, yeah, I never really he's talking it. he's talking to a hypothetical person right but and it's like he's a narrator like he's, yeah and he, like he's talking to you like as if you're part of project mayhem almost like he's telling you this like right. the legend of a lot of well not always because in the beginning obviously before he meets tyler he's talking about his own life but a lot of it's just like his own internal commentary to like no one, right? Yeah. So. so the there is a type of narration that I don't think technically breaks the third wall. It's where you can see inside. You you hear the the thoughts of the character. Like right, Sin they're not City talking is, to someone. It's right. just their thoughts, right? Sin yeah. City is not probably ninety percent narration, but it is the internal dialogue of the character. So it's not. It's what they're thinking. Well, they're not talking to you. I, I understand what you're saying, and that's true-ish, right? Like, obviously, no one's real thoughts would be... You couldn't just as have cool a, a movie. As cool as Sin City? As cool well, as like, Marv? Yeah, like, in real life, no one is going to think the thought, like, she smells like an angel out of smell. Like, that's not a thought <laughs> that like, a person has. Look, okay. uh, that is... That's... <laughs> kind of my internal dialogue all the time what are you talking <laughs> that's about true that's how you think you think like it's of like course. this like very literary sense okay of course oh look my wife is yelling at me again right right my wife sounds the way a shrew ought to sound <laughs> you know like I, I i like sin city a lot i'm just i understand what you mean in terms of like there's a difference between someone talking to like in fight club they're talking to an audience they're explaining to a person that doesn't exist something Right. Uh, specifically, where in Sin City, he's not talking to someone, but the but the language he's using is kind of like Shakespearean. Like it's a language you wouldn't actually think thoughts in, but they do that because that's what makes it. Because it's cool to listen yeah, to, and it's of cool. Course. Yeah, right. So, you true. think these characters are so cool? Their thoughts are even cool. Right. Right. And yeah. And so much. And you're you're correct. So much of the the goodness of Sin City is like the really cool internal dialogue and it's written in this like very noir style and then you combine that with the visuals so yeah it's amazing uh aaron villarreal for six months says adam i set my old car gps to have a french lady accent too nice she would she would say continue were and i'd say we oui, madame i'm a better <laughs> driver for it nice so you get it there you go that's pretty difficult though if the french is telling you i don't know how to say like turn left or turn right in French <laughs> kind of defeats the whole point, doesn't it? 
Well, I think you fi- probably figured that out pretty quick. There is a okay. graphical interface with them at the same time. Yeah, but the time, whole point so. of the speech is so you don't have to stare at your phone while you're fucking driving. I know, but you learn left and right pretty easily, okay. I'm assuming. I just yeah, don't remember like... all the, like, I do. There was one, it's like, voulez-vous save or like, it was a super long one, but I. Right. But I don't know what the character was actually saying. I probably could, because you would do a headshot. And they would praise you, and so you knew that what they were saying was headshot. They said, "Yeah, they, when they shoot, when you shoot someone in the head, they goes headshot." Right. What it says. That's what it's supposed to say. I guess you never knew what it was like. Headshot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one it would be in French, and I would right. realize, oh, that's how you say headshot in French, because mm-hmm. I just did a headshot, right? Of course. But I don't remember what they were. Let's see. Let's. Head. How do you say headshot in French? Shot. Photo du visage? <laughs> that sounds like no. That's like if you take a picture. Right. Oh, okay. That's interesting. There's got to be different ways because because when you do on Google, it gives photo du visage, right? Which right. is like a headshot of a picture. Well, I guess I don't know. I guess because we use the same word, so maybe it's just that's just the same way. I don't think it. they probably have a different word for it. I guess because it maybe. got photo baked into it, so it's got to be something different. Shooting someone's head off. <laughs> Yeah, so. the headshot was always great because you'd see the head like pop off, especially mm-hmm. when you use the uh, the sniper rifle. Of course, yeah, you, you could see the head pop you off. could zoom in. If you like, head is dirinj. I'm probably saying it really. Well, that's bad. closer right there. Tire is shoot, so maybe they would say like dirinje tire or something. Something, yeah. Okay, whatever. Um, Blaine's Escape Quarter for five dollars says YouTube keeps telling me to edit and try again. If this works, then I'll send. Then I'll have a sent a DM for what I wanted to say. Oh, uh, Blaine's Escape Quarter for for five dollars in the DM says used to open and repaint the textures in Halo PC to help with my color blindness. You should watch my home hero think anime taken, but dad is a goober. My home hero, interesting. I'll check it out. We gotta have Blaine's Escape Corner on. He's been. A fan on the show for a long time. Yeah, so. seems like an interesting guy. You're colorblind, huh? That sucks. Um, what form of colorblindness are you? Just curious. I knew someone in, in high school. I don't know who was the rarest form of colorblind. He was one hundred percent colorblind. He couldn't see any color. He had no see no cones, color. no cones yep. in his eye, only rods. He or must have I, seen. I, I don't know if I think you have. They could be cones or just damaged or something. I don't know what causes it, but. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, it's funny because he always wore all black. And he always looked very like, he always wore like goth clothing. And I just assumed it was the aesthetic. He's like, well, it is, but I'm also colorblind. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And he it never, is. and it's funny because I asked him, I said, well, what kind of colorblind are you? He didn't understand there were different versions. I mean, obviously, he never just sees no color. He didn't understand there were different versions of colorblindness. Until I explained it to him, he's like, "Oh my god, you've explained to me something I never do in my entire life." I was like, "That's rough." Uh, Jamie the Panda for two dollars says, "I don't care." The reptile Liu Kang fight was pure cinema. There you go. Well, that's always good. Good fights uh, are great. Uh, Stug for two dollars says, "Come on, Sitch, give me a break." Australian Kano. There you go. God, I haven't seen that movie in like a million years ago. BMO for Jar says, how do you feel about Hellboy? I remember liking it. I don't 
I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Hellboy in like over 10 years. So I don't remember the movie very well. I remember thinking it was okay. Hellboy 2 ha- has a line in it that I use all the time. What's that? Fuck yous. You have to fuck Oh, that's yous. from Hellboy? Yeah. I didn't realize that. The gas bag character says it to Hellboy. And he's like, hey, you probably should uh, not really use that terminology. Mm-hmm. He's saying focus, but he's saying fuck use. <laughs> fuck use. <laughs> Isn't it great? Uh-huh. That's great. That's a, it is good. That's I, whenever you said I laugh, line. I didn't realize it was from Hellboy. Fuck use. <laughs> fuck use. It's good. Fuck use, sitch. Fuck use on the debate. <laughs> You know, I feel like if you're angry with someone, you say, fuck you. It would diffuse the situation. Oh, so. definitely. But I liked I liked the original Hellboy from what I remember. I, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, so. I, I remember liking it. Uh, Soldos for Fight R says, if you like 300, a must read is Pressfield's Gates of Fire. Also, a great mill movie that gets overlooked is 12 O'Clock High. Fantastic look at war trauma. There you go. I haven't seen any of those movies, but you can check it out. Uh, Doomer. Look at that. Our good friend, Doomer. You got to say it in the accent? I'm not going to say it in the accent. Uh, Doomer for $2 says, how much for Sitch to stop Oh, sorry. I messed. I found the file for the French chick in Unreal Tournament. So oh, my just... God. You still have it on your computer? I do, yeah. Why? Just for, for fun. What do you mean? No, I brought it not... in. Why no? I mean, like, why would you even have that on your computer? Or did you look, Google it or something? I have it on my computer. Why would you still have that file? What is it? Because, like, I saved the file. I'm just, I, I don't. There's a lot of files, like, from like computers from like ten years ago that I don't have anymore. When I switch computers, I'm like, I don't need this French chick from Unreal Tournament file to be transferred to my new computer. I save like a lot of sound effects files because I'm like a video editor and a and a, like a filmmaker and stuff. So right. I just have a vast variety of of sound effects files. And I okay. thought, oh, this would be a good file to save. So Okay. And you now can, I have uh, it for this very moment. There <laughs> so, you go. I mean, there you go. But you should reread the super chat because I kind of the I played the file a bit. Photo right? says if you like three hundred, a must read is Press Fields Gates of Fire. Press Fields Gates of Fire. And also a great military movie that gets overlooked is 12 O'Clock High. So there you go. Fields. Okay. 12 12 O'Clock High, I've seen. That's a great movie. Oh, wait. Maybe I've seen 3 O'Clock High. Is there a difference? Probably. Is it a war movie about war trauma? Pressfields. What's it called? Pressfields. Gates of Fire. Oh, Gates of Fire. It's a book. Oh, I guess you'd have to listen to it. Anyway, uh, Doomer for two hours says, how much for Sitch to stop discussing films? I know. Listen, I know Doomer. He always feels left out whenever we talk about movies and he's not invited. So he can cut. I mean, I like Doomer. He can come. No, we can't have him on. Okay. We, I mean, we have like a billion super chats to read. True. But, and to be, we... to be clear, Doomer, I'm not shit talking Shaun of the Dead. I'm not, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just said it's not a movie that aligns with my preferences. I don't think it's a bad movie at all. I just don't like it. Oh, this is a novel. Gates of Fire is a novel. Yeah, it's a novel. Yeah. Stephen Pressfield. Look at that. Adam spams the the murder face emoji. 
Did you see? <laughs> did you see that there's going to be a Metalocalypse movie? Yes, that's right. Metalocalypse like, movie. Oh, so exciting! Yes, we got to watch it with Doomer. We do, Doomer. How much do they pay you for your likeness for the Metalocalypse movie? I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, Todd Sullivan for $2 says, Doomer versus President Sunday Part 2 when? That's a good question. I mean, I'm, Do- I've am i been working on the Doomer-Katie thing, but I got to tell you, it's not going well. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Katie doesn't want to talk to Doomer? I mean, I don't blame her. I well, think who Katie, does want to talk to Doomer? Katie, Katie didn't want to... I extended an offer to, for Katie to come back on again, and she turned it down, so... Oh, wow. But, you know... Interesting. Okay. We might... Something might change. Doomer, do you want to talk to you want us to moderate a, a debate between you and President Sunday? You'd be happy to do that. Yeah. So let us know. Uh Fondue for five dollars says, I remember spending computer class playing Age of Empires and sometimes hearing people in class getting caught watching porn. <laughs> wow. You know, that's pretty bad. In all the computer classes I had growing up, I mean, obviously. When I was younger, internet porn was it was around, but it was significantly harder to like come by. Ha 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 ha. But I don't remember anyone ever, uh, to my knowledge, getting caught in class or even looking at uh, like internet porn on the computer, the computer class. So, since you have a bunch of strange clips that are saved to your computer for your videos and whatnot, you don't save those from computer to computer. Uh, those are because those were clips I probably used for videos. Yeah, for my last computer. So, but you don't have those anymore. No, I have those. I have those clips, but that's from my last. That's from my previous computer, which I changed my computer like I don't know, like two or three years ago. Right. You're talking about like having French auditory Unreal Tournament file clips from like fifteen, ten years ago. Like I don't, I don't have those clips. Like what the fuck? I wonder if this actually. I wonder if the file says how old it is because it is. Yeah, it definitely... probably does. Right click it and say like when it was created by, created on. Actually, it might be whenever you moved it to this computer, so it might not. Oh, yeah, you can you're check. Right. You can check. Yeah. Date modified seven one two thousand. Oh my god! Twenty. You have years a twenty three year old file on your computer. It's it's labeled French chick. <laughs> <laughs> you have a twenty three year old file on your computer. Jesus Christ! It's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, that's insane! I. It's funny. I don't have anything remotely close to that at all. And I, mean, I only you, know that because you will one day. I mean, obviously. No, I doubt it. Why? Well, I mean, I'll probably keep a lot of the Stitch files for like. I'm te- yeah, time, you've but... uh, those clips that are in your videos and stuff. You're not going to move those from to computer to computer. I'll probably get rid of them eventually. But um. Oh, okay. Look, this friend chick a... is close to my heart, man. It's going That's true. No- this file's going nowhere. I only know because like there's a boss fight in the game inscription. Where it uses your computer files to generate a power and like one of the you have to like use your oldest file in your computer like is the power of your character is based on the oldest file in your computer oh really yes. wow i don't remember like because line was only like like two or three years because it's like this computer is not that old so uh devin tracy look at that the real Devin Tracy. Look, you obviously. guys are just trying to start shit, man. The real Devin Tracy, not not an imposter. Uh, says, you giant cowardly fools, this is another straw. Adam, I challenge you to Rochambeau for my honor. Really? Rochambeau? I mean, uh, 
This isn't going to end, end up in a challenge to like fight somewhere in person. <laughs> it's just gonna so. Is rough. this like is this like the Rochambeau where you like kick each other in the nuts, or is this like the Rochambeau like rock paper scissors? Yeah, is there a trick? Is there look if you want a Rochambeau for Sitch's honor? I think definitely the rock paper scissors version. I assume. Hopefully, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jack H. Fertiota says, World's End is fantastic. It retells the whole plot and beginning of the movie through the events of the first pub crawl. The character drama stuff is dark, but I think it wouldn't have had the same impact to me without it. Oh, yeah. I'm not, like, to me, I'm not, it's not bad because it has all that darkness to it. It's just, for my personal taste, I'm not, I don't like that. But I, but people do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy. Enjoy your movie, World's End. Yeah. That is kind of a taste thing. Some movies do go too far. Some people have a super high tolerance, though, for that kind of stuff. Yeah, or some people just like it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I even said that was with me, even with the new Spider-Verse movie. I think part of the reason I liked the first one better it was, was because yeah. it was a significantly more lighthearted. The second Spider-Man movie is like really heavy themes mixed in with the comedy, yeah. which doesn't necessarily work for me personally the motivation so. for miguel is his daughter died jesus christ was it wasn't his was his daughter and his wife it was both right yeah yeah but so. you they actually show a scene of the daughter like disappearing in his arms and you're like oh my god okay. well that was the second daughter that also dies look it's even worse <laughs> they died twice but they should have they should have had him walking the dog and the dog turn up to him with sad eyes and the dog vanishes. There you go. There you go, yeah. Look, we're explaining to you not to go too dark with your movies, guys. No, you can listen. You can go as dark as you want. A lot of people really like no, dark movies. Look, I'm just it's just not me. As um, someone who's read hundreds of first time screenplays, going too dark is the mistake most people make. In their first I play, I think like, you're probably correct. It's yeah. like the first page, rape. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, introduce me to your characters, make me fall in love with them, and don't then rape them. Don't assault me on the first page. Although there is, there is generally a rule of thumb that I think is good for comedies. Because sometimes no comedies, rape and comedy. Well, no. Sometimes comedies do go in darker places. Um, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie is a perfect example of this. In the very first scene, I mean, it's dark. <laughs> His mom is dying. Right? He's like in this. Yeah, but they just set situation. it up that way, and then it's like not really dark for the rest of the movie. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is the rule right. of thumb. The rule of thumb is generally in comedy movies to establish how far you're going to go in the very first scene and never to go further than that. In a mm -hmm. comedy movie, if you keep it light heart, super light heart, and then in the third act, he's you know in front of his mom who's dying, you're going, wait a second, I'm supposed to be in a comedy movie here. And it kind of seems out of place. So it's good to get that stuff out of, out of the way early on in the comedy right. movie. You yeah. know, it's interesting. I didn't think about it just now. I bet you that's what they were trying to do with Thor, Love, and Thunder. Because they have the same thing where like the first five minutes of the movie, super dark. Right. Um, but I think the reason it works in Guardians and doesn't work in Thor is because in Guardians, like, so it's the whole thing with his mom. And all that does is kind of explain 
like it gives you sort of like a baseline for his character or kind of like it's not even really a baseline for his character it's kind of like the baseline for his fears i guess on like mm -hmm. a deep level and also sets up like how he gets brought into space in the first place and why he feels so strongly connected to the music and everything because it was his mom's tape you know et cetera, yep. et cetera but it's not like but he it's not like he's this dark sour character because of that traumatic event that happened to him like he's a funny character in the movie that just had this like traumatic thing happen to him when he was younger and he feels like a real person that is kind of like it affected him but he's moved on with his life you know yeah it's not like that's like a defining trait where in thor love and thunder it's like christian bale like the tragic thing that happens to him is his entire defining character and so to have that character who's motivated purely by tragedy in this wacky comedy just does not make sense or work yeah i haven't seen love and thunder so but i heard christian bale's performance is one of the better things about it yeah, well, I mean, it's like it's it's the beginning of the movie. It's like with Miguel, his daughter dies, and that motivates him for the rest of the movie. But it's like you, it's hard to have a character who's motivated by the death of their child in a wacky comedy movie. Yeah, no, it's completely doesn't out of make place. any sense. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, gotta have a motivation like your highness to get the <laughs> Minotaur's dong. <laughs> well, actually, right. it's gotta it's be to a little get, lighter than that. Probably. It's actually to get the. Uh, to get the girl back from right. from potentially being deflowered by another rival. The that wizard. movie does not get enough credit. Your Highness? That is a funny movie. Yeah. That Your movie, Highness is a funny movie. That movie, that's one movie that if I, is on and I'm flipping, like I'm going to watch the whole thing. Yes. I remember, it's funny, I saw that with my friends in theaters. There was no one around. And I think the people I saw it with fell asleep wow that movie's amazing because they drank too much alcohol before they got to the movie theater that's how yeah and i Do was like that because i'm like that movie's hilarious and they're like oh we didn't like it i'm like you bitches were asleep <laughs> you didn't even see the movie doomer says oh no the scene so there's a Doomer, it's scene. a romantic comedy how can you not like your highness here's how you know if you like your highness or not okay well, first of all, it's got that act. It's got one of those actors you really like in it. Danny, um, what's his name? Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, yeah. Here's how you know if you're liking it. There's a scene. Danny McBride. It's not Danny, Danny McBride. Boyle. Yes, Danny McBride uh, is kind of like the loser who's trying to live up to his brother James Franco's reputation of being like this great knight. He's trying to show off to Natalie Portman because he wants a banger, and they're in like a maze and they defeat this minotaur, and he's <laughs> like, he's like, I'm gonna try to. He he wants a trophy for defeating this minotaur. Right. Which they defeat in a very non-heroic way, obviously. Um, so he starts trying to cut the horn off as a trophy. <laughs> and Natalie Portman says, like, you can't cut off the horn of a minotaur. It's like, you know, it's, un it's indestructible. And he looks at her, and then he looks back at the minotaur. And then the next scene, you see he's wearing the minotaur's dick around his neck. That's <laughs> a trophy. It's so good. Like, through the last part of the movie, he's got the If minotaur. you like that comedy, then you'll like your highness. If you don't like that comedy, you're not going to like the movie. I, th I swear <laughs> they show him going comedy. I swear they show him going for the dick, too. And it no, cuts. they don't. It just cuts to, I, I think, I don't remember. It's been a while. I think they just cut to he's wearing the dick around. And <laughs> they don't actually don't see that he went for it. <laughs> Oh, and then man. there's a there's a good follow up joke to that, where he, uh, I forget why he's like he thinks he's gonna die, so he takes off the necklace and he's trying to give it to Natalie Portman and she doesn't want it, and as he's like putting the necklace on her and like the dick is like 
touching her. She's just like disgusted. I forgot about that. Yes. I had that image of her like, <laughs> oh, I can't even putting this necklace on her. It's very funny. Oh, yeah. That movie's amazing. It's a very immature, very funny movie. Anyways. Okay, let's go back. I'm sorry, reading the super chats from um, the Ethan Klein stream that we never got to. So you, you can see him now, obviously? Yes. That was the one we missed, right, from the Ethan Klein stream? I believe so. Okay. Uh, let's see. I remember reading this one. How do you uh, remember that? Because it's about the Hunter Avalon situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now they're doing 10 people panels on the Hunter Avalon situation. I, 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 saw, I saw that. Uh, did I read this one? I think I did. It was about uh, distributors talking shit about us. I read that, right? I think so. Okay. I mean, read it again, just for fun. Uh, Wooster for $10 says, did you guys receive my Twitter DM of Dave the Distributors talking shit? He thinks you're both anti-SJW trolls, not worth engaging. I think Dave is wrong and is deep in the dissonant worldview. Okay, sure. Well, we told him we weren't really interested in talking to him anymore. So it's interesting. Right. That he's trying to cast the we broke up with him as he broke up with us. Oh, I see. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't remember. I mean, maybe you did. I never had it. I never said like, we're not going to talk to you again. But I mean, I obviously wasn't super interested in, in talking to him. But I think know, I whatever. blocked him. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's uh, one way of doing it. That's my JR. signature move. <laughs> yeah, that's a signature move. Uh, JR for $2 says, this is grifter versus grifter. Please be brutal. True. I think we were accordingly, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's your first thoughts? I feel like I read these. But okay. Oh, yeah. we, I mean, we read the $20 ones. No, but these are not $20 ones. Let's see. Um, this what's is your first thoughts for Vito, right? Am I reading the wrong ones? No, we read Vito stuff, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. We didn't we were missing Ethan Klein stream, I thought. I think so. Okay. I guess we'll just keep working till like I don't remember where we ended up stopping. Um What's your first thought for eleven Canadian for twenty two Canadian, thank you. Says I can't tell if Pearl is being obtuse or just retarded. She talks with such authority in her statements, but basically has no receipts to prove what she is saying. Sometimes it proves the opposite, however. Does anyone actually listen to her or Ethan who could really make this statement against both of them? True and fair. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I did read some of these because I remember this. Uh, a, Dr. Diddler says, A-Team has daddy, daddy daycare on repeat and uses a woman's bathroom to make it dirty. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, that's for sure. We read that one, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, maybe... Pearl is a male feminist by... But opposite. I remember that. Showing women in bad light to pander to men. Brittany Vitney and Authentic Azura ripped up her arguments. Yeah, I, we re did read that one too. Yeah. Oh, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Hmm. Wait a minute. Oh, shit. What? Clicked on the wrong thing. I'll fix that. Let's see. Pearl's position would increase the murder rate. Agreed. The banning of divorce. Yeah. Uh, Goral Sarah for $5 says, to mitigate divorces without banning it, we should d double tax divorcees. 
they had reduced taxes while they're married. Now they're we're taking it back. I remember reading that one. Oh, I don't remember that one, but I don't. Um. Let's see. Caffeinated tweaker for two Canadians says FD agreed with you. Is a point against you, nerd? You remember that? That was in regards to uh, uh, Hob being a leftist or not. Look, we got a hundred dollar super chat. Read that one, Matchwood for a hundred dollars. Thank you so much, Matchwood, for the one hundred dollars. Says, hey guys, I want to thank you guys for so much for the hours of entertainment. Y'all make working graveyard shift bearable. I'm about to propose to my girlfriend of two years at 20 years old. Wish me luck. A team reigns supreme. Well, there you go. Wow. Well, good luck. Wow. Uh, wow. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Yes. Yeah, luck, that's Mitch. nice. Thanks for sharing that with us. Look at let that. Us, uh, let us hear back. I'm assuming it's going to be a yes after two years. But Well, my rule of thumb is always... Don't propose unless you know they're going to say yes. So I think that's most people's sure. right. Obviously. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. You pop the question when you, well, when you know, well, sometimes it's like they've been wanting you to pop the question for years. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they're like getting ready to leave you if you don't pop the question. So sure, sure. But congratulations. That's how Adam got married. A little bit, but. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Cool. I've worked some graveyard uh, shifts myself, so I know how that goes. Bemo for ten dollars says, "What if we could get Lauren Southern to debate Pearl? Uh, think it's even possible? That would be a very interesting conversation." Well, she Lauren Southern is kind of debating Pearl on Twitter. I saw yes a recent response. Did you see the when she responded? You know, this is like autism, but not funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I mean, that was pretty much right on. <laughs> Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yep. It it, it is it is interesting because you know Lauren Southern. If you disagree with her, she's an intelligent person. So it's like her talking to Pearl just is uh, interesting. <laughs> Pearl just says like the dumbest shit ever constantly, and it's I mean I guess is it like a grift? Is this a character that she's playing? Is she like you know, is she doing a Kafka, a Kafka, Kafka, uh, an Andy Kaufman kind of character? You know? Maybe. I just you I think you tweeted about this. I mm -hmm. you can't use evolutionary psychology when it suits you. Cuz she has this video now that says yeah. society would be just fine without women, which is very stupid. Yeah, I'm right. thinking so, how. <laughs> so she, well okay, well beyond obvious like okay, there's a lot of reasons why that's a stupid statement. But from a purely so like she said society would be fine without women. And then people responded to her saying, what are you talking, even if we were to accept you saying that, oh, men build everything in society, that's her argument, men build and do everything in society, therefore be fine without women. And then the retort was, okay, but men only do that to get women. Yeah, of course. <laughs> even if we accept your framing, men only do those things in order to get women. As someone rightfully said, if it wasn't for women, all men would do is be living in, in uh, cinder block houses with no furniture on the floor. <laughs> Eating noodles and playing video games all day, which I think is Would true. We even invent noodles, we'd probably just be eating bugs. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah, if we, right. I don't know if we go to the trouble for noodles. Right, right, yeah, it's, it's too much work. Right. <laughs> um, 
And I was, and I think this is like obviously it's a joke, but there is some truth to that. And she completely disagreed with it. And I was like, I was like, what the? F how you can't disagree with this, Pearl? Your entire argument that you buy, that you basically take from Rolo, is rooted in evolutionary psychology. And from evolutionary psychology, there's two motivations for everything: survival and reproduction. Right. And reproduction is generally even supersedes survival a lot right. of the time. It should be right. reproduction and survival. <laughs> Right. Yeah. In that order. Right. So this idea, this like insane idea that you're like, well, society would work without women. You can't say that if you believe in evolutionary psychology, that literally is impossible. So I don't think she gets that. I mean, I, know, I don't I don't think she understands the principles of evolutionary psychology so much. I don't think Pearl understands most things. I think she just regurgitates what other people heard. say. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, she didn't understand Thomas Sowell, so. Thomas Sowell said that uh, slavery was exaggerated. Okay, okay, bro. Junebug for $2. Adam, what is a sophist? Did we, did we read that one? No. Was that from today? No, it's from the Pearl Strand. Oh. I don't remember that one. What is a sophist, that? A sophist is someone that makes up arguments to prove things that are untrue, that are just, we know are untrue. I, I don't think that's how I would refer to it. Okay, how would you? Here, let's look it up. I don't even... So like, a sophist, I thought, was someone who would generally use, they would try to use like things that sounded logical to kind of make uh, arguments that are actually illogical or false, right? Someone who whose reasoning is subtle and often specious. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, what so the fuck like does specious mean? Plausible but false. Specious. Right. So my yeah. look, my definition is correct. My definition works. Right, right. No, your definition works. I'm just I think it's a little bit more specific. Okay. Um, in terms of that it's like like when you throw this at like Vosh, like with the whole like so when, when Vosh makes the water agua argument, mm -hmm. that's sophistry, right? Because he understands what the person he's talking to means, um, but he's trying to like use this like deconstructed logical framework, which he doesn't actually abide by because it's impossible and nothing makes sense if you do abide by it um, to win an argument. And right. that's the sophistry. It's kind of like what um, Scott was saying, how when people make the ultra postmodern deconstructionist argument where they say nothing is real and you're like, yeah, but by you saying that, you're saying that the statement nothing is real is real right yep so how can you even make that statement in the first place so sophistry that's how you make that statement right so so do you want to uh, work out from the atom what is sophistry and go downward until we hit something we've well i, I don't think i don't remember reading these from ct ct for two canadians says don't dox my house i work hard on those studies <laughs> i don't remember those in relation to but okay yeah okay uh, Calvin Paffer for $2 says, why are marriages failing? Because of two people. Right. Trump. Yeah. Uh, CT well, for two I mean, it could. I, I would contest yeah. that a little bit because you can be in a situation where you want to make the marriage work and the other person is sabotaging the marriage. Then it would only be one person, right? Right. DT for two Canadians says, just FYI, Pearl is not married. What a loser. Wow. I mean, I, I think you can live a happy life and not necessarily get married. You'll definitely be happier if you get married, but 
I don't think you can live a happy life if you don't get married and have like no friends. Like you have to get some sort of relationship going with people around you. So right. I think that's important. There's a reason why solitary confinement is a punishment in prison. Right. Uh, CT for 11 Canadian says, Adam, most abusers will check phones to make sure there's no evidence. I know this for a fucking fact. If someone is threatening to kill you, if you say anything, you're not going to be taking pictures. Well, CT, what you do is you change the password on your phone. Well, then they'll make you unlock the phone. I know. Or they'll keep abusing you. I realize that's not a solution. <laughs> that's a horrible situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, retract that argument? Well, I, it is a, I mean, I understand the, the danger, but it's a technical challenge. You're like, okay, they're going to search my phone, but. No, no, no. I mean, the argument you made on, on the stream about how, like, you know, people can just film their abuse nowadays, which I was, like, skeptical of, that that's, like, a, a viable option. Off, I mean, you can do it, but it's not, like, every time, you know. I think more often than not, you can't necessarily film your abuse. I think it's a viable option. My whole point of bringing it up was it's a viable option that didn't exist when we had didn't have the technology to do it. Well, obviously, it. sure. And you guys are saying... There are other obstacles to doing it. And I'm acknowledging those obstacles okay. and saying, I don't think those obstacles are, I think those obstacles can be overcome. And the biggest obstacle is just having the technology to do it. So. No, I, I agree. I, if I recall correctly, the argument you're making was about, well, should we raise the threshold for abuse claims because of the ability to film them? Right, yeah. And right, eyewitness testimony is just terrible, so... I understand that. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I agree that people shouldn't be... Um, I don't think people should generally be put in jail purely on the basis of eyewitness testimony, obviously. I went back so. and I reread that... the chapter on the murder next door and the woman mm -hmm. that killed her kids. Right. She shot herself in the hand. And wow. She, she strapped to her try kids... To try to cover up? Yeah, she strapped her kids into the car and she let the car go into a lake and basically drown the kids. And she shot herself in the hand. And when she went to police, she said that a, a black guy, look at right. this, what a racist bitch. <laughs> she said a black guy had, uh, right. had carjacked her with her kids in the car. Mm -hmm. So she expected they would find the car in the ocean or, right. or in the lake or whatever. She never got away with it, though. Well, did they, did they like figure out from kind of the way her wound was that it would be self-inflicted or something? I don't. They don't say in the book about that. Mm -hmm. They talk about her relationship because I guess she was in a relationship with a guy who was really wealthy. He was like an heir to some business fortune or whatever. And he had written her this letter saying, you know, I really love you, but the thing that's standing in my way is your kids. I don't, you know, I really don't want to marry a woman that has kids. Nice so, lady, jeez. So he broke it off with her and her plan to get back into good graces. Listen, I murdered my children. You want to get married? <laughs> look, no, she didn't. Look, that's not the I know story. she's not going to tell them. I know. She I'm went and said, listen, I got carjacked by a black guy. <laughs> Right, right, right. 
now we can get now we can get back together. Yeah, no, yeah, but I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I remember learning about this you know, years Horrendous. ago in psych classes. <laughs> They're saying something like, "Eyewitness testimony is like fifty percent, I think, accurate, right. which is awful." Um, there's a good example of this was in the um, Michael Brown shooting. If you remember, they had something like twenty-ish eyewitnesses. Half of them said he had his hands up. Half of them said he didn't have his hands up. And yeah, what's favorite, going on there? Yeah, my favorite was there was literally a family in a car. There's a family of four or five in a car, and like some of them said he had his hands up, and some of them said he has hands down in the same car. So yes. Like, yeah, I just, you know, terrible. Uh, Jay Bowman for five dollars says, "Happy Father's Day, Red Pill. No thanks. A team for the win." Woo! R J McDougalheim for five dollars says, "Abuse was a legit reason for divorce already, so it's a bad argument to use abuse as an excuse for no fault divorce." Um, well, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't need to use abuse for no fault divorce. I think the problem, like, this is what was weird. Pearl wasn't advocating to get rid of no fault divorce, which I'm, that's not a position I'm in favor of. But it's a position that is much more defendable than her position, which was basically no divorce whatsoever unless abuse is proven in a criminal court, which is like a crazy threshold, in my opinion. So Yeah, that is a little wild. Yeah. Uh, zombie Licorice for $10 says, to be fair, alimony is archaic and sexist. Beyond paying for children, there is no reason a modern woman deserves her husband's future's earnings. It's pro-woman sexism. Uh, luckily, not a thing here in Idaho. Well, I mean, if it if it worked only in one direction, right? So, like, if the male, if the husband got primary custody of the children, and the woman is working a job, a some kind of job, and the court says, "Well, because you're a woman, you don't have to pay alimony," I would agree that would be archaic and sexist. I mean, the idea is supposed to be. Whoever is taking care of these children, both people who were engaged in the creation of the children should have to essentially pay for them. And I think you do have to have that idea. I think if you take that idea away, I think that's going to lead to a very degenerate society. I think you want a society where parents and individuals are responsible for the children they produce generally. So, Of course. Unless uh, Daz they're illegitimate DM. children, and then you totally you get go. away with it. There you go. Uh, Daz DM for five pounds. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Nilo for five dollars says, Idiocracy isn't even original. Look up March of the Morons. Mike Judd gets way more credit than he deserves. Wow. wow are you saying he stole Idiocracy from someone? I mean, wow. I'm assuming the, the concept that, he, that Idiocracy is based off of is not an original concept. It's something people... I mean, that was, you know, when I was like looking into the eugenics claim that in the progressive era with, um, you know, Margaret Singer, like they were afraid of idiocracy in like the 1920s or whenever this was. They were worried. They're like, hmm, smart people are not having that many children and dumb people are having lots of children. <laughs> so we're going to have a society in the future made up entirely of dumb people. So like, yeah, the, the plot, that idea isn't necessarily a, like an original one, but. Oh, but here it is, March of the Morons. In 1988, a real estate agent and con artist is placed in sus suspended animation after a freak accident and then revived in a distant future. 
in a wow. confusing world filled with hypersexualized advertisements, vapid entertainment, and people who exhibit erratic, nonsensical wow. behavior. Wow. That sounds very familiar. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, the the trope of a person going to suspended animation and waking up in a wacky future is like, you know, the very common trope, right? That's never happened. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, you know, Sleeper. Encino Man. Well, that's the like, Encino Man, yeah. Sleeper, you know. Yeah. Episodes of Star Trek. So. It's a common trope, definitely. But yeah. But no, I mean, that book sounds interesting. It's called The Marching Morons. Yeah, maybe I'll see. I'll read that. That does sound like a fun book. Uh, WTF1A1A for $2 says, CT, you got the grape clip now. Oh, I guess someone said something about rape to be clipped. Uh-oh. Uh, C. Paffy for $5 says, average age of a sexual assault victim is 15 after sexual development before adulthood. And the average abuser is 25. Peak male drive. Sexual assault is a means to sex. Really? I didn't know. That's interesting. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of those statistics. Interesting. Yeah, the feminists were the ones fighting against that. We talked a little bit about that on the show. How they had this theory that creeped into the justice system that rape was only about power. Right. Yeah. Well, it's really stupid because obviously I would say it's like this, like it's, I would assume, I could be wrong. I, I'd assume there's two things going on. Either people who like rape, and when we say rape, I mean like, let's use like the most like clear example, right? A stranger grabs a random person and rapes them, right? Right. Um, so there's like no contention of whether it's we don't want date or rape or yeah right 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 or, or you know something like both parties are drunk whatever um i would assume one or two things i would assume a couple things are happening either one this person's a sociopath and they literally just have no regard for the person two this person sex whatever like the chemicals in the brain that makes them horny is just so fucking overwhelming they have like literally lose control of themselves or three um they do get off on the power or element of you know committing a sexual assault to that capacity two so mm. and i would assume but the, the thing is that the feminists do is that they think like that that power thing is the motivation for everything or the primary motivation for everything which is obviously not the case and it's kind of ludicrous for them to to think that but that again that all stems from the fact that their worldview is that everything stems from a socialist view that everything is conflict theory of groups engaging in power struggles with each other so clear example of how limiting yourself to a specific framework often leads you down very stupid um ways of understanding reality so there you go yeah there i just maybe in a serial killer situation like it's a power thing but I, I would be willing to bet most of the rapes are like a sex thing. Yeah, right. But that's a very different thing. Yeah, obviously. So. Uh, see, Pathy for $2 says CP24. <laughs> be careful. Uh, see, Pathy for another $2 says women who switch mates give up reproductive years. True. True. Yeah. Often stolen from the guy who who monopolizes their... I mean, someone by the guy, not from the guy. What do you mean? You said the reproductive years stolen from the guy. Stolen by the guy who... Right, by the guy. 
monopolizes their reproductive years and doesn't. Well, really assuming the guy had some malicious <laughs> intention. I mean, obviously, well, if they have children. Uh, Nilo for two dollars says Hunter's wife is pure and Epstein was good with money. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Do Do you know any of the developments on that? I th there Are was there like... new developments? No, I guess she did a live stream with somebody that I listened to part of, mm -hmm. and it, the one piece of information seemed to vindicate my narrative, obviously. Otherwise, I would be talking about this, right? <laughs> Which is what? Well, the narrative that I said maybe she was doing it to get at Hunter. And it appears that mm -hmm. she reached out about the gangbang or whatever. It's so mm -hmm. weird. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> but look, I, I'm under the impression that not a lot of women want to do a gangbang. Like, not a lot of women are probably even capable of doing a gangbang. Like, it's not a thing that they would enjoy doing or right. seek, seek to do. They do it because right. it's profitable. Right. Or they want to get even with their ex-husband. So my intuition was... It's a maybe, hell of a way to get even. Well, I think it's a very effective way to get even. If I don't know. I don't know if... It depends on the guy. Well, obviously, like, if you're already over it, but if yeah, you like still, if, yeah. if you still have linger, like if you look, I'm not sure how you would feel. Let's imagine, think of the woman that you've probably come closest to or actually fallen in love with. Mm -hmm. Now imagine at peak relationship, you discover last night. Had a yeah, game. right. But that's what, no, right, right, right. So what I'm saying is, yeah, in, in the scenario that you're laying out, like if you're like in love with someone right. and they just spring this on you out of the fucking glue, that's like some bizarre sociopathic behavior that is going to like significantly emotionally harm the person right but i'm saying in the situation like with her it's like their relationship is basically over at this point like it's not like how is it revenge i mean maybe someone could like maybe she can her mind can see it that way but like if i'm the guy i'm like you're we're, we're over like you can do whatever well, dumb shit you want say, you're just validating to me in my mind why we're getting you know why we're breaking up yeah but if so, let's say that he says you know, the breakup conversation is something to the effect of, I still love you. And, you know, I'm, this is really tearing me up, but I think we need to part ways and, and get over it. He still obviously has feelings for her. That would make me feel better, not worse, honestly. Okay. So if... because it, it would put me in a mental state of, I can just wash my hands of this person, <laughs> right? Like, like that's like, oh, okay. Well, this is great. Like, I can just wash my hands of you. Like, you're just a fucking psycho. Like, you know, that's how I would perceive the situation. You know, the theory that, Rolo is rejecting I think is a lot stronger that women women have affairs to to move in the, to, to end the relationship to, yeah. to mate switch yeah because they know in like intrinsically that guys once a woman has had sex with someone else are like as Sitch has so aptly said washed my hands of the right. situation right? You're right like okay this is over right. no going back now <laughs> so I do think women do have affairs it for the no going back more for the no going back reason than that they actually are just interested in having sex with other other guys mm -hmm. yeah it's an effective yeah. way to make a man lose interest with oh but so i interrupted you you said that she said something like she was doing this guy back at hunter or something well it, she look i think they broke up and then 15 minutes later she's address, messaging the guy about a gangbang it's literally like the same day Right, but it's it seemed like, I mean, again, it's hard to tell because obviously people are very complicated. She was saying someone's going to pay her a bunch of money to do this, 
And for mm-hmm. whatever reason, it's, you know, if she's really motivated by getting this money, I mean, that could have been a, a primary motivation too, not necessarily to like get revenge or something. Yeah, it could be the money thing. And she mm-hmm. says that. She says, you know, I needed money to get out of the relationship, so. Right. I mean, that's I agree so, with you. That seems sad. like a hell of a way to get money, right? Like, you'd be real desperate for money at that point. You can't there's go. Not some, something going on there. I don't know her situation. I mean, most people, when they get, you know, most people go live with their folks for a while. Yeah, that's, I don't know what their situation is either. Yeah. Um, I guess. I'm curious, maybe I'll go listen to the, that stream. I'm curious as to what precipitated that guy leaking all that shit in the first place, anyway. Well, she talked. This is another thing that really. I mean, it just seems weird to me because everybody who is talking about the guy, mm-hmm. they're basically defending the guy. Which guy? The, the 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 guy trying to set up the gangbang? Yeah. Who's uh, that guy? Is like shady as fuck. I don't know why anyone would defend right. that guy. So yeah. they're de- they're basically defending this guy because right. they're saying Carissa is talking a bunch of shit about him, and but they they need to. To prerequisite their defense by saying that this guy is a total scummy piece of shit scumbag, and right. I, I'm thinking, why are you like? <laughs> aren't you look? You're having an argument about how Carissa has treated this guy poorly, and your opening argument is that he's a, like. It seems like you're treating him poorly. Aren't you basically calling him a scumbag, total piece of shit? Isn't that part of treating him poorly? Well, I mean, someone could be a piece of shit and you still treat them unfairly, right? I mean, it has lots of emotional impact, but it's, you know, those things are not logically inconsistent. I mean, in my world, if someone's a total scumbag, you no. like piece of shit, I mean, do you really need to treat them fairly? Well, like, for example, like someone could be a total scumbag piece of shit to like, other people not to you that doesn't justify you treating them unfairly right yeah but i think in the context here they're saying he's a total scumbag piece of shit to her who has treated him unfairly right 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 well we don't know because from his telling he makes it out like she's the one that advanced all of the weird shit in their relationship not him but you know who knows if that's actually the case even if that is the case i mean i don't know to me, if I like, and then we're very different. Like, I don't mean you and me. I mean, like, like all people are very different. Right. To me, if I was hypothetically a producer of pornography, okay, and some guy's like wife is DMing me about getting into like pornography, first question I'm gonna ask is, is like, have you talked to your husband about this? Right. <laughs> like, if they say no or their husband's not interested, I'm gonna be like, oh. Well, then you should probably not do it. Like, I'm not going to continue the conversation at that point, right? But I, that's that's my moral framework. So, you know, I guess <laughs> I, I, I guess a lot of people are like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> like, look, I completely agree. Yeah, like trying trying to set up a gangbang for a married woman is something I just am not going to. That's well, not, even, I'm even not going to engage. Right, right, right. But prior, like even prior to the gangbang, was it just? It seemed like. You know, she was, you know, interested in like doing all this porn in the first place. And like that was like the justification for sending him nudes and things. And she was asking him for help to set up the porn. Now, presumably, um, Hunter knew about this because, right, because supposedly didn't they form, they filmed some pornographic video together. So Hunter was apparently on board with this to some extent. Yeah, I don't know about that part. 
he said he said that there was some video i think he said there's some video that they had sex to some extent that was on OnlyFans at some point right okay i thought he said that so it is you know the the funny thing about the the situation the, the interesting thing about the situation is like it fits so cleanly in a right-wing worldview. It's like, it, it fits so cleanly that if you told me the story before it actually happened, you'd say that's not real, right? Because it's such a, like a stereotypically insane story. You have a guy who's like very right-wing politically. He meets a, a girl who he has a child with. She's left-wing. She basically makes him left-wing, or at least that's the narrative. She makes him left-wing, right? Yeah. Or he becomes left-wing by simping for her. And then she basically destroys the relationship because she doesn't have like conservative values and is like, <laughs> has like left-wing degenerate sex, like well, lots of new porn and get gangbangs and all these other things. It like fits like the perfect like right-wing narrative of like, of a, of a story. That's why people are talking about it. I don't, right. there's more to it too. You left a little bit out. Because... Oh no, there's lots more to it. Obviously I'm just simplifying it down to like the narrative that like, right-wingers would want to have about the story. Well, I, I do think also her parents were very conservative. So evidently oh. she's rebelling from their <laughs> right. conservatism as well. Oh, no. So that's part of the equation as well. Right, right, yeah. right. And this might be the reason why she can't just go to the parents when the marriage falls apart because she's like, these are, you know, she maybe she's denounced her parents as, you know. Sure, yeah. As, I don't know. you know, Christian antiphobes or... Right, right. Or or homophobes. Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah. people are fucked. What can I say? Yeah, I just... Uh, uh, I feel bad. I always feel bad for people who their relationships fall apart. So Sure, of course. I'm I definitely feel, not reveling in this. Yeah, no. I feel uh, bad for Hunter. Um, I feel bad that all this drama and dirty laundry has been aired out in public for literally no reason yeah totally (laughs) no reason that's just so weird about like the guy leaking all this shit seemed like it was so pointless i was like what (laughs) like why would you do that i think that's part of why everyone says he's a scumbag uh besides obviously being involved in the business involvement because it's like like what was the point of even leaking this it seems so bizarre so he felt disrespected yeah but like generally to to drop it's essentially like if someone slaps you in the face and you're like i'm gonna drop a nuke on your house you're like wait a minute <laughs> like that's gonna be people yeah, we talked about this a lot you know, i think people have evolved to have a pretty good concept in their mind of like reciprocal force right i don't and think it just, so i think they i think they had now i no, i think people know what it is now they might choose to violate it i mean this i think came people have our a conversation good was- sense this came up okay. in our conversation with Scott because I do feel like in an honor culture, it, it is about dropping a nuke. It's about you You looked at me funny and I'm going to break your arm. That's not reciprocal. I guess you're right. I take it all back. Well, no, actually, I don't know if I take... Look, I think the, people the do... The show wait. of force is how you, so, how you make people not disrespect you. Right, 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 right. But that's a different... Okay, that's a different thing. I think people, even in honor cultures... I think people, I think humans have a good intuitive understanding of reciprocal force. But in honor culture, as you just laid out, which is a good point, the thing, when someone slights you, the purpose 
isn't to engage in reciprocal force. The purpose is to prevent further slights from anyone. From right? other people, yeah. Right. So that's not so they even if they know they know what reciprocal force is, but they're purposely choosing to do something more extreme for a different reason. This happens in all these dictatorships. They always talk about how yes. the dictator is always going way further than anyone else. Right. But see, but that proves that there is an intuitive understanding of reciprocal force because everyone sits around thinking like, number one, they know what reciprocal force is. And number two, they know what the social convention that's expected is. And then the dictator is going way beyond that. And that's what makes everyone scared of him. Of course. Yeah. Right. So, but anyway, but going back to this guy, I mean, to me, that's, I think that's why a lot of people call them slimies because it just, just seemed like a bizarre, like it seemed like it was way over the line in terms of what he, like why he was leaking this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so because usually when people leak stuff, it's because people are there's some truth claim that's being made about whatever is being leaked, and they leak it to say, "See, I'm telling the truth, and the other person is lying." And I'm just be like, "Oh, this person slighted me, so like, here's all the fucking worst things they've ever done in their life." And you're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, hold on a second. Well, wasn't the slight? It seemed like the reason he leaked the DMs was to prove that. Carissa had sexual interest in him because she claimed she didn't have sexual interest in him and she was just mm-hmm. doing it to be just doing it to you know basically as a boss employee type relationship to well first of all the leaks the, the DMs didn't prove that if that was the, what the point of them was um from watching his video, now there may have been more into this later, from watching his video, original video, it seemed like his claim was that he thought they were going to blame him for the divorce or something. And he was trying to point out, no, like they're fucked on their own. Hmm. But it's kind of like, why do you care if these random people blame you or blame an unnamed person for the divorce in the first place? Like, why does that affect you? Did like I mean did anyone even know that that he was like here's the thing too like I mean and I don't know maybe maybe someone in chat knows this following the story like before he leaked all this stuff did anyone even know that this guy and Carissa were having like DMs in the first place that he was involved with them in the, at all I don't know so I don't know I guess I just don't I don't know all the facts here but anyway we'll keep on. Uh, Mega My Own for five dollars says, "I thought the poll said, quote, I love femdom instead of feminism, and thought this was the best stream ever for a second. <laughs> well, there you go. You I guess we found answered. out found out what Mega My Own feels about things. You want to? You could put that poll up. Adam. <laughs> I love sure. femdom. I can't remember the poll that I did put up." Sometimes I try to do a funny poll. I was going to do a super a chat for the comic because I'm getting close to finishing the comic. Mm, nice. I, I didn't do it. Okay, here's my here's my question. This is unrelated. I just thought about it. How many days do we have to wait? Okay, how many days do we have to wait of the Wagner Group not invading Ukraine through Belarus? Before we get to mock all the people that claim this was 10D chess to move to secretly move the Wagner group to Belarus. 
in a way that no one would notice, even though literally everyone's talking about it right now, which defeats the entire pur- purpose of it's the supposed not, yeah. 10D chess move. Right? It's not secret at all. Everyone right. knows where they're going. Can, are we at but that point? Aren't they all over Africa too? I mean, what the hell? Right. Are, can we? Are we at the point? Has enough time passed that we can point to all the idiots that were throwing up that stupid chart on Twitter that showed like the red arrow of the troops from uh, from Crimea or the Donbass to uh, Belarus? We're like Putin has 10D chess, everybody. Here we go. And uh, it's like, okay, well, you know, how many days have to go by and that that invasion never happened? <laughs> you think it's always so annoying. People make like the dumb they, they make these like horrible, horrible um, explanations for events, and it just doesn't happen, and then no one cares. So like, well, I'll just believe whatever dumb fuck theory they come up with next. What is the what is without the claim? admitting that they were wrong in the first place? Because I don't listen. I didn't listen to a lot of the dumb fuck claims. Right. I was actually watching like German news <laughs> because oh, that's boring. Well, no, our our news turns everything in political. I'm like, I just of want course. the details. I followed some people. I followed some prominent Russian dissonance, and mm-hmm. I followed some people who seemed to have good information on what was going on, but I wasn't. Right looking at our local sphere of rightoids that are sucking Putin's dick so hard it's embarrassing. So, <laughs> but I do I I I commend you for keeping right. tabs on that situation. It's well it's funny to listen to. It's funny to listen to and watch. So I just I I mean I I kinda get it. That's what I really want. I just want to understand things and people's motivations and how the world is. I just there are a lot of people who hate democracy and they think we would be in a much better shape if we just had some sort of authoritarian dictatorship and they look to the soviet union as mm-hmm. that success story or russia which is, right now well, yeah oh yeah i guess it is russia look i grew up with it being the soviet union yes which is which is ironic because it was the fucking communists who used to look to the ussr as you know, their pet project that was going to prove communism works. Well, and it's doubly ironic because Putin literally gained power by being a communist and talks about how the bringing up the USSR was the worst thing ever. Did so he? people, yes. So, oh, really? Yeah. So that's how he became powerful. You talked about he was a, a government paper pusher, he was the guy who people had to go for permits. I forget where he, I think it was in, it might have been in East Germany. But I, I think of I really think of Putin as like a state capitalism guy, though. No, no, but I'm just saying like he's a he's literally Putin, literally was a bureaucrat in the communist USSR country. Totally. Yes, who gained political power because he was the guy that people had to go to to get permits to open businesses and to do whatever the various things that need to be permitted under the law of the government. Right. And so it's yeah. just interesting that he's now like a right wing hero. <laughs> like, really, this guy? Okay. Like re- the guy, that, you know, but anyway. I was rereading Kornikowski's book. And man, that book is so interesting. But he was in his 20s when the Soviet Union fell apart. And I guess it was Gorbachev that decided to, he was going to bring in incentives which mm-hmm. they grew up always thinking incentives were like a Western plot to destroy their society. Right. right. A capitalist plot to destroy the Soviet Union. 
And uh, so he he lived through that. And I mean, he describes the idea of introducing certain, you know, uh, capitalist incentives as like being a little bit pregnant. And he was like, you can't really just be a little bit pregnant. As soon as there was this idea that they could, you know, start a cafe or a business and make money. Oh God, they were all in with both feet because it was something, mm-hmm. something new that young people would would be interested in, and also, you know, just the idea that you could affect your status by running a successful business. Oh God, young guys are gonna jump at that, right? They started a cafe and then they started an IT business and they just they were going gangbusters. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so how many days do you have to wait to? I'm at the point. I'm gonna start laughing openly, mocking the people that made these stupid predictions. Well, what were Wagner. the predictions? That's what I don't know. So, so basically, there's the the people that you so aptly described as sucking Putin's dick, <laughs> um, because that's their first principle, right? Is to suck Putin's penis, right? Um, they have to construct everything through the lens of everything that happens must actually be something that makes Putin look good. Nothing can make him look bad. Right. Right. So it comes to the situation where they say, well, how, since I, since they want to suck Putin's big, <laughs> the Putin smelly pee-pee? D, his, his wrinkly old D, uh, and they want to flate his wrinkly balls, <laughs> they have to sort of construct in their mind, okay, how do we spin the situation so that Putin is really the mastermind here? Like based on no evidence, right? Like based on nothing, how do I construct a situation where he's the mastermind? Because I want him to be the mastermind. And so essentially they came up with this theory that this generally revolves around two things. The first thing is that Putin intentionally crafted or allowed this Prigozhin Wagner coup attempt to occur in order to see who in his government was disloyal, right? Mm-hmm. See like who would join them um, and then he would know who like the traitors are, right? That was step one. Um, and then step two was, or, or theory two was, uh, Bergosian and Putin all did this. The whole coup thing was a secret, a real way to just get the Wagner group transferred from one front where the Donbass was all the way to Belarus, which if you look at a map, Belarus is like really close to Kiev. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a way to basically move the Wagner from one front to the other without Ukraine reacting accordingly. Right. About okay. moving their own troops to defend against the Wagner group, essentially. Um, obviously, that hasn't happened, right? If that was the ploy, like Wagner would have attacked very quickly, right? Because the whole point would be you move them to this area and then they attack before Ukraine has time to response. That's not going to happen. Yeah. It's already been, you it's know, a days, sneak days, attack. days. Yeah. Right. So, so all that was obviously just 100% cope. So. But just the, the whole thing about like rooting out disloyal people, like I can't think of a way stupider. You're in the middle of a war, right? Like, and you're going to be like, oh, let me pretend that I'm actually losing my power base in my own country just on an off chance to see if there's anyone who's disloyal in my government. Seems well, like there are easier ways. Yeah, it seems like there's easier ways. Number one. Number two, you're not going to have Prigozhin. This is what I said from the beginning. The people that were or coping on this, they don't have an answer to this. You would never have in a million years ever have Prigozhin come out and challenge the entire 
basis of the war in the first place. That narrative is very important. That's the that's the psychological, philosophical justification for Russia to be doing what it's doing. And you can't have someone as as big as Prigozhin, who was on the front lines, come out and say that that's all lies. That's incredibly damaging. You don't that don't want that seed planted in the minds of all your soldiers. That here it is. One of the top military guys acknowledges that Putin is a fucking liar, right? And that the narrative is a lie. You yeah. don't want that for any reason. And it's absurd that this would be part of some sort of like plot. It'd be funny because I would get like on Twitter, I would get these very like kind of um, algorithmic responses to this question, which would be like, well, Sanzu said, Sanzu said, oh, that no. you, you know, oh, no. you want to be, you want to appear weak and be strong. And you're like, oh my God, like, oh, please no. stop. Like, oh, no. you know, you don't. No one wants a situation where, where you have a PMC march, basically a hundred up to a hundred miles to the capital, unchallenged, and and you're like, like oh, anyone can do this, I guess. Like, it just it just looks so bad. Yeah, it doesn't look good. You're for inviting anyone. mutiny. You are inviting mutiny. Yeah, you're inviting mutiny. Um, and it doesn't even seem like who are all the all the supposed people that Putin was trying to weed out. Has he weeded out anyone besides Prigozhin? Like who who are all these disloyal people that were caught in this massive you know ten D chess scheme? Well, they're folding the Wagner Group into the Russian military, right? But well, they were going to do that anyway, and that was part of what um, caused the situation in the first place. But that would have forced Prigozhin to be under some other military commander and that's why he was pissed and he was yes. basically looking yes. for a way out because right. he didn't want that situation well it was a, you know Prigozhin has always been kind of challenging them and it seemed like rolling them into the military and splitting them up would be a very obvious way to essentially neuter Prigozhin right and as soon and as you neuter him then right. you don't need him anymore he becomes expendable <laughs> right right and what do you do in these situations he fought, Pergosian falls out of a hotel window. Yeah, exactly. But it's weird. Now, the thing that's this weird is, of course, why exactly did he give up? Um, we don't know the answer to that question. What exactly were the agreements? We don't know the answer to that question. Because everyone's every every person and their mother is predicting Pergosian's going to die. And you're like, well, Pergosian had to be aware of this too. So what exactly, you know, every... what happened, right? Every video I saw of him on Twitter, he had a pistol in his hand. Yeah, right. So like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's right, pretty so notable, it, right? Right. So it's kind of like, it is interesting to, and I don't know, hopefully we'll find out. I don't know if we ever will. Like, what exactly, you know, why did they stop? What was the thought process? You know, did they kidnap their families and basically threaten to kill them? Did Prigozhin think that once he was marching, a bunch of people in the Russian military would switch sides and no one switched sides and he gave up i mean I, who did knows? he have someone on the inside that was supposed to help him but that person ended up disappearing or right yeah or not going not doing what he was supposed to do right right yeah i don't know yeah i don't know so we'll see if we ever find out it'll be interesting i mean we may not find out for 20 years no. though we might not find out for 50 years oh and then the other thing the other time scale thing that's annoying is like you know this is so uh, it's so irresponsible. And I tweet about this. You know, there was, there's like this weird cope that the right does 
which is simultaneously a good thing and a bad thing, where whenever there's like a racist person in a protest, they automatically assume that person's a fed. Right. <laughs> On one hand, it's good because it's like really incentivizing right wingers to not like racist. Right. <laughs> or at least to not like people that are outwardly racist. Right. <laughs> On one hand, it's like, oh, I guess it's a good thing. On the other hand, it's like it's annoying to me because those people who just assume everyone that's racist is a fed are just that's cope. I get that's just that's literally delusional. There's no evidence for any of this. They're like, oh, you know, we have this one thing with the Whitmer thing. So we get to forever say that anytime there's a racist person, it's, you know, a plot. It doesn't matter that all like all these Patriot uh, front guys literally got arrested and identified and they were not federal agents. You know, they're just going to we're just going to believe they're federal agents forever, regardless of evidence. And one of the things that happened was, um, so there was some incident where there was a pride parade happening and both the Proud Boys and Patriot Front or some other group claiming to be them uh, showed up and the Proud Boys uh, started to beat up and demask the Patriot Front people, which I think is a great thing. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I think it's wonderful, right? Now, it's funny because the, the Proud Boys are doing it motivated, not really because they're like, we're anti- we're like really anti the them being neo Nazis, which I know I know the Proud Boys aren't favoring neo Nazis, but they're doing it more so because they're animated by the the motivation that they think they're feds and they think they're feds trying to frame right wingers as being racist, right. which is kind of funny. But so anyway, so they demasked um, a couple of these people and took their pictures, and it's so fucking frustratingly annoying to me because. You know, five, six years ago, we talked about how dangerous it, the right talked about how dangerous it was for Antifa or some of these other people to take a picture of someone who was at some kind of protest, who was being racist, slap their face everywhere, and then assume their identity. Because oftentimes they would get the identity wrong and they would, they would dox the wrong person and they would get this person and all, they'd fuck over this person's livelihood and their their career, who was a completely innocent person. Yeah. And we talked about this at length, the dangers of doxing, the dangers of saying why it's okay to punch a Nazi. Because, you know, you don't know if, you know, who, who who's this, you know, what is the criteria for this person to be a Nazi, right? Um, I don't and, like them. And it was, we even talked about this recently with, uh, what's his name? That fucking TikTok guy who's a piece of shit. Yeah. With the city by Karen situation. You know what I'm talking about? The big fat guy. There was two, there was a fat guy and a short guy. Yeah, the, the big, the big fat old guy. Right. Because remember, he, Tizzy, Tizzy, Tizzy wrongly uh, identified some business, or he he doxed some business. Oh, you're right. <laughs> and he said like, oh, this woman who was racist in this video works at this business. And when you Google that business, it would bring you to a different business that sounded kind of similar. The hair. And salon. so people. Yeah, so people assume that was the business of the racist person, and that business, like, all these people are downvoting all their ratings, someone goes to the business and they spray paint, like, shit all over the business, and they do all this sorts of horrible shit to these people who are 100% innocent, and we're all like, yes, this is the dangers of doxing, you shouldn't dox people for this reason, blah, 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 blah. Everyone agrees, right? Well, And then, when the right, people on the right do this they get they pull off the mask of someone that they think is a secret fed and they say well based on nothing other than the fact that these two people look similar 
we're going to dox this one person. We're going to identify this person and claim that he is this guy in this protest, right? And and this there's like this like random kid who someone is claimed is the guy is was part of this this Patriot Front secret Fed operation protest. No one has any evidence to it other than the fact that they look kind of similar. And all these people on the right totally fine doxing this person and trying to get this person's life destroyed. And it's like, it's fucking despicable. And to me, it's even more disgusting. Elon Musk's stupid fucking ass is supporting this shit, which is yeah. insane to me. Because if it turns out, now we don't obviously know, it could, now here's the thing, it could be that kid, right? That could, It could 100% be that kid. But who the fuck knows? Because if it turns out that it's not that kid and he just looks similar, right? Which is very possible. That kid, if he has any damages, which he very well might, he could very easily sue Elon Musk for fucking amplifying his docs in this crazy way and allowing yeah. this docs to be put on Twitter. What a great way to get rich. I guess. It's just like, and it's just wild to me to see all these people on the right support this shit. I'm like, now to be fair, a lot of people in my, in our audience who follow me on Twitter don't support it. A lot of people don't support it. But there was a handful of people that did. And I was just, I was shocked to literally see right-wingers making the same arguments that SJWs made you know, six years ago when it came to doxing people. What were the arguments? Oh, there's nothing wrong with doxing Nazis, Sitch. Why are you against doxing Nazis? Right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't have a problem with doxing Nazis. I have a problem with you assuming that you have the right person whose life you're going to destroy based on a, a picture. That's what I have a problem with. Yeah, hubris. So... You know, it was interesting too. There was a, a another protest that's not getting so much play. I think it was in Georgia, um, where a bunch of people, not in mass, who all looked very white trash. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what precipitated this. They all went outside of like a synagogue and they like unfurled Nazi flags. Wow! And they were just like, I guess, protesting the existence of Jews. <laughs> so that's scary. Um, but it was harder to claim that they were feds because they weren't wearing masks and they all looked, you know, past the age of what you'd expect feds to be. Oh, they're so, just old timers? They were like a bunch of like 40, 50 year old, like wow. white trash looking individuals engaged in this protest. So. They're like, you can't cancel me, bitch. I'm retired. Yeah, I guess. So. And it was really weird. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? But that protest hasn't got as much play, obviously, in circles because it's, you know, you can't talk about them being feds. So. Oh, okay. I mean, you could, but it'd be much more difficult. Interesting. Anyway. So but I guess what I was going to say is the whole reason I brought this up is like, how long do we have to wait to find out that that kid isn't who they're identifying him as for all the people that were on board with the pitchforks to be basically shamed into oblivion? The answer is never because those people will never admit fault and it won't matter. and It'll just happen again going forward in the future because we live in a hell world. But Why would you admit fault? So many people are just... I mean, the thing that they enjoy is being part of the mob. Right. Of course. Of course. So we'll see. I'm very curious if that if that person will ever, if that person will be correctly identified. If we find out, and that's the thing, if it turns out that he is a secret fed, oh my God, you'll never hear the end of it. If it turns out he's not a secret fed and actually is racist, it will never be discussed again. <laughs> so yep. that's the of way course. the news goes. Sadly. Uh, Nilo for $2 says, you two don't have clear positions on free will. Is that true? I don't think that's true. 
How is our position unclear? That's the question I have. I think our position was, I know my position was free will exists, but you have to work to acquire it. Yes. So. I mean, we talk all about the elephant rider metaphor. And if you're just working off of your elephant, the elephant, I don't know that you can make an argument the elephant has free will. Elephant doesn't have free will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. So in most people's riders, very weak and feckless. <laughs> right. So. No free will. Uh, Theo Wolfie for five dollars says. Excuse me. Says uh, Ethan and Pearl is like watching two potheads trying to rationalize stabbing each other for a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Nice. That's a solid nice. joke right there. Uh, Girl Sarah for five dollars says Pearl is the woman she's complaining about. Could not imagine a date going this bad where she's sighing and giving three word three word responses for every sentence. Of course, True. yeah. That's uh, why John... she's unmarried, right there. That's we had Ouch. a date with Pearl. Ouch! Look, you've been on some bad dates. I'm certain of it. Oh, it's torture. Yeah, I I know. I mean, never. I've never been on a bad date in my entire life because I've never dated anyone. Because I'm a I'm pure. I have, and I'm I'm thinking, why? Why am I here? I had such just high hopes. I had such high hopes for this date, but we're just not connecting on any at any level. Yeah. 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 Very sad. Uh, John Master for five hours says, if she's committed to this line of argumentation, argumentation, she could at least jump on Hainland's Starship Trooper suffrage model and be fully consistent. Yeah, but listen, John, that would inquire or require, you know, reading a book, being intelligent, <laughs> having like some sort of like actually thinking about whatever the moral principle is that she's arguing for, you know. Her, her position is basically like, what is going to, what do people who are angry at women going to like me to say? Like, I, I think that's her, that is like the lens in which her information enters and comes out of uh, Pearl's brain. So think of the David and Bust thing. The thing I told you about how he said the number one thing people ask him is if uh, if he can explain to them why women went for the bad guy instead of them and superimpose that on the situation with Pearl and the red pill community and everything makes perfect sense. There are people out there at looking to answer that question. Right. And Pearl right. has all the answers. They're not actually correct or accurate or, <laughs> but their answers, right? Cause women suck. Yeah, exactly. That's the answer. Yeah. Cause women suck. Because women are slutty, gold-digging whores. Yeah. <laughs> clip it. Clip it. No, don't clip that. <laughs> hey, you're terrible. Why would you say that? C. Pappy for $2 says, voting should come last, lower the drinking age. No, I love that. I love that. Go. What should we lower the drinking age to? <laughs> of course you love that. Don't Look, that is not... I don't think that's actually a good idea. It is funny, but I don't think it's a good idea. I think the drinking age is what it is only because of college, I would guess. <laughs> like they need a couple years to actually just get shit done, right? Yeah, I would. Well, I guess, you know, they're like, like if it was more like people didn't go to college as much or 
like people stayed near parental units <laughs> i guess maybe they wouldn't feel like this like you know need to just be like okay you need you need at least three or four years in college before you before you just get away i mean first of all everyone obviously you know drinks underage in college anyway but obviously it would be do much they? more prevalent of course what do, what do you mean do what do you mean do they i feel like i started drinking in high school no no no, no. I, i'm saying i'm not saying people start drinking in college i'm saying everyone who even though they're not 21 in college drinks anyway. Yeah, totally. Right. But, but if it was just flat out allowed, it would be significantly more prevalent. So of course I got to run to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Okay. But anyway, that'd be my guess. I'll save the voting arguments for Adam. Cause I know he's so enamored with these ideas. Uh, Magus the Red for $50. Thank you, Magus. Says, greetings, brother. I'm here for the free will. Well, there you go. You have 50 free units of free will just for you, Magnus. Uh, thanks for the great show and the hours of wonderful discussions. You guys have changed my mind and made me more diligent in my principles. S-Class is... And A-Team has the best books. Well, thank you, Magnus. Thank you. Uh, PC for $2 says, and by work, you mean super chats. Listen. Listen. Uh, the Wolf for two dollars says the art of the war doesn't work against drone strikes. Ye of little faith. Uh, Dusty Shawns for thirteen months says, since Nerdette was on, I've been immersed in the anti OC and Dane world on YouTube. It's glorious. A team makes OC scream and S class beats Dane's butt. Well, there what? You go. It's it's funny that there's so much anti OC and Dane content out there that you could like binge on it. Like they have like a world of haters. That's pretty fascinating. So Yeah. That was uh the Nerdette super chat, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I messaged one of them about coming back on the show. Maybe I should message Dane. Bob never eh. responded, so oh you don't eh. want to look Sitch, eh. I don't I don't really know your eh. look, I don't know your your show guest philosophy. What are we gonna talk about? I all. mean if there's something to talk about, sure, I guess. Well, I look and I think, well what shows did people really like? Maybe we could capture the magic again. Okay. Maybe that's there you go. Maybe that's a bad You're right. philosophy. Though. Ask Dane. People hate him. And when people hate our guests, they give us lots of money. Yeah. So I'm on board. You guys have conditioned us poorly. <laughs> you guys have given, look, <laughs> look, you've given us all the wrong incentives. You've, you've, yes, exactly. Exactly. This is your fault. Okay. When we try to get Katie on again or Dane or presence on there, some guests you don't like, it's your fault. <laughs> all right. It's entirely your fault. So there are interesting people that uh i'm working on getting on the show though so right oh no there's we're gonna have some good guests lined up in the yeah. next two weeks that you guys will be excited for yeah but one of them you're not gonna like but you're still gonna be excited for it so right but i guess we're gonna leave it a surprise huh i was thinking that what do you okay okay i agree we'll leave it a surprise um, Loser Doma for two Canadians says Putin's Palace is a good documentary to watch. Yeah, I've seen it. It's very good. It's great. 
That's great. I think that's where I learned about you know his role and how he moved up in the USSR and became powerful. So, are you reading recent super chats now? I well, I, I did because you went to the bathroom. So. Oh, okay. Um, but I'll go back. Adam's uh. Nilo for ten dollars says Adam's child voting solves a problem he didn't present. His argument is to enfranchise kids whose rights are part and parcel already to parents. And then he says, but now we have more kids. Illogical. Yeah, I don't get this super chat at all. So he's saying that you saying that you present an argument for kids voting, which is to enfranchise the rights of children. And then Nilo's saying the rights of children are already infrant are already like rooted in parental like the parents' rights. If that makes sense. It's not illogical though. I mean okay. On when we apportion representation, they apportion the so many repre representatives per number of people. When they count the number of people, they include children. So if you have a thousand people and two hundred of them are children, only eight hundred people actually get to vote for the representative, even though the representative represents all thousand people so my my thing is the the parents should be able to vote and represent the 200 people that are not being represented it's easy i i understand parents get more political power but that's that's why it's based anyway move on oh you left okay adam friended Adam unfriended for $5 says, I want to raise the voting age because on average, most people become more responsible, wiser, and less emotional than 18-year-olds or younger. Well, I don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> I don't. I, I think I object to this word most. Most people. I think you could say some people, on average, few people become more. <laughs> I don't know. I know a lot of older and irresponsible people. I probably right. know a lot. I probably know more older and irresponsible people than I know older, responsible people. So, hmm. but maybe that's just because I'm in California. I just, I don't fundamentally. Every, there's a everyone sees voting differently than I see voting. It's kind of the same with the money system. You see what I see? What do you see? Do you see what I see? Yeah, no, you don't see what I see. No, I know, I know it's because you, you're saying, you know, voting is a tally. You want to have more people engaged in the polling process to get a better view of what the country is yeah where the country blah, is at. Blah, blah, look you right. are the only sitch is the only person in the entire world that understands your argument that understands yes. my argument for I, I mean i don't agree with it but i understand right right so no so when people when people come up with their prescription for how you decide who gets to vote. They're always coming up with a prescription that's completely antithetical to my system of looking at voting. Right. So, but I guess you're, you buy into their philosophy that voting is about picking 
ways to lead the country? Legislation. Yes. Okay. Um, that nobody for that nobody guy for five dollars says the answer for the draft argument is military support roles, community service, or aid work options. It's wild. You all think the status quo is equal. So there's this thing that I know has happened so frequently, um, where I will make a specific argument about a specific thing, and I don't address every potential uh, other thing related to the argument. Or because I don't address, you can't. That's literally impossible. Uh, yeah, which is impossible. Yeah. Or I don't address like a general the general argument. And so people um, assume that because I'm making a very specific argument about a specific thing and I don't address the general argument, that I must also be making an argument about the general argument or something to that effect. Uh, this happens constantly. Um, I never said anything in that conversation about the fairness of the situation that men have to sign up for the draft and women don't. Because I don't think that's fair. I agree. I think that's not fair. My argument was that in our country, the right to vote is not predicated on someone signing up to be in military service. And so it didn't make sense for Pearl, and she never really explained the logic about why that precludes women from the right to vote. Okay. Right. She just asserts it. Right. And this is why someone brought up the Starship Troopers thing. Because at least in Starship Troopers, even if you disagree with sort of the notion of voting tied into military service brought about in Starship Troopers, that's fine, but he's bringing up some kind of consistent logical principle. Like, you know, Pearl wasn't saying, you know, if a guy doesn't serve in the military or say a guy can't serve in the military because, you know, they have some kind of physical ailment, they lose the right to vote. She was just saying, she was trying to construct a reason because again, because everything Pearl does is backwards. Her, her goal is, how do I stick it to these harpy women for my audience? So therefore, how do I get it so women don't vote? Let me work backwards. Well, men have to be drafted and women don't. Therefore, I'm going to say that that's the factor why men get to vote and women don't. Right? She's working backwards. So, Do you know, have you read Starship Troopers? I read it recently and they do talk. I read about- it like a million years ago. So. Do you remember the? I don't remember anything about it except the moral that the, philosophy behind why only people who serve in the military get to vote. The only thing I remember of Starship Troopers is that the main character is upset because he wants to be in the unit where he gets the hyper intelligent dog, and they're like, "You're too stupid <laughs> to have the hyper intelligent dog. You get to wear the jumpsuit boots." And he's like, right. "This makes me sad." And he wears the jumpsuit boots. The mac the mac suit. He gets the right. Basically That's the, the only part suit. of the book I remember. In in moral philosophy, and I completely yeah. disagree with this, the reason why only people who serve in the military can vote is because only people who serve in the military have the mindset to take other people into consideration mm-hmm. when, they, when they vote for policy. Like vote for war or something. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, sure. Which, I and I understand that argument, yeah is completely antithetical to everything I understand about voting or the democratic process. I think a yes. fundamental principle of democracy and voting is that, funny, this is something that Andrew actually got right in that debate. Mm-hmm. 
a fundamental principle of voting is the people who can't vote generally accumulate all of the costly externalities of society in right. their camp because they have zero political power to prevent it. And right. I, I discovered recently when we were talking about this, the Vietnam War is a great example of this because they have all of these troops that are going, that are being drafted and sent over to die basically over the ideology of communism. And then none of them are even old enough to vote. The voting age is literally 21 at the time. So most of the people mm -hmm. are 18 to 21 and they don't even really have the ability to vote against it. So what is the downside for the public? Well, I guess obviously the parents are probably going to vote against it. But right. they have this huge voting block of people that don't have any political power to vote against it. Voting age was dropped to 18 in 1971. After the Vietnam War, yeah. Right. Well, wait, I think actually during the Vietnam War, because Vietnam, Vietnam didn't end until 74. Right. I think that, I'm assuming that, 75, I'm assuming that's why, was because it felt so, like, obviously unfair that you were drafting people to die and they or to serve the country and possibly die. Um, and they literally couldn't vote. So, yeah, I'm assuming that was part of it, but I don't I know. Bet, if that's I bet if we looked at the elections after they lowered the voting age, I bet the turnout for the 18 to 21 crowd was pretty high right. since they were the ones that were potentially entered into life altering sure. situations over right. the draft and, serving right. in the military uh but in the general no i i think i would agree well i don't know it's kind of a difficult situation because um yeah i mean i would agree if if women can serve in non-combat roles effectively then they should have to sign up for the draft as men do i don't problem with that well there's plenty so, of stuff that needs to be done in the military yeah so i don't i don't i don't disagree with that at all either but it was weird the part what ethan was pointing out is that pearl was constructing this bizarre hyper loop logic where she was like women shouldn't get the vote because they can't they're not drafted but then she doesn't think they should be drafted <laughs> so it's like well okay you need a better principle of logic then at that point so anyway is also is our periods fair i mean i'm glad i've never had a period i don't know sure but that's stage, a but... right but that's well i guess you could say well you know, if men are better suited for combat, right? That's just a physical reality, like having your periods of physical reality. So it's not necessarily fair, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, true. Um, Lightning Ninja for $5 says, uh, the argument was so bad. If there isn't going to be another draft, why would forcing women to sign up for it be bad? Yeah, I mean, she Pearl could have brought that up, but, you know, that would have been... <laughs> That would have been an interesting thing. But I don't even know if Ethan, I don't, I'm assuming, because I, it never even came to that. I don't even think Ethan said whether he was in favor of women signing up for the draft or not in that conversation at any point. So I'm assuming he would just say, yes, women should sign up for the draft. This was kind of a problem with Pearl's strategy because she wasn't right. really asking Ethan any questions. If I was in that situation, I would have started asking Ethan some tough questions myself. Right. Well, it's difficult because it was kind of the same thing when we we're talking to Scott. Like, if the conversation's set up as an interview, it's very easy to fall into the framework of you're getting asked all the questions, right? Sure, that's true. Um, 
which it was, I mean, for for Pearl, that's what it was. She was coming on basically to be interviewed in an aggressively debatish manner by Ethan. I think that's kind of the problem is that's, see, here, here's your, here's your pro tip. That's the problem. Okay. The worst case scenario is to be in an interview, a debate interview, right? Because if it's just a debate, then you're like, I'm going to ask this other person what their position is on X, Y, Z. I'm going to debate them on it, right? It's like an equal footing. If it's an inter interview debate where someone's just interviewing you and then debating whatever your answer is, which to some extent, to be fair, we were kind of doing that with Scott. It puts him in a permanent defensive stance. And that's kind of what happens with Pearl and her conversation. She's in a permanent defensive stance. So, Well, we, I'm, I am trying to get better at this, at talking right. to people and kind of figuring out a productive way that's interesting for the audience and also interesting for us where we're able to communicate more effectively. Cause I do think a lot of the problems that we're having is just mm -hmm. people are coming in here with wildly different perspectives. Everyone in our audience knows our perspective because you and I talk about it so much, right? but people don't watch your content or anything. So like Scott doesn't really know our perspective on this stuff. Right. Um, see, Pappy for two dollars says, "Get off your elephant sitch." Well, to be fair, I don't remember what we were even talking about at the time, but I will assume that you're wrong because my elephant told me to say that. What were we? What was? What were we talking about? Trump, I think. No, it was it, it was, was something about um, it was something about the women voting drafts issue. Oh, it was. Oh, because no, I mean, it was all about the draft. Do you, are we going to listen to the? the audio because we did theorize what the audio could be like and it is the trump audio it is so much we so, can listen to trump audio when we're done with this it yeah. is like everything we had we had theorized so if you hadn't heard and i guess we'll tease it for later so the trump audio dropped the, this is the audio for the conversation about him showing the documents the documents yes right um so yeah and so there's like okay so the question was is the audio going to make Trump look better in terms of right. like, oh, he just maybe like quickly flashed a paper to someone and it's not a big deal? Or is it yeah. going to make it worse? Like he's like, here, look at all these documents that are secret. Um, it is, now it's not it's, a, it is right, a lot now, worse. Now it's not a video, so we don't know. It's just audio. But the audio really makes Trump look worse. <laughs> really makes him look worse. Um, I mean, it sounds like the... The pages are like accordion folded together and they just like drop to the floor. Yeah. Right. Now, obviously, the audio can be um, deceptive because you're just hearing like papers flip. Yeah. Sure. You're but hearing yeah, the like audio... a thousand papers. Right. The, yeah. And he literally the says like pages and pages and pages. Yeah. 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 And what he says, because the transcript wasn't even, it didn't seem like the transcript it's was the, even. It's not accurate. Like, it, it wasn't even like the full conversation. At least the he's full making part like of that Hillary and Anthony Anthony Weiner jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, from an emotional perspective, I would wager if that audio recording is played in a courtroom, it will hurt Donald <laughs> Trump. It will not help. <laughs> and it was funny because I because I listened. I'm like, wow, that's that doesn't look good for Trump. That's gonna hurt him. And Scott Adams concocted this like bizarre interpretation of the audio that actually helps Trump. no way tell yeah. us what is it 
oh my god, I don't even know if I could. I don't even. I don't think I could do it justice. I have to hear. I heard. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, the thing that I really bizarre. The thing that I remember us talking about was whether or not he was doing it just to like show off, or you Mm -hmm. know, basically what was the tone. And I had, I had said, you know, I thought he was just being show. He was showing off. Well, of course, I don't. I don't think. I mean, neither of us. We both predicted it was just to show off. We didn't think he was like trying to sell state secrets or anything like that. Right. Right. But in the tape, he literally. I mean, it's so obvious he's showing off. He even says, yeah. you know, how cool is this? <laughs> he says, how cool is this? Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, dude. Oh, so, so, okay. So if I remember Scott's take was, so you, you know, there's a part where like Trump says, um, like, I, like, these are top secret. And then there's like, he says something else. And then he says, I could declassify things when I was president, but I can't when I'm not president. Right. Yeah, he can't do it now. Okay, so like a normal interpretation is that he's saying the documents he's holding are top secret and they're still classified, right? Yes. But Scott Adams is saying, well, just because he's saying they're top secret, he's not saying they're not declassified. They could still be top secret and declassified. And he meant that they were top secret. And he just meant like theoretically he could declassify something as president and now he can't. He doesn't mean he didn't do that for these particular documents. I think he says in the thing though they they are top secret, and they yeah, right, even right. they no, have no, a conversation about they need to get them declassified I, so they can include them in the book. Also, this is like a hundred percent. I I guess you. I'm just saying that was the argument. Was that like well, just because he says they're top secret doesn't mean they're declassified. I'm like I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it means. But okay, it was a very weird. It was a very weird argument that he gave. So. They literally have a conversation, but right. now we know how much how how much it's about the Millie thing, and yes, which I would be curious if we. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get to the answer to that. I would be very curious to get to the the bottom of that, just because of my own curiosity about the whole. Did Trump ask for the plans? Did they just have random plans to go to Iran? Because you presume that the government has plans to invade every country. He says in the um, video that they didn't, or he says in the audio. That the the military put the plans together without him asking. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's the claim. I'm I'm curious if that's true. true. Okay. Right. I gotcha. Like I'm curious if it's true. Like, did the military put plans to invade Iran? Because he's he's trying to say like, oh, the military was pressuring me to invade Iran. Right? right. That's his argument. And I'm curious if that's actually true or not. And I I mean I think it'd be very useful to as a voters to know if that was true or not. Well, I'm sure they'll ask him now that, oh, God, it's like, talk about airing dirty laundry. Yeah, but I'm saying, I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that question, because presumably the Department of Justice is going to deny that. Presumably Miller's going to deny that. So we'd actually have to see whatever the plans is that he's talking about, which we can't see because they're top secret. Can we get a Brett Bear interview where Brett Bear asks him, listen, in the audio, you say that Anthony Weiner is a degenerate. What did you mean by that? <laughs> did he say that? I forgot. Did oh, he, he calls that? him like a pervert. or I think he right. calls him a pervert. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember him using the word degenerate. but I think it's pervert or perverted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll listen to the audio. The audio is... I listened to it like five it's times. Funny. It's funny. I was funny, like, this is comedy audio. gold. It's straight Trump. You listen to this and you're like, yep, that's Donald Trump. <laughs> He's like, how cool is this? 
he's showing off. I I swear he he's trying to have sex with these girls. There's like a bunch of giggling girls. You know what's funny? Yeah, because I guess the aide and whoever is interviewing him are both women. So you definitely get the sense of like playing it up. So that's funny. And I know, and it's I should have thought of this. I didn't think about it till till you said it. I should have thought that Adam would immediately put in his mind he's trying to bang these women. <laughs> Did you see the eighties running around with after the indictment? I was like, oh no, my she god! I didn't say no. She's very top heavy, if you oh. know what I mean. Okay, yeah. wait, let me Trump. Trump always seems to hire these these pusty aides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do I find this person? Look, Sitch is already. <laughs> I want to. I want to see. I want to see the pictures. The top heavy aide. She's. I. I She's in the video where they go to the the restaurant in, I think it's Florida, right? Where he ends up praying with all the religious re- uh, religious leaders on his birthday. What was, what's the name of that place? I think you could search that place and probably see her in some of the photographs. Trump praying mm-hmm. birthday? Trump supporters... <laughs> Pray Since, over him at Versailles. Is that the name? That, that's the I, place. Vers- I'm not sure that Versailles is the name of the place. Ch- chat. What's the name of the place where Trump went after his indictment? The campaign stop place that everyone goes. <laughs> Sitch is titillated. He's just. Trying I'm, to I'm just curious. Well, a- I'm. Th- I'm curious because I'm like. I'm thinking that's from like from Melania's perspective. Like she gotta be real fucking pissed if her, her husband look, I haven't seen who has like a very sordid history of cheating on her is like fucking hiring all these like hot aides, you know. Yeah. I supposedly she was sitting right next to him in the indictment hearing too. Wow. I was waiting for the you know, they could they could only do sketches, courtroom mm-hmm. sketches. I was waiting for the courtroom <laughs> sketches to come out. And then to be like, you know, a little over embellished. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Like right. Trump sitting next to this, just. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. That would be hilarious. If I Red was Robin, did they go to Red Robin? If I was doing the, if I was doing the courtroom sketches, I would definitely give give the media something to look at. Lady Cameron says, discussing this play sitch, make sure to put them on stream so they can shame you properly. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I don't know. I can't figure out who Look, it is, you. So. I'll do some searching. You read. This is technically my job anyway. You okay. read some super chats, and okay. I'll see if I can find them. Sitch is titillated. He's just trying to keep abreast the situation. True. True. Okay, let me close all these new tabs I opened. <laughs> Jeez, okay. I, can't, I can't believe. Oh, man. What? Oh, look, I see it all. I'm already there. <laughs> yeah, you already found it. Keep going. Just read some okay. super chats. I'll, I I got you covered, man. Okay, thank you. Hennessy for $2 says, uh, for men to get student aid, you have to sign up for the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, men have to sign up for the draft like you're supposed to by law. You're not allowed to not sign up for the draft. So to get anything from the government, you're supposed to sign up for the draft. So, yeah. Uh, Doom Media for two dollars says keep the draft, but only draft streamers. <laughs> there you go. 
Hmm. Oh, CPAP. Okay, I, this is probably what CPAP was talking about with, with my alpha thing. For, for CPAP, Trudeau says, you two are too old for the draft. I'm not. It's evil. So here's, so again, this is what I mean when I talk about like specific versus general. It's actually very interesting. Me talking about the draft was very much like Jonathan Haidt bringing up a weird moral foundation question where I'm talking about something devoid of morality. And because people don't like the moral implications, they get mad at me. <laughs> right? Well, that's, yeah, I can, I understand that. So it'd be like, essentially, like if you said, if you're in a conversation with someone and you brought up, like, you said like, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, you look at crime statistics or you look at shootings and you say like, oh, you know, you know, like the statistic where they say, um, you know, more kids died uh, last year by gun violence than anything else, right? Under the age of 18. And you go, that seems impossible, right? But then when you look at the number, you're like, well, it, that's really the age range that, that all the gun deaths are happening for kids is 14 to 18. And it's unfortunately primarily black kids, right? And so I feel like you have to kind of like parse out exactly, to understand the information, you have to parse out exactly what's happening, right? Because then it's like, okay, so if it's primarily 14 to 18 year olds and it's primarily uh, black kids, that would imply that there's very specific criminal violence happening. It's not like a bunch of mass shooters are running around, you know, killing children in schools or something, which is kind of how the number was portrayed in the media. Um, now, people could you. I'm just saying what the facts are. People get very mad, accuse you of being racist or whatever. I'm sure you've all had these interactions, right? No, so the, never. Me, I would right. never be accused of being racist. Right. So me with like the draft thing, I made no claim about whether the draft was a morally good or bad thing at all in the conversation. I actually agree. I think you the did, draft though. is. I did not. I said. I, I don't think the draft is is morally a great thing. I understand exactly. I think it's pretty horrific that people could be drafted in a war that they don't support to go die for some insane cause. My point was about the practicality of it, to say, from a practical perspective, no country is going to exist that doesn't have the ability to draft people for war. It's just not going to happen. And so to me, for people to argue against it, for feminists, to try to circumvent the conversation about whether women should be drafted by giving a fantasy position that the draft should be abolished, to me, is a kind of like debate tactic, right? Because mm -hmm. the reality is, and it's it's weird that people didn't pick up on that. They only picked up on their own personal feelings of the draft. Because from my perspective, even if you don't like the draft, the draft is going to exist in America. It's never going to go away. I hate to break it to you. It's never going to go away until we get robots or whatever to fight. It's just not going to happen. And, and that's so going to happen pretty quickly. So don't well, that worry could too happen, much right, about but it. But whatever. But so if you're having a conversation with a feminist and you say, hey, as a feminist, shouldn't you, if you're in favor of equality, shouldn't women have to be drafted like men? And they don't want to bite that bullet because they want to continue to basically just be only get like the benefits of equality, right? Without the penalties of it. If they get to argue the position, say, well, no, technically I'm not in favor of women joining the draft because I want the draft abolished, but we all know the draft isn't going to get abolished. To me, that's like a fake position because it's really a position out of convenience of not wanting to bite the bullet of being philosophically consistent. And I guess people were missing that. And they were just fixating on the fact that they don't like the draft either, which is fine. But I'm just telling you how it is. 
Well, this is how people normally argue. They they come to their conclusion on a, a position based on how it affects them. So the draft is a perfect example here. And this is also, when I was talking about voting, this is why I think of voting as a poll. The, right. You're asking the population about a certain policy prescription. The population is going to say, well, how does this policy prescription affect me? And that's going to determine whether or not they vote yes or no for it. And if you have 51% of the population saying this policy prescription is bad for me, that's a good poll of a policy prescription that you probably shouldn't go with. Right. 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 Um, but the but the reason why like if if you're young and you can't vote on that the you, you can't measure that it's bad for you yes yeah yeah so this is why i completely conceptualize voting differently than most people anyway i uh, bought the I, the the i saw the picture helper up yeah i listen if i was melania wouldn't be very happy. <laughs> I mean, she looks a little like Melania, I'm noticing. I, I was going to say, that makes it even worse. She looks kind of like a younger Melania. So. It's funny that you brought it up. In the picture where she's standing next to Trump, I mean, she definitely has that that European, kind of Eastern European look going. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. I wouldn't be happy. Right. I wouldn't be happy, so... Do you see the profile picture? <laughs> I just want to make I, sure. I did see the profile picture where you can see. Uh, I just want to see make, her bust size. Yes. I just want to make sure right, I picked right. a good picture for you. Sid. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate okay. it. Yeah. Well, you're the one that wanted to drop everything and bring up a picture. I was like, you know, you could probably search later. So. Well, you brought it up now. We all had to know. We all were just on pins and needles to know about to to just to verify saw, the claim okay i saw a few oh my's in the chat so right the i mean this is interesting just from a from a social psychology perspective like why is trump hiring <laughs> hiring these people hmm wouldn't you what think a question yeah i don't know when he when he's waving around 200 pages of classified documents I'm wondering, right. is she in the room? Well, okay. So to be a little bit, to be a little fair, let's mm. try to be a little fair. Right? Let's assume that Donald Trump is not a typical horny male who just wants to fuck his aides, right? Or right. just wants to have like attractive women around him for his own sake. It is a good strategy psychologically if you're trying to give off an aura of power, right? And, and charisma to have like, attractive women around you because then people kind of intuit that to mean something you're the alpha male right exactly so from a purely cynical perspective even if he's not cheating on his wife or whatever um it would still behoove him to do that to have that so right so there you go anyways good for him good for him okay where we're all done with super chats already no we're yeah, not we even are. close what do you mean aussie yeah. r for 10 aussie buck says with today's politics if china invades the u.s how many would join the invaders because they think it'll end esg 
True. Unfortunately, too true. many. Oh, that's very true. Far too many. Yes. Yes. WTF1A1A for two hours says, so why not just force everyone to serve? Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't have in, a problem with women joining the draft. So. Sitch is also in favor of mandatory service. Service. I right? am. When yes. Out of, yes. Yeah. I'm literally in favor of people having to spend two years out of high school, either joining the military or joining some kind of uh, government core where you help build up infrastructure or do things around the country that that's not profitable for private businesses to do. And I would have it situated so that it tries to send people to places they're like very unaccustomed to. So if you're like in a big city, they try to send you out to, if you live in a, if you grew up in a big city, they try to send you out to the country. If you grew up in the country, they try to send you out to the big city. Cause I think it would twofold, not only help people be responsible, help people give, you know, uh, worldly views. I think it would help them feel, I think a big problem in college is that kids are like free for the first time. So they just fuck around. And I think if kids had two years of being in the military or being having to like do this kind of social service, like and say like, oh, these are the kind of jobs that maybe I don't want to do, <laughs> right? So maybe it's important for me to get an education. I feel like people would take college or after school employment or I mean after high school employment or after high school education a little bit more seriously and also would give them a better understanding of maybe what the rest of the country feels like because they'd be interacting with people they wouldn't normally interact with. So being in like a bubble in college where there's just a bunch of, you know, lefties. So I hate this idea. I, I have the do. same feeling about this idea that you have about my voting take. Okay. So. Okay. I'm glad you hate it, but I think it's a good idea. You're right. So uh, I'm in favor of making everyone serve. Um, A-team is in favor of expanding your personal freedom. S-class okay. wants to expand your personal <laughs> responsibility. Well, you have to acknowledge that there is validity to the argument that a just like the... So, Okay. There's a there's a scale there's a balance between individualism and um, I don't know what the word is I don't want to say collectivism. collectivism not collectivism but like responsibility to others right so like there was a massive social pressure that used to exist in America where it was like oh you need to not do things because it will make the family look bad right sure. And the thing is now that has basically been eroded because we're like hyper individualized nowadays. Like the idea that you're making a family look bad is seen as kind of like an like a relic for a lot of people. Not for everyone, but for a lot of people. And I think that was a useful enforcement mechanism to get people to basically behave themselves. And I think eroding it completely is actually a damaging thing. Yeah, so we took the social pressure away. Right. So I'm not like... So to me, if you say, well, I'm in, I'm against you, the two-year service thing for the country because I'm in favor of hyper-individualism, I'm like, well, I'm not in favor of that level of hyper-individualism. I think our country would be better if people had a greater sense of national pride that they don't have anymore, that I would hope that two years in service that we all shared would give us some kind of national pride. How about this? I'll give you one year in service... And you give me no taxes for four or more kids. For four kids? Four or more, yeah. Why? Why? Why are you so concerned with increasing the population size so much? Look, we're wheeling and dealing here. I just, I just don't understand what the, what the thought process is. No taxes for four no, or more kids. I'm not. I, no, I don't want to incentivize. We're, just, we're not in like a population decline, Adam. I just, we don't need that. Yeah, we are. 
Well, no, because of immigration. We're not. If we didn't have immigration, then I would agree with you. All right, but why not just make some Americans at home? Okay. No taxes. Look, it'll give people something to strive for. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Did you see that tweet totally blew up? I did see that, yeah. I did, <laughs> unfortunately. I was very upset by that. Were you really? I was I was well, devastated. Once again, it was your graphic design. Adam used my meme to put his terrible idea on it. I knew it would blow up. I know. So it many people up. so many people retweeted it and said, retweeting for the face alone. <laughs> I know. So I didn't even care about this stupid idea. They just liked the the picture. So, fair <laughs> oh, enough. So good. Anyways. Sulfur Jr. says, do you want to bring back the active draft? Well, there's no reason. No, not right now. There's no reason to. So, I mean, we could think of a couple countries to invade. We could free Canada. There you go. Jumar Media for $2 says, I get so happy when Sitch is mad. <laughs> really? Of course. Where's that? Uh, zombie. What? Oh, are you, are you going to... I don't know. No, that was at. that was from then. That was Doomer Media. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Zombie Liquid for ten dollars says major boomer truth movement here with you guys. The draft is slavery, plain and simple. If you have to press gang people to fight your war, it's not a just war. Humans are not the property of the state. Wow. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a. I think it's it kind of relates to what I'm saying. I think it's a, an entitled Zoomer uh, privilege statement to make that claim. You know when. Uh, I, I think, and I, and I and I disagree with you, Adam. The, the statement that you made, and about that you don't think a draft would be necessary. You know, when the barbarians are at the gates, uh, I don't think most people are going to pick up the sword and and defend the city. I think they're going to flee. So, <laughs> I think you need a, I think you need a draft. So, I mean, I I mentioned obviously September 11th as a as a point against that, but I. I don't know. Right, but so, okay, so so Carl brought up the fact that he said in World War II, there were literally people that were committing suicide because they were so upset they couldn't join uh, the army because they had some, like, you know, the army dismissed them for health reasons, right? They, they were, were the, they were Quasimodo and 300. Yeah. They're probably not to that extent, but whatever. Uh, and even with all the support for World War II and all the, you know, people literally committing themselves, all the Captain Americas, they still had to have a draft because there still was not enough people. And I think I think the issue is I think people just don't have a good concept of like how many physical people you need for certain wars. Right. right. You know, like with Iraq, yeah, we didn't have like is a small country and we weren't doing like the type of thing that maybe the type of war that was being implemented. We didn't need to have so many bodies on the ground. Right to the extent of what we're trying to do, um, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to you have to protect your country to some extent. So now, again, I'm not making any statement about how the draft has been used. You can definitely say, you know, Vietnam, classic example, really bad usage of the draft. I would agree. Gay Ben for two dollars says, "Why are you centering the chat again? What's wrong with you?" Oh yeah, I remember reading this at the time. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I never got to the bottom of what Gay Ben was talking about uh, two weeks ago. So, 
I don't know. A very good horse for $10 says, Sitch, Adam's right. I don't care about Trump. When it comes to any enforcement state, Fed or local bias goes, your local or local, your bias goes to them first, even when they've been shown to be corrupt recently, take it into account and be neutral. I just vehemently disagree. Oh, yeah. This, I have to show evidence of that, yeah. This is a stream where we got the heated, where we got heated. Well, that's why that we never got the end of Super Chats, because we had like these hour-long tangents. How come so. CT never clipped that out? That was like a good fight. What were we um, fighting about? I can't remember. It was about... Um, you said that I had a bias in favor of... Like, did that get clipped? Do, is the FBI know. corrupt? That'd be a good clip because we argued for I don't like know. 20 minutes on it. No one liked any of the pro clips, so it was fine. But um, I don't think that would be a good clip. Oh, you're right. Honestly, Pearl. at all. So okay. I disagree with you completely. Okay, well, we, can, we just don't need to clip Because it, it, I mean, it's an argument. It, the argument wasn't about is the FBI corrupt? The argument is, am I biased? As an argument that no one cares about unless they're really, really involved in watching our content, right? I bet if we did a clip. Yeah. And it said, is PSA Sitch biased about the FBI? Mm -hmm. That clip would get 20,000 views. I don't think it get 20,000 views. I think it would get 5,000 views. <laughs> and it'd be 5,000 people who all say, Haters. Sitch has TDS and he loves FBI, blah, 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 blah. Right. right. You're probably right. Because the average person doesn't give a shit about that question. So, um, no, I just it, it, <laughs> zero fuck says yeah, it's a bad clip because you won the argument, Adam. There you go. The appeal, the appeal to authority, the appeal to popularity. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, if we had an argument that I thought would actually generate views, I would, I would, I would say that. I just don't think it, anyone cares about it. They're asking for a poll. Is that? People, the people are people are going to be voting based on whether they agree with me or not. So. I'm not going to be voting upon whether they think it would actually get a lot of views or not. I'll let Sitch do the poll if he's interested. I'm not. I think that okay. might be a little too. Look, I would be um, angry if Sitch did a poll that was like, right. is, Adam, is Adam's voting take stupid? Right. <laughs> like, I, right. I would rather it be a mystery. <laughs> well, no, it's just, it's just essentially like people want to throw... Here's what it is. And people are not going to like this, but this is what it is. People want to throw accusations at um, the FBI or the government or whatever. And I keep saying, give me proof of those accusations. And then they say, well, I don't have proof of that accusation. I have proof of a different accusation, right? Mm -hmm. In a different time, in a different place, by different people, in a different situation. So therefore, you have to accept that they're corrupt now. I and hate I, that. I totally hate that. That's like the main argument that, that comes into this stuff. And it's just like, I just, I, sorry, I don't accept that. You know, I don't accept that when people throw that at Trump. I don't accept that when people throw that. Like, that's the that's the basis of like all this America's a racist country argument. It's like, well, did you know that a different people in a different period of time in America were racist against people blah, blah, blah. So they're racist now. And I'm like, well, no, I need evidence that this specific situation, you know, these people are racist, right? I do. I do think that your standard of evidence it's is very high. Is it's too very high. high in that some of these be. situations to right. be as convinced that you are that there isn't corruption going on. I, that's well, why but, I'm well, like, okay. Well, 
Well, I mean, you, that could be fair. My, like my to be neutral evidence, is, the, right. and this is what the super chat says: be neutral. Right. Like, like I am neutral because I don't. And like I said, the book that I was trying to get you to read, mm-hmm. man, that book. Well, you're trying to make that fallacy. Like, well, the the police were very corrupt in L.A., so therefore that means something mm-hmm. you're for wrong. You're the wrong. FBI you're mis- in a different wrong. part of the country. You're wrong. Different, you're mischaracterizing different... my position. Okay. You're mischaracterizing okay. my position. Okay. My position was, and I'll have you repeat it back to me so you, you can remember <laughs> it. Yes. In these institutions, that book gives you a window into the institution's efforts to hide conceal the corruption yes I to conceal yeah. the corruption right. to hide the evidence that my argument right. is this is why i think your standards of evidence are too high because you actually have the institution itself and people within the institution working to obscure the evidence right right and Which you're not kind of not yeah, taking sure. that into account well no it's okay here's the thing i'm basically adhering to an innocent until proven guilty standard not just for people, but institutions as well. Which I um, this is which uh, look, people don't like because well they they like it if they like the institution right they're going to give Donald Trump all the charity in the world and they're going to give the FBI zero charity. Right. Is there a, a like I get that the innocent until proven guilty, but I mean I need a I'm okay. And, here, here's my I problem. don't know until here's proven my problem. otherwise. <laughs> Here, here's my problem, and I, I guess, and we can kind of move on, so because we don't have to relegate the entire conversation. Um, to me, the classic example of this conversation, Sitch mm. requires too high a bar of evidence for the FBI. This really came about in the conversation or the debate we had with counterpoints about the Twitter situation. Oh yeah. Okay. I my problem is it's not just like, and the reason I didn't just say. I don't think you've cleared the bar of evidence to show that twi- that the FBI intentionally crafted a conspiracy to get Twitter and Facebook to label the laptop as Russian disinformation. Therefore, I'm going to say I don't know. The reason I felt a little bit more confident saying I don't think it's true is because when we actually looked at the facts of the case, like it's like it seemed like there was a million different things the FBI could have done differently that would have been better at concealing the story than this like very convoluted scheme of like trying to gaslight Twitter and Facebook into doing this. And you would expect to see, and we had evidence not from the FBI. Remember, we had evidence directly from Twitter about people's conversations about the validity of but the validity of the uh the laptop and all that stuff. Um and none of those conversations ever mentioned anything with like, well, the FBI told me this or that or whatever. Like there was just, there was nothing there. There was nothing there. And that's why I felt more confident saying, I think the whole thing is bunk as opposed to just taking a neutral position. It's the dog that's not barking, right? Well, yeah, I think you're on the narrative that you came up with for that situation completely makes for the Twitter files completely makes sense. Like, it's just, I mean, even... Yeah, but that's when, when you say that you think I have a bias in favor of the FBI, like, that's what, like, 99% of the people were talking about, was that they don't agree with my take about the Twitter files thing. Oh, really? Yeah, because that was the big conversation about, you know, uh, giving too much credibility to the FBI or whomever, right? 
even though I wasn't giving credibility to them, I'm just saying I don't see evidence for this specific claim. But there's all and they're making all kinds of claims with the FBI. It's not just about the Twitter files. It's no, I know, but I'm saying that was like the, the biggest Biden laptop. That was, the what? It's not yeah, but we don't really about... have an extensive conversation about the whether they hid the Hunter, whether the FBI is like slow walking the Hunter Biden investigation. I don't think I've ever said anything about that. Right. I mean, the specific conversation that that, that broached this was more about um, people comparing Hillary's emails to the Trump top secret indictment documents thing, right? Right. Now, of course, at all the whole conversation about the FBI became irrelevant when I researched and found out that there are actually four investigations into Hillary Clinton, three of which had nothing to do with the FBI, <laughs> three of which were under under the jurisdiction of Republicans, and none of them could find any evidence of wrongdoing or right. of criminal wrongdoing. But you know, no one cares about that because when an investigation is done into someone they don't like, and the investigation comes up dry, people just purge that information from their mind. Well, this so. is this is why I kept bringing up the book because these kinds of narratives were being propagated all over the place within the Los Angeles Police Department. Like we've we've um, looked into this and it's a big nothing burger. But who's looking into it? Internal affairs. Yeah, but this is okay. But there's a difference between saying like the Republicans who are incentivized to make the Democrats look as bad as possible did three different investigations into Hillary Clinton and couldn't find anything. The people that are the most incentivized to find something couldn't find the goods. Right. Right. So what point do we get where we say, well, that you have to accept that, right? Or you have to at least accept that there's no evidence of the claim. Well, obviously you make a good point with Republicans looking into it. Right. But I don't, if investigators are not cooperating in the book, the, the lead investigator, a homicide, uh, a homicide detective, he he came up with a list of leads that they needed to run down. Mm -hmm. And they immediately were like, okay, well, these leads are actually going to solve the case, so we can't right. really run down these leads. So they gave him a bunch of you know other leads, other busy work to, to do sure, instead. Sure, right, and he yeah. kept saying, look, I keep, I keep asking my commanders to run down these leads. And in my opinion, the best leads that we've had in the case have not even been investigated. So they would stop the investigation there. So anybody that came in would be like, they'd look at the reports, they'd look through, but nothing would be there because they literally didn't find anything because they didn't look for anything. So I don't, I, I don't know the details of the situation here. Like if the Republicans go in and start looking through the files and they even, he even went as far as saying like they, he saw that they had two different files going where they had just, I guess they compile these big reports for m murders Mm -hmm. but like the official report didn't have a, even a lot of the stuff in there that he had reported. So right. I don't necessarily know what these reports look like. I don't know what the investigation looks like. If there are guys on the ground that are doing an investigation and if there's bureaucrats that are going in and just looking at the paperwork of the investigation, I mean, they call those investigations too, but I don't, I don't know if they're actually going to find anything. Mm-hmm. So okay, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, I guess, and just to end it, and then we can move on to something else, hopefully. Um, you know, on Sunday, you know, I talked about how before I had a position on whether Hunter Biden was undercharged or not. Mm -hmm. I wanted to read 
um, the uh, testimonies of the whistleblower and of the whistleblower's boss and try to get in a lot more information. And it was like hundreds of pages. And I got sidetracked when I was reading it. I got sidetracked because that's when all the Russia situation, you know, with Bergoglio. Which was far more interesting. Which was far more interesting than reading this fucking tax accountant guy complaining about the investigation, right? So I got completely sidetracked by that. Um, and so I said, well, I don't have an opinion on any of that stuff because I don't have enough information. So it's it can be annoying to me where I'm like literally like I want to read 400 pages of fucking testimony before I have an opinion about this, and yet it's like no, Sitch, you're just biased because you have TDS, or you're just biased in favor of the FBI. And I'm like, I'm like okay, right? That's like why am I even bothering to do any of this work if people just get mad because I don't come to the conclusion that they come to, and I just I guess I've just put myself in a mental space where I just have to accept. That it literally doesn't matter, uh, you know what I say. There's a selection of people who, if I just don't agree with the end result, they just will not be happy about it, and that's fine. And we'll just, you know, we'll, well just we, move on. We'll, but we'll all move on with our lives, and we'll just keep working for it. So. There are two paths here. There is the Sitch and Adam path, where we're trying to get to what the actual truth is, right. even though nobody wants to fucking hear it. Yes. And there's the Tim Pool path where we, <laughs> where we where we get rich and we build a skate park in front of our house. I say we go the Tim Pool route. You know what? You could be onto something. Adam. <laughs> you know, it's a convincing argument. I never thought of it that way. Okay. You know what? I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that Joe Biden <laughs> uh, told he called up the prosecutors in Delaware. Incremental steps, not too and he much. Said, They're going to call said, us grifters. He said, you better drop these charges against Hunter or I'm going to get Hillary Clinton's hit squad to take you out. And he said, yes, sir. We're going to give him a slap on the wrist. And they said, good. And they hung up the phone. You read that in the Durham report, right? And I read that in the Durham report. Yes, I did. I did. So there you go. I decided that I'm voting for Donald Trump in this upcoming election. I don't care. Even if he's not running, I'm going to still vote for him. I'm going to write his name in the ballot. Okay. Even if he loses the primary to DeSantis or anyone else, I'm going to write Donald Trump forever. And I'm going to draw a picture of American flag on my ballot. Galley, Galley Dowdy in the chat says, Adam yeah. sounds jealous to me. Hell yeah, I'm jealous. I want to fucking skate park. True. We are jealous. I want to own a skate park. I want lots of money. Yeah. Anyway. I like to skate. I want seven foot of vert. Uh, Christian Baller for $10 says, Happy Father's Day, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Sitch is, Sitch is Lois. Adam is Peter. And Doomer is Meg. <laughs> wow. That's pretty funny. Very specific. Funny. I who, guess I wouldn't I? disagree with any of that, but okay. Adam is Peter. Okay. You're Peter Griffin and I'm Lois Griffin. I'm not sure how I feel about my nuts, my nut chin, but. <laughs> You're fine being fat and stupid, but the nut chin is The too nut far. chin is a bridge too far. <laughs> right. Going through life being fat and stupid is mm. no way to live. Right. Classic line from Animal House. Oh wow, that's okay. a that's a movie. He says that to uh, what's his name? That's Jim Belushi. John Belushi. John Belushi. Right? Yeah. 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 
I remember as a kid, I really wanted to see that movie because I thought there might be some TNA in it. And then there really wasn't that much. And I was like, There's the one dead. scene. There's one scene where you see tits, isn't there? I was where he's at the window with the sorority. I was super Do you actually see it or is it censored? I don't remember. It was look, at, look at Adam. Adam is like, you have Animal House, very funny movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in years, but I'm sure it probably still stands up. I mean, I'm still a little dated because all movies are a little dated. And Adam's like, I didn't like it because there wasn't tits in it. <laughs> look, look, I didn't grow up with pornography, hardcore pornography in my pocket. Okay. Okay. Which is, I didn't it, either. I didn't look, either. But still, think about like, it. On. Think about it. Okay. It's probably a good thing that I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. You would never have left the house. I probably have ended up being a much more well-rounded individual without that option at my disposal. You are correct, sir. Yes. You are correct, sir. Uh, Gay Ben for five dollars says, "I can always count on liberals to censor wrong think and chat. You should stop selling yourselves as reasonable centrists. Listen, believe, and censor." I, we never found out what he was talking about. Yeah, I don't know. Did we ever find out what he was talking about? Look, and I'm not a free speech absolutist, so if you bug me, fuck off, okay? Yeah, but you weren't banning anyone in the chat that day, were you? No. I mean, I wasn't. No, look, I, so I, I don't think, even know what they were talking about. I think we have very lenient policies. Yes. So, which does make it difficult when we have people on the show like Brianna, obviously. But I think, I think the comments on mm-hmm. Sunday's stream, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised. I thought a lot of people were being won over by Brianna and really enjoyed the dialogue between Brianna and Sean. Right. Which was was cool. So there were obviously haters as well, but I thought. I thought it was uh, at least 50-50, if not a little bit more, in ha- uh, having dialogue with the opposition right. favor. There's something that's weird that's going on. Because someone uh, DM'd me a while ago, and they said that they couldn't super chat. It was like the word woman or female or something. And I was like, that's really weird. And I go to our channel, and I open up the blocked words, and it's just like, you know, slurs. Like, that's the only thing that's there. The only thing that's there on our blocked words from from our end are slurs and that, like, that, you know, like when we were spammed with the spam bots, with the porn spam bots? Oh, yeah. I put some of those phrases in there as total, like, as whole phrases. Wow. Um, so you, you could use individual words, but you can't use, like, the whole phrase of this of, that the spam bots are putting in there, which people, it's not, it's not like a phrase people would use in a normal sense anyway, you know? <laughs> um, you know, it was like, I forget what it was. It was like, you know, press... 999 to spin to win at you know x3y.com or whatever the fuck whatever convoluted shit it was um but anyway so i'm like so i'm like i just sitting here like i have no clue why the chat or youtube is censoring people from sending super chats or typing certain things in chat obviously youtube has an internal mechanism that it detects things because you know there's a difference between top chat and live chat is top chat has YouTube's magical internal invisible censoring mechanism in it. Well, live chat's not supposed to. So I don't know if, I mean, YouTube must, if people can't super chat certain things that are not being blocked on our end, there's got to be something where YouTube is either censoring things and not telling us or censoring specific accounts and not telling us. I don't know the answer to the question. So, well, the chat that shows up in the video, I think is top top chat chat, because it's, because that's the, 
the way that I have it set up, it's I don't have a an option to choose live chat or top chat. Right. So. Oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't know what. If you. If you feel that something specifically was censored that you don't agree with, you're either gonna have to send me a DM uh, or a super chat so I can see what you're talking about. Because I just I don't I don't know if you just say something is being censored in the chat and you don't tell me what it is. I don't know. I don't know how to respond, but okay. Look at how, look at how we aim to please. Right. I, in the, so in the, in the video, it's, I have listed here live chat, but it always comes up top chat. I have like the link to live chat. It says live chat, but <laughs> it says if, is it does it change the URL if I switch it to top chat? Oh no, it still says live chat. Whatever. Uh CT for two Canadian says twelve weeks. That's how long the guy gets to decide. Mm -hmm. There you go. I assume that's something about abortion. CT for no two dollars says, Don't tell us what to do, Adam. We'll ban you too. There you go. Will you? Probably when we said don't ban anyone. <laughs> uh Caraman502 for five dollars says in Vietnam. Uh, we're volunteers. There you go. Oh, I'm Nilo sure there for, were. Uh, Nilo for $2 says, more kids doesn't equal enfranchise the kids. For voting. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why do I respond to that? I don't know. Lightning Ninja 36 for $5 says, the Ethan Pearl debate is the intellectual equivalent of Boogie versus Wings. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Ouch. PC for five dollars says the awkward moment when you hear your dad's arguing about whether you should be drafted. Even worse, your sister is there laughing in your face. Yeah, I, you know, I guess it was my fault. I didn't, since I wasn't paying attention to the chat, I didn't realize that so many people like wildly, like for some reason, um, wildly thought that I was okay with the system of just saying only men get to be drafted and women don't. Because I don't recall saying that at any point in the conversation. Did I say I don't? Did I say anything like that? Do you remember anything like mm -hmm. that? I mean, it's not my opinion, so I don't know why I would say that. I literally had the. It's literally my position that everyone, man and woman, should have to serve in the government in some kind of government service for two years after high school. So I don't know why. I don't even know why people would think that'd be my position. Would you be in favor if the women had to be drafted as surrogates for super soldiers? I'm not in favor of women being forced to uh, to uh, be birthing sows. No. <laughs> okay. No. Well, that's good. That's okay. good to know. I was right, worried right. you were going to answer incorrectly, but you did. That's the correct answer. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I passed the test. We were worried for a second right. there. Right. Uh, Jan Happy for five dollars says, "Okay, Klein might have issues and can do better in this debate, but he is so much less frustrating than Pearl. You cannot deny he has better points." I he's I mean, funny too, obviously. I mean, right. he had some jokes right. that I was like, "Well, that's funny." I mean, I don't like Ethan. I don't think Ethan's particularly intelligent, but Ethan is more intelligent than Pearl, or at least can articulate his thoughts better than Pearl can. <laughs> okay. Pearl was very bad in that conversation. And I think she's very bad overall and very uninteresting overall. 
So it's kind of weird because I did follow the humongous stuff, and I really felt like Ethan. Look, Ethan Klein is a good dude. He's going out of his way to help this humongous guy who was totally targeted for for cancellation by this crazy right feminist. But it seems like that was just all for show. Well, I don't think it was all for show. I think he honestly believed it. The question is, and I don't know if there's an answer to this, it would be interesting. What, why did Ethan change his mind so drastically on politics? What caused it? Did he get the TDS syndrome where like once Trump was elected, a lot of people who were anti-SJW kind of spun off in the direction because they were just so horrified of Trump being elected? Is it a grift? Because he now needed to... Because when he started doing his new show, he stopped making his um, his uh, short form comedy content and started doing his streaming. His streaming relied on him getting Hollywood guests that were friends of his. And so a lot of people theorize because of that, he starts to grift and become more woke because he needs the woke people to basically show up on his program, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the truth? I don't know the answer. I mean, because back in those early days, I mean, he had Jordan Peterson on the show and he had a good conversation with Jordan Peterson. And it was super weird for him to then turn around and call Jordan Peterson a Nazi when they literally talked on his show about the Nazis and the dangers of Nazism. And people were then taking Jordan Peterson's con- uh, comments on Nazism on H3H3 on podcast. And misconstruing them. And misconstruing it. And it's like, yeah, yeah you think, you know, and he's talking to Ethan and Elo who are both Jewish. It's like, obviously he's not advocating for Nazis to like... You know, to Ethan and Ela about this, but so I don't know. It's it is interesting. Why, what, what caused this shift to occur? I don't know the answer to that question. So I, there's a video, the original Humongous videos from September 14th, 2016. Mm-hmm. So when was okay? So that's after Trump. Well, no, that was before the election, right? But yeah, because it's in October, right? Yeah, right. So this was this was like. Yeah, so it could country. be it could be the Trump thing. Well, I mean, because I'm pretty sure he talked to Jordan Peterson when he when he first talked to Jordan well, Peterson. Yeah. Was, was that 2017, 2018? I was. Yeah, he had a hum, he had. There's a humongous podcast from 2017, right? So July 30th, 2017. But right. So yeah, I don't know what. I would be curious. I don't know what precipitated the. Uh, I don't know what precipitated, the whole thing. He deleted the Jordan Peterson ones, didn't he? So I can't even really find out when they were. So Dr. Fidar says, I don't think it was TDS. I think Ethan, I think it's the fact that he's in LA and basically absorbed their ideals. That or the Michael Jackson documentary. I don't, hmm, interesting. I mean, I don't know, but he's, didn't he live his whole life in LA? It's just, why then, right? Why then? Some people claim it's the Bill Burr conversation. I never saw that, so I don't know. There's a Jordan. It was after- Pe- There's a Jordan Peterson analyze, or Jordan Peterson highlights from the H3H3 podcast, which is November second, twenty seventeen. Well, I think he took out. I think he took down the conversation or something too. I think he took down the whole one, but it's from his highlights right. channel. So oh, okay, it's still up. So, um, it was after he got cozy with Susan uh, Wojcicki. That's possible. She gave him a call and she said, "Listen, Ethan, right, vape nation is going down." <laughs> It was his podcast with Hassan. Well, I would assume he would be woke. I'm assuming he'd have to be down the path of becoming woke to even conceptualize the podcast with Hassan in the first place. I assume that's already too late at that point. I would guess. But 
after the burr conversation it was like he realized he wasn't sturdy enough to go the more anti-woke route oh maybe i'll have to check it out i never saw that after conversation. what conversation the bill burr conversation because he was worried he was going to get canceled I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they talked about in that conversation. So, right. Sucker Fighter says, "I'm just joking about the Michael Jackson thing, but no, he was in New York City for a while. I think I don't know. Maybe he grew up in L.A. Oh, no, I don't know. I think Ethan Klein grew up in L.A. but did move to New York City. Oh, and then came back because they did. Yeah, they. I used to watch their videos when they were in New York City. They hung out with. What's the guy that? That Destiny first debated that kind of blew him up. Who is that guy? I can't remember. I don't his know. Name. That blew up Destiny or blew up the other guy? Blew up Destiny. The other guy was already big. Oh, Jontron. Jontron, yeah. Yeah. He Jontron was in New York and they hung out together and did videos together and stuff. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh Fat Brown Buffalo for two for ten dollars says Majority Report just dropped a twenty minute video making fun of Tim for getting upset about Emma's neo Nazi smear. They completely ignore Tim and Sean's point that he wasn't even subscribed to Tim and ignore Gavin Wong. Of course they do. Bring okay. up the video. <laughs> Look, you know the video that I want to review? What? The 20-minute video of Tim Pool calling Emma a pedophile. That's <laughs> the video I want to review. Right. Or he pretty much just... I, I was like... Okay, the gloves are coming off now. Here it comes. Here comes the pedo Nazi, <laughs> the <laughs> pedo Nazi war, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, he well, watched. Yeah. He had, Tim has nothing to lose. They're already calling him a Nazi. So. <laughs> I liked. I, I hadn't joined the watch together until just now. You have that treasury. <laughs> I know. I brought, I brought it up. You thought we were going to talk about that? Because he, cool. Because we can watch the majority report video now. Whoopsie. Let me get um I gotta get some water though before we do this. Do it up. But I'll be back. If you wanna keep going, do whatever you want to do. I will read some more super chats since we have a bunch to read. Thank you, obviously, J Mac, for the hundred dollar super chat. That's very generous of you. I will wait for Sitch to come back to read it. So Let's see here. Where's my super chat tab? Old school for $4.99. Adam and Sitch, what am I watching? A contest to see who's the bigger imbecile? S class is best class, but A team reigns supreme. Well, thank you, old school. That's very centrist of you to get us both in there. Oh, uh, a, a Keelan? Nare Annie Swami. <laughs> I think I did pretty good there, actually. For five dollars says every every time someone says grape, I always think about the WKUK grape grapist sketch. Anyways, S class is best class. I don't know the I don't know that UK sketch, but I am a fan of British humor, obviously. British humor is the best. So Kyle uh, Petey, Kyle, Kyle Petey for $10 says, in the Philippines, divorce is illegal, only annulments. I also would bet 
They have higher marriage rates. Not sure, though. I would look it up, but I'm at work right now. Uh, worth looking into, though. The Philippines divorce rate. Interesting. But I do think that if divorce is illegal, you would probably have lower divorce rates and higher marriage rates. I think that's a safe bet. Anonymous for $2 says, Adam's bias. Oh, Adam's biases. Let's get Sargon on and find some. Uh, that's true. But everyone knows I have zero biases, obviously, right? What is my bias? People, I, there's a there's a meme that I, there's obviously a meme that my elephant runs wild. And, I mean, maybe that's true. I don't know. Sometimes I'm not really very intuitional. Sometimes I just hard, cold facts, hard, cold reason. And people still accuse me of making some kind of emotional argument. But unfairly, I would say. That's, and that angers me. Anonymous for $2 says, Pearl is somehow making Ethan sound good here. <laughs> yeah, we experienced that quite a bit through this entire... Yeah this entire live stream yeah yep yep Junebug for two dollars says you should bring on undead chronic he is scientist <laughs> i is undead chronic a scientist i listen look i've listened to some of undead chronic's live streams content he's a he's definitely a red pill guy and i mean i don't really it's his Content really seems more. I don't know how old the guy is, but it really is about kind of just dunking on feminist stuff. So right. I don't know. I don't know what kind of conversation we would have with Undead Chronic, but I'm not opposed to having him on. So, uh, Cal Petty for ten dollars says, "To be clear, I don't think. To be clear, I don't this divorce. I think he meant think. I don't think divorce should be illegal, like Steven Crowder seems to want. <laughs> I wonder why." <laughs> Uh, but I'm just not sure it will drastically decrease marriage rates. Great show, guys. S class is a best class. I yeah. mean, I think it. I mean, I, I'm I'm guess I'm guessing it would. If you made it so people can't back out of marriage, I feel like people would be a lot more hesitant to get married in the first place, unless you drastically increase the incentives to get married. So, Nuance Bro was on Twitter sniping at Steven Crowder because Steven Crowder. I guess has four divorce attorneys and is going for full-time full custody. custody of the children right. instead of 50-50 custody. He was sniping at Pearl, I saw. Was he also sniping at Steven Crowder? Oh, maybe it was Pearl. Maybe I got Because Pearl it. was basically making the argument that Steven Crowder should get full custody. Okay. That's, um, yeah, that's, I think, correct. And her argument to me was bizarre. It was essentially that she was saying since the wife... I thought this was her argument. Maybe I'm misunderstanding it, so I don't want to put words in her mouth. I thought she was saying that since the wife initiated the divorce, the husband should get full custody. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why, though. That I don't understand the logic there, but all right. So, I mean, I, I think it's it's always going to be weirdly... Con Obviously, each situation is different, right? Like if, if one person's very abusive... Uh, or a bad influence, you you can understand someone advocating for full custody, but it's always going to be like kind of contentious when a parent's advocating for full custody, right? So, I think I have enough evidence to make a personal decision 
that Steven Crowder is probably a giant egotistical a-hole and someone that I, I probably wouldn't want to work with or be around yeah. or hang out with in right. any way, shape or form. So, right. Well, I'm just saying, okay, I agree with you. I think Crowder is a giant egotistical twat. Mm -hmm. um, I agree completely, but to be fair, I have no clue anything about his wife. Or his ex-wife now. True. Right? Like, yeah. She could be like an insane <laughs> psychopath, right? She, you oh know, she God, could be like you're so you know, right. She could be like clipping her fingernails and like putting them in in food for the children. Like I don't know what's going on there, right? I'm just saying. So theoretically, there's a world where you could say as bad as Steven Crowder is, it's better than the, the wife. She could be so. worse. You're right. It's it's like two a holes get married. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm just saying. Now, of course, that could not be. Of course, she could be like a perfect saint, and he could be a total evil person. I'm just saying, like. Yes, whenever you're in a situation where one parent is is demanding full custody and the other parent wants custody, like that's a real, that's a rough situation. That's a real like, right, emotional roller coaster situation. So, especially if they've gone into a traditional marriage where she's like basically the breadwinner and she's the stay at home mom, right? And he's got four attorneys and she's got like one. That's probably yes. relatively inexpensive. <laughs> Well, I mean, in that, well, I don't know what's, what state is this? Because aren't there in some states where the husband has to pay for the wife's attorney? Though, I mean, I guess it doesn't mean it's about four attorneys, right? It doesn't mean like it's for one yeah, attorney, I don't know. but. Wow. So, um, how old are these? If I, look, if I'm buying, if I'm paying for my wife's attorney, look, I'm buying the shittiest attorney I can find, <laughs> right? I mean, how's that work? I don't know. There's some legal mechanism for it, but. That doesn't seem. How old are these kids that they're these? I mean, fighting full, over. I have no idea. For full custody over. Are they like babies? Or I have something? no idea. But remember, Candace Owens like <laughs> going after Steven Crowder over the stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed. Listen, I here, here's my take on it. Um, and I understand why people get super hyper emotional. Um, and divorce for reasons that are understandable. But I think people very often when relationships go bad, they act like children and they yeah, act incredibly insane. Look, now, I don't know if that's happening here. I'm just saying this has been my take on, on things. Um, and I would, this, my take would be unless one of the parents is like really fucking abusive, I think it's generally really bad to try to cut them out. From their child from a child's life entirely like they got to be really bad to be like i get full custody you get nothing like that's they got to be real bad okay to do that i think i think most children deserve to have the ability to know their mother their father so well stephen crowder has kind of what i would what i think is a, a paranoid streak and if True. i if I was in a situation and I was paranoid, I would think my wife is turning my kids against me. And that's right. why I would be going for full custody. I see. I see. Yeah. I would be worried that when the kids are with mom, she's just talking shit about me all the time, just trying to sour them against me. Sure, sure. Yeah. I understand. Right. And that's definitely a good point to to consider because that's a really bad situation to be in. It is. It is. Unfortunately, I think that happens far too much. I I think it happens quite frequently. Yeah. I think it happens a lot frequently, not even intentionally. I think very frequently 
um, one parent will shit talk the other, like they'll this, and I think this is really damaging. I think lots of parents do this. They'll use their child as their therapist slash friend that oh, they'll I bitch know. about, you know, problems in their life to their child too, yep. which is really wildly inappropriate, especially if the problem is related to the husband slash wife. Yeah. And I don't think you should be talking to your child about stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yes. That's horrible. Don't. don't put your kids through that. Don't do it. You're supposed to be the rock of Gibraltar for your kids. Yeah, you're supposed to be the parent. You know, if you need that, you get a friend. If you don't have a friend, get a fucking shrink. <laughs> yeah, to them, right? totally. I brought the video uh, not... up. People are clamoring for this video. Oh, no, we can watch be, a video now. Must be insanely. Tim Pool melt. Well, it just came out, so I don't think they've seen it yet. But... Must be insanely bad faith. Tim Pool melts down when asked about influencing Texas shooter. Well, this is the clip. <laughs> yeah. This is the one. This is a... Did you hear the whoopsie? Whoopsie. <laughs> they did put it look i said i said we should put that on the soundboard yeah we should because you're we... showeth for nothing <laughs> we should put it on it. you're showeth for nothing i'm convinced he he did that for the mortal combat toasty reference no one's going to convince me otherwise you're showeth for nothing <laughs> <laughs> They're such pieces of shit. Oh, God. This is so fucking high school. Is it yes. not? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny that, like, so again, I don't have, obviously, we don't have a problem here trolling people. We've done our fair share of trolling people, right? Mocking people. Uh -huh. um, but, I, but I think what we've done that's pretty good, I don't think we've ever, I don't think we generally don't do this, is when someone is trying to make some argument and we just say, Ha ha, you're stupid poopy head. We don't have to address your argument. We get to laugh at you because you got mad, right? I, I, that's not something we generally do. So it's it's very telling that, that the majority of part is just laughing that they didn't get a win on Tim by like defeating him with facts and logic. By proving his argument wrong, they just got they just get to win because they said Tim Pool mad. Ha 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 ha. Well, but uh, not only that, it, it revolves around, I would say, an untrue smear. Well, yeah, obviously. I have, do we do that? Do we make up lies about people? And Right. Like, I, I don't, this, well, look, we're ethical trollers here, okay? That's true. That's true. We don't mind dunking on people, but making up shit about them to get basically everyone to hate them and think well, they're a Nazi? It's like, if, if Tim Poole went on the majority report and he just started calling Emma and Sam groomers. And I know. Pedos, right. And they got mad as they should rightfully get mad for that accusation. And then the, he didn't actually make an argument. No one made an argument. They just threw out this claim. And then, and then Tim went back and said, ha ha ha. I got Tim and Emma mad. Cause I called them groomers. Like, like okay. I mean, that's very childish, it's very low character, I guess. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I saw the video and Tim makes a pretty compelling argument for the groomers thing, to be honest. I didn't see it, but okay. I mean, I think he, even if he didn't, he's justified to some extent now because of this, right? So. I, you know, the funny thing is, is that your debate with Tim 
is probably going to have derailed both shows. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. going to derail his show because he's going to be dealing with this and mentally for a long time. And ours because... He... That's not true at all. <laughs> you, you think you think this is going to be some, like, Tim basically making Emma look bad in a conversation, but a bunch of people on the left laughing because Tim gets angry and, he, and Sam thinks this is going to be, like, weighing heavily on Tim's mind for some extended period <laughs> Tim went out to sushi afterwards. I mean... And was I, like, why didn't you come out with us? And thought it was weird that you didn't, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Look... We did a Sunday show on it because it was it was interesting. I feel like right. we had some good content because Brianna Wu thinks that Emma did a spectacular job, and I think well, look, in the parts of the conversation we never saw yet. But to Bri be fair, when it came to other topics, she did better than the part we watched. But. Well, yeah, no, I feel like I don't want to throw shade at Brianna because I feel like you know she came on the show and uh, right seemed to be arguing in good faith and all that. But I do, and I said this when she was here to her face. I think yep. she's got a little uh, TDS, a little oh, Tim Tim derangement syndrome. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Because right. as she, I mean, she even said she just enjoyed watching Tim get mad, which is what's happening. You don't like Tim Pool, so you get enjoyment, phys emotional enjoyment out of watching him get angry, which that's fine. But just mm -hmm. don't pretend like it's something greater than than that, right? Right, but this is not going to derail Tim's show in any way, shape, or form. So no, and no one's really going to be talking about this you know, next in a week. Of, weeks. of yeah, course, well, next yeah. week, right? no one's going to care. Is anyone even so, talking about this anymore now? I feel like we kind of got it all out of our system on Sunday. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. <sighs> gonna do anything other than play that sound drop because you're not having real conversations <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because i don't think the they had a real conversation i don't see i don't think what emma did was a real conversation about anything no yeah it was a series of attempted gotchas right that's what i think is interesting because you i look i think i sent you the video you got to watch that video that tim made okay because it kind of makes me think Tim went in there to get some gotchas too. Because I mean, he does make a very compelling argument that the groomer label applies to Emma. And what she said in the show, I mean, it looks terrible. She's basically saying, I have no problem with these hor horrendous books. Yeah, I know. She, she kept saying, well, she was doing the, like this, the snaky thing where she didn't want to stake out the position. But she said, so she's like, well, I'm against censorship. Yeah. I was like, so you're in favor of, of allowing children to read pornography. I didn't say that. I just said I'm against censorship. It's like, well, what does that mean in this context? Yeah. So. Well, no, but he showed certain books, and she said, I got no problems with that book. Right. But I don't think she really knew the book she was signing off on, <laughs> which looks horrendous. Right. It looks right. horrible. Yeah. So I think Tim's argument is a yeah. little better here. Okay. This is why we never get invited anywhere. I know, I know. I mean, like, all right, so we'll just, well, let's play that clip before, you know, you have to go, just to give people a teaser before we get into it, because... All right, set it up. This is obviously the thing that went went viral, where I was probably around an hour, an hour and 15 into the, the two-hour debate, and he was... And we should say this, hold on. Yeah. You thought the sh the you sh thought the thing was going to be pre-taped. Originally, we thought it was live, yeah. right? But and then, then he told me it was going to be... They told us he was going to be pre. Boy, they. You Why does thought, this matter? You thought it was going to be live. I'm just. Uh, 
obviously they were collaborating a lot in the setup of this, right? Yeah. You yes, thought it was going to be live. That's a good point. But this it's weird. This is like she because she brought this up in her phone call right after to Sam. Mm. Why is like maybe I'm missing something. Why does it matter whether it's pre-taped or live if they're not going to edit it? Like who cares? What's the difference? Right. Am I missing something? No. Okay. I just I don't know why they keep focusing on this pre-taped versus live position. Pre-taped. Um, and then I, when I got there, he said, oh, we're going to do it live. And I was like, okay, I was expecting something like this. Because they but... didn't want, like, any sort of assistance or something like that? Like, what do you think Although, is the... It, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. what. The, I think it was really to get in my head about it. And... <laughs> Frankly, I... What, why is... Okay, if I'm going on someone's show and they're like, this will be pre-taped and not edited. I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe she thought like they would edit it so they could edit things out or something. Right. Which then I guess I guess then you could say, okay, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, it's... I think it's pertinent. I would want to know if it's going to be pre-taped or live, especially if I'm going into what I perceive as a hostile arrangement. No, you, I, I like, I, I want to know, but unless if someone tells me it's pre-taped and that, that they say, well, we're going to air the whole thing unedited, then what's like? There's no difference then. Oh yeah. Totally, but oh. if you if you think that they're snaky, they could be saying that and lying, right? Yeah, but they're... why does it? Right, but that's what I'm saying. I would prefer it to be live because I'd be like, oh, if they're gonna tape it, how do I know they're not gonna clip me out of context, right? Right. Or if it's yeah. live, they don't have an opportunity to do that. So I'd actually prefer it being live. Right. So I don't. I, just, I don't understand. Sense. She's making it sound like like oh, it's like if it was live versus pre-taped, she would have done something differently. This would change her, the psychology of the situation, which I just, I guess I don't, I don't get. Right. When you told me it wasn't going to be live, uh, I get like the day before I'm like, Ooh, that I, I, I would no, Cause I thought, I thought about honestly recording it on my phone. Oh, okay. So she agrees. She would prefer it to be live. So she should be happy, I guess. So she, so their argument is that they pre-taped it. They were saying they pre-taped it to fuck with her head. Okay. And just to make sure that she was, she, uh, actually Sam did the thinking for here about, oh, tape. That's wow. Not very listen, good. you misogynist. He literally just said that. She he said, you heard it was going to be independently, Adam, he, you sexist. Do I need to rewind it? You literally heard you, Sam say, you, oh yeah. When I heard it was going to be taped, I was like, eh, that's probably I know, but not you're, a good okay, idea. But when you say, I understand that. I understand what you're saying. Uh -huh. You're not listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I said, she's doing. He's doing the thinking for her. Right. Okay. Well, and that's the sexist part. So they didn't edit anything out. So I was happier for it to be live right. because it meant that there was not the ability for them there to hide anything embarrassing yeah. that happened. So, I, it, I don't know what his mentality was when uh, he switched up last minute, but whatever. It's just and the kind of mind games that happen. Did you also say you were going to be on like a beanbag chair or well, something? Well, it was the Culture War podcast thing, so I thought it was going to be more in the format of the what he'd been doing with the Culture War show, because I checked out and he'd done one with Carrie Lake and Vivek Ramaswamy. And put him on a beanbag? Well, I saw the beanbag yeah. set on the other side of the room, but this was the normal set. And, but, and those interviews with Carrie Lake and Vivek Ramaswamy didn't have, he didn't have a little research assistant he did uh, challenging not. them. <laughs> he did not. So that was something he brought in from like, I guess, traditional Tim Cass, which is they do have like, when they had Lance or Binder on, multiple right-wingers 
gagging now, up on. Now, why do they do that? Why does yeah. Tim do that? Does Tim do that to pretend like he's somehow in the center? That's what he wants to do, I think, clearly. But that was what I my goal was going into this, was there? I wanted to nail him down on a few things. I wanted to see if he could expand on why he likes Trump over DeSantis for these incredibly... Uh, specific reasons like regarding AI usage which I of images which I find to be p pedantic which is kind of Tim's thing um, other things so wait wait this is so annoying because like okay you can disagree first of all they didn't really get into it right because she kept changing the conversation yeah she's the one that changed the topic from time to right. time she was playing topic bingo she was constantly changing the conversation um but, like, you can make an argument. It's not necessarily, like, a bad argument either. Or you can say, if you have the choice between two candidates and one of them does something that you view as a highly unethical thing, like make fake, I, fake AI pictures and put them in an ad campaign, you could say, well, I think that that action says something about their morality right. that is obviously going to spread over to other actions the candidate would engage in, right? Right. It's a level of dishonesty. Right. Now, I don't know if that'd be the best argument against Trump, but I'm just saying you could, in theory, make <laughs> that argument. And so I, I feel like if that is Tim's argument, which I don't think it is because they never really fully got into it, you know, Emma would have to actually address it as opposed to just hand waving it away like AI. He just said something about AI. I don't understand it. It's too complicated for my brain, you know? Right surrounding his past statements about the 10-year-old who had to get an abortion and this, which I didn't expect that this would be the thing that would get him to finally lose it, but I saw him getting more and more emotional as the debate was going on because- I didn't think when I accused Tim of being responsible for a mass shooting that he'd get upset about it. Who could have possibly predicted that response? So, that's so insane. Yeah, obviously. Because- my also mentality going in was I am going to be as calm as possible because every, what what they want was is to trigger a leftist and to get a meltdown, and instead we got Tim's meltdown. Whoopsie! Whoopsie! So this was this was the moment where I knew. You know, it's interesting too because like from the episodes of Timcast that I haven't watched, I'm not a regular viewer of Timcast, obviously, but the episodes I've seen, I've never perceived them going into this like we're trying to trigger the person we're talking to, right? They disagree very oftenly, but it's never been my like, oh, they're just trying to trigger the leftists. I think it's a very, someone who doesn't like Tim Pool, I think it's an incredibly unfair um, characterization of what happens in, these, in the Tim's show. The characterization is projection though. I don't know if you remember what yes. Sean said on the Sunday show, that he's seen clips of Sam Cedar saying his only goal is really to go on right-winger shows and trigger them in front of their audience did he so, say trigger them or he say destroy them destroy them trigger them whatever right right make them look stupid in front of yes. their audience true 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 yeah so, you're mean, right you're right it's if so he's if he's think if this is his goal right you know how people always superimpose what they what they're thinking onto other people thinking it about them He's True. obviously thinking this is this is Tim's goal. This is the game that we're playing. But right. I mean, I agree with you. I don't. I think Tim. And like I said, I think I said this on the Sunday show. I think there are really two types of these political shows. There are these shows that are really just about making the opposition look stupid, and there are shows that 
you know, people are interested in actually debating over the various policy prescriptions because they're interested in how they might vote. And they think, you know, they want to hear both sides give their best arguments for the policy prescriptions. But right. in these shows that are just basically to drive turnout for whatever base, it's just dunking and like straw manning of the opposition's positions and, you know, kind of straw manning your, well, I guess it's, it would be steel manning your position or making your policy prescriptions seem like they're more powerful than they actually are. They do that a lot. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they'll say, you just solved the homeless problem by giving all the empty houses to homeless people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's our position. It's so easy. I don't know. If right, we just right. adopted that position, it would be a right. winner. You know, vote Democrat. Right. So it's kind of this, it's more like a church than anything. It's just, we're here to to uh, psych each other up. I... I, I just had to set, sit back and honestly kind of let him go. And do we want to give go. people the context for uh, what you're talking about here? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the shooter uh, who was a neo-Nazi with a swastika tattoo in Allen, Texas, had posted four screenshots of Tim's show um, uh, on his social media. interview with Elijah Schaefer. And I'll just say it's not a mystery why a neo-Nazi would be watching, particularly Elijah Schaefer. Yeah. Tim Poole can address it. How, that we how we should wants. go into that a little bit more yeah. tomorrow. We're just doing the fun uh, part today, but we'll go into some of the issues yeah, this a little is a bit. A low rest scan. Oh, yeah. gonna, so this was the big more. viral okay. moment, though, Good. and I, 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 yeah, we'll just go. Well, it speaks for itself. Sizing race specifically. No, no, he's a neo-Nazi Hispanic shooter. Right, but Tim called it a false flag and then corrected himself the next day and then said he thought it was... Pause it. Let me just also just say, I, I, I remember this moment and I was like, why does this guy keep saying he is a neo-Nazi Hispanic shooter? Because half their... Why does this guy, this guy, this individual, this nameless individual? Is that Sean? Does he mean Sean, yeah. actual justice warrior? Sean Fitzgerald, yes. friend of yes. the show? Yes. Very intelligent person. Why does this guy? Audience thinks that's a paradox. Yes. Right, that you can't, you can't have, uh, a, but. But we should go back a little when uh, I first well, bring wait it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. To be fair. That is an unusual thing, right? <laughs> There's a a person of the Latinx community who's a neo-Nazi. That does like under most, especially most like liberal mental, like white liberal mentality. That would be a something that they wouldn't expect, right? So right, I, but I they've that's... moved the goalposts a little bit on this. Sitch. I don't know if you've got the memo, but yes, Not... the the Latin face of white supremacy. <laughs> Well, no, they're saying that the they can be blacks or or Hispanic. They just yeah. they hate Jews, so therefore right, right, right. I understand. Nazis. I understand that. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, to call it out like it's a weird thing to mention. I don't think it's a weird thing to mention. You know, no. If there was if there was a black neo-Nazi, you'd be like, well, that's unusual. There's a black neo-Nazi. Like you would mention it when you describe the person, right? <laughs> like a black neo-Nazi would be unusual. Right, but right. the most unusual would be a Jewish neo-Nazi. That would be <laughs> that would be like your, your brain would just explode. Yes, there's got to yeah. be at least one out there somewhere. Oh, right? of course, yeah, of course. 
it up to him. It, it, I just thought that was a. Then uh, it's a fine. I, I thought that was an interesting sort of tick. Okay. That he really yeah. wanted the what he would perceive as the race or the ethnicity to be mentioned uh, about that. I thought that was an interesting well, tick that that occurred to me. Yeah. Well, no, he's saying he's saying him mentioning the race is just because he's like a race realist or something. And yeah. He, has to focus exclusively on race. It's an interesting tick. When the argument Sean is racist. When the argument is most neo Nazis are white. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yes. Yeah, very obvious too. Out. And all you can do is laugh and no, say, "No, it's because you get some guy to obscure some guy you posted one thing one time, and that's the only argument you have." Did you go to the time codes that were in that episode? Because I did. I ran this down. And one of them was a clip of Elijah Schaefer. And, like, weirdly for this, like, neo-Nazi uh, Hispanic shooter, he, like, it's Elijah saying that we shouldn't be emphasizing race tattoo. specifically. No, no, he's a neo-Nazi Hispanic shooter. Right, but Tim called it a false flag and then correct. You know, it's funny. Like, you can tell Emma's not even listening, right? Of course she's not. He literally calls him a neo-Nazi. And then she says he has a swastika tattoo. I was like... I know. I just yeah. said he was a neo. <laughs> like, what did you think you were responding to in that moment? Is a swastika tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Look, Back you to need to know. Next... I saw the clip right. on Twitter. I saw right. the swastika tattoo. Okay. Okay. Were people saying that the swastika tattoo was on there after he committed the, like they sent a tattoo artist in the, you know, the, the feds, the glowies. Oh my God! Did someone? Really, I hope so. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I did. I, I saw this. I saw this on Twitter. They were saying oh God. that, it, okay. like, the glowy tattoo squad went in after they killed him. I see. Oh, the, they... well, I thought, no, the picture I saw with the tattoo, he's alive. And the, are they saying that that was a Photoshop or something? Oh, I don't. Yeah, how's that work? Yeah, whatever. Stan then said he thought of me after a mass shooting. I think that. I mean, people Someone were calling you to say this, and you, you don't actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think that it's not shocking that you think that based on my joke. Okay, you're not saying anything anymore. But, like, I screen grab when I, because I do YouTube clips, so I will screen grab a time code so I know where to go later. So, like, when I saw that, I knew, or I had a feeling, because obviously he's dead. So, or was he captured or was he killed? I think he was killed. Yeah, so he's dead, so he can't tell us, but... Like I think Posit, people you know what's really funny them. about this too is that like neither one of them know the and and I'll, I'll be honest I don't know the I I don't recall the 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 details of this at all I don't know this story I was more or less hearing it for the first time but that's they, what somebody who told they, Emma to say all this yes. well yes <laughs> but, <laughs> but I also it strikes me uh, it also sounds like I also told these two guys what to say because they don't know any of the details either but I just want to say. <laughs> What's funny about that, Sitch? Oh, it's, it's like, the, this is like the, this is probably one of the most bad faith things we've ever seen, which is, which is incredible from Sam here. Cause it's like, so Sean is literally saying that he did enough research to go look at the fucking screen, like the time codes of the screen grab to find out what exactly that person said that the person was screen shotting and try to determine like why what they the were screen shotting it and what the yeah. motivation was. And the one thing he didn't know is like, was he captured alive or killed? And Sam's like, he doesn't know anything about the guy. Yeah, he's he's he doesn't know that because he's hunting down the stuff that's relevant to the screenshots, not what's right. Relevant remember to every the, fucking detail, you know? Yeah, what's relevant yeah. to the murder? Right. 
say the lighting in this studio like no offense to the compound but it's horrible and we're super grayed out like you don't get a ton of color on your face for for tim to be actually getting red on this camera it's lighting so setup blue. Uh, yes i just want to know how he, does that he looked more red in person than than even on camera also yeah. i th we'll get into this tomorrow but i will say i watched the time codes from what that shooter uh memorialized in his social media page Sean's wrong. It's not what it's not. Oh, what he it just is. wanted to characterize one of them. Well, what was he wrong? Wait, do you think we're going to get that information? What was he wrong about? They use Sean's name, Sitch. Oh, you're right. <laughs> they said his name. It's Sean. There you go. They said your name. No more Voldemort. No more Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Let's go. I'm surprised you didn't run down the screenshots. Why did, I mean, I I, guess at the we... time of the shooting, I didn't really give a Care, like care not to do any of this stuff. So. I just, I vaguely right. remember people on Twitter trying to pin this on Tim Pool, which is, you know, the standard operating procedure for most people on the left. Of course, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but I didn't know the situation. I didn't really dig into it. So, mm -hmm. that's right. Well, we'll talk about that in more in depth tomorrow. There we go. You or I had a feeling because obviously he's dead. So, or was he captured or was he killed? I think he was killed. Yeah, so he's dead, so he can't tell us. But, like, I think people screenshot, because this is why I do it, and you can find them in my phone, moments in things so that they can go back and reference that clip. Yeah. And I ran down both of those time this codes. Is, this, neither look, one... I get it, but look, man, this is the majority of Neither one what? This yeah, is but why, it, is why, it, it is a nasty smear. Like, you're doing it on purpose without running And it's, it's not a political statement. It's, it's not a political a, argument. You're like, he watched an episode of her show. I'm, I'm sorry, of his show. Like, that's... There, uh, was, that, there was that one guy who posted Sam Cedar a whole bunch, remember? That guy who killed all those people at the bar? In Ohio? I don't remember that case specifically. Why, why did that guy watch Sam Cedar so much? Why did Gavin... Why, why do you guys appeal that, to mass is shooters? That positive? Why, is, that, is that a lie? I don't know anything about I mean, that. I think he's just... If someone has that information, uh, send it to us. I'd like to... I'd, I'd be curious about it because I would find that rather disturbing that if anything I said would in any way encourage that kind of thing, I would be rather disturbing about it. We would spend probably a show talking about it. <laughs> We wouldn't call it a psyop. Um, now, it a psyop. he's saying it as, a, as if it's a fact. I wonder if it is a fact. So if somebody did a mass shooting, mm -hmm. Sam Cedar would devote a whole show to the mass shooting if... Uh, they talk about Sam... If they were a Sam Cedar fan. If they were a Sam Cedar fan. Right. Do you believe that? Do you, is that? Does that seem remotely plausible to you? Um, I'm a little skeptical. Okay, I mean, I'm a little skeptical. What if they but What if they I had mean, like who? a San majority report tattoo on their arm? <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, also like the whole point is it is like it's very obvious from the situation that the throwing the accusation at Tim is a way of trying to get Tim in trouble, right? Right. And they're not really addressing that at all obviously so i mean they the, we had the trans shooter is it minnesota i always forget where it is but we still haven't seen the manifesto there but if the majority right. report was all over the manifesto mm -hmm. i'm skeptical sam cedar would be doing a show on it <laughs> i really am like what do you say about that right right yeah. Because 
But this is Why a would fact. he say, I mean, I, I, I can understand. Yes. Let me put it this way. There seems like there's a lot of motivation that he has in this moment to knowingly lie about something that would be of material harm to me and my business. Uh, like it, it would create some form of like damage, you might say. Oh, wait a minute. You hear this? Yeah, I did. He does get it. He's saying it would cause material harm to his business, right? And, and now he's trying to say this very slyly, like, should I sue Tim Pool? Right? That's what he's trying to allude to. But by acknowledging that he understands that the accusation could cause material harm to his business, then he acknowledges that he understands what Emma's doing and she makes the accusation. Yeah. Right? Do you think he's worried about being sued by Tim? No, 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 no. He's He's making it out like... He could sue Tim for making the accusation. Oh, about his show. Right. Well, right. I mean, wouldn't just Tim just sue him back because Emma made the accusation about Well, no, because her accusation, you could say, well, the, the shooter did in fact see an episode of Tim Poole's show. It's based in fact. Right. I think but now he she's was... obviously driving a, a deeper implication. That would be her opinion. So you wouldn't necessarily be like worth suing, but I think it's pretty obvious Tim is like proposing some kind of hypothetical that's the way um, that i that's the way that i read it i didn't see that it right. i don't i don't think that there's actually a shooter that watches sam cedar so i interpreted it as him being kind of smarmy yeah Not really totally. a hypothetical but you know well i mean if he's going to throw a lawsuit at him i don't think he's right. really got a leg to stand on because i think it's pretty obvious tim is like heated in the moment and is making a hypothetical about how this would like he's basically posing it to show how it would damage the majority report. Right, if, I understand. Yes, I understand that case. interpretation. Yeah, and I think that was happening. But I guess my point is not. First of all, I don't. They're not going to sue Tim, so that's not going to happen. But my only point is that by acknowledging, he by understands Sam, who's the coyly making this, you know, the right. statement, he's acknowledging that he understands what's happening here, and yet he's pretending like he doesn't understand what's happening here at the same time. So, I do think. Like, I, we haven't looked at the trans shooter's manifesto. But I do think you could, there, you know, I'm guessing, but there's probably stuff in there about the trans genocide. I would if, assume, yeah. If Sam Cedar has talked about the trans genocide, there is a, a direct causal link between promoting the idea of a trans genocide and a person literally you know, killing people over the transgenesis. Right, right. That's like a real causal connection for me. There could but, be. But this is why Sean ran down the time codes. Because, right. you know, depending on what those screenshots are, if it's screenshots of Tim Poole talking about the Civil War, it's a completely mm -hmm. different situation, right? Right. So the time codes are definitely relevant for piecing together some sort of causal connection. They haven't done any of this because they don't need the causal connection. Like the causal connection already exists in their minds. But yeah. I don't, I honestly, the thing that Sam Cedar is, is doing here, I mean, I don't think he's got firm ground to stand on that nobody is going to be a, a, nobody watches his show that are potentially shooters. Right. I do think they promote lots of things that people might commit violence over sure mm. i'm curious about that if that is a blatant lie because he's saying it as if it's absolute fact this doesn't even be speculation or conjecture or opinion in any way yep. interesting anyways go ahead 
Teeter a whole bunch. Remember the guy who killed all those people at the bar in Ohio? I, I don't remember that case specifically. Why, why did that guy watch Sam Cedar so much? Why did Gavin... why, why do you guys appeal to mass shooters? Why do mass shooters There's a talk about difference. Sam Cedar being so inspirational to them? Why did There's... why did Gavin why, 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 why is Man. Emma Vigeland inspiring mass shooters? <laughs> Look, he's he's totally triggered, but he is. Right. I see posing like a hypothetical. How how would you respond to this? Well, he Which did is... say he did say Ohio. a specific yeah. Ohio, so that makes me think maybe he's trying to refer to something specifically. We do look up, and there was some, there was a shooting in Ohio in a bar by someone who was leftist. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there was anything that showed that they were watching Sam Cedar, but that so that did happen. So I mean, he, this could be a thing that actually did happen. Well, this is this is why I, on the Sunday show I was like, how do you respond to this? Because this is definitely right. not the way to respond. But I don't. This is for me. Like, is it a fair charge if there's a causal connection and it, it literally is stochastic terrorism? Well, I, I would depend on specifically what's happening. So again, like, you know, if if you have someone and all they do is talk about how, like, there's going to be the destruction or, or breakdown of some specific thing and they talk about it in, in like, a very specific way, you know, that, that you could, that a reasonable person could see, okay, this is going to drive people to violence then yes right but i think you have to take it on a case-by-case -case basis do you remember but i think the... that's that's why sean did actually say well i looked at the specific time code and it didn't seem to align with like motivating a shooter to do anything do you remember the story of i think it's dr george tiller that one yeah. of the fox news hosts used to always call him tiller it was o'reilly uh, o'reilly yeah yeah so yeah, they, and then somebody did pick that. up a gun and try to assassinate him like yep. that seems like a pretty you know, case closed, causal connection. <laughs> so I do think shows need to to avoid this kind of thing, need to worry about this thing. But this is what bothers me about this attack so much. And it really did bother me when I saw this and, and was thinking about it before we did the Sunday show because right. how are we supposed to, and I, and I do think, look, I'm not a free speech absolutist. I do think we need to have some sort of you know, some sort of way of avoiding this kind of situation where people are going around basically spreading false, fake news, falseness, falsehoods, and inspiring people to commit acts of violence. So, but if, if you're allowed to go out there and just make shit up, just say, you know, because this guy had a couple of screenshots of Tim Pool, he's been inspired by Tim Pool, that really muddies the water in forming a, an actual causal connection that you can do something about. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? It could. I agree. Yeah. Why did Gavin Long... Why are you okay with, with, with uh, porn being shown to children? <laughs> Look, if you want to have, if you want to make play a game of nonsense statements for political brownie points, feel free to do so. But I'll say it again. Tim, I didn't mean to upset you. This is exactly why Sam is not welcome on my show, but it's not something that I just one day was like, you know what, I'm, what no, it's because I had serious conversations with networks and other high profile individuals. And I love- Can you name, can you name the high profile individuals? Yes. That's their business. But I absolutely love how the response is, they're scared of Sam. It's like, no, they despise him. He's a bad faith actor who, do, who does exactly what you just did. We're having a conversation about scientific research data, my position on what I like about DeSantis, and then you go, your show's for neo-Nazis. It's like, okay, dude, are you stupid? <laughs> I, I'm just stating facts. Have you okay, this is like lowbrow. This is what this is why you guys have 170 Dave Rubin videos. Do you think the average person cares about Dave Rubin? 
No, I'm no, but you guys get clicks by doing it. It's hey, fun. how about you guys run a video about positive? Now here's what I don't understand. How can what we do not interest the average person, but we do it because it's going to get us clicks, clicks, which are yeah, and basically a, a sign that somebody's interested. It in. also was contradictory, like earlier Got in the him. show when he was saying how like no one likes our show, but that we are kind of big. And I was trying to say that, well, you guys make so much more money than us. So you have more resources, but we. I think the distinction here is really driving left-wing people to the polls versus having serious policy discussions. I think that's intuitively the, the distinction that Tim is trying to make. When he says you guys are just going for clicks, he means you guys are just going for you know, fast well, no. food, conflict, right. entrepreneur content instead of trying right. to have a real substantive dialogue between left and right. Well, did he say no one... And I miss it. I don't know if it's important to go back because he 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 said, "This is why no one has you on their shows, right?" That's very different than saying no one watches your show. I might have said no one watches your show, but um, well, he did make a charge that you make a bunch of Dave Rubin videos that nobody cares about, right? Like there's no well, substance so, yeah, but, to them, right? But that's yeah, but that's the charge. It's not a yeah. You're right. Is, is the charge isn't necessarily that maybe no one watches the show, so it's more like it's not substantive. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, I have a show that people watch because they want to hear the arguments. They want to have a substantive dialogue. Right. You have a show where you're putting funny noses on Dave Rubin and laughing and pointing. Which I, right. I mean, I think that's an honest characterization of their show, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I went and I looked at... Um... I was looking at Sam Cedar's page, and if you go on his page, it's interesting. You see that, like, their clips about uh, policy and issues, like, they don't get a lot of views. So they do talk about them. They just don't get a lot of views. But all their clips where they, like, make fun of Dave Rubin or <laughs> something like that, those get all the views. So, you know. Right. Which uh, is just kind of the sad, unfortunate reality of, of life. But, uh, but there you go. Well, our show did pretty. The Sunday show did pretty good. I mean, I, I. Oh no, our show did great. Yeah, I'm not talking. Well, about I'm that, trying but... to mix the two. I think is the key. You got to have substantive debates that are interesting. Of course, of course. Yeah, which they don't, I don't think they really know how to do. Their their policy stuff is academic and dry because they haven't really considered how to make it more entertaining. Hmm. Okay, maybe. I haven't watched it. Can't come. We don't at the same time, even though we're equivalent in subscriber count. It's a lot of contradictory information here. And, but, you but, know, sorry, yeah, and we've been quite clear on why we yeah. did all of those Ruben things. In addition to many of them being about the things that he said, uh, and it really not being about Dave Rubin himself as much as what he's espousing in that moment. One of the things that we set out to do quite explicitly was when Dave Rubin was pretending to be a liberal and on the left or that the left left him and he was still there, was to make sure that as he was rolling out his book, there was no way a reporter could do a feature on him without finding out the truth behind what he was trying to project as a public relations image. Mm -hmm. And there's someone else 
who really hates that, that we do that too. And in this instance, he was turning beet red because you were basically calling him out and he didn't like it. Yeah. And can I just make a point? So, okay, I'll be honest. I didn't watch their content on Dave Rubin at all. I was like, really give a shit about it. But so he just made the claim that Dave Rubin was never on the left. Right. That's what he just said. When he was literally on the Young Turks. I mean, I, so I guess I don't understand what the, I have no clue what the fuck his argument was. I mean, I agree that, you know, people say Dave Rubin's a grifter because, you know, it's kind of like he doesn't seem to make arguments that come from deep rooted philosophical or principled positions. Right. You can criticize Dave Rubin for that. Well, and I don't think he's in his intuitions are conservative either. So I, I think, right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but just, just, I mean, he was, he did work for the Young Turks. I mean, like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, that's not like a contentious fact of dispute. Was he just, was he like a secret right winger the whole time? Like, I don't, what is that argument? This, I, this entire line of reasoning completely rubs me the wrong way because it's basically like, let me categorize you for you. And yes, for my right. own personal political game. Of course. Like that, how is that process not going to be biased as fuck? Well, I mean, obviously it's going to be, right? Yeah. So I just, I don't like to play that game. Just let people designate however they want to designate. Well, and, uh, I mean, I agree generally. There are people that will try to hide their power level, mm -hmm. so to speak, for a specific reason. But to, to throw that accusation at Tim, it doesn't even really make sense, you know, uh, what would be the purpose? Like, like the purpose they give for that? Oh, these right wingers just want to believe their views are moderate. Like, I just that doesn't make like that argument has never made sense to me, and no one's ever really tried to validate the argument in a way that's made sense to me. Yeah, I agree. So about the Rubin stuff, like we, like you said, we um we talk about Dave Rubin's um so much because we it. Um, he's a cartoon sort of embodiment of libertarian positions. Tim Pool talked about Jesse Smollett so much because an em uh, something Tim Pool wants to emphasize is that racism isn't real. Right. But but let's. Uh... That why Tim Pool emphasized Jesse Smollett because he, he wants you to think that racism isn't real. No, both both of those assessments are complete garbage. Both of okay. them talked about both of those stories because people were interested and they got clicks. I mean, duh. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's get to the mayor. This is what I, we're, everyone's here waiting for. Oh, but you guys get clicks it. by doing it. It's hey, fun. how about you guys run a video about how Tim Pool is get, got into an argument with a pro-lifer about how he's in favor of pro-choice policy? You didn't run that, did you? Because you guys are grifters. This is what you do. I can invite you on for a real conversation, and what do you do? You're just for neo-Nazis. This is why you guys don't get invited places, because you're not having real conversations. I don't really care about getting invited places. Yeah, right. So go live in your grifter echo chamber where you guys can play songs with bad audio and then say, whoopsie. I'm sorry, that, that audio thing really upset you. Wait, have you ever well, what upsets the me is, can, can, I, I can talk I about, when I talk about Ron DeSantis making fake things to, to trick people, and that's what you guys do, it's kind of like, yeah, we yeah do, how about that? We do AI images? When you run audio that sounds bad to make a nonsense... That's so bad, Faith. I know, I know. Well, obviously, we I mean... make AI images? Right. I mean, Amazon peak, you know, bad faith mode. And to be fair, you know, it is really stupid tactically and also just you know, theoretically, to bring up the whole, 
music thing in the first place you know i mean obviously that's something that you know, she, tim worked very hard on a song and he was annoyed by it but it's like okay she you know. primed she primed him with the music stuff and he went back to the music stuff which i don't think he should be going back to the music stuff yeah no he shouldn't obviously he should drop the music stuff it's yeah yeah video where you're like tim pool sounds like nickelback oh, it's like it. what you're doing is just trying to generate rage drama it is rage internet drama. blood sports okay, level I mean, garbage yeah, okay uh i think i just said it's funny to his face which was you know that was part of it well I, I, people might say emma you know that's a little more smug than you tend to be on your program and like that was i will say it was a deliberate choice i saw him getting a little bit more upset and I knew that if I just stuck with my like smiling and just let him go, that that would upset him even more that he didn't get a reaction out of me. Uh, there was something else too that stuck out as you said uh, as he was talking that that uh, I, I I had issue with. Um, I mean, this idea that like. Um, well, first off, he's so obsessed about that uh, song thing. And you op opened up the show by apologizing to that his feelings were hurt, but made it clear that we don't have the ability to in any way change his song. And his whole reason, again, this is his whole reason why he's explaining why I don't get invited places is because of something that he claims that you did mm -hmm. as you as he invited you there. It's a very odd tact that he First of all, I don't think she did make an apology. She said, we didn't do it. It wasn't a, 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 a sorry. She didn't give like a sorry that yeah, this happened. I mean, she said, unless she said it quickly. I don't remember that at all either. Yeah. yeah. She said, hey, we don't have the technology to change your, your song in an inappropriate way. We're just a bunch of leftists who right you know ran it through well, our like they inadvertently changed it but i don't it, there wasn't right. an apology that went along with that i mean you know tim you know it's it can be frustrating like you know people get mad and then they say something that's like quite not accurate because like yeah when you watch their video it seems to me very clearly that they just like ran the audio it almost sounds like they played the audio on a speaker and then ran that speaker into a mic right that's what they, it sounds like they did right? distort it not intentionally though right 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 not intentionally but but if he had just said from the beginning that's what they did right as opposed to making a stronger claim about like intentionally distorting the audio right right if he just said like you know oh you know these like buffoons you know they play my song and then run through a mic and then they say oh it sounds terrible because obviously it did sound terrible when they played it because you're like what the fuck did they do to the song like it doesn't like it sounds totally fucked um and and that would be fine because what happens in these conversations is then like when when you're in a fight with someone, they're gonna like, they're they're gonna be, everyone becomes like a lawyer, and they're gonna like look for every little thing you said to try to find like the little hook that they can hook onto, and then make that the big deal. You said this one thing that's slightly wrong, so this is gonna become my entire argument against you, right? Right. Tim Pool said that we intentionally, you know, distorted the audio, like ignoring right. the fact that well, you did distort the audio, it was just because of incompetence. You know, not, not not because you put it in a software program. Right, right, right. So she came and, in and said, "Look, we don't have that software program. Fuck off." She didn't apologize. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But now Sam Cedar is saying, "Oh, you opened those. Look, you were so magnanimous. You were there on your hands and knees. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Your song right, was, right. was inappropriately screened on our show. That didn't happen. 
Right. That's true. That he's taking here to justify this stuff. But he also, he also, I wonder if even like his entire support of Trump is based upon his trying, is showing that he gets really offended about any alteration to audio so that he can justify why he was so mad about the fake audio change that he thinks that we did on yeah. the song. That, that stuff, well, that we... I don't even understand that argument, but... Yeah, that was totally ridiculous, and I don't... Yeah. I mean, does Tim believe that they've changed it in some software program? I don't know that he... I know, I think since that. since then, he's just talked about, like, that it wasn't... That it was what I said. They just held it up to, like, a mic or something. Right. But, you know, it's, as I said, once you like when you make the slight mistake to your enemy, they're going to like run that against you forever. Right. Because, you know, that's what they're going to do. We will play that tomorrow where he was really uncomfortable trying to say why he likes Trump more than DeSantis or why he likes DeSantis in some ways more than Trump. That is one thing that I wanted to get him on. And I think I did. But the thing about him is he's really good at what you call it, gish galloping. Um, the the tactic of throw. That is not gish galloping. I just want a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. The amount of gish galloping Emma did in that conversation was insane. Right. Like she kept like changing the subject trying like she had like a list of dunks she just kept changing the subject not saying a single fucking thing that anyone was saying she just kept going boop 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 right like she did a massive like every fucking part of that conversation was like gish gallop gish gallop gish gallop right was it pivoting or gish galloping because isn't gish galloping throwing out like five different topics uh i mean i guess you're right it depends because gish galloping is generally when you start by throwing out a bunch of different things and then you keep jumping to why well, i think actually i don't know off the top of my head Regardless, it doesn't matter. You know, you you know what you mean. Like she's were, claiming. I did not see any gish galloping. Look, from we, not, I didn't see it from Tim at all. We do this on our show. Like we like to right. zero in on things and go deep into the substance of whatever it is we're talking about. As right. you saw earlier with our talk with Scott about philosophy and whatnot. So I didn't see. I don't think that's a valid accusation of of what Tim was doing. Right. I don't think Tim was trying to change the topic. Even when she brought up like the mass shooter thing, they still stayed on mass shooters. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, to shit. be clear. Yeah. So what you were saying is, yeah. Cause like Gish Gallup is technically, I believe when you're in a debate and like you in, in one response, you throw out like five or 10 different things. Yes. And you just keep jumping from all these different things and, and someone can't respond. Cause there's like so many different claims that you right. made. Um, and so, I yeah, I didn't see Tim do that. And to be clear, actually, and I don't even know if Emma really did that, but she did. Emma would just constantly change the subject pivot. yeah, and pivot to a different subject or... every time she didn't get, like, the response she wanted to get. And then when Tim would try to explain, she would just keep, like, pig-headedly, like, asking the same question. He's like, I'm literally trying to explain to you your answer. You're not letting me. Right. So Because he wouldn't respond in the way that she wanted him to respond. Right. Right. P pivoting and like pivoting is a nice way of saying dodging, which I did see Emma just dodge, dodge, dodge. Yeah. Professional yes. dodgeballer over here. Right. <laughs> Throwing a ton of information at you and moving on to the next subject where you have to immediately react. Um, but even regard, you know, it's okay. It's funny. So she characterized gish galloping as throwing a bunch of information at you and then you having to react. The reason she feels that way 
is because she would say something about a subject and then Tim or Sean would respond would, would respond with a bunch of like information about the subject. Right. It's she's characterizing that as Gish I know because none of the information is <laughs> familiar to her. She's right. she's seeing that as a bunch of different arguments. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. It okay. is hilarious, is it not? That's funny. Can yeah, you imagine? That's good. What that was just like five different things. <laughs> what do you mean? You're the yeah. one that brought the topic up. <laughs> Hilarious. Regardless, I did, there were a few really, really notable things that will break down tomorrow that he was unable to, I think, get me off of certain topics. Like Especially when I kept returning, I said, what specifically about DeSantis? What specifically about yeah. DeSantis? What specifically about Trump? Because he, his, his whole thing is he'll throw out a question for you then as you answer, it'll either be an insane hypothetical that he throws back or an immediate like deluge of information or switching of the subject so that you're never able to get your footing uh, down. And, and that is, you know, something I anticipated, but it is just it's it's an interesting debate. Topic. That didn't that literally didn't happen in this conversation. Um, I mean, because we watched the whole conversation. It would literally be, she would say something, and Tim would literally try to answer the question that was posed to him, and she would either not eat breakfast, <laughs> so she didn't understand the hypothetical, or the, or why you would even bring up the hypothetical, um, or she would just constantly keep interrupting because he wasn't giving her the answer that she wanted for like her dunk attempt or whatever. Yeah. And be like, well, it's more complicated. And let me explain why it's more complicated and give you a bunch of information. And she's like, you're giving me a bunch of information because you didn't give me a simple answer to my complicated question. You must be gish galloping. The parents' rights back and forth is a perfect example of that. Because like, she literally didn't understand what he was saying about the parents' rights. But he didn't move off the topic in any way, shape, or form, or, or dodge, or pivot to a different topic. I mean, he was staying... He was for a long time just trying to explain how how parents' rights are perceived by Emma, by her right. personally. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So I, I, this is just such a this is so wow. I mean, I didn't I didn't think that their response would be this level of bad faith. Like I didn't think it'd be good. But I didn't think it'd be this bad. Well, I mean, they probably have a hundred IQ points between them all. I guess studio. that's true. I mean, that's this true. is true. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying this, and it's fine because, like, I'm saying this to someone I don't, I don't even like Tim. <laughs> Look, at, I don't I, like. I'm famous for not liking Tim, but I'm like, this is like insane accusations against him. So it's just a complete. And this is this is one of the fun things about our show. One of the reasons why I like to continue doing it is, it's just it's interesting to see people's different perceptions of things. Right. And this is just wild. <laughs> this is the perception of what right. happened there. So right. it is very fascinating. I would also uh, say th the thing he doesn't seem to understand is that we don't care about Tim having um, a couple of policies that align with ours. Yeah. I don't. Here's the thing he doesn't seem to understand. And, and, you, and you can see this in terms of like. His whole thing, this is why you don't get invited anywhere. We don't give a shit yes. about being invited anywhere. Yes. The worst thing in the world is me finding out I have to travel somewhere for work. And I don't want to go in this and that. And 
Um, the the he for him this is all some type of like weird parasocial sort of existence he I wanted mean, yes, me to be impressed of, by the um, skate park by the compound and like i did want to get invited if, there i wanted to do that show but i wanted to make sure it was the only time i did the show and like i don't care about getting invited back that's the difference and if, that's what a lot he thinks so many people are going to be impressed and want to get invited back i wasn't impressed if this guy was putting out weekly videos on anti-abortion uh you know uh, this is like such a weird read like okay like so tim who is angry says this is why no one invites you to places right mm -hmm. like you know it's like when you get angry at someone in grade school and you're like this is why no one likes you right like that's all it was like you're like really hyper analyzing this one thing that was said right like it's it's this is just such a bizarre read i mean it's not i guess not bizarre because very obvious this would be the read like how else because her performance was really shitty until basically the very end where tim shit the bed himself um on some issue that his audience won't even perceive as him shitting the bed so it doesn't matter um but like she she went on tim's shit the bed and her big claim the fame from from tim is not she didn't make an like this is kind of embarrassing for her i would think you know she her job okay is supposed to be someone that talks about politics and policy on the internet right on a news-ish show and yeah. so the big clip of hers that, that goes viral, that gets all the attention. It's not her making some like powerfully cogent argument. It's not her catching Tim in some logical, you know, uh, trap or to say, no, you're wrong about the facts here. Boom, 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 boom. It's literally her just saying, you not Nazis like your show, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, get mad at me. And right. then he gets mad at, at mad at her. And yeah. like, that's yeah. the big claim, the fame clip. And like, that's what she's proud of essentially. I mean, this is Lance of the Surf's 101, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> just yes. make a false accusation and, you know, collect the followers. Well, it's it's like they're stuck in like 2016 or something. Because you remember like in 2016, there's all these, you know, oh, all the rage compilations of all the people oh, upset yeah, that yeah, Trump yeah. won, right? You know, triggered snowflakes. Tr triggered snowflakes. I like yeah, those like, compilations. We should watch them more. Right, of them. right. There you go. But like, I feel like that era is like so past because like with, and you brought up Lance as a great example, the clips of Lance that were circulating that everyone was making fun of. None of the clips were like, ha ha ha. Look at Lance being triggered. It'd be like, look at Lance saying like something insane, right? right. Or stupid. And it's the same thing with Emma. Like here's Emma, like basically saying that she's fine with children looking at pornography. Yeah, I know. Right? Like it was never like, I don't know. Again, I'm not a massive Tim, Tim Pool fan, but when I see these clips of of people, uh, like when I see these clips of Tim Pool that go viral, I don't remember seeing clips of like, ha ha ha, here's the left just getting triggered by Tim Pool. It's generally like, oh, someone said something crazy or bad or stupid, and that's what goes viral. Yeah, yeah. But even here, what what do you think he's going to say next? Because he started off, he said Tim Pool makes a bunch of pro abortion or anti-abortion videos on that now we've talked for so long i missed what he said hold on go back impressed if this guy was putting out weekly videos on anti-abortion uh you know uh, anti-abortionists and spent even a fraction of the time he did with jesse small and that was just one event right that took place yeah. in time yeah 
on the supposed, you know, issues that we agree with and didn't platform, uh, you know, fascists, didn't platform thugs. Jack Posobiec, are you kidding me? Filled in for this guy? Right. You're right. (laughs) Listen, he's a right winger. And that he has a couple of positions that may be founded in some type of libertarian ideology. I don't feel it necessary because the story of Tim is not about one tiny aspect of him. Yep. We don't- so there's something interesting here, which is, first of all, I don't agree with Sam's argument, but at least it's like there's an argument there. He's like, oh, you know, Tim focuses on X, Y, Z. He has X, Y, Z guests, blah, 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 blah. Emma couldn't verbalize that argument properly at all in their conversation, right? No, not at all. Like I don't even I don't agree with the argument, but at least it's an argument that you could have a conversation about. Number one, right? Number two, the thing that's so fascinating to me about this, and this is where if you want to like not be an NPC, you want to like look outside the matrix. Okay, this entire interaction is so fascinating. Why? Does anyone care? I know. I always say whether that. Tim Pool says he's on the left or the right I or always, the center. I always why say does that. anyone yeah, why does anyone care? Like, why is this so vehemently important? Like, look, like you want to talk about like getting triggered. Here's Sam Cedar, angry as hell, triggered, emotional, right, demanding, declaring. That Tim Pool is on the right. Yeah, that's a pretty good impression. But <laughs> that was good. Like, why? Who cares? Like, why is that? Like, why didn't you just say, "I don't really care how Tim identifies"? You know, I think that he's doing a net harm to the world. I disagree with his positions here. Boom, 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 boom. Like, why is this one thing, his tribal identity? Like, why is that so important to all these people? Well, they, it's a, something that they can use to say that Tim Pool is dishonest. That's what it really is. I think it's deeper than that. I think that it goes back into our Heidean uh, Evo psych morality, where if you can't determine who's on what team, it like fucks with your head. <laughs> it drives you crazy. And, and I think part of the reason for that is because everyone's looking for like the saboteur or the backstabber, right? Wow. And so they feel like Tim is like this saboteur backstabber because it's like, he's he's not saying he's on the other side. Right. Right? Like, so it's like super ultra triggering. He won't, and I don't pour, think... he won't put, put the few, the, he won't put the uniform on. He's like basically saying, right. you know. Right. right. They're like, they're like, I want to see all the right wingers put on the MAGA hats so I can identify who they are. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. Right, he's cheating. So it just it, yeah, so he's cheating. It just drives him crazy. But it's so funny because I don't think, like, I think the reason that makes this interesting to me is because all of this anger towards Tim, I you know, uh, whether he identifies on the left or right or whatever, like it's driving them crazy, and I don't think they understand why. Like, I think it's just all elephant going on there. Yeah. So. Do you think there are, are there any? left wingers that claim to be centrist that get the same kind of abuse who are there any left wingers who people say is this no no wait are is we... there i guess here's the question is there a reverse of that are there any right wingers 
I guess there are because people call right wingers rhinos all the time. So I guess that is true because I'm right. Right. You're left. Um, but usually that's whether they're like pro Trump or something. It's a little bit different, but it's a similar it's a similar process. But I don't know. It's just it's so interesting to me that they're, they're so hyper fixated on like I need to call Tim Pool as a right winger. Like I understand why Tim, as an individual, it matters to him because he like it matters to you. You know, you don't like when people uh, misidentify what you believe in. Of right. course, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know why they think it matters so much to everyone else. And and I'm not trying to do a complete expose on Tim Pool. I don't care. I don't care. Oh wow! Is that the face of someone who doesn't care? No, that's the let face of someone who deeply cares. Yeah. Let me go back. Let's hear this whole rant, and then he says, "I don't care." Okay of libertarian ideology i don't feel it necessary because the story of tim is not about one tiny aspect of him yep. we don't, and, and i'm not trying to do a complete expose on tim pool i don't care i don't care we're trying to say to people who listen to him that when he platforms a, a fascist or when he platforms some right winger and basically says exactly like Dave Rubin did to Stefan Malignier, yep. that you're a centrist, mm -hmm. that he is lying to his audience and they should understand the ideology that he's promoting because in both these guys, there is a layer that lives underneath that sort of pokes its head up and you don't quite see it because it's submerged. We, our job, as far as we consider it, is to expose the submerged part of what they're doing. And part of that is by watching the part that's above the sea that pops its head out. And we start to give outlines of what is submerged. That's the point of what we do. Not that, like, we're not being fair to Tim. You don't really know me. You never talk about my skate park. Yeah. You never talk about that one time I got into a fight with a uh, anti-abortionist. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's what you... Mo yeah, but so, okay, but this is so weird because, like, so what Sam is saying is a completely different argument than whether Tim is on the left or the right. What Sam is saying, the argument he's trying to make is that Tim Poole platforms people with with far-right radical beliefs. Right. Um, and that Paints he... Paints them as moderates. Right, and, and that... He himself presumably would also have far right radical beliefs, and that he is basically allowing those beliefs to be entered into the um, into the Overton window by pretending that they're moderate beliefs, right? Yeah. That's a completely different claim than saying we have to figure out whether he's on the left or the right, and that's like the most vitally important thing is to determine whether he's on the left or the right. I don't, Tim Pool telling Stefan Molyneux that he is a centrist. That was Dave Rubin, supposedly. Oh, it was? They said it was Dave Rubin. I'm okay. unfamiliar with this conversation, but. Why is that? Okay. Well, that has nothing to do with Tim Pool. Right. They were just saying, like, like Dave Rubin. Right. But I don't think Tim Pool's ever done anything like that. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I look, I personally think Dave Rubin is kind of a dipshit. I. You know, I've openly said this. I sure. Sure, he's a nice enough guy. But I think he's kind of politically aloof. 
And I think Dave Rubin right. probably could look at Stefan Molyneux and think he's a centrist. Yeah. I don't think Tim I don't think Tim Poole would do that. I think Tim Poole is much more politically astute than that. So sure. maybe maybe you disagree with me, but no, I no, mean, no. they're just they're loop they're lumping him into this camp of saying like what where is that situation happen with Tim Poole? Citation, please. Right, 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 right. Right. Um, if you're going to make this argument that, I mean, even Jack Posobiec, man, Jack Posobiec says shit I disagree with all the time. I don't, I'm, he's not like a race realist on fucking Twitter. Yeah, that was the thing too. Like I, I, whenever, like I very often see Jack Posobiec say shit that I think's like fucking stupid as shit. Yeah, but not um, outside the Overton window, stupid. Well, I don't know. I don't follow him enough to comment. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, he's calling him a fascist. Right. I, you know, I'm unfamiliar with Jack right. Posobiec's fascistic views or something. Um, you know, I do think that there are some people in the the right wing space that do have extremely wildly extreme views. Like like Ian Miles Chong is a good example. Like he doesn't someone who's anti democracy, literally. Yeah. He's in favor of authoritarian governments, and it's wild to me that so many people basically take him seriously. Or he's able to basically worm his way into all these spaces. This guy who is anti-democracy, hates America, right? And this somehow is like held up by right-wingers because, I don't know, he's saying things that they want to hear, I guess. Or he's, he's he's really good at like sticking it to the left or something. Right? Yeah, it's baffling um, to me too. But Right. But if he was on Tim's show, I mean, I don't, you know, to say, well, does that, does that make Tim, you know, fascist? I would say no, right? Right. So... This all also this idea of the platforming thing really bugs me. And it does play into the idea that I put forward about this really being like a church type situation on the majority report, where it's like mm -hmm. we can't really bring in speakers that might challenge our worldview, right? You don't invite atheists to the the Sunday school <laughs> to Right. To, to basically challenge the Sunday school teacher. Tim mm -hmm. is Tim is not that environment. Tim like Tim is about bringing atheists to the Sunday school because right. it's not Sunday school. So it's just a, a conflict of of visions for a show here. I yeah. it, it runs it bugs me when they're talking about you know you can't platform this person or that person. I mean even look if you're a journalist there was a time when you did talk to despicable people because you wanted to figure out well, why is this fuck so despicable? Right, right. Yeah. You know, and I bring up Jack Posobiec's, you know, Wikipedia page, which you would assume because Wikipedia is obviously like very like um, biased. Like the thing that they're really hitting him with is like that he's made all these unsubstantiated conspiracy theory claims about like, you know, government bad, government trying to get Trump, you know, things of that nature. Um, which is fine. I mean, that's definitely worthy of criticism. I don't know if that makes him a fascist or whatever. You know, if if I think it's totally justifiable to complain about Jack Posobiec, I think it's totally justifiable for someone to complain if Jack Posobiec uh, hosts the Tim Show and you don't like Jack Posobiec's views. But I mean, th this that's like the one example that um, that Sam's going to go to for this claim. That seems very weak to me. I think it's also a fundamental misunderstanding of what centrist is. So many people think centrist means neutral. 
Right. And they're like, look, you can't say that you're neutral if you're platforming Jack Pasovic. If Jack Pasovic is on your show or, ho or hosting your show, you're not neutral. That's why I think the definition of centrist that we use is, right. is far more well, illuminating. Right. But I think so. And I, I think the only argument there that is, is a, the only strong argument, the only real argument, maybe not strong, but the only real argument you could have with Tim is to say, okay, you know, if you're, and I don't know if Tim considers himself a centrist or whatever the fuck he considers himself, but if you say, okay, you know, if you have all the, you know, you've had disagreements with people on your stream about abortion, and yeah, that's true. And it comes up naturally in the conversation. But Tim, you have to acknowledge, and I assume he would, let's be, I mean, he'd be honest about this, that, you know, when he talks about issues, you know, number one, as you said, the things are motivated by profit incentive, right? He's going to spend a million videos on Jesse Smollett, and he's not going to spend that many videos on criticizing the right-wing position on abortion, right? Specific individual videos. Of course. Because why would he? No like, it's just going to hurt. Videos. Right. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing for him to do. I'm just saying it's obviously driven by views. <laughs> driven and by so, interest, exactly. Right. It's driven by views. Um, and obviously, in streams themselves, too, you know, very often, the ones that I've seen, when he says something that, that from my view, would be more likely to be a disagreement with his right-wing audience, he generally says it in a much softer tone of voice than if he says something that the right-wing audience is going to like, or the right-wing people in his audience are going to like, I should say. You know, it's hardcore, super hyper-aggressive, you know, tone of voice, right? And so I do think you can levy a criticism of Tim and say, okay, it's very obvious that, you know, he's he's shifted his show in a way, you know, he's definitely very cogent and very aware, I guess I should say, of like his audience preferences. And he used to talk about this openly when he was much smaller. And if you want to say that he's audience captured to some extent, fine. I think you can levy that criticism and you can have that conversation with him. And if Emma went on his show, she could have had that conversation with him in some way, you know, maybe that would have been far more intelligent than the, you know, neo-Nazi shooter gotcha attempt, right? That happened. Of course. So, do you think he straw mans the left though? Um, yes, I've seen him. I've seen him do that. I can't think of exact examples, but I know I've seen videos where I'm like, that's not what's happening. <laughs> okay. So, um, but again, I, I said, I think Tim's mess, I think Tim's major bias isn't even a left right wing one. I think it's an institutional versus heterodox bias. Right. And that's the primary bias of his audience as well. So, but anyway. That's too complicated, I think, for Sam to like fixate on. Everything has to be left, right, left, right. Emphasize for the most part and what your audience is taking away from it. And that's super clear to us. Yeah. And Tim, like he said, he was both pro choice, I believe, and pro medic, single payer, Medicare for yeah, all. Yeah, right. But that's somebody, not actionable in his politics well, ever. Exactly. Somebody who's thought that thing through is like, okay, so the government provides abortions now, no questions asked. Go ahead and talk about that on your show, he, Tim. He, he... So if Emma was like, Here's part of Emma's too. She wasn't even good at her attacks because she wasn't, she wasn't like think, she wasn't listening to what he was saying and then like thinking about it and then trying to attack based on that. She was just like, here's my list of attacks because she could have asked. I mean, here could have been an interesting question. Tim says, I'm pro choice up to some time period and he's in favor of single payer. Uh, healthcare option. He, he wasn't in favor right. of single payer, though. That's not his position. Or he, I thought he was in favor of some kind of public option or something. He right? was in favor of a certain basic level of medical care, but nobody ever really interrogated Okay, right, right, right. Position. Whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah, fine. Fair enough. Um, she could have then said, like, 
well, number one, well, they did kind of talk about it, right? Say, well, what exactly is your position on these two things? Number one. And then number two, if, if those are your positions on those two issues, why are you going to vote for Trump instead of a candidate that provides those two things you like, right? And then they can get into actually trying to understand, well, then Tim, I'm assuming you would say something about how he feels like, you know, the culture war elements of the country are more important than those two issues, right? He thinks he feels like the left going crazy is more important than those two issues. And then Emma could actually try to understand, or at least pretend to understand, what where Tim's positions kind of derive from and where they come from. Right? Yeah, that will hurt the that'll hurt the show because she might actually start having some empathy for her. Well, no, she she could still disagree because like she could say, and I because I've literally had this conversation with other people you know, myself, um, where they don't understand why I'm going to vote or not vote a specific way. And I'm like, listen, I, I, I think the left um, is basically losing its mind and it's clearly losing its, I think that the left is losing, you know, to this woke shit. And I think that that, I think that that's super important and I think it needs to be eradicated. Right. So that's why I don't feel comfortable supporting certain politicians and supporting certain things, even if I agree with them in other elements. That's why we focus on what we focus on. Um, and they can disagree with that. They can disagree on that emphasis. You know, they can bring up counterexamples. That's fine. But then at least you're having a conversation about what is actually happening as opposed to just strawmaking the shit out of each other. Yeah. Substance over just personal attacks. Right. He was saying he want. Oh, I tried to get him on uh, universal health care, and he was saying something about like it being through tax credits and stuff like that. I was like, no, I want or, or, or tax cuts. Uh, we'll go through it, but I want more taxation, right? Um, that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, it was um, it was an interesting experience, and, and and as we said, we'll get into it in full tomorrow. Well, there you go. They're going to talk about it. Even they're going to actually get. Well, okay. They're saying they're going to get into substance tomorrow. Isn't it? Do you actually do you believe that? I mean, I got to admit, I'm interested. I'm interested. Oh, I'm interested too to hate the, watch it. Yeah, but, what uh, the dum dums right. are. Right. The dum dums perception. It just, you know, it's not. It's not necessarily even that they're dumb. They're just completely ideologically motivated to to come to certain conclusions instead of really honestly trying to understand. I mean, you got in these conversations, you have to have some level of charity. You really do mm -hmm. in order to think, you know, in order to deduce what this person really, what their argument really is, right. what their position right. really is. You have to listen. Right. And I mean, so much of it is listening. None of that was going on in this conversation, though. Mm -hmm. Let me send you, uh, you can bring it up, the thumbnail that they, that they did for this. Oh, my God. It's like the inverse of the thumbnail that I did. No way. Let's see here. Oh, they so, went. Look, that's their. This is tried and true. Yep. Oh, that's so horrible. <laughs> this is so horrible. This is just a complete hit piece. Of course. Well, obviously, right? I wonder if this is. If this thumbnail was made after. Tim Pool made his Emma is a pedo video. It uh, probably, I mean, this video came out. Well, actually, I don't know when because they stream and they cut it up, so I don't know when their stream actually occurred. Right. So, but it, yeah, it could have happened after the Emma is a pedo thing, which I'll have to watch now to see if that's in good faith or bad faith. But... Well, I do. 
I think the chances are very remote that Emma Viglin is actually a pedophile. Right. <laughs> like, is that, think... Was that Tim's position or was he just, he said she was a groomer, right? Whatever that means. Right. Well, no, okay. I do think he's on firm ground with the grooming charge because if she, if there's all these, all this pornographic material that's in grade school and she's like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, what is that? Yeah, I agree. That's like very bizarre. Like, yeah. Uh... So, so for those of you just listening, we've got Tim Pool with his rage face. Did they make his head particularly round for this? I feel like there was some. <laughs> you think they rounded out his? I don't know. I, I feel like they went to Mid Journey and said, "Tim Pool angry." <laughs> I mean, I've seen that Tim Pool picture before i don't know if it's i mean obviously it's been through some kind of filter because you know it looks a little off tim pool's head is not that round i mean that's like a perfect circle right but they probably put it through one of the upscaling things and so who knows what it did right right i mean obviously the the it looks like it's been ai upscaled so. and then emma viglin looking at tim pool like he's crazy and then of course they have a picture of the the Latinx shooter with all of his Nazi SS and swastika tattoos. Right. Though they don't have his face. So you don't see the, the ethnicity of the individual. Well, I think, I don't think his face was actually in this picture. I've only seen this picture of the Oh, tattoos maybe you're right. Okay. Without his face. But uh, the thing that people were talking about is that the tattoos look recent and they do look recent yeah they are i mean obviously you can see like the edge marks right or at least for the uh the the ss one it's still red so yeah mm -hmm. they're obviously recent could this picture have been like... taken after he was dead no i mean why not i mean it would be incredible like the way his body's propped up i guess you could do it the way his muscles are taut like that'd be very I don't buy this bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to pull out my Sitch Believes Institutions uh, card bias here. Okay. You need to start, provide some pretty powerful evidence that after the shooter was dead, they tattooed his body with fucking like Nazi shit. Okay. Look, they if you have any evidence of that, you're going to have to fuck right off. That's like insane. I'm sorry. Look, this is why the photo is so tight here. Right. Okay. They shot yeah. him in the head. They shot him in the bottom torso area. Uh -huh. they, they come in, they clean up all the blood. They give him some SS tattoos and a swastika. Uh -huh. Right. You know, they, they have to cut in tight because obviously they've shot him up in a lot of different places. So in so in the in the like original picture, he's sitting in a chair. It would be an amazingly done job if he was dead the way they propped up his body. So, <laughs> so. I think this I th I think this was actually some of the speculation on Twitter. Yeah, though. I'm sure it was. I'm sure someone somewhere had a very dumb take about you know, with no evidence whatsoever that these were tattooed after he was dead. Sitch, so. you don't know how the glowies work, okay? Of course. The swastika one doesn't look new though, because if you look at it, yeah, the there's SS no there's no red there. marks. There's no it's not raised at all. So, well, look, that one could be old. If you're some crazy racist shooter, of course you're going to go out and get these new incendiary tattoos for your project, right? Right. Right. There's a really good episode of Community where, um, I forget who it is, it's some comedian. Um, 
they find a magic trampoline mm-hmm. that whenever you jump on it, you experience enlightenment for some reason. Wow. Um, and it's being, it's, it's like hidden in the school. And at the end of it, when the trampoline gets destroyed for legal reasons, <laughs> um, the guy comes out and he's like, I knew, he's like, it's not your fault that the trampoline got destroyed. It's my fault. I should have never let uh, black people use the trampoline. And then and then one of the, the black character who's, uh, uh, what's his name? Donald Glover. is like, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh my God, that guy was racist the whole time and we didn't realize it. And it does like a flashback to him saying like really racist things they just didn't realize were racist. And you see he's got his shirt off and he's got a swastika like right in the middle of his chest. And they're like, what's up with that tattoo? And he's like, oh, it's going to be a maze. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's really good. Amazing. It was great. It's going to be some, a maze. There were some really spicy jokes on your pretty faces gone to hell that I was thinking, wow. I wonder if they could do these jokes now. They have Cerberus, the dog from hell. Mm-hmm. And the main character of Your Pretty Face Goes to Hell kind of kidnaps him and goes to Earth. And the dog is in a dog show. And the dog show, and in, at the dog show, the dog is making all of these Jewish jokes. <laughs> like it's just all over the place. Like they right. question the Holocaust and shit. And I'm thinking, wow, this is uh-huh. hilarious. But at the same time, I'm thinking, how are the woke people not just completely? How's the ADL not? Well, when was this show? This is an older show, isn't it? I don't know. Back don't when know. It, we were allowed to make jokes about things that were spicy. Yeah, here. I'm where's gonna, the video? Of the t- where's the the Emma Groomer video? I thought you sent to me in a DM at some point. I don't see it in our DMs. Really? Yeah. I did. Where is it? Tim did is you... getting even. He kind of calls Emma a pedo. It's above the USA facts. It's above us arguing about the two kid policy. Six got so triggered by my tweet, he actually looked up how much oh, tax right. revenue we would lose if we gave if we did no taxes for everyone with two children or more. Oh, I listen. I would listen. I was curious. Okay. You I were see. triggered. Triggered snowflake. I, I see that Adam uses my meme for evil. Okay. He uses my <laughs> meme for evil and it gets all this traction. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Okay. So I'm like, let me look up the actual, like, how much number. Oh, look. Be gone, the meme right? is right above it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There it is. There's you the meme me. you use for evil. Right. <laughs> That smug look Tim has is so priceless. Oh, he's yeah. so proud of himself. It's great. I know. He's proud of himself for giving the dumbest fuck. See, okay, here's the... Maybe, listen, maybe they'll go over that tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Will they go over, <laughs> like, the dumbest take ever that Tim had in anything he's ever said? You know? Doubtful. The uh, get rid of taxation for, for more than two kids. Doubtful. And you're right. He looks so proud of himself. He looks so happy with that take. <laughs> so good. Terrible. Look, Sitch figured out that we would lose $2.5 trillion in tax revenue. Well, no, I said like, so I said, I said, uh, theoretically. Right. 
Right. If everyone if everyone uses this to not pay income taxes, you lose about two point five trillion dollars in tax revenue. Supposedly. What's so. and what's the problem? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. What's the problem? Inflation will go crazy, Adam, unless you cut spending by some massive amount, right? Because how are you going to make up that loss? Because you're saying you think it's going to all be made up in productivity, which I'm skeptical of. But we'll put the kids to work. Yeah. Okay. It'll be great. What were you? Oh, you, what were you looking for in the DM? No, video. The video is called "Pride March Chants." We're coming for your children. Leftist defends grooming kids explicitly. Yep. And then he plays the clip of Emma saying she's okay. The uh, the video. And then he came out with a video today called Leftist Defends Graphic Books and Adult Dating Apps for Children. <laughs> <laughs> really? He's dialing it up. He is. Yeah, he is. So, okay. So, listen. Well, I have to watch those videos. They're going to, to war, man. I know. I'll watch the videos, see if they're fair, if he strawmans Emma or not. This so maybe is, he did just as bad to her as they did to him. This is the Rubicon for the Tim Pool show, too, because right. one of the things that I've always admired about Tim is Tim has had a you know, no-drama policy. He's like, I don't want to go in tit-for-tat warfare with other content creators. He's is like, that true? Yeah, he talks about it all the time. He's like, I want to... You know, I'm I'm going after politicians, the big the big fish, right? That's my my role. But he this is this is the tip for tat drama, is it not? Right. Of course. Well, yeah, because you know, she threw the neo Nazi accusation at him. Right. Right. So he's he's very angry. <laughs> so, right. There you go. Well, thank you. Hey, look, Phil's, Phil was on that episode. <laughs> They're talking about his, Emma's a groomer. <laughs> hey, really? <Phil. laughs> nice. Hey, Phil. Nice. No well. Look, I'll look at that one. Okay. On, what channel is it on? Temple? It's on Timcast IRL. Okay. Yeah. It's called Leftist Defends Graphic Books and Adult Dating Apps for Children. Can't wait. Look, I'm a Tim Pool fan now. I'm ready. Okay. Anyway, let's. This is uh, all I needed was the drama. Oh, we still have super chats? We have like a shit billion super chats till they get to. We don't have that many. Read J Max. J Mac gave us a hundred dollar super chat. We oh hey, hey J Mac. Our surrogate father, J Mac for the one hundred dollars. Thank you so much, J Mac. Says, love you all. Hope everyone is ready for the USA. US of A Day. True July 4th coming up, baby. I think Ethan started his descent shortly after the John Tron podcast. Maybe he saw John Tron as a sort of canary in the coal mine for Wokies, even though arguably John Tron is more successful. That is a great point that I had not considered. So John Tron did have a conversation with Destiny, and Destiny painted John Tron as a Nazi. And right. uh, that like spawned a million response videos. I think it spawned Carl Sargon of Akkad talking to John Tron. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. And I wonder maybe because the whole internet turned into John Tron is a Nazi racist who doesn't understand politics. Right, right. And I wonder if Ethan was like, holy shit, that's my friend John Tron. I used to make videos with in New York. That could be me. Maybe. That's a that's definitely potentially possible. That could be me. I need to 
preemptively save myself. How right. do I delete these Jordan Peterson videos? Right. Um, I haven't seen that conversation in a long time, so I don't remember what my feelings were about it. You don't? About whether John Tron was saying anything objectionable or not. I don't remember the conversation. I think Destiny was completely unfair with John Tron. I very well might have been. Yeah. I wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. I just I don't remember the conversation very well at all. So I just there's a lot about immigration, but Yeah. Uh the Dark Conservatarian for two dollars says, Did you guys skip or forget my fifty dollar super chat? You're right. I totally did. I apologize. I'm very sorry. I did skip your fifty dollar super chat. Shame. Shame on me. The Dark Conservatarian for fifty dollars. Thank you so much. It's incredibly generous. Says I finished the Katie debate. <laughs> this is how long it took. It took you this many weeks to finish it. Listen, I understand, right? It took you that long to get through. She was insufferable. <laughs> she was insufferable. What baffled me most was how she wanted to get into your pants. <laughs> First of all, why would that baffle you? I will take that kind of insult lying down. Okay. Not that makes perfect sense why she would want that. Not going to lie. I felt like that was the best part. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. He continues. I cut him off. What baffled me most is how she wanted to get into your pants, Sitch, and felt entitled to your exclusive attraction, but would be such a jerk to you. Is this how she gets a date? How toxic can she be? She was well, doing go. some heavy nagging of Sitch. She was doing right. That. Well, maybe this is the problem. Maybe this is the problem. She, you know, she talked about that um, she had trouble making friends when she was younger, and she doesn't realize that negging only works against girls. <laughs> oh, it doesn't work against guys. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if negging works against guys. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, it doesn't work on me. I'm not. I don't know if negging works on guys. So, I'd actually be interested to see some uh, some research on that. Did you did you stumble upon my tweet where we were talking about Katie? No, no. Oh, you didn't. What was your, what was your tweet about Katie? Oh no, I did. I did see. <laughs> wait, wait. I did see your tweet. I think I liked it, or I saw. I liked the tweet in somewhere around the vicinity of that tweet. Cherry, Cherry called us out. Gave us a hard time for being dorky centrist. Okay, she was teasing us. Of she course, was she was. Time, yes. She was being sarcastic, right. but. Right. She cat she categorizes show as just kind of a, a way for us to try to get such dates. <laughs> and I mentioned that I was trying to get Katie back on because I thought they had some chemistry. Going. Yeah, I did. I, as she said, Adam and Sitch, better known as Adam and Stitch, mm -hmm. are dirty centrists who run a show for the sole purpose of finding Sitch a wife. I'm sorry they tricked you into talking to them. Sarcasm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then Adam, because he's evil, said, <laughs> I wish Katie would come back. I felt Sitch had a real chemistry with her. Yep. And then and then uh Omis with the the actual correct response says, Friends don't do that to friends. <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Omis. Yeah, Look. that's not something you should uh impart on to me. Look, it's it's good to have options. You never know. Okay. Is I mean, there's some options, and then there's options, right? 
Look, maybe anyway. you maybe you take a trip to Israel with your family. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you might you might want to take someone out for drinks. I mean, I listen, I'd Shalom. be interested. In, <laughs> listen, I, I think Katie's an interesting person, right? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in her psychology to try to understand like oh, what's happening here, right? The female psychology, huh? Well, I, should listen, we get Rolo think, on before the trip? Listen, I don't think it's fair. I listen, I don't think it's fair to to be like it's to to basically expand Katie's psychology to like all women. Okay, <laughs> I don't think that's fair. Oh, of course, that's terrible. Yeah, that's right, not right. Fair no, no, but I'm saying I think she's an interesting person, and I I would be interested into like trying to figure out what's happening there, but not in terms of dating. Okay. Anyway. Well, Katie, I think might be back on the show someday, so we'll. You see said she wasn't interested. Look, I have, I have Work my ways. Look, keep nagging her. I have my ways, Sitch. Right. Sure. Wanton Tiger for five Canadian says so many easier, better ways to get laid. True. <laughs> what? How, how do you true. know this? Yes. Lady Cameron says Adam is the world's best moderator and wingman. True. <laughs> yeah, sarcastically. True. <laughs> David Pop says you can fix her. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> she looks that she can't be fixed. Okay, don't right. don't delude yourself there. Oh, I'm there's no delusion. Okay. I first of all, I I thought Katie was a great guest. I I did. I thought she was a great guest too because it made us lots of money because you guys hated her so much. I did like her, and I I honestly think that there was some kind of sexual chemistry going on between her and Sitch. <laughs> I think it was undeniable. The dark conservatarian thinks it was undeniable. <laughs> like I, well, you know, I remember funny. a lot of comments yeah. being about, wow, this girl really wants to fuck Sitch. Well, it's funny because as I said, I think I said after this, the stream, mm. but on stream after she left, I, mm. I wasn't looking at her, the screen for like 99% of the conversation. Right. So she was doing all this visual stuff that I didn't even realize was happening in the conversation until you pointed out. And I went well, back. Well, she and went, had oh, like shit. nine different right. outfits on. She was yeah, on for like was... four hours. Right, right. But no, listen, I, I thought it was a fun conversation. So I welcome her back onto the program with open arms. Right. Open as arms. A, as a, uh, listen, I want her to be like female Doomer. I want her to be like a heel of the show. I think but I don't, I'm mean, not interested. So look, I think she's super smart. I just think she's like, yeah, she's not stupid. She just yeah. has some wacky views. Wacky, <laughs> wacky views. Anyways, okay, we're done with super chats, guys. We're not done with super chats. Oh. Anytime I say anyways, does it mean we're done with super? I, there's a very specific tone of voice that I say it in that means we're done with super chats. What's that tone, Sitch? It's not the creepy <laughs> voice. Okay. <laughs> It's what's, not that Adam's doing, you know, what's I, that tone? <laughs> I literally think you could make a killing on YouTube, <laughs> ironically, not... doing ASMR. Really? God, yes. That would be so painful for me. I there can't be... stand ASMR. Well, you don't have to listen to yourself, mm-hmm. right? You would. Yes, like, I do. <laughs> like the amount of, of chicks and gay men that would consume your ASMR content would be like. And the tens, if not hundreds of thousands. Okay. What uh what 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 kind of stuff do I say? I don't know. You you would pretend like you're a doctor, mm-hmm. right? Or something. Oh yeah. Give like here. a checkup. Let me uh, let me get my stethoscope out. 
Yeah, there. See, there you go. You got it. You got an nail perfectly. Oh, oh this okay. is this is going to be a little cold on your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, listen, you have to do this just once, just to see if it, just to see what happens, just to see, I'm telling you, you would get a fucking video, you would be shocked, you would do all these fucking videos, and bro, you get like massive views from Look, this shit. I may, I may go to chat GPT after this episode and say- Can you write me a script for an ASMR doctor? Can you write me a sexy script for a doctor? Yeah. Well, no, you have to, listen, you have to be careful. Because I don't know if the girls, they like kind of want to like, like, uh -huh. they don't want to be like overtly like sexual. Oh, right? too sexual. Okay. Right. It's got to be just like, right. like a hint of maybe. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. This is good. This is good information. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, chat, don't you agree? Listen, chat knows what's up. Okay. <laughs> maybe. I don't look. I see ASMR and I see these videos with like 35 million views. And I think, what the right. fuck is happening? Well, it's weird. How is this like, happening? There's, there's, there's some like ASMR people that get like insane views, but then like you know, it's like with anything, most people get like no views, right? Right. So it's wildly all over the place. Sure. I'm telling sure, you, man, sure. you got, you got the voice. You got well, you, the voice. For I the have ASMR. been known to go for a viral video just for the heck, for the heck it. of it. So, look, there, Goro Cero says, "I'm straight, but I'd listen." I think I have my highest video view is like 35 million views or something. There you go. CT says, this would be the name of the video. Adam friended ASMR roleplay. You're a hostage in my basement. Oh, true. That's good. That that I've good. seen those, but they're almost always uh, men. I don't listen to ASMR for men or like male boys because I'm like, I'm like, gay. but uh, you listen to ASMR. That is a popular, that is a popular uh, subject, I guess, for male ASMR. I guess women want to imagine they're kidnapped or something. Hmm. Okay. And then you listen, you could do ASMR where you explain MMT to the ladies, right? <laughs> That's not going to get any views. Let's, no, be, okay. let's be serious here. Okay, true, true. Yeah. You Adam. Know how money works. <laughs> there you go. You could call your channel Adam SR, right? Mm -hmm. Sort of ASMR, Adam SR. Oh, yeah. Boom. ASMR is when I'm not horny enough for porn. <laughs> Is your is your video Look, with thirty five my... million views your firecracker video? Yes. <laughs> well, no. Hold on. It's my. Right. It's the long fuse one. The long. I'm sorry. The, the long fuse. Yeah, the long fuse video. All right. That yeah. one's comedy gold. Uh, it's good. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. It's good. I don't know if I'd say it's comedy gold, but I like it's good it. video. Anyway, where was I? You got to do this. We're going to hold you to it, Adam. We're going to hold you to this. I want an Adam. <laughs> You're a hostage in Adam's basement or Adam doctor ASMR video. Okay. Oh, I searched Adam friended on Google. And the first thing to come up is that tweet, that temple tweet. <laughs> Great. I know. It's hilarious. Uh, Officer C for future... 5 says, it's so funny you can tell this is the most important thing that happens in the majority report in years, and it's just another day for Tim. True. Of course. Yeah. Huge asymmetry there, isn't there? True. <laughs> Adam drives your 12-year-old kid brothers the voting polls ASMR. <laughs> Perfect. No. Oh, my God. I You have to listen. Look at I want, Sitch. I'm being 
completely groomed here, guys. You have to be a popular ASMR artist just so you can do these stupid fucking ASMR where you talk about dumb shit like MMT or 12-year-olds voting or something. Just like that would be the best troll in existence. I mean, it may I may do it just for just for the comedy of it. Like yes. they're funny scripts. Yes. But you have to get you have to get popular first, and then you can do like the the parody ASMR. The funny, pa- but it's not actually parody because you actually believe the dumb shit you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but there is like a sexual connotation to it, right? That's what the ASMR. I don't know. I don't. I've never listened to any ASMR, so I don't know what's going on. I for, for it's not there isn't necessarily a sexual content uh, uh, level to it. So come on, when she's. Tossing ice around in her mouth. Come on, you know. Okay, I'm, okay. There are some that are <laughs> you know obviously what's going right. On I there. know. Yeah, when some girls making ice sounds, you know, like mouth, yeah. you're going, look, I know. What some you're girls doing. making sucking sounds on the mic. There's only one way for my brain to interpret that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, but I'm saying there's a lot of S, there is a lot of ASMR that it's I, I don't think is anything sexual remotely at all to it. Okay. So, I think it's weird. I think I don't. Those it, are. But... I don't know, like a lot of the really big ASMR people, I don't, I don't think they're doing sexual things remotely at all with their ASMR. So, hmm. so just play it, play it coyly in your ASMR, Adam. Okay. Oh yeah, I will. That's all I'm saying. It'll be good. You watch. Okay, I'm telling you. Um, Kyle Petty for ten dollars says annoying. We're basically doing what this guy wants, except with guardrails. But he sees the guardrails as chains. We already have different laws in states and countries. He just wants to allow it to fail. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I felt like, and I, I, we didn't really get to that part of the conversation. But I felt like if we basically adopted the system that he wanted, we would just essentially recreate the government eventually at the end of the day. <laughs> so. so sad, <laughs> right? Um, well, that's why I said, like, I feel like the entire, that's why I asked him, I said, the, the only difference I feel like between what he's saying, because that's why I asked him, I said, like, imagine we had the system that he wanted, right? And just for the sake of argument, there's 50 small governments, one for each state that people can opt into. But once you get to like peak saturation is you get, you run into the same problem where it's just like, well, you're born in some location or area. There's no one, like, where are you supposed to move if you don't agree with any of the the laws, right? If that's the basis of why taxation is theft. Right. So I I feel like I understand like the emotional, moral uh position of of the argument of like, yeah, there's a there's coercion to taxation because you don't have an option to like live in a magical place that doesn't exist. Um, but I feel like that's part of the coercion of life existing in the first place. And I'm not sure there's a way around that, at least not currently. I so. look at it this, as the state of nature is about 90% coercion. And right. we have managed to reduce that level of coercion to like 30%. Right. Right. But this was, yeah. And then he would say, well, his system would reduce it further. Um, I'm I, not sure it I would. disagree. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, if we could drive it down to zero, I'm like, yeah, fucking sign me up, right? Of course, right. Um, but I'm not sure it would for reasons I'm not going to get into. But. Well, I potentially, I think through technology, we could. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. Robots I, I doing all the work and... Well, not zero. That's impossible. But we could drop it 
to very low numbers, 10%, low levels of, 5%. of coercion. There's always yeah. going to be, you, well, first of all, you always want some level of coercion. If you live in zero co coercive existence, that means you're a free floating consciousness that gains everything it wants instantly and loses all motivation to do anything, right? Okay, so you want a level of coercion in your life, right? Right. To, to that's what motivates you to to act. Um, but I'm just, and I think we can get, I think we can get to much lower levels with technology, with robots, with free energy, blah 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 blah. blah. Right. But I just, I just think this idea of privatizing everything to me. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, what he was talking about, it's like, okay, that's fine. But like, what happens when, you know, you have lots of people out there that just can't like move, right? You say, oh, I don't enjoy this community's laws, right? I can just move somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, well, what if you can't, right? I just feel like you're going to get in these weird situations where essentially you're going to have like these massive slums start forming where the slums are going to be under the jurisdiction of not the people who live there, but people who own the property. Right. And yeah. those people that live feudalism. there but don't own the property. Yeah, exactly. Feudalism. People that live that live there but don't own the property have no recourse essentially in this system. That'd be my guess as to how that system would end up working. Well, of course. Yeah, because they have no political power, say. Right. Economic power generally turns into political power. And in I mean, I don't know if you remember, but in the dictator's handbook, they go through different dictatorships and different democracies and they kind of compare tax rates and in mm -hmm. the, the in the dictatorships they don't necessarily have traditional tax rates because they don't have like an irs system but what they do is they form these kind of different institutions where you know you have to sell your your wheat to the government or whatever at a fixed price. And then they turn around and sell it on the open market for a giant profit. So you're not actually making the profit. And when they do, when they run the numbers, the taxation in these dictatorships is always around 90%. It's like you right. get to keep 10% of what you toil for. So whenever anybody comes in and talks about how they're going to make it better, I always think, well, you know, it could get a lot worse. Sure. Yeah. Right. But yeah, and he's not advocating. To be clear, he's not advocating for that system. I just think it's like. Well, he did I just feel of, like he did talk about monarchy. Some. What was that all about? Right. But I, I just feel like that. I feel like that system is kind of like the natural outgrowth. Yeah. Of, no. That's what I of, that, of anarchy in the first place. Well, no, I think that is kind of the state of nature. The state of nature yes. is people desire security so much that they are willing to give up ninety percent of their income to to secure it well i don't even know if it's that it's just that the save nature is you can form coalitions of people who will use force to to do what you want essentially right you know it's it's you can have a warlord who's a charismatic guy who's able to get a bunch of killers around him yeah who like him personally and then the personal like starts to change is he gains more power and he gains more people and it becomes i have more resources essentially to dole out to all the people under me right and i think i think that's the natural state of things unfortunately but at least once you enter farming and stuff you know when you have a hunter gatherer society i think things work a little bit differently but anyway uh let's see fondue for joy says well they could have just get sean on the show and ask true True. Well, there. So apparently, 
uh, Sean said on Twitter, I believe that that Sam Cedar did reach out to him. So apparently he will be on the show at some point. Yeah. In the future. I, I don't know if it's going to be anytime. It. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon, but supposedly at some point in the future, Sean will supposedly be on the majority report. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Bob and Go for five dollars says MR is gloating. Majority report is gloating about using a shooting tragedy to give a sad poopy face. Let that sink in. So compassionate, so progressive. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny that to me that the left, which is supposed to be about deconstructing toxic masculinity and making people okay with their emotions, they're all jumping for joy that they were able to make a man feel a feeling of anger, like that's a win. So, okay. Yeah, very sad. It's a little hypocritical. Uh, Stog for $2 says, my favorite Dave Rubin interview was Jordan Peterson versus Peter Jordanson. Oh, yeah. I can't Classic. remember that content creator, but I saw that one. I did too, yeah. Uh, Kyle Petty for another $5. Thank you, Kyle. Says, oh my God, I'm so annoyed. Nobody even agrees entirely on what is considered aggression. This is just wishful thinking as commies anyway. Some good conversation. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, we uh, did that, argue over that. Well, we argued about lots of definitions of a lot of different things. But uh, Fat Brown Buffalo for five dollars says so. Sam doesn't give a shoot about getting invited places, but he literally used tri trickery to sneak his way onto the Crowder show. Fascinating. That's that a good is point. a great point. Right. It's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, Loser the Dome for two Canadians says, I have to walk the dogs, be back in 45 minutes. Well, thank you. All right. But also, that? it's not true that he's not upset about not being invited because when Emma was on the show, she's all like, Tim, Tim, you got to invite Sam on the show. She said this at least two or three times in the conversation, right? She's yeah, definitely, she was begging. Right. She was definitely pushing for Tim to have Sam on in the first place. So, and she said it, she said at the beginning of the conversation, she said at the end of the conversation. She bookended both parts of the conversation with, Having you should have Sam, Sam on, on the show. That is right? a great point. You're exactly but, uh, right. But he doesn't care, supposedly. So, right. Uh, Dilligaff, thank you so much, Dilligaff, for joining the Order of the Enlightened. Thank wow. You. That's a high tier. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, thank you. Very generous. Uh, Keenith S for six months. Thank you. Says Philosophy Tube is going to be on a Star Wars series. Do you think it's going to get over under 1.5 seasons? Is that real? Yeah, we talked about this the other day. Don't you remember? I don't remember. Yeah, if you type in like, um, if you go to Google and you type in Star Wars trans, right? There's all these articles that are like, Star Wars officially hires their first transgender actor. Disney cast first transgender actor in Star Wars franchise. Are they going to be a main character? I who the fucking I don't know, Chloe. I kind of hope so because it would be funny. Philosophy Tube's voice is kind of like nails on a chalkboard for me. It's not great. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it seems like that voice would upstage any kind of performance. We'll see. I mean, I'm assuming it's not going to be a big role, but I have no clue. They're playing a character called Ensign Urus. <laughs> really? Nice name. On the show The Acolytes, which will premiere next year. Ensign Urus? 
Is that really? I wasn't going to say that, but I was like, that sounds close to like Uranus, Uranus or something. But uh, okay. Ensign your ass. Ensign your ass. Wow. Right, there you go. Perfect. Uh, the show is set to take place 200 years before the events of the Skywalker saga. Why does everything have to be a prequel nowadays? Why can't, was like, why can they just not make sequels? Yeah, why can't they go 500 years in the future? <laughs> just carve out some new new stuff right well i guess they, they don't want to they don't do sequels they only do prequels because they're afraid of like doing something that would like they want to keep the sequel ability to to go forward for like fresh canon maybe for movies right <laughs> they're afraid of doing something i don't know uh it wasn't canceled no it is the show is going forward okay let's go back to the old <laughs> super chat ants in what? your ass Ants in your ass? Yeah, Anson. Anson. Anson, Anson. Ants in your ass. Right. <laughs> Fuck you! Sitch! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you on the super chats! There you go. Dotums for $2 says, Adam, given the apportionment part of your argument, doesn't that suggest that you that currently children's votes are just equally distributed between all adults? So suggestion would be just to give it solely to parents. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Devin Tracy, look, it's our good friend Devin Tracy. Oh no! Why are you guys stirring stuff up? Always stirring stuff up in all caps. Says, uh, "You pussy ass bitch, can't even stop slandering me with your stupid ass lies about me uh, wanting Emmett Till lynched by <laughs> randomly bringing me up through Sean's mouth." There you go. Thank you, Devin Tracy. Look. I, there were some, there were some comments that were not in favor of Sean defending Devin, so I think there are people who are not really Devin fans. So sure, I'm sure they're not. <laughs> right, and listen, it's fine. Um, don't you know? Don't throw any hate at Sean. I'll just say that Sean is friend of the show still. So right, yeah. Okay, let me go see where we were on the old super chats. Or did we finish on these super chats today's? I guess we got caught so. up. Did we? Did we miss a fifty dollars one? I feel like maybe we. Uh, did. We we read it. Mangus that was the a red. Dark... What? Greetings, brothers. I'm here for the free will. I read that one. Oh, maybe did. you were away when I read that one. But I read that one. Oh, okay, I must have been away. But he said A Team has the best books. Yeah, he did. You should have told me that when I came. He said S class is best class though first though. And A team has the best books. Okay. It's more important. Uh, Johnny <laughs> Goldman for two New Zealand dollars says, "What's your personal opinion on the Central Park Five being guilty?" I have no personal opinion. I have very little awareness or knowledge about the that situation. So, weren't they? What I like vaguely remember hearing was like, weren't they accused? Weren't they guilty of some other crime? But maybe not the specific crime that that they were accused of or something. Yeah. Like my vague, I have a very vague recollection of probably listening to Sean talk about this in some video or something, but I don't know enough about the situation to have well, a good it, opinion on it. Didn't it take place during a night that was like, there was a lot of mayhem going on? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know much about it, so I don't really have an opinion either. Uh, Anonymous for $5 says the adjusted wage gap 
isn't sexism. It's just unexplained. No serious researcher would treat it as a smoking gun the way Ethan is doing. Yes, well, of course. I would say, unfortunately, the problem is serious <clears throat> researchers do. It's not a question of serious. It's a question of unbiased. Like, they're all just incredibly biased researchers. So, I agree. Anonymous for another five dollars says, according to Wikipedia, the biggest adjusted wage gap is five percent. With more factors adjusted, it gets down to one percent. Yeah, that's what that's my understanding. So, yeah. Uh, I versus Getterix for five dollars says this is the entire reason progressive messaging is always made to sound nice and empathetic. When opposing NPCs meet, the nice one always, nice sounding one always wins. That's an interesting point. Hmm. Maybe that doesn't make sense. Electric Elephant for five Aussies says strongest factors for abuse are alcohol, mental illness, and past history of being abused. Much more correlation than infidelity, etc. Uh, it makes sense to me. Uh, Solo for five hours says if the lack of a stay-at-home dads contribute to the pay gap, are those dads <laughs> are those dads who work sexist? <laughs> I know a person who argued this. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, Wonton Tiger for 15 Canadian. Thank you. Says, unless it happened organically, it always feels weird. 20 year, oh, talking about differences in age, I think. 20 year differences can work, but mostly it's predatory. Good commentary, sexual dynamics are complicated. Society talking points making worse. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, most age gaps are obviously not 20 years. 20 years is weird. Um, I don't. I mean, obviously, as long as people are above the age of consent, you know, go for it. It can happen, right? People can find relationships that I think are legitimate and real relationships, not just like gold diggers, can definitely exist at more extreme age range, even if it's not common. So, yeah, it depends upon the situation. Obviously, right. A lot of famous people get older and they have twenty-year age gaps, and I always think. A lot of people are complaining about them, but I think from the girl's perspective, they're like, I'm going out with a famous person. Right. Well, also to me, like, you know, sometimes you see people like, oh my God, I forget who it was. Someone on Twitter, like this weird thing on Twitter where if there's like an age gap mm -hmm. of like eight years or more, like people call them, like they attack them for being groomers or something, even if the person's like 20 or 30, even if there's like, yeah, it's weird. But um, mm -hmm. I read there was someone who's like, oh my God, this person is so evil because they dated someone who was like 10 years younger than them. But it's like, yeah, but then they married that person and they've been together and had children and they've been together for like 10 years or 20 years, right? Sure. Um, to me, I don't, the age gap to me doesn't matter if they're together and it's like they're pursuing a real relationship. It's only weird to me when you have like the Leonardo DiCaprio situation where he's just like chain dating people that are like 20. Cause you're like, Oh, he's not, he's obviously not looking for a real relationship whatsoever. Right. Right. No. So that's yeah. like, you know, kind of gross, kind of skeezy in my opinion. But if, you know, a woman wants to fuck Leonardo and has the knowledge that basically she's just throwing away reproductive years to be with a person that's not going to marry her, I guess that's her choice. <laughs> So, right. As long as he's open and upfront, <clears throat> not like pretending, you know. Maybe uh, he wants to have a bunch of kids. Maybe he's like, "Listen, you can be a single mom for me. I'll set you up." No, oh, okay. He's doing the Nick Cannon thing. I guess Nick Cannon kind of is doing that. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> uh, S. Karen for five dollars. Thank you. Uh, fire everything for ten dollars. Thank you. Says I like to pose a question. 
What do you think about promoting women in their early tw 20s to marry men in their early 30s? This is based on all that's been discussed tonight. Um, I think that's a bad idea. I'm 100% in favor of this idea. Okay, why are you in favor of this idea? I just think it's a great idea. Look. You want to promote as a society that women should be dating men 10 years older than them. I think men are ready to marry in their 30s and women are ready to marry in their 20s and they should get together and get married. Right. That's a terrible idea. I'll tell you why it's a bad idea. Okay. Tell, what tell is me like, why. What is the number one <clears throat> breakdown of all societies? What is the number what, one cause of the breakdown of all societies? No, let me think. Is it liberalism? No. It's not liberalism, are you sure? Not liberalism. Let me, yeah, Before let me, liberalism look, even existed. Okay. Let me call my friend Carl. I want to ask Carl. Right. Pre-liberalism. Carl. <laughs> Pre-liberalism doesn't matter here. It's not liberalism? No, it's not liberalism. I feel like the answer is liberalism. Look, let me like, go over I'll, to the Lotus Eaters channel and see I'll just if tell I can... you. I'll just tell you. Okay. I'll just tell you. Number one breakdown is a bunch of fucking pissed off, disenfranchised young men who don't have anything better to do than to tear shit up. Uh-huh. And you okay. think that's going to happen with this situation? If you promote a situation where every 20-year-old woman is going to be dating 30-year-olds, who the fuck are all the 20-year-old men supposed to be dating? Well, it's but as soon as they turn 30, they got a 20 They're not going to wait. They're yeah. going to be fucking pissed. They'll be like, why the <clears throat> fuck? I can't. When you're, okay. Who do you think is hornier? A 20-year-old? Male or a thirty-year-old male? Twenty-year-old, obviously. Okay. Look, so I've you have been a bunch a of like male. It's, super it's fucking horny twenty-year-old men who live in a society where they can't get any. Right. You think that's a good fucking strategy for why anything? Would not, why would they not be able to get any? Because all the women are dating older men. Okay. This is a terrible idea. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you were talking about. And I understand what the super chat is talking about. There's a logic there, but I'm saying there's another logic here that you're not that you're not fixating on, which would be really bad for society. Look, I was 30 when I met my wife. That's fine. I'm not saying 30 year old men can date 20 year olds. I'm just saying I don't think there should be like an idea that society should be promoting this specific type of relationship. Mm, okay. <laughs> fine, whatever. <laughs> but why not? Okay, I just said why not. Okay. Anyway, and also I'm as, not as persuaded, I but right, also as I pointed out, the when people have free choice, right? The average age gap is like two or three years. Yeah, but he's so. talking about promoting, not right. He's not saying. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, but by promoting it, you're trying to say, "Well, I want to change that average, right?" Because you want to have some kind of cultural pressure. I think it's a bad idea. Okay. Anyway. Contrast for two Aussie books says Adam pulling the promiscuity ladder up behind him. <laughs> oh, I True. do remember that. Yeah. True. Yeah, of course. Now that Adam I is married, reading he's that one. Right. If Adam was 20, let's let's imagine we go to you say, excuse me, 20-year-old Adam. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should promote that women your age should be dating men 10 years older than you? What's what was 20-year-old Adam's response gonna be? Hell no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They should be dating me. Yeah, exactly. All women should be dating me. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> there you go. Here, here, here's actually, you know what? Here it is. I figured out how to do it. Okay. You want to mm -hmm. know the answer? Here we go. 
we can promote listen they'll promote that all the 20 year old women can date the to date and marry the 30 year old men okay right but all the milfs will be dating the 20 year old guys wait you just found the solution <laughs> there we go we you figured totally it out totally found the solution we'll just do an age swap okay <laughs> yeah once once those 20 year old women get to like in their 40s and they divorce and they divorce because the you're a 60 year old man right then they're gonna go back to dating the 20 year old look you've just invented <laughs> the perfect system here okay i figured it out i did it i did it you're welcome you're welcome everyone all I the it all out. the 20 year olds get the 40 year old milf yes there you go right got them then got they're em. practicing up getting ready for the th for their 20 year old wife there you go we did it. We did a chat. You're welcome. We just need a snazzy name for this, like The Handmaid's Tale or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's write this out. Right. This can be Super Villains Anonymous 3. <laughs> Super Villains Anonymous, The Handmaid's Tale. I don't want to bring this up to Super Villains Anonymous. <laughs> Could be fun. Uh, Chitachi for $5 says, please, no red pill channels. You guys are cringing up. Just kidding. Love you both. Thank you, Stasi. True, yes. Uh, Mr. Anderson for $2 says, who would win in a fist fight, Ethan or Pearl? I mean, Ethan could, like, eat Pearl. I don't know if that's... A... <laughs> He's, like, three times her size. I'm not sure that's... A... Yeah, I'm I have sure to put my money on Ethan. Right. Even though Ethan looks fat and out of shape, I still think. I still yeah, think a Pearl doesn't. Pearl. I mean, she looks very thin, scraggly and out of shape, so I'm not sure. Right. I mean, it's. I mean, Ethan could get a heart attack in the fight. That's also possible. So she could. Oh yeah. Dodge around enough. Bimo for ten dollars says, "I took the bait and I got French toast sticks. <laughs> Total letdown. You guys betrayed me." What? I'm sorry to hear that, Bimo. Wow. Didn't like the BK French toast sticks. I mean, we did hype them up pretty high. But See, I mean, they're good. I still think they're tasty. I still have yet to get them. CT, I think, has got them a couple times and said they were good. So, CT got the, um, she tried the Wendy's one. She said they were inferior. But she also ones. said they, she thinks they burned them. Oh, okay. Right. I still haven't tried the Wendy's ones, but maybe tonight. Based French toast sticks from Burger King. Still good. I had, I had some. They were still good. Uh, CT for two Canadians says based Vanessa LOL. There you go. Sweet. Ask me for six MYR says, you know what MILF means? I think I was yes. asking you what MILF means. Yes. Yes. But I don't do. you wouldn't answer me though. Yeah, it means uh mega illiterate library females. <laughs> It's very confusing. They're both illiterate and in a library. So it's a very Me niche category of pornography. Mecca illiterate library females. Right. Oh. So it's, that's, it's a, what, it's a, that's what you're into. It's a category of pornography where basically the male finds an illiterate female in a library who wants to learn to read. And through the course <laughs> of like a year, he slowly teaches her how to unlock the power of reading and language. And finally, at the end of it all, they make love. It's very romantic. She has a library, the librarian glasses on, but it's weird because she's illiterate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she looks like a librarian, but for some reason, she just can't read. It's true. 
That's true. Maybe she has her glasses on upside down or something. Right. Uh, Add me for six. MYR says you can't compare MILFs to average thirty somethings. No, no. Well, I wasn't. To be fair, I was con- I was comparing it to the teen category in pornography, right? So mm-hmm. presumably, if they're doing porn, you'd assume that they're physically attractive already, right? I mean, he's saying that you know the average. Well, first of all, a thirty-year-old being a MILF is kind of weird. I guess it'd be like late, like mid to late thirties to forties to fifties would be like the MILF category. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, women who are doing pornography, you would assume that are categorized as MILFs are going to be like much more attractive than the average person. Sure. But I would assume that'd be true of all people doing pornography. Right. Yeah. Look, we um, don't, well, I guess maybe some people like to look at ugly people having sex. That's true. That is a category that people <laughs> look up. Is it really? <laughs> I would be surprised if it wasn't. I I listened to some talk with some sex researcher, Mm -hmm. and she was saying one of the byproducts of the internet is that you you didn't have these super sexualized women. Right. And uh, it was, it lessened the impact on, like it made girls have more realistic expectations of beauty standards since you would see all these dip, like various body types having sex. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, it was super interesting because I thought, hmm. Usually people you... say it's the opposite. Yeah, what do they what do they call it when they have they set unrealistic body expectations for Feminists used to complain about that all the time, right? Yeah. Is there, yeah. I mean, they'd say unrealistic body expectations. I don't know if there's a specific yeah. term that you're looking for, but. But that I thought that was interesting, right? That is interesting, yeah. Like this, all this porn that's going out there is actually helping people. Right. There you go. Yeah. They're like, oh, look, that fat chick can have sex. So can I. <laughs> I shouldn't be embarrassed of my body. There you go. Look at all them thickies. Matthew Newman for two New Zealand dollars says, so women run 2.3 years worse off. (laughs) There you go. What does that mean? It means what it means. The Wolf for $2 says, I've never hated listening to a video more. Was that that our... uh, This must have been us arguing. No, this was uh, Ethan... Versus Pearl. Right. Yeah, but I mean, that could have been us. I guess that's why part of why those clips didn't do well. Everyone hates both parts of those conversations, both, you know, parties in the conversation. So, yeah. Uh, Matthew Newman for two New Zealand. Thank you. Says this is totally missing the universal beauty versus hot. Right. Yes. Uh, Adam unfriended for $10 says for most anime porn or cartoon porn, most of the time female characters are virgins and guys doing the deeds with girls are self inserts for the viewers. That's your answer for why. I mean, I'll take your word for it. Well, there you go. For I don't why know if that's it, true, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> for why it's such a popular category. Right. Yeah. Right. I, We're back to the sophist. I guess. Oh, yeah. You already read that one. I did, yeah. Uh, Spencer for $5 says, Fun fact, Washington's stepson was Robert E. Lee's wife's grandpa, so muddled this up more. <laughs> that is bizarre. Washington's okay. stepson yeah. was Robert E. Lee's 
wife's grandpa. grandpa. <laughs> that's a weird, that's quite the line, but okay. Okay, yeah. I didn't even know George Washington had a stepson. Wait a minute. Did you know that according to Rollo, George Washington was a cuck? Our founding father? How dare he? The founding cuck. How dare you, Rollo? Speak ill of George Washington. That's terrible. Electric Elephant for two Aussie bucks says, if young is most common, no need for a search term. Yeah, but I, th I believe True. when I looked it up, there was a specific search. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like if, if the average is just young, but then why is there a teen category? That's got to mean something, right? Yeah. Like so, if you click it, something Other people show in the up. comments said that those numbers were messed with and that teen really is the most popular category. What was that based off of? I don't know. They said it in the comments. Huh? I didn't okay. look at it. I mean, it. when I looked it up, they had the, they had the, they said it were the numbers. I don't know I why. I didn't ask them for I don't a know citation. What would, I don't know what would be like, what would be the point of Pornhub lying about that? I... Well, they've said on other websites, not on Pornhub. Oh, oh, oh. Well, yeah. So, well, yeah, right. Pornhub that could be the case. has to get their ESG score up. So they're like, well, well we no. Can't. As I said, there could be some, like the cartoon thing, there could be some specific reason that like the viewership of Pornhub fixates on certain categories on that site particularly right so that's why i said you have to be careful to not assume that a someone time out categories on Pornhub watch doesn't necessarily mean that that applies to universal porn watching in an entire country of course yeah um listen we need to get to we need to do a study to get the bottom of this okay i thought we already did look i'm on no. Pornhub right now trump's yeah, exactly. assistance <laughs> There you go. Uh, Steph Lyria for $10 says, explain it to the folks at home. Well, I don't remember what we were going to explain, but thank you. I hope we did. I hope we did. Oh, maybe it was a Hunter situation. Aussie R for 10 Aussie bucks says, the funniest thing about this is that the Hunter, that Hunter recently had two debates with red pill creators where he, where, where he used, he boasted about his trad life slash trad wife. There you go. So the explaining to the folks at home was probably about the, the Hunter Carissa situation, which right. we did actually talk about. So right. Uh, Theo Wolf for two dollars says, "I hope you guys enjoy my artwork." Yeah, it was we great. did. Yeah, yeah. Theo Wolf made those amazing uh, JoJo pictures. So anonymous oh, gangbang impossible paper bag on it. <laughs> What are you looking at? Live oh, lives Liz Deswall for two dollars. Lives in Deswall City for dress says, quote, anonymous gangbang impossible paperback on it. Oh no, I was I was saying like the idea that like she would she's gonna like film some gangbang scene and like I I don't I'm hard pressed to understand how she's gonna do that and still remain anonymous. So I guess you could. Look I guess you could, but uh all right. The unknown gangbanger. Right. She's got a paper bag on Speaking of gangbangs, I guess I did miss a super chat. Uh, CT for five Canadian says, quote, not all women want to have a gangbang, end quote. No shit. Listen, if I want to disappoint a whole group of people at once, I would have dinner with my family. Oh, shit. <laughs> Boo. CT. Boo. I like it. Look at that. Self-deprecating and hilarious. Yes. Very funny. 
Uh, Thea Wolf for ten dollars says I made them so that they would cancel each other. Oh, I read this. This was about the uh, the stands that Thea Wolf did. They were very cool. Uh, Wanton Tiger for fifteen Canadian says chat is hot. Such an atom is hot. No quibbling. Hot. <laughs> Regardless, let's all learn to live together without forcing our prejudice upon one another. Peace. Uh, peace. Do not be like Ethan. Fire calculated. Well, thank you, Wanton. This might have been when we were fighting over the women killing their kids. Probably. Probably. Which I thought was a great debate, but Sitch just what? doesn't I th think so. I I thought it was fine conversation. What do you mean? That was great. Yeah. I mean you're just wrong. But I mean old school for five dollars says we need an AI to manipulate uninformed voters into not voting. This class is piss class asks. I mean, I think that wouldn't that be election tampering? Uh, well, no, because it it would it would only be election tampering if you're tampering with the votes. If you're just like convincing people, right? That's not tampering. It would be immoral, but it wouldn't be like illegal. We need an AI to manipulate uninformed voters into not voting, right? Depends upon how that manipulation takes place. Sure, I'm I'm interpreting a manipulation as like convincing someone. I'm right. interpreting it as they, I don't know, mess with their. I I guess it depends upon how they vote. Right, like if you tell people the wrong day to show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You might get in trouble. That's the there you did. go. Right, that's the way to do it. Give send them to the wrong polling place. Uh, Fat Brown Buffalo for five hours says, would Spider-Verse have been better or more mature if Miles had accepted the truth from Miguel or was his defiance the truly heroic choice? Well, it's, it's interesting uh, that you say that. So in our world land of America, because we're the only country that matters, um, in American movie narrative language mythos, okay, mm -hmm. uh, it is generally assumed that there is a third option. So there's like two options that are that are like lose-lose options, and the hero will find a third option where he wins everything, right? That's, That's a true. very yeah. common trope in uh, storytelling. Right. And another very common trope in storytelling is not accepting some horrible reality, but that you press forward and you will somehow magically find the better way. Mm -hmm. Now... Is that realistic? No. <laughs> but I think this goes into what we were talking about a couple of streams ago about useful fictions that promote pro-social behavior. Yeah, of course. So, so I think that's I think that's part of why the, that fiction idea exists in American movies. That's why it exists in the Spider-Man movie. Um, but to answer the question, would it be more mature? So I actually might do a video on this because I was thinking about what? this the other day no. in the shower. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if I stop being lazy and make in a, a video about this. About is Miguel right? And I was going to have uh, three versions of it. And the first version is from a realistic perspective. If we were to like, if we were to think of the movie as not a movie, but as real life, okay? In, in a realistic perspective, Obviously, Miles is correct, or at least you would cautiously accept Miles's position, right? Because the the cost is 
you save one person's life and potentially destroy all of reality, right? Well, don't you destroy that person's life too, obviously? Right, and then obviously the person trying to save then would die anyway. Right. Right? So it's like you have a trolley problem where it's like one person on one track and then the other track is everyone else in reality, including the one person that's on the other track. Right, exactly. So right, it's even right. more fucked. Right. Now, of course... I believe because a of the tropes of storytelling, which I already talked about Miguel, Miguel is going to be shown to be wrong. Right. Right. Anyway. And also because of extra information that we have, because we've seen it. Well, if you've seen Loki and if you've seen Dr. Strange two, Miguel is wrong. There's no evidence at any point in the Marvel universe, including in that movie itself, that changing something that's supposed to happen causes reality to get destroyed. Mm -hmm. And we actually know that's not the case. Because you know they've done know that on the these case. other shows. Well, they, they've done it in these other shows, but also that happened in Spider-Verse itself. Because, and this is, and maybe this will be what happens in the second Spider-Verse movie. Because the original Spider came through and bit Miles. Bingo! Yeah. Miles' own position doesn't make sense because he says you're the original anomaly, Miles, because you are not supposed to be Spider-Man. If that's true, which it seems to be true because the spider came from a different universe, even though why would we accept that something crossing over a different universe changes this magical fate that he's referring to? Why would that why would not changing the universes also be part of the fate? But anyway, um Miles has been Spider-Man for some extended period of time. That's the and ultimate. His, that's the and his ultimate. reality hasn't been destroyed or anything. Not only that, that's the ultimate canon event. The because it's, it's kind of unclear. They say there are certain canon events that are essential. Right. So it makes you think. Well, you know, some things can be different, but not right. Yeah. Right. These some minor things, things can be different. Right. Yeah. But the spider biting Spider-Man, I mean, that's like... That's got to be the... You're right. That's, <laughs> that's the like or, the that's, major canon event. You're right. That is the biggest canon event, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that event cannot... has to happen, obviously. Right. That's true. So it doesn't... Yeah. So Miles is... I mean, so Miguel's own logic doesn't really track very well. Yes. Yeah. So... So there's got to be a third option, but do we know the third option? Well, I think my guess would be, as we know from the other Marvel movies, for some reason, if you live in a, a different universe for an extended period of time, that causes everything to be destroyed. Or it's also possible. This would be really stupid. They could do this. It would be dumb, but they could do this. So in the Loki TV show, which you didn't watch, Adam. Yeah, uh, saved myself from that one. But you, did. you know, my wife really loved that show. So in the Loki, and she, and she loved, she loved specifically because I asked her about this because yeah. everyone was saying this was the most ridiculous thing. Right. She loved the alligator Loki. So, your wife, whenever you discuss what your like, your wife likes, she has like very normy takes. Oh yeah. And tastes. Oh yeah. So I'm not surprised that she likes alligator Loki. Okay. Yeah, alligator right. Loki was a big a big hit with her. Well, it, so it's, well, it's interesting because, like, 
well, this is a whole conversation. This will take like an hour. I'll, I'll say this for the video I'm going to make about what exactly, because the question I have is, is the the different multiverses that are created in Loki the same multiverses that exist in, into the Spider-Verse? That's a great question. Do they exist for the same reason or do they exist differently? I would oh, assume they have look, to exist for the same reason because otherwise the situation would be so extra complicated if they didn't. Look, you have to make this video because that's that could be the title of the video right there. That's a, that's a question people want to ask. And well, no, the top the video would to. be is Miguel, who's right, Miguel or Miles, right? You have the two of them in the thumbnail going at each other. Not as good a title as are the multiverses in Loki. No one cares about that's the a multiverses terrible title. In... Really? Yes. Nobody cares. Look. A lot of people don't even know. If... You're usually like the good one who's better at the clickbait than I am. And I'm shocked to hear you saying this, but okay. It's true. The nerds like me, I'm like, that's an interesting conversation. I would never put that in the thumbnail. But anyway, um, I have lost my train. Oh, it's thought. okay. Um, oh, no. What I was going to say is um, the only other potential, I, I don't think they would do this. I don't think the Into the Spider-Verse movie wants to bring in Loki. I would hope. I don't think they want to bring in Loki. Oh, wait, no. What if they, they bring in what, what if they bring an alligator Loki? So I originally thought that they wouldn't bring in Kang into the into the Spider-Verse, that they want to keep it separate from the Marvel. Oh god, please MCU. don't bring in right. Kang. So I'm hoping they don't do that. Because here's the thing. So we know in Doctor Strange that was which is also confirmed in Into the Spider-Verse. The multiverse of madness. And in the multiverse that of madness, piece of shit. Right. So, multiverse of madness. There's oh, a please no part in the movie <laughs> oh, where no. there's a Doctor Strange, an alternate Doctor Strange, who like Miguel has something bad happen to him. So he finds, like Rick from Rick and Morty, finds an alternate universe that he can kind of slide into and, and live the out. life he wants to live. Right? Yeah, I remember this. That movie's awful. But when he does that. It the ends universe up, starts falling apart. Yeah. It ends up destroying the universe, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and then Miguel had the exact same thing happen to him. He right? did. You're right. Right. So that means one of two things. Either it means that in the Marvel universes, this is some law of nature that you can't live for an extended period of time in alternate universes for some reason. Um, but that wouldn't explain how are all those other Spider-Man constantly in Miguel's universe without the universe exploding or something, but whatever. Maybe that'll be addressed. Maybe yeah. Be. Where is the, the spider spider verse headquarters at what universe is that? In? It's in Miguel's universe. It seemed like, so I don't know. Hmm. Um, so either, so either that's probably the case or here's the twist. I hope they don't do this, but here's the fucking twist in Dr. Strange and in Miguel's universe. It wasn't their actions that caused the universe to be destroyed. It's that the TVA from Loki destroyed those timelines because they saw them deviating from whatever timeline they wanted and they destroyed them. And Doctor Strange and Loki wrongly thought that it was like some nature of their actions that destroyed the timeline. When in reality, it was Kang destroying their timelines. Now, I hope they don't bring that in the Spider-Verse I'm guessing they won't because it would be so fucking stupid and complicated. But they could on the the only reason they would bring this up would be if they want to tie in Spider Verse into the greater MCU. Please right? don't don't. Which I, muck I'm, up my I'm hoping with all hope that they, that they don't do that. But there's a, there's a way for them to do it, and it'd be really stupid. Oh, so. that would be so horrible. 
It would be worse than Matrix 4. It would be pretty bad. But here's my question. It's just like nothing can be worse than Matrix 4. No, well, there's it's a very low bar. But um, here's my question. When inevitably in Spider-Verse 2, when they figure out that Miles is correct, okay, are all the other spider people just going to have to eat shit the fact that they let their loved ones die? Or... <laughs> oh, my God. They're going to be in therapy forever. Right. Or are they going to do like some... They go back in time and basically save everyone shenanigans. Which Oh, wow. I feel like either way, it's not going to be good. So I'm not sure how exactly the film is going to uh, deal with that issue. But... I read something on Spider-Verse 2 and they were talking about the directors and how their process was kind of show me something and I'll tell you if it's good, not really mm -hmm. telling the animators how they wanted it. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it was unclear if they kind of did the story that way. Cause I know some of these animated movies, the story is kind of loose and they write it as they go. I so I would say judging by their other works, mm -hmm. this because this is Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Yeah. Uh, who were very writer-driven. You know, they did the Lego movie and all these other things. Um, I would guess that they don't do that for writing. Right. That they probably did that explicitly just for the animation. Right. Especially because in Spider-Man, you had all the different animation styles. So you could give the artist more freedom for at least to create the specific style for the specific Spider-Universe. Uh, right. So... The story that I read was from the artist's perspective, and they were really down on some of them, I think, you know, showed work, and then that work was redone by other artists, and they ended up leaving the project, and then their artwork wasn't even in the movie. But Sure. I bet that happens all the time. Yeah. Artists don't realize they're kind of in a competition <laughs> to to have, uh, you know, better and better work. Sure. No, I get it. it sucks, but uh, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, Tortuga for 1,600 yens. Thank you. Tortuga. Look at that. He's giving us yens, and he's got a name that's in Spanish. I love it. It's great. Uh, says, I'm way behind the stream and just got to the part where Sitch says there's no Twilight in reverse, but there literally is. It's called Life and Death by the same author. Just saying. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Hmm. So Life and Death is a gender swapped retelling of Twilight. Really? But guess what? <laughs> is a reason it's nowhere near as popular as Twilight. Yeah, because it's not catering to that female audience. Oh. Buford Swan is a seven year old human male. And Edith Edith Cullen is a hundred and four year old vampire. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Okay. The butter amble for five dollars. My problem is with well meaning liberals thinking woke means left and not socialist slash racist. Love both these shows. Keep it up. Oh, we're wait, we read all the ones from Ethan. That oh, was the right. veto conversation. You're right. Look at that. Did we? We're all caught up. No, we missed some. Didn't we miss some from last stream? Because we went for so late. Did we? I don't know. 
think we did, didn't we? Oh, we didn't did. We, we did. Yeah, yeah, we totally got cut off on a lot of them. Right. Well, I'll read those in reverse order until we get to wherever we were. Because I don't remember where we got cut off exactly. Because I remember we started reading the the. We read all. We read all the twenty dollar ones, and we read all right. the membership ones. Arithmetic for two dollars says you guys should get Victoria Newland on. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Shikari Lido for ten dollars says typing this while it works, so I'll be quick. Love you guys. Love the stream. Furries for S class. Psst, Adam Operation Shadow Eater is a go. Soon will be uncooled BS class easy win. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, Blep just told me that Spider-Verse is a Sony production, not affiliated with Disney, so they can't bring Loki or Doctor Strange unless they make a deal with Disney. What's well, good to hear? They did... They, so in Spider-Verse, they referenced Doctor Strange, but you're right. In order to bring it in, they'd have to actually pay Disney. So, okay, so hopefully you have... Uh, Swaged my fears, and they will not bring in Tang into the Spider Verse because that would be that awful. Would be if they did so that. terrible. Yes. Um. Where was that? Mitch for two Aussies says academic agent just said you all were far leftist on his stream. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. Um. It's like when the communist calls us like right, like far right wingers. It's like, okay, I guess from your perspective, the Jedi are evil, right? Uh, yeah. Devin Go for $2 says, since there's no true centrist, I'm a centrist ally. There you go. Hmm. Uh, Matthew, Matthew Newman for two New Zealand says, Sitch, can you respond to the recent big man emails? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do research. I gotta do research so I can actually have a, a, an opinion on all that stuff. Is that the Biden? Is that Biden? All the Biden stuff. Yeah. Isn't it big guy? Not big is it big man. guy? Is it a big man? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, half for the big guy. Half for the big guy. Uh, Brian Townsend for five dollars says this super chat is because I like Adam's shirt, but we all know that S class is the best class. I don't remember what shirt I was wearing. You were wearing your Pikachu shirt, weren't you? Oh, okay. Thank Take you, your word for it. Angry Bellsprout for five dollars says Tim is a dingus who can't debate. Emma made him look bad a few times, but Sean was great the entire time. There you dingus. Go. There you go. Matthew K for five dollars says sorry, I'm behind. The girl in the Turner case consented drunk. Drunkenness doesn't excuse decision to drive, even if you regret it when you're sober afterwards. So I did look into this a little bit briefly. Did you really? Uh, wow. After talking to Sean. Um, I think Sean misremembered some instances. So according at least to her testimony, uh, she said she, her last memory was at midnight and the assault supposedly took place at one. So there's an hour of lost time, according to her testimony. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying according to her testimony. And also her sister uh, testified. Now her sister could have been lying. But her sister testified that, that the guy was like trying to kiss her at multiple times in the party and that she pushed him away. I was like, get away from me. So oh. there was, now I believe there was testimony also that said the opposite of that. So there was conflicting testimony about whether she was into the guy or not. So there you go. Uh, Kano for $5 says, time for your weekly positive affirmations. S-class, plap, plap, plap. <laughs> A-team, get pregnant, get pregnant, get pregnant. <laughs> 
There you go. Disgusting. Suck for five dollars. Huh? I don't say that. Okay. Suck for five dollars says, quote, I'm not interested in the process. I'm interested in outcomes. End quote. The ends justify the means. Said differently, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I guess. I guess so. I guess Definitely, so. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lucifer, the doorman for five Canadians says, I want to take Connor's place in a fight against AIU. Devin and I look virtually the same, but I'm taller. It would be funny. Wow. There you go. Was it you, Lucifer? Lucifer said some brutal shit to Devin. Like, I was like, Jesus, Lucifer, calm down. Lucifer was a big fan of Devin's. He was he supported his Patreon for years. I know, and years and years. I know. But then he stopped and oh, Jesus. I'm not even gonna repeat it. Lucifer said some brutal things. It's like, oh god. Wow. Right. But thank you, Lucifer, for your support. We love you. I will I will do my best to not piss off Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. Uh, earned earning his name, Lucifer the Doberman. Uh, good Tech for two dollars says, "Just gotta say, Adam looks good in those shades." Thank you. Oh, I don't have mine. There you go. There we go. Fixed it. Do people like the shades? Maybe that's a poll question. Not for today. We may like. I mean, I don't care if they do. I like them. So oh, okay. Well, there you go. Doesn't matter then, I guess. That's kind of cool. Because I can wear sunglasses, but as you can see, I, like, I don't have my... You're not actually wearing sunglasses. I'm not actually I wearing am. sunglasses at all, yeah. Uh, it's just Abby for 10 Aussie Bucks says, do you think if Trump was president, excuse me, and, that, and the Ukraine war happened, do you think people would have the opposite positions where the Democrats always see Ukraine as a victim? So I think this is what happened. If Trump was president and the Ukraine war happened, the Democrats would still support Ukraine, but... They would essentially be making the same argument that Trump is making. Where they'd say, "This is what the Democrats would say." They'd say, "The only reason the Ukraine war happened is because Trump is so pro-Russia and was so anti-NATO that Putin felt confident that he could invade Ukraine without a U.S. response." That's would be what the Democrats would say. Sounds about right. Um, but I still think the Democrats would be pro-Ukraine. The Republicans would put them in an awkward position because I think Tro's intuition would be to help Ukraine to some extent. Um, and I think the Republicans would be split on the issue because there is obviously isolationism that's bubbling up in the Republican Party. So I don't know which way Trump would, would fall on that spectrum at the end of the day. Have the Republicans always been isolationist? I feel like they haven't. No, of course not. They're, I mean, they used to be super war hockey, so it's the opposite. But, uh, it's just Abby for two Wazzy Bucks says, so interesting, last week we just had... Oh, maybe that was the lead-in. I don't know what that was in relation to. But thank you, just Abby. Uh, Alistair Blue for five CHFs says, thanks for the show, guys. I'm doing all night hiking in Switzerland. It made the walk entertaining. Well, that's cool. Wow. All night hiking. Cool. Whatever you do, if you're in Europe and you're doing hiking, don't stray from the path to cut through a forest. Okay. Right. That's how you meet the, the giant deer monster from the movie The Forest <laughs> or whatever it's called. That really good horror movie. I would worry about the gypsy rapists. Really? Maybe. I don't know. 
Okay. It's not the Force. The Force is something else. What's the name of the movie I'm thinking of? Look the at this. You don't know the right movie. Well, they cut. They're, they're, these people, they're hiking, and they're like in Switzerland or something. Uh, and they cut through a forest, and there's like a horrible deer monster there. And a weird cult. And it's really good. Well, check it out. What's it called? Daliexus for The ten. Ritual. Thank you, Mike. The Ritual. Oh. Is anyway. that the one with the real pig intestines and stuff? Mm, I don't know. Uh, Dalex, Daliex for 10 pounds. Thank you. Says, finally, weakling's gone. Now we will see who is stronger as class or 18. So that must be when Sean and, and, uh, Brianna, and, and left. Uh, Brianna left. Yes. Uh, Hudson Hawk for $10 says, I'm so looking forward to the numerous clips that show Emma being immolated by Sean and Tim. True. Me too. Did Sean do a video on this? I assume he did. He did, yeah. I watched it. It was great. I watched it. Uh, Metalworks41190 for $5 says, Sean, what if she cheated on her husband but regretted it and just told her husband she got raped instead and didn't care he died because she's racist? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think that's... A likely situation, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put my money in that story either. But it's I guess it's possible. Uh, Lucifer the Dorman for two Canadians says, Don't talk about Devin. He isn't worth it. There you go. Uh lives in Dev's wall specifically for two dollars says, Ask Sean if he's volunteered as second for his boy. <laughs> oh god. The fondue for two dollars says, So Devin Tracy pulled a just pearly thing. Did just pearly things do this? I'm not familiar with that specific reference, Fondue. That what that what just pearly did. But I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Bart Swan for five dollars says, uh, Sean, Sam won't debate you because your bucket is too small. <laughs> now that's true. Is is Sean Sean is going to debate him, but is Sean going to do the mop and bucket strategy with Sam? I don't think so. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, Hudson Hawk for five dollars says Sean Fitzgerald is Sam Cedar's boogeyman. There we go. Aaron Ferris for for oh, I read that one. Uh, Sulla for two dollars says the Floatus said, "quote We don't ban books in America." Really? What's Floatus? The First Lady. Oh, First Lady of the Office of U.S. Yeah. First like Lady the of the United States. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Off the office. <laughs> Look, it's getting late. There you go. You can say that she's a groomer. She's anti-banning books. Well, I mean, I agree. Books shouldn't be banned, like, from being sold in America, if that's what she's talking about, right? But that's very different than whether they should be available in schools or something. So. We don't uh, ban books in America. Right. What's well, true? The, the conversation is not about banning books at all. That's what's so insidious. Right. About I, it. But I don't know what con. I mean, she might have used it in a context of like the. Do you think it's wrong that the Santos is banning these books in Florida? You know, she might have right. said in that context. Uh, PC for five hours says, Does Brianna think the books materialized from nothing? Who put them in the library? <laughs> That's true. They were put there by somebody. 
Yes. Uh, Drew the Dogman for $2 says, Desexing LGBTQ folks sounds like eugenics. Desexing. Did, that, did someone say the words desexing? I don't remember the context of that. I watched a video today with yes. Andrew Doyle and Peter Bogosian. I sent a link. You did, yeah. Yeah. I was going to send a link in the group chat we have with Doomer, too, because that whole video, they talk about gay people getting trans and gender ideology which i you you have a contention with gay people getting trans and doomer has a contention with just people saying the word gender ideology so but i hear the those both those things a lot my <laughs> let's see here I'll read a super chat. Wilkie for $10 says, I hate Emma. Sam is pretty hot, so I'll let his socialist ten. Oh, I hate Emma. Sam is pretty hot, so I'll let his socialist tendencies go. Emma did pretty good, all things considered. Wilkie. Okay. I mean, I is, disagree. Are you? I like that you're doing the reverse. Pretty fine. Are you trolling us here? Yeah. Oh, but no, I'm just, the thing I'm skeptical about, and again, I could be wrong. I'm just, I'm so, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around the idea that there's like all these people out there that are so homophobic, they'd prefer their child transition. So it just, I, it's hard for me to understand well, that. The, the bias is you don't feel that way. No, no, no. The so bias is not that I don't feel that way. Other people not feeling that no, no, no. way. The bias isn't that I don't feel that way, because I'm not homophobic. Yeah, neither neither one of us have a homophobic. The bias is that I can't bodies. understand that position. Like I like I just don't even understand it. Right? I can understand lots of positions I don't hold. So I explained it to you logically. Explain I, it to me logically. You didn't explain it to me logically because I, I don't didn't. think there's a logical any logic to it. Oh really? What's the oh, logic? You're to so it? good. What's the logic to it? Well, the logic to it is people are going to perceive you as a cis heterosexual. And do you get no flack for being a cis heterosexual? Right, but yeah, but that's not realistic, right? Because a lot of says trans you. people don't says okay, I, I would assume says common sense, right? Well, people like if we okay, if we lived in the people magic have an society, optimism bias. Right. If we lived in a society where you can walk into the character custom uh, creator booth on every corner and you could come out looking however you wanted, and so there was literally no way for you to visually determine who was male or female, then I would agree with you in this position would make 100% sense to me. Right. But we don't live in that world. And it's a lot of uh, trans women specifically, it can be kind of like a mixed bag of how well they pass. Right. Yeah. Well, I, so I agree, but I, that's you're, why I don't look, necessarily you're doing it from understand your perspective, the logic not this. from their perspective. Well, okay, I mean, you're right. I guess that look, could, if I am a many person, people that are just like if I'm a person that optimistic. is experiencing homophobia, right? And I can tell myself, well, I will pass perfectly, and I can pass as a cis heterosexual. No one's going to give me any flack anymore. I think people make that calculation. I understand what you're saying, that they're delusional, but the fact that they think they can pass is some sort of delusion. I don't disagree. But still, that's the logic of why they're making that decision. 
Look, you think people go to Vegas? Do you think people go to Vegas and think, I'm going to go lose all my money? No. Okay, what do they think? They think, I'm going to have fun gambling. Maybe I'll win some money. Maybe I'll lose some money. That's what Sitch thinks. What most people think is, I'm going to get rich. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to win a bunch of money. I don't think anyone actually, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure some people do. I don't think that's the average thought people go to Vegas is I'm going to win a bunch. I'm going to put myself through college. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, Those are the people that uh, you see on the the show, like lost everything. (laughs) That's not the average experience. You're just so look too much of a realist. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. Listen, what you're saying, the whole thing about like the, the gay thing, it could be true. I'm just saying, I, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, I've read it I, in a ton okay. of books and I I've understand. seen it in a ton of interviews. And okay. there everyone, could be something. Look, everyone's something going talking on about it. Okay. I don't see why right. you're. I, don't I see get why it. you're not talking about it. Because it doesn't make sense to me. But whatever. It doesn't make sense. I'm sorry that I don't support things that don't make sense to me. <laughs> David Puff says it... only idiots are that stupid, Adam. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, Dave, David, I have an assignment for you, okay? I want you to go to work and look around you. (laughs) I want you to look around you and kind of catalog your surroundings. How many people are below 90? (laughs) I want you to get a list of paper out and look at all the people in your immediate vicinity. Right. And I want you to write a number between 1 and 10. (laughs) 1 being... No, no, no. Just just write the percentage of people you think are stupid around you. (laughs) One being a drooling retard and yeah. 10 being Albert Einstein. Right. Right. Can you tell me how the numbers play out for okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God's most evasive taxpayer for five dollars says, tell Brianna about lobotomies and why we should always be skeptical of leading experts. There you go. We didn't, I, yeah, that conversation didn't take place. I think we might be able to have that conversation with Brianna because she seems like a super good sport. And I we mean, did. I, what do you I'm, mean? We had that conversation with her twice. What are you talking about? Well, we, I don't think we really got to look. We had a giant video to watch. And I mean, I would like to do a stream just on the whole trans thing. I wouldn't. If, if we've talked about it so much, like, okay, we, never mind. I, I mean, I, I won't like, I'm fine bringing it up in a conversation. I just don't want to make a whole stream about it. Like, first of all, we brought, I mean, and, and we've said the argument to Brown. I believe both times she was here about the desistance rates and the, um, yeah, but then the she's bringing of, up anecdotes and stuff like that. Like, I know, but so, so what's the third conversation going to solve? <laughs> Stop bringing up anecdotes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look, I don't, the whole thing is, do, do you think it's good evidence that my, my, I have a friend that their daughter transitioned and they're so much happier. Like, they're well, still okay, a kid, so, okay. right? I mean, right. To, uh, okay, wait, wait. To, to be fair to Brianna, she's not mm-hmm. bringing that up to say um, still an anecdote. That, that anecdote means that there are kids that, that have dysphoria, which is I agree with. She's just bringing up the, to bring up the point that, like, to have a blanket The affirmative plan, care model works in, in some cases, but she's literally giving us a case that maybe it works. Maybe it's working now. Right, because yeah, because the thing is like, and, he, and here's the issue. I should have said this specifically, but I didn't. The affirmative care model, I'm sure, is fantastic for kids that actually have gender dysphoria. Okay, 
The whole problem is it doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't seem like it weeds out the kids that don't have gender dysphoria. Right. And that's the big issue that I have. Right. So, right. So yeah. she's talking about something completely different. So bringing up that it works or is good for someone isn't really address the issue yeah. I'm talking about. Cancer so. care is great for people who actually have cancer and, you know, are right. cured of their cancer. Right. It's probably not great. Chemotherapy is probably not great for healthy kids. Right. True. Uh, one W for five dollars says, "Wait, didn't the Monk debate mention the New York Times report? Matt Tahibi addressed New York Times is behind. Just wondering. Yes, that's true. We read that one, but I did. Uh, Osher for five dollars says, "We should keep trans and sexual orientation issues separate, right wingers. Anyway, hold this LGBTQ plus trans pride flag. It's <laughs> right. I understand. Like, I listen. I get you." But still, you still got to do what it makes sense and is right. Okay. Uh, Ted Finishing for $5 says, puberty blockers can also make it so you have less of a chance of being able to survive surgery later on because there's less tissue to operate on. There you go. Uh, Fondue for $5 says, so you are against child abuse. Name every child abuser. <laughs> nice. Wow. Uh, CT for two hours says, did somebody say wood chipper? We're not doing a wood chipper emoji. Stop. Yeah. That was from uh, Solodosh for $2 relating to Russia says, 3.5 out, 3 out of 10, most boring coup of the past 30 years. <laughs> That's true. It was a pretty, at the end of the day, in retrospect, pretty boring coup, right? Not a lot of people. It was died. Over, look. It was over, it was anticlimactic. It was over I too know. fast. Sad. Yeah. Prigozhin blew his load. Well, he didn't really blow his load. He never really entered. Yeah. Right. He got us all excited. He whispered sweet nothings in our ear. You know, he he touched us in the no no spot a little bit. Got us all revved up. Did and he? At ever... the last minute, he's like, "Oh, sorry, I got a call. I got to go to work," and then left. Did he ever? resurface or did he fall out a window privately he did uh recently release a statement oh, okay or there's a video of him so he's still alive currently but he's still not i don't know if he's in belarus yet which is kind of bizarre so was it a video statement i think it was Ooh. i think it was a video statement i, I mean, read a transcript can... of something i didn't actually see the video so they can know. record those and play them at any time well it was in related specifically to supposedly according to the transcript it was related to you know what's happening currently. did he hold up a newspaper from he today? did not hold up a newspaper no oh, okay no. scott adams has a theory here's your scott adams theory of the day oh no this uh, is he has the a second one of today yeah he has a theory well he says it's a possible theory he's not saying it's like 100 percent. he thinks it's possible he thinks that progosian didn't actually agree to this deal and that he's just hiding somewhere in the country trying to like that both him and Putin are both hiding, trying to like suss out the other one and assassinate the other one first or something to that. Well, I thought that could, I thought that could right. be the case because a good move for Putin would be to say, oh yeah, we got to deal. Everything's stable now. Right. Even though it's not really stable. Sure. Obviously. Yeah. Right. That would be something. That Cause we're say. all talking about, oh, it's all over. It's all anticlimactic. That's what Putin wants us to be saying. Right, 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 right. So, you don't buy that theory? 
Um, no, no, I buy the theory that like Putin could come out and say it's all over before it's really over. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure I buy the theory that like Prigozhin is just biding his time for something else. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Okay. I mean, has Putin resurfaced in, in Moscow? Um, uh, I don't know. He made a statement. I don't, I'm assuming it was a statement in Moscow somewhere. So, but mm. I haven't been honestly following it that much. So, which is exactly what he wants. <laughs> okay. Don't laugh. It's true. Exactly. Fondue. Can I borrow my friend's kids after they have two? That must be for the. There you go. For the tax write off. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Look, I I li- I think people who have a third and fourth kid are probably going to sell them because the value of those kids are going to be so high. There you go. Uh, Dr. Dealer for $5 says, Hey, team, asks for military discounts in every store despite never serving and hides neighbors' trash cans for fun. S-Class is the best class. Asks. Look, I, I don't... I would never do the military discount thing, obviously. Stolen right. valor is highly offensive to me, so... But hiding in trash cans. (laughs) Well, hiding the neighbor's trash cans. I mean, I haven't done that, but thank you for the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kania X122 for five dollars says, don't believe him. 12-year-old Sean could totally knock out a 16-year-old. No, Oh, yeah. That's when Uh, Sean told his story about uh, getting targeted. Racially profiled. Yeah. That's a weird story. Totally weird. Uh, Girl Sarah for $2 says, we're learning a lot about actual criminal war here. We were. But that's a good point. That was, a, that was interesting because, like, yeah, if, if he, if Sean was black and the kids that accused him were white, he would assume, and you would say justifiably so, that there was some weird racial thing happening when it's, when there was nothing racial happening, right? at all and i think I that think is kind so. of a danger when people assume racial intent or sex intent to a lot of these things like and it's just incompetency so uh lives in deswall specifically for two dollars says honest analysis of public water might reduce crime oh you think like the water's all fucked maybe maybe water's full of lead lead and fluoride uh, that one guy towed for ten dollars says I'm go- am going to place my order on Indiegogo, but I'm not sure where my residence will be in the next few months. So I was wondering if you guys would know if I could change that later. Love the stream. You can change it later. Yes. Yeah, and I'll, I'll ask everyone before we mail them out. Obviously, I'll ask everyone to make sure their address is correct. Right. Uh, CT for two Canadians says murder victims don't do surveys because they're lazy. <laughs> True. Uh, Jay Bowman for two dollars says, "A team." There you go. A team. Stop it. Sell for two dollars says, "What does Sean think of mandatory minimum?" I guess we'll have to ask that next time. Mm. Uh, God's most evasive taxpayer for five says, "I love to hear Sean's take on the idea that high recidivism is caused by difficulties reintegrating reintegrating into society." I think that he is accepts that. Yeah. 
Um, 80 for Fidar says increasing inmates' wages would ameliorate a lot of problems. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a, I don't have like a strong opinion on one way or the other. But I understand like morally, that's going to be a fucking, that's an issue. That's going to be a Sisyphean task, right? Trying to argue that prisoners should get paid more. <laughs> like even if you have all the evidence and all the studies on your side that show that it have better outcomes for society, oh man. That's going to be difficult. Yeah, because people want to see these people punished. Right, right. But I thought you could be right. They destroyed my family. Now you're paying them $20 an hour. <laughs> How dare <laughs> you? They're going to say it in that tone of voice. <laughs> Look, come on. I'm trying to stay awake here. Give me a break. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Libertarian Sasquatch for $2 says Gary Ridgway was just desperate. Dot, dot, dot. No, Gary wasn't Gary Ridgway a serial killer? I think he was. Uh, let's see. Gary Ridgway was the Green River Killer. Yeah. He was initially convicted of 49 separate murders. Jesus. Look at that. He murdered prostitutes, right? Um pretty sure he did like he was a John and then killed him. I know this says yeah, it says his most of, it said most of his victi victims were allegedly sex workers and other women in vulnerable circumstances, including underage runaways. Um, ew, it said that he would have sex with them after he said he would often have sex with their bodies after he dumped them in like the forest or something. So disgusting. Wow. Anyway, well, one last quick in. There you go. Before you flee the scene. Uh, Hudson Hawk for ten dollars says Emma would know all the simple about all simple things since she is simple minded. Damn, she, she does seem kind of simple minded, but damn. Uh, Daliux for five pounds says after three hours you only got fifteen minutes in the video laughing crying emoji. How dare you! I know that is true. You must be new here. Uh, Rogue, I mean that's got to be. That's got to be a new record. Well, no, I don't know. We had, what was, I forget. Someone, someone calculated. We have a record, like a really bad record. <laughs> for the longest like, video? For yeah, the shortest like, video? The shortest, no, moving the shortest amount of video over the longest period of time. I don't remember what it is offhand, huh. but three yeah, hours for 15 is minutes. Is, three hours for 15 minutes has got to be pretty high up there. So, look, we had two other people on the show. Yeah, they were just gabbing, gabbing, gabbing. They were, and pausing. Like, they had no discipline. <laughs> uh, but Rogue whatever, for $2. It was fun. But no, it was a good, yeah, it was a good, good conversation. I don't regret it at all. Rogue for, for $2 says, Projection 101, always blame everything on the right. There you go. Brianna, has, look, that's that's one of the things that I would like to continue to interact with Brianna on, just to kind of move her away from that right-wing stereotype just blame everything on the right it's almost yeah. reflexive to her but she she seems smart enough to get past it yeah definitely definitely well it's not a question of intelligence right i think it is in a lot of people it's a question of elephant you. control look i i think it requires a certain amount of intelligence to have any elephant control Sure, but yeah. I think Sam Cedar and Emma Viglin are both intelligent enough in theory. I just, just don't think they have good elephant control at all. Hard disagree. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. I think the lack of intelligence is what's really standing in the way of their elephant control. I 1000% disagree with you. And also they don't, I mean, they just don't seem like curious people. That whole performance with Emma, how can you say she has the least bit curiosity? She wouldn't even go see the fucking skate park. That is she's, the ultimate like. She's intellectually curious to look for information that validates her worldview. That's not curious. I well, it's a very it's a very narrow form of it, but it, that's the way in which most people are, right? There's no there's no reason to look for information that validates your worldview because your worldview is solid already. Okay, you're wrong. There's all the reason to validate. What do you mean? That's like the primary thing people do is look for information to validate their worldview. So it makes no. us feel good. Yes. What do you mean no? No, they just accept information that validates their worldview. Well, that's not they true. They, no, they go to look for they because they go, they're like, I need to argue against the right winger. Let me go look for information that validates why my worldview. It's a fly in here. <laughs> How does okay. fly get in here? It's telling you that you're wrong. Uh, Sitch, I challenge you to Rochambeau, Stony okay. for five dollars. There you go. You gonna do uh, it? Just, uh, what are you talking about? Rock paper scissors? Or are you talking about kicking each other in the nuts? I'll play rock paper scissors <laughs> with you if you want. There's a Rochambeau that's kicking people in the nuts. That was in The Simpsons, wasn't it? Bart Simpson would always be like, "Let's do Rochambeau," and then he'd kick you in the nuts. Oh, oh. I'm not like making that up, right? That was a thing that happened in The Simpsons. I don't remember this, but. <laughs> Let's see. Rogue for $2. It is not a crime to criticize the U.S. government. Well, according to Sitch, it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was. What did you say? Never mind. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> I said. I'm trying to figure out this nut kicking thing. Sitch said. It's, Sitch believes that it's a crime to criticize the U.S. government. True. How that is you, true. How do you respond? I agree. Okay, here we go. Urban Dictionary. Rochambeau. A game to kick each other in the balls over an object. <laughs> Last one standing wins. Over an object? What do you mean? What's that? So someone says like, hey, look at this cool arrowhead I found. And then you say, I'll Rochambeau you for it. Okay, so it's to, to, to determine who gets the object? To determine who gets whatever, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I told you there was some, uh, there was something. Oh, Contra said it was South Park and not Simpsons. That well, sounds way more South Park. It does, yeah. It does. Lemonheads for $2 says ban all cars and abolish all suburbs. Wow. That sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, Danny, you Danny. Yanad, it's Danny Yanad, it's Danny backwards for ten dollars. Says, "Congrats on getting my virginity chat." Wow! There you go. We busted your chat, Cherry. We did. Have you guys ever considered having uh, V Romanian V as a guest? He's a great Eastern European, a lot with a lot of good, interesting takes. Have a good day for all alls classers. Sure, we talked to V. V has actually been on the show once before, but I once can't. he popped in randomly. Um, but I yeah, can't. no, no. I don't remember what the topic was. He just we were having some conversation about something in his chat. And we're like, oh come on. Yeah. Um but yeah. He's got interesting takes. Sure. Monkey Gamer Z official for five dollars. Five dollars says sounds like when they argue inflation is going down. Yes, inflation is down from last year, which is good, but last year was one of our worst years. True. Right, right. Yeah. 
They're trying to get it more down. They're saying they're going to do two more rate hikes this year. So it's really when the market was pricing in rate cuts. So it's a big, it's a big uh, reversal of fortune. Right. A very dear horse for five dollars says about the big A topic. The overwhelming majority reps and righties make an exception for the right, and I like a hundred LOTM. But lefties will straw man against that. I'll be real. There was way too many like acronyms and shortings of things in that sense for me Ab- to understand what you're talking about. About abortion. Oh, there you, okay. Now I understand. About yeah. the abortion topic. The overwhelming majority of reps and righties make an exception for rape and incest. And I like 100% life of the mother. Thank you. Now that you say that, it all makes sense. But lefties will straw man against that. Of yeah, course. I would assume. I would assume most people do. So. Yeah, it's it's an untenable position to say, oh yeah, I right. rape babies. <laughs> get ready, get ready, see, girls. It, it, right, but see, it's the same thing with like the don't say gay bill where they in- include gay because there are fucking states where they don't even put those exceptions in, and it's like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. And that was like the situation with the Ohio law. There wasn't an, uh, an exception for rape or incest, which that was just a hoax. Insane. I saw okay. it on Tim Pool. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, did, Dij, did I get it right? You got it right. Thank you, Emma. Uh, Deej Nuts for $5 says, the irony that the, quote, party of progress is claiming that the right, who is largely reactionary, is the give an inch and take a mile crowd. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, yeah. That's a good point. As we're in pride quarter now. Yeah. <laughs> Pride season, <laughs> right? We're in pride season. Yeah, all of summer becomes pride season. Yep. Uh, Vince Tyler for ten dollars says Brianna's position is that she doesn't like right wingers. Simple as. She is so biased it hurts. Disappointing to see such a closed minded person pass so much judgment on everyone else. Listen, she's trying. She's doing better than most people on the left that we have on the show. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we're making some real headway. To be making honest with you, making progress. Right. At least I hope we're making progress. We'll see. Uh, Dalix for 10 pounds says people with low IQ cannot engage in hypothetical thoughts. Also a policy made of hypotheticals. True. Right. If I had a policy that said you couldn't eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. How would you feel? feel? Yes. I love breakfast. Uh, Metalworks41190 for $5 says, Adam, I told you on Twitter that the experiment is posted and the only sourced from and is only sourced from 4chan, so it might not be completely valid. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a 4chan post, so who fucking knows. The but. breakfast question is epic, though. We're going to stick with it. Right. Well, here's the thing. I don't n- know offhand. That, that thing could be fake, a fake reposting of a different experiment. There was some other meme experiment that was talked about that was done on prisoners like i remember people talking about like 10 20 years ago like ancient history or people talking about the exact same thing they would give prisoners some kind of hypothetical and they couldn't engage with conditional hypotheticals and they're talking about how it made everyone like see these how stupid these people are so it could be that that is just a reposting of that urban legend slash real study that maybe happened in the past, even if it didn't actually happen currently. So, uh, Todd Sullivan for one dollar has a 
screaming face emoji. Thank a you, Todd. screaming happy face. Is it happy? It's just kind of not really happy or I don't I can't really judge the emotion there. It's just kind of screaming, but you don't know why. Uh, Johnny Forner for five pounds says MR majority report not unsuccessful because strategy because strategy it's because no one likes them smug smarmy obnoxious condescending they're a-holes their characters are dog shit well there you go lives in devs wall specifically for five dollars says the obvious analog to chicken city would be a wormy cam might also help if we get such a pet maybe a leopard gecko wow there you go those leopard geckos are pretty cool man you should get one what is I don't know what they look like offhand actually they look like oh, a look leopard. At those little guys. They look like little leopards. They're pretty cute. Pretty cute little guys. Be adorable. I should get a Toki gecko because I could just go outside and find one and grab it. Sister's gonna do a face cam soon. And they make that funny sound. Sister's gonna do a face cam. What's a yes? True. A face reveal cam. Face reveal cam. He's going to hang out with us. We're going to yell at each other face to face. It's going to be great. I know. Be like, fuck yo. Fuck yous. Fuck yous. Fuck yous. <laughs> no, fuck. Because whenever you say fuck yous, I think of, you know, in Snatch, when um, they're trying to kill uh, Boris, the right. bullet dodger, unsuccessfully. I don't remember, but. <laughs> you remember when, like, don't you remember, like they're in the they're in the it's in the club when Tony's like your gun says replica written down the side and it goes oh, do, do, yes. do, 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 do. and my gun says Desert Eagle point five zero. I do. And then uh, that. and then Boris has like the giant gun and he tries to steal the suitcase from from Vinny, and it's like he's like Boris, what are you doing here? And he just keeps shooting him and he's like, ha, you missed. And he shoots him again. And he's like, fuck you. God, that movie's so movie. great, yeah. Snatch is a fantastic movie. Highly recommend it. There's so many great movies. I mean, who can pick a favorite, to be honest with you? Snatch was one of those movies that, like, literally in high school or whenever. Yeah, I guess it was high school when I saw this. Like, my friends and I could quote, like, almost every line oh, yeah. from that movie. Because, like, almost every line in that movie is a fucking meme. It's, like, insane. The meat, like the quotable lines to movie ratio and snatch is high, it's probably highest in that movie than any other movie constructed. It's like wild. I have no snatch lines in my head. Oh my god. What the the, the my favorite one, um uh when the when Tyrone backs up into the car and he says, uh this Tyrone, why'd you back up into the car? Well it came out of it came out of nowhere. Wait, it, it was right behind you. It was a funny angle. A funny angle when you reverse, things come up from behind. Wow. You don't remember that one? I don't. <laughs> what about uh, the uh, the That's caravan? That's a long line. That's not just I a know, line. True. Normally a well, line, no, the line yeah. was when you reverse, things come up from behind. That was right. a line. Right. But you have to understand the context. Right. Okay. Fuck Whatever. use. You don't have to understand the context. That's true. There's no context there that matters. That's a good point. Fuck use. Good point, yeah. Who the fuck wants a caravan with no fucking wheels? Mm. Do you like dags? That my my family says that to this day. Do you like dags? When, yeah, remember like when uh dogs? Yeah, when I go to see uh Brad Pitt's mom, because she's like a she Do you like super, dags? 
you know, Dags. Super pikey accent. I do, do like remember Dags? that. I do remember that one. And and, and uh, Dags. What's the, what's the guy's name? Yeah, Dags. He's, like a, he's in all the action movies. Um, yeah. Uh, what is his name? His name? The, the crank guy. Crank guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason Stratham. It's so funny because. The first movie I ever saw Jason Stratham in was Snatch, and he plays like just the like a schlubby straight guy, not yeah. action guy at all. And then it was so weird to see him be just nothing but action hero after that, like in the Transporter and Crank and everything. Do you like Dags? Dags? Excuse me. Do you like Dags? Oh, dogs! Like he said it so obnoxiously. Oh, dogs! Like he pronounces it really like. Yes, I like dogs. But I like caravans more. Okay. Anyway. CT for two Canadians says, imagine sending YouTubers money. LOL. There you go. How dare you, CT. Stop it, CT. Uh, Storm the Gates for $10 says, the right is better able to support creators because we actually have jobs. I saw, look, I saw That's that one. Funny. I saw that one go past. That's pretty funny. And I almost said it and I thought, eh, I'll just wait on that one. That's a good line for Tim to have said to Emma <laughs> in that moment. Well, the right supports us because people on the right have jobs. Mm -hmm. That's why there's more money. <laughs> it's true. Libertarian Sasquatch for $2 says, socialist viewers don't have disposable income. True. Also another good line, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Emma, if your audience is a bunch of socialists, you can't be complaining when they're not giving you money, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. It's kind of par for the course, isn't it? Ain't yeah. it? It is. Uh, Hex and Happy for five dollars says I. For Dag, like Dags. Hex and Happy for five dollars says I think Tim is a moderate, but he sides with the right more because he sees the left as far more extreme, and it's the enemy of my enemy thought process. True. I think that happens to an extent. Yeah. Uh, PC for two dollars says we all know that Hassan is the true capitalist. True. There you go. Uh, Libertarian Tashquatch for five dollars says it just shows that Brianna, like a lot of progressives, can't get past their internalized straw man interpretation of conservatives. True. But we're making some progress. Okay. True. Uh, and I Maybe. think we, yeah, because I remember reading dialogue always is one. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So I think we're caught up from old super chats. Uh, I'm pretty sure there were probably stream labs we missed. However, so let me go check. Oh. There. Okay. Dialogue always for five dollars says interesting. The same people that always use left wing as a way to dismiss people, which we never ever ever do. Yeah, we we had that because I remember this entire conversation about that. So, look, I'm just trying to fill up some time here while you're looking okay. at the stream labs. Give me my look. Going after dialogue always is my pleasure. Come on, this is. Fair enough. That line is from Friday, which I have a bunch of lines from Friday in my head. What? That's the dad. The dad comes in and says, tells Craig, he gives him an application to be a dog catcher. And Craig is like, I'm not trying to be no dog catcher. <laughs> he says, why not? That's my pleasure. All day long, I got my foot up a dog's ass. <laughs> kick, kick, kick. That's my what? pleasure. Why does he have his foot up a dog's ass? Because he gets to, I don't know. 
I'll get <laughs> it. But it is funny. Okay. He's like beating up on dogs. Wow, it's evil. I know. Magor for $2 says, the guests you got made the analysis 10 times better, at least as far as I've watched. Huge props to both Sean and Brianna. I'm glad she came on today. Like, true. It is better. We want to see their perspective. Look, us, we could sit around and dunk on Emma all day. Isn't it more interesting to have someone that was like, no, look, she did a good job. <laughs> Don't you? I want to understand that perspective. I'm fascinated right. by that perspective. True. Uh, Dr. Diller for $2 says, I hate this attitude that Brianna has. Being Tim Pool is right wing because he votes for Trump. Bring on right wingers, et cetera. Considering right wingers still win elections somewhere, you're complicit in that in some way. Yeah, I don't agree with that like framework either. So I agree. Dr. Diller from O2 says the theorem put forth makes it so what you personally think doesn't matter as long as the results don't line up. So as long as I can vis a vis ergo procto open sesame, <laughs> right wing success to you. Boom, you're boned. True. Uh, Dr. Dillard for dollars says, I think Doomer had this problem once where he was arguing about stochastic terrorism, but wasn't against free speech or anything, but it triggered right-wingers. Why is it his slash Sean's fault if people misread what he's saying? Yeah, it's not It's not the individual's fault, per se. So, Well, I, I do assess blame a little bit based on clarity. My problem is when mm -hmm. whatever argument the person's making is clear, but the other side is misinterpreting it for their own political gain. I think right. that happens a lot. But I do right. think people make arguments that are completely unclear and can be mischaracterized and should probably do their best to fix that up, myself right. included. Like, I'm always looking for ways that I can be clear in what I'm saying. Right. Um... Dr. Dillard for $3 says something that's very noticeable in people that are frankly ideologically possessed like Emma is that everything is framed through hating Republicans unless they're wanting to change these policies. Right. Yeah, that definitely comes out in Emma, Emma I think, so. That's just a bad way to be. Um, CT for $2 says we have... We had Dragon Coward pick our movie the other night. He picked Psycho Gorman. It was awesome. Your turn. Your choices are number one, Whiplash. Number two, Kung Fu Hustle. Or number three, Kingsman Secret Service. That's so easy. Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle, baby. Yeah. That movie's awesome. Whiplash. Some fucking music teacher. Get the fuck out of here. I've heard. No, I've never seen Whiplash. I've heard it's good. I know. I would be curious to see it. But, people have people have been saying we should see Whiplash, but right. I still haven't seen it. But Kung Fu Hustle is based, and it's a—I mean, that movie's hilarious. That and movie is so funny. That movie's very funny. The old lady with the curlers and the cigarette. Oh and man, the shoe. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Uh, that's Kingsman's one that's okay. on, and I can't stop watching. That's another. Yeah, you're right. That's another one. When you start watching it, you're like, you're like, oh my god, this is Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle's on. Oh shit! I guess I'm gonna spend the next two hours watching this movie. Yep. Good movie. Good. Movie. I went to YouTube. I think it might be on YouTube because I went to YouTube to get like a clip or something from Kung Fu Hustle and ended up watching like 45 minutes of it. 
Like, you think the whole shit. movie's on YouTube? I thought it was. It seems like the last time I saw it, it was on YouTube. Um, I'd be skeptical. Or maybe it was just a, a big I think it's on like fight Netflix scene. or something. I mean, you could. it's one of those things where like you can start watching clips and get sucked into them. Yeah. You know? Might have been the, yeah. the ending fight scene that was on YouTube. Right. I gotta watch it again. It's so funny. Have you seen Hardcore Henry yet? Of course I've seen it. I saw it. I seen Hardcore Henry when it came out in theaters like years ago. I should bring it up. It's on YouTube. You should not do that. No. <laughs> no. That's said my favorite character in Hardcore Henry is the um the British soldier who has the very like Oh yeah, he's awesome. The very um I don't know what the word, like the very like uh optimistic press onward attitude. Yeah, he's good. He's right. definitely a go get him type. Yep. I love that character. Uh, Dr. Dealer for $2 says, considering the suicide rate is so high and has been for so long, it's, it seems just blatantly wrong to blame a new wave of rhetoric on it being so high. It's a terrible reason to police speech, but Brianna isn't saying that. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. It, you could say it, unless, yeah, if the suicide rate for, for trans people has always been the same high level that it's been, then obviously the new rhetoric isn't having an effect on it. So. Uh, Dr. Dealer from $2 says, somewhat unrelated, but I've always thought we could impact mass shootings by actively making fun of the people who per perpetuate them. Most of these people are narcissists and want to be feared or admired. I agree with you completely. Yeah. I think we had talked on a show about like doing deep fakes of gay them in gay porn or whatever <laughs> would be the most offensive for them to memorialize right. them. Yeah. I don't know if it could be gay porn because then it's like, you're oh, a homophobe. Yeah, homophobic, yeah. right? So, but and then what if you have the gay mass shooter? So they don't care that they're in. Well, that's why I was saying like it depends upon what the mass shooter is, but I'm sure the right. Nazi mass shooter would be terrified to be in gay porn. So right. you can have them fuck animals. How about that? Ooh. Oh, Pack <laughs> of pod for two dollars says. Uh, either she lied, was telling the truth, either she lied or was telling the truth about being groped by Till, and we don't have enough info to know. We never convict someone on the evidence available, but that doesn't mean it's not it's now 100% certain she was lying. That's true. Yeah, we don't know one. We don't know if it's 100% lie. That is true. Uh, Dr. Dillard for two hours says, I think that the 95% of political conversations nationwide and beyond are flinging strawmans until you can't until you can get the other side to defend some ludicrous position they can nail them for subconsciously. I agree with you that that's what's happening in these conversations. I don't know if it's intentional, but that's what happens in these conversations because it's very easy to get in a, de a debate brain mode where you start defending something that isn't even your actual position. So you have to be careful. Uh, Dr. Dealer for two hours says, Brianna cheering on her making Tim Pool mad was pure tribalism as an older brother. I know exactly what buttons to press to make someone angry. So do all of us uh, a solid and stick. So do all, so do us all. So do us all a solid, I see, and stick to the arguments. There you go. I agree. Cerebral uh, Friction for $2 says, as a huge Devin Tracy fan, I'm pretty sure he's spiraling towards a mental breakdown. So go easy on him. Okay, listen, I'll try to I'll try to disengage, okay? I'll try to disengage. 
Uh, yeah, I... There's his thing with Sitch, and then he put out a poorly researched video on Amanda Knox and is going after Roberta Glass. Yeah, I don't know anything about either of these individuals. So, so there you go. Right. Um. Let's see. I think that's caught up on all Streamlabs. Mason Jordan for $2 says, do you know what the word nemesis means? That's another great line from Snatch. That was something that my dad would say all the time. <laughs> Even if it didn't make sense in the situation. Yes. Fondue for $5 says, one from Snatch I still use today, quote, when I throw a dog a bone, I don't want to hear if it tastes good or not. Yeah, that's a great line. Great line. Uh, Wanton Tiger for 5 Canadian says, rework the question, what would you have done if you didn't actually wake up this morning? <laughs> but I did wake up this morning. <laughs> that's a weird one, yeah. Yeah. I would either be asleep or dead, I guess. That's a the problem with that is that's a, a tough hypothetical. Yeah, you're like, the why breakfast would you do nothing? I, very, right. I mean the breakfast one is so easy, anyone should be able to do it. Right, right, right. I mean, I don't I I mean, what would I be doing if I didn't wake up this morning? You would be doing nothing. I see that's the only answer to the question. Be sleeping or dead. Well, maybe I'm in Or heaven. in a coma. Maybe I've died and gone to heaven. Well, there you go. Um, Sony for five hours says, you know the reference bigot? It's South Park. Well, there you go. Got them messed. I got them mixed up. Okay. Uh, Matthew Newman for five New Zealand says, common sense right now is 100% safe, effective, and reversible. If you are in the wrong body, the body can change, but you can't change the soul doing bias you can't change age soul doing bias hmm. Hmm. Uh, mason jordan for five dollars says sitch what you don't understand is people are so anti-lgbt they demand only one xxxx in the bedroom at a time so their son's xxxx just gotta go i mean when you say it like that I think you're on something. Theo Wolf for five hours says testosterone has a natural antidepressant effect. So it's possible a lot of people who are taking testosterone and feeling happier are feeling those effects. Yeah, I definitely think, I definitely think that's a big thing for, uh, for girls who think they have gender dysphoria and then take testosterone and they're like, I feel really positive. I must have gender dysphoria. And it's like, well, you're taking testosterone, so it could also just be that. I feel so much better. <laughs> right. Right. Testosterone's great, ladies. Uh, Johnny Goldman for 20 New Zealand dollars says, I'd like to get some opinions from you guys. Do you think aliens exist and the government knows? I'll do these one at a time. Do you think aliens exist and the government knows? No. No to both or no to one? I don't think aliens exist, so therefore the government what? couldn't What? Why do you not think aliens exist? Well, I don't 
I think aliens exist. I don't think aliens exist here on Earth. Let me put it that way. Oh no! Well, okay, obviously. Right. But you think you think in the entire universe somewhere there's got to be like of course, life. Right. of course, yeah. But the government doesn't know about them because gotcha. they're not gotcha. here. And do you think? Look, I I think the idea of aliens being biological like us, I don't think is like I think we are eventually going to die out. And robots are going to be our future. You think 2001, we're going to become robots and then we'll become lattices of light, Dr. Manhattan gods or something. Yes, totally. Yeah, okay. So, right. I, But that I, doesn't, you're right. If aliens came here, they would be robots. Maybe. Kind of like Transformers, <laughs> but cooler. Um, Maybe. I mean, it's definitely possible, sure. Yeah. I don't think it's like a certainty, but I think there's probably some other form of communication that probably is here on Earth, but we don't have the technology to detect that is some sort of alien communication. Like they could be using they could be communicating well, they could be communicating through something like gravity waves, something that we barely understand. Oh, right, right, right. So you're saying sort of explain, you know, the whole why do we not see anyone? Right. It, it could be that there's all this chatter everywhere. We're just, no, we don't understand how to detect it yet. Right. It's it's right. the equivalent of, you know, if you went back to prehistoric times and you were talking via radio waves. I mean, there's radio waves all over the place, but nobody else, nobody well, else Okay, let's stop using prehistoric times. It'd be like up until like, when did we have the radio? Like the late 1800s or something? Right. Yeah. For like all of human history up until the period, you could be blasting radio waves at us and we'd like never have known. Yeah, we'd never have known. Exactly. Right, right. They might have just turned the radios, radio waves off as soon as we, as soon as we could detect them. Oh, shit. Like a, <laughs> oh, shit. Those stupid monkeys have radios now. <laughs> quickly turn it off. Turn it off. Switch over to gravity waves. Right. There Woo! you go. Do you think aliens have ever visited Earth? No. Okay. Do you? Um, okay, so I think aliens I think aliens basically have to exist statistically. It's like impossible. Uh and I do think aliens have existed Earth. Have, I mean, sorry, have visited Earth. Really? But I don't believe now this is all just intuition. I have no like real reason for why I would say this. I I think that the government here would be my guess. I think that the government has pretty good evidence that aliens exist and have visited earth but that there's been no actual formal contact i think the government is just as much like we don't know what the fuck is up with aliens as anyone else except that they think they exist right that'd be my guess so i mean the videos they have are pretty interesting but it's hard to tell if it's just some other technology from here Sure, right, and there was some of the weird things I talked about where like astronauts talk about seeing like probes and shit interact with them that don't seem to be human and weird shit that happens in space. So, but yeah, so that'd be my guess. Uh, number two, are we in a simulation? No, not not like a physical simulation. I don't I don't buy simulation theory at all. Yeah, simulation is tough for me too. I do like the idea though. Um, it's too long to get into at two in the morning. Why I don't believe in simulation theory. Uh, was nine eleven a hoax? 
No, not at all. Hell no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what scenarios are eugenics permissible? Um, mm. I mean, I I think eugenics will become the de facto de facto thing in our in our society once gene editing gets better. I think everyone will just it'll be like Gattaca. Everyone will just gene edit their children. So I think that's when it'll be permissible. Yeah, I think as long as you're not it's not being done to you. You're the one actually doing the choosing and you're doing the choosing for your own prodigy. Child. Yeah. Right. You know, that's a good point. Yeah. If you're choosing, I think, I think it's justifiable if you can gene edit and choose your own child or you can even choose your own self, but that wouldn't really be eugenics. It'd be something different. Um, well, this is the way it's going to go down because they're right. already working towards this. They're going to do a bunch of, embryos and they're going to be able to basically give you kind of a guesstimate of what kind of kid is this embryo going to be and then you're going to choose okay i want that one implant that one in my wife or they may even have artificial wombs who knows now that's gonna be very controversial because you're gonna to have to make embryos first well they're they're working on a technique now where they can take skin cells and this is even weirder because gay people will be able to create embryos from their own cells and have biological children that are supposedly made from both them you know two same a same-sex couple could have a child yeah right yeah no but i'm saying because you're having because if you're if you if they say like here's a bunch of embryos and you choose mm -hmm. you know the the life begins at conception people and say that throwing all those other embryos away is murder right well they're they're already against ivf though that's why when people say, "Oh right, I guess that's true." That's why that thing, that clip that was going around of Destiny, was so weird because the people were saying, "Oh, this proves that they don't really care about the embryo because other if you did care, you would lock women up and make sure that they didn't have a miscarriage." And I was like, "Well, they're pretty much against IVF, where you create right. a bunch of embryos and throw them in the garbage can." So it kind of seems like they do care. You know, I, I think you're right. Like obviously the first technology will be, here's a bunch of different embryos and you choose the best one. I don't know if that technology is ever going to really catch is on. That, is that, that's eugenics, right? Basically. It is a form of eugenics. I, I do think there will be like straight up Gattaca eugenics where like you can literally choose everything. Like it's not like, it's not like you make a bunch of embryos and choose some selection. They'll just be like, oh, here's a little computer screen you know, design your child. Right. Like, I really think that's going to happen. <laughs> I do too. So. Of course, especially with all these AI tools and stuff. Fuck right. yeah, that's going to yeah. happen. So, and I think that's, I think that's morally okay as long as, you know, it's not being forced upon anyone. And as long as like. All the lefties are going to say, I want a trans baby. Well, there you go, yeah. <laughs> well, see, that'll be, there'll be all a bunch of interesting questions because it'll be like, you well, know. You the ethics literally... of like giving your child, you know, uh, some kind of like mental illness or a disability or something that affect would be really bizarre. It'd be seeming to be completely unethical to do something like that. Um, so, yeah, so we... it'll be an interesting time. But... Uh, Tom, at what point in development? Tom Foolery show and their fans just say hello. I think we got a raid from Tom Foolery. Nice. Thank you. Hello. Hello. At what point in Hello. development is Hello. abortion 
Oh, immoral. Well, so yeah, my position is abortion is immoral once consciousness develops, which is about the Roe v. Wade time. Coincidentally, I found out it was about the Roe v. Wade time anyway. So that's my position. Uh, let's see. Blaine's Escape Quarter for $2 says, no sitch. Wind bug is the average Vegas thought process. There you go. Versus you, Adam. Winning. Oh, really? Okay. Again, I was right. There you go. According to Blaine. Again, I was his totally study, correct. His feelings. CT for two Canadians says, can we wrap this up? I need to show Naira Fight Club. And that was two hours ago. So sorry. I guess we're not wrapping <laughs> Fondue for five dollars says, "If the spider in Spider Verse is from another universe, then there should be someone in that universe that who should have been bitten in it." Yes, and they and imply that there's some implication that it was actually supposed to be the Miles in the other universe that was bitten by the spider, not the Miles in the universe that he's bitten in. So hmm. that will all be sussed out in the next movie. Living where, where, did, where was the spider in Miles's universe? They they show when when Spot is explain or I don't know if it's when Spot or Miles one of them is explaining something. You just see like very quickly goes through a bunch of still images, and you see the like there's a spider looks like it's gonna bite Miles from that universe. Right. So that's and Spot switches them. Well, no, because so the spider gets in their universe because they're kingpin in the first movie. Remember, they're like he's looking for his wife. Right, the dimension where he can get that. his wife and child back, um, just like just like Miguel, because everyone yeah. has like one fucking thing they do with the multi universe. They try to find their fucking dead family again. Right. Yeah. Um, but Flash yeah, too. so so somehow when he was looking through these various dimensions, it allowed the spider to transport into Miles's dimension. Right. So. But where is the radioactive spider in Miles's dimension? It bit Peter Parker. Oh, it did. Yeah, because remember, he Peter Parker dies in the first movie, at the beginning. Yes. So that's yeah. So that universe had that spider bite Peter Parker. That Peter Parker dies, and then the spider from the other universe bites Miles. Right. Okay, I do remember now. I gotta rewatch it. It's been so long since I saw it. Uh, yeah, it's great. Check it out. Lives in Dev's Wall specifically for five dollars. Says Benjamin Franklin agrees with you and wrote an article called. Quote, advice to a friend on choosing a, a mistress on why MILFs are based. <laughs> we have a working solution. There you go. I love that. MILFs I are... always knew Benjamin Franklin was a smart guy. Ben Franklin likes MILFs, huh? Right. Sweet. Uh, it's just Abby for five. Aussie Buck says, what the heck is with Nuance Bro's recent Ukraine take? Is it weird that a country isn't holding election during a war? I'm not familiar with his... Ukraine take it at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a sticky situation when you talk about holding an election during a war, obviously, right? I can understand both reasons why you want that and don't want that. So, Is there supposed to be an election in Ukraine and Zelensky's called it off? I don't that's what know. It's, I mean, that's what I'm assuming from the way Avi uh, posed what he said. So. Yeah. I don't I don't know, know that America has ever done that. I guess maybe I mean even during the Civil War didn't we plow through with elections? I feel like we did. Um that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like the Civil War and we're like still having elections. Yeah. 
I honestly don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I don't think we missed a beat on elections. Why? Well, yeah, in America, I don't think we've ever missed an election. So, I mean, Carl, that we got to wrap of, up this civil war. We got an election coming wacky. up. This is it election is kind of year. I mean, you would think you would think in the middle of a war like the civil war or even the Ukraine war, you think whoever the current person is would be pretty popular, right? Oh, of course. Run I mean, the I election, assume, right? So, do you don't? What was George W. Bush saying? You don't switch horses during the a midstream. Race? You don't yeah. you don't change horses in midstream. Yeah, during World War II era, we elected the same guy four times. <laughs> That's true, but we weren't in World War II for the entirety of those four elections. <laughs> and also, yeah. it's a little different, like when you're fighting a war somewhere else in the world versus like in your country. So, but yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about the Ukraine situation. Well, that's why I brought up the civil war. Because yeah. the civil war yeah. is really, I mean, sure, geez. sure, right. And you could say, you know, what if people don't want to fight the war anymore? They want to do something different with the war. Shouldn't they have a right to vote and change leadership? And yeah, there's just good arguments, definitely powerful arguments. So, but anyway, at Johnny Goldmain for five New Zealand dollars, thank you, says uh, Devin is also doing a series on every mass shooting that happens this year, month by month, and the perpetrators of those crimes. It's a very interesting. Well, there you go. Nice. Uh, the Chad father for $2 says age of consent set by state legislatures, 16 in New Jersey. That is my understanding. Yes. Um, Wonton Tiger for five for 10 Canadian says is a 10 year gap so bad? What's the limit? How do we define the limit? Psychological, physical, economic. There are obvious metrics, but once one considers an adult, what's the gauge who defines it? I mean, I don't think a 10 year gap is inherently bad. It's just unusual, right? So, or it's more on the unusual side of things. There could, you know, I know people that have been in relationships and married to people that have large gaps and they have great, wonderful marriages and relationships. So I think it, I think all comes down to the individual. What so, if the person looks 10 years younger than they are? There's a 10 year age gap and they look 10 years younger <laughs> or there's no age gap, but they just look 10 years younger. I'm just saying, if a person looks ten years younger than they are, what what sort of spouse should they go for? They should go for the hottest spouse they can get. Oh, okay. There you go. You shouldn't listen. Caring about personality and conversations, all this stuff is just overrated. Okay, just find the hottest person you can find, because that's all that matters. That's, I mean. That's basically kind of like a, the rule of life, right? I mean, like personalities will doesn't fade, everybody do that? But looks will stay forever. All right. Well, I I was kind of including personality with the hotness. Oh, oh, no! I'm saying don't. No, no, no! I'm saying forget personality. That's not important. No, Just find the hottest person you can find. Personality is very important. Okay, that's a this is a that's a simple reply. Okay, but you're trying to it's a mix reply. You're trying to mix yeah. personality and looks. You want the best looks that you can get and the best personality you can get. I Sometimes see. it's like a trade-off. You're like, okay. Right. So you're saying if they're hotter, you'll accept a little bit less personality. If they have a good personality, you'll accept a little bit less looks. Is that what you're saying? It's like a balancing act? Yeah, totally. Right. That's true. You're trying to maximize both those metrics. That's true. Yeah. Some but people Johnny... are just yeah. kicking it on 
both those metrics. And I, I, I hate those people. And most people do hate those people. <laughs> right? True. Now Johnny Goldman for five New Zealand says, is OJ guilty in your opinion? Devin was in the courtroom when the verdict came down. I'm not even lying. He's also an avid chess player. Is that true? Wait a minute. Is Devin that fucking old? How old is he? Jesus. Devin is my age. Oh my God. He's an old man. Yeah. Wow. Is he, he's a little too old to be acting. That's why wacky I feel, on, yeah. on, Look, on the internet, isn't he? That's why I feel bizarre <laughs> about this. Oh my God. That's so bizarre. Holy shit. He's a little too old for the, to be acting that way, isn't he? I think so, but huh. who am okay. I? Now I'm going to be... Interesting. Now the next video is going to be, you called me old. <laughs> I am. Fuck it. He was in fucking the courtroom during the OJ verdict. How did he get in the courtroom in the OJ verdict? I would assume that'd be like a real uh, coveted spot. <laughs> Unless you're just fucking with me. So... But uh, no, OJ, I, I mean, listen, OJ's obviously guilty. Who, is that even, who Who thinks OJ's innocent? <laughs> like, is that even a thing that, like, people think? Like, a lot? OJ's, like, super ultra guilty. Even even uh, Ragamuffin knows OJ's guilty. Look at that. That's the sound of OJ being guilty right there. Jesus Christ. Uh. There you go. I like that you just like shake it like a little fucking toy. Why is that so funny? I don't know, but it is. Oh, <laughs> the hiss. Gone too far. There's a limit. I know. One I of like, these days, you're gonna get like lose an eye to this like, cat. I don't like to get the hiss. Is when it's like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> you put it down, yeah. That's enough. Put it down. But anyway, yeah. Just, I mean, I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard anyone argue that OJ's innocent in my entire life. Does, so. it, wait. What? Devin is arguing that OJ is innocent? I'm assuming not, no. No, I'm just saying I don't think I've ever heard anyone argue for that. Like, it's not a contentious thing to ask someone, is OJ guilty, right? I've never heard anyone say he's not. At least, I mean, obviously during the trial, people were making that argument. But nowadays, everyone's like, yeah, he was guilty as fuck. But anyway. Uh, Matthew Newman for two New Zealand says, Adam, watch Lotus Eaters D-Trans have you watched the Lotus Eaters D-Trends Vish interview yet? No. What's that all about? There you go. It's about D-Transing, obviously. Dr. Diller for 15 months. Thank you, Dr. Diller. 15 months. Free Will Secret says, I would love to see Adam flounder around in Team Fortress 2. Now shower me in free willies. There you go. You get all the free will units, Dr. Diller. Thank you. You get 30 free will units for being... A 15-month member. Thank you. I would like to see Adam flounder around TF2. Maybe we'll do that on stream one, one day. Yeah, let's do it. It's a, it's a, it's a shooty bang-bang game, so you'd like it. 24-hour stream. Let's play. You were reasonably decent in um, Hell yeah. uh, Borderlands. Look, so. I'm a shooter. 
Yeah, Adam's got he had good aim. He has good aim. So I'm from the old school, man. I can do the headshot. Where's my where's my file? Where's my your French lady saying headshot? Where's my friend? Where's my French lady file? Uh, lives in Dev's Wall specifically for Jar says, Can you get Ragamuffin to harmonize with the harmonica? Probably. Uh, Wanton Tiger for eight Canadian. Thank you. Says, Do you guys know anything about Canada, Ontario, or Toronto? Olivia Chow just got elected. Any thoughts on Toronto becoming the next San Francisco? So the only thing I know about Canada is that it's been Canada for far too long. We see you up there sending us all this cold air, doing nothing for us but mocking us with your freedom. I think it's about time. America showed Canada what was what and just took it over. You know you want to be taken over by America, right? Like Canada is just like everyone thinks of Canada as like a joke. Like it's a fake country. It's like America light. So it might as well just become America proper, right? I mean, I'm in favor of that. Don't you want to get rid of, you know, you had the silly have to have the queen king from Britbong land, you know? No. Don't you want the good old American president in charge of Canada? Okay. Is this Wonton Tiger? Yes. Okay. I Look played... at that. Invade us, please. See, listen. And listen, and listen, we can get rid of the whole French thing, okay? We speak one language here, it's American. All right. I think I think it's time. I think it's I think Canada has been there mocking us long enough. Okay. What's Olivia Chow? Olivia Chow just got elected. Any thoughts on Toronto becoming the next San Francisco? What's wrong with Olivia Chow? I don't I don't even know who that is. Let me see. We got to see what she looks like. She's, she's you're not gonna oh, be oh my goodness you're gonna be disappointed she looks like a soft on crime liberal <laughs> oh look at this Can't here's a, say such a thing here's a picture of her laughing as criminals go free <laughs> <laughs> criminal <laughs> let them go ditch Canadians mostly don't know Spanish well they're gonna learn damn it they're gonna have to learn. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? I don't. We've never had a Chinese president. That's true. We have. I'm not. not sure. I'm not sure that could happen in America. Of course, it could happen. What do you mean? A Chinese president? What? Or an Asian? Does they have to be Chinese specifically, or do you just mean the Asian? Uh. I guess Asian would be fine. You don't think that we, you don't think people would elect an Asian person to be president in America? I don't, I don't think that's, I honestly don't think that would be a big deal for most people. Isn't Andrew Yang Chinese? I think he is. Uh, I'm guessing from his name. Yeah, no. Look, nothing says progressive like a Chinese president in America. First of all, Andrew Yang's American. You racist. Of course. Okay. But his lineage. Okay. Uh, is Taiwanese. There you go. Not Chinese. Taiwanese, you fucker. Look, I think... Um, did Matthew Newman do the last super chat about... 
the Lotus Eaters? Or... Yeah, we got there. Matthew Newman for two New Zealand dollars says, Adam, let interview Richie tried transed his gay away. Oh, so it's someone related to the topic about transing the gay away. Well, we had people in the comments saying that that happened. Yeah, so, so I guess you can check it out. Adam. Well, no, Sitch is in denial here. Look, I've I made up my mind. I've never said it ago. doesn't happen. I just it's hard for me to imagine this is like a a common thing. <laughs> okay, but listen, I could First be of wrong. All, the whole trans thing is not common. I know. I'm saying it's a not a common thing in the trans community in the first place. Right. But I could be wrong. Which I'm is, open to being wrong. Which is more common, gay right. or trans? In gay, obviously. Right. And then there's I a understand. subset of gays. Right. Gay people. That are so anti-gay, or their families are so anti-gay, that they'd prefer to be trans, but their family and themselves are not anti-trans. They're just anti-gay, specifically, for some reason. No, their their families are not anti-cis-hedro people. And that's what they're going to become. Okay, I just I don't want to rehab this well, argument. I know, let's not time. do it. Let's not do it again. Okay. Let's not do it again. It's so difficult. Uh, Ajin Goldman for two New Zealand says Gattaca universe terrifying robot universe words. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's That's true, fun. isn't it? Well, it depends what you mean. I mean, I think I think Adam is correct. I think really? that is. I mean, well, it's, it's the end of AI. Not people in the end of AI. They think that the beings are aliens but they're not aliens they're robots they're super advanced robots and when they find the kid they're like this one this robot actually lived with the humans <laughs> like yes right but they didn't make that clear enough in them they first didn't steven yeah. spielberg fucked up he should not have made them look like aliens because yeah. it makes everyone think these are aliens and they get really fucking confused at the ending and they're like why did aliens fucking show up in this yeah. steven spielberg movie um he totally so. fucked up he did right. totally fucked up. Right. Right. Um, but that's different. That's not even what you're talking about. It, those were robots that were just robots. You're talking about the 2001 scenario where basically people figure out how to transfer their consciousness onto uh, artificial technology as opposed to our physical, biological bodies, right? Yeah, people merge with robots too. Right. I think that's what will happen is that we'll if we ever figure out how to transfer consciousness onto another platform, if that, if that's possible, because it could be impossible, right? Like technology could just never exist because we don't really understand what makes consciousness. Um, but if you could ever transfer consciousness onto something physical and not die, like don't make a copy because that wouldn't help you, but transfer the consciousness so you don't die onto something else. Then I think that would be the future for humans. Would be why would you you would just transfer your body onto something sturdier, right? You, yeah. be, you wouldn't want to be stuck in this, you know, dying body that aging is killing us. <laughs> yeah, totally. Tell me so, about it. Yeah, I do dying think that's inevitable. Assuming that's a possibility in the first place. I mean, yeah. I think that's way far off. Though. I think it's like hyper, hyper, hyper far off. So, about ten years. There you go. I think the Gattaca. I think the Gattaca future is is significantly closer than the uh, robot future. So, but it is what it is. It is what it is. 
Vinny the Dorman says, I can't wait to be a schizoid computer. Mm. There you go. Well, listen, I listen, see what Vinny. You did there. I, I just saw it too. Listen, Vinny, hopefully when we transfer you to the to the AI, we can fix the schizophrenia. Okay. <laughs> we can we can fix whatever it is that's wrong in your brain. Okay. You do you I guess maybe you don't watch a lot of content that's around culture war stuff. What do you mean? Of course. I, I just I see this trans the way the gay argument in so many places. No, no. It's... I've heard it in lots of places. Okay. So I've, like, every every time argument. you hear it, you're like I'm like that's not that happening. doesn't make sense to me. Right. I mean I've heard people interview. make the argument. Wait, I've heard people make the argument. I've never heard someone sufficiently explain what the fuck is happening there psychologically because it doesn't make sense to me. I, I've explained it to you like 15 times already. Yeah, they I don't say, buy it. They say, look, I was a gay male. I was being persecuted. And I thought, oh, no, no. I did, okay, I don't buy If that. I'm a passing female, I'm right. no longer going to be persecuted. Yeah, I just, I don't buy that people are that level of delusional. That's like a super hyper ultra level delusional. Maybe we should watch this interview. I'll bring it up. Okay. We'll watch it not tonight because it's two in the morning. No, I'm bringing the Lotus Eater video up. No, we're Look, not watching now. We still have two hours. What are you talking about? And Matthew Newman for Five New Zealand says, continued, he goes into the trans promise and identity that fixes everything. Uh, watch it to explain the, the rationality to Sitch, A Team Reign Supreme. Thank you, Matthew. Well, yeah. So, okay. I would believe that there were people who were gay and people basically suckered them into this by telling them all. So I would hundred percent believe that. Um, I just don't, I would not expect that that's like happening a lot. There's like dozens like of cases of it. Oh, okay. that They lay out in the okay. Tavistock book. So yeah, but I'm wondering, okay, well, maybe it was a weird Brit bonk thing. <laughs> Anyways. Is that, Oh wait, that's the special tone. Yeah, see, you knew what it was. You instantly knew what it was. I know what's happening in Iran, contrast. You can't, okay, Iran is like its own bizarre special scenario where they're intentionally doing the very thing that you're talking about. I don't think that counts. They're Irani Americans, and you are just burying your No, no, in Iran, they're like specifically, it. like they're so. Yeah, it's they're illegal like, to be gay. Yeah, it's right. not illegal to be trans. Right. But see, to me, happening. that's the exception that proves the rule because that's like. If there was like a bunch of countries that it was like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine for trans people, but totally wrong for gay people, then I'd say, oh, I guess there's something going on there, right? But just pointing to Iran as an exception, that doesn't, to me, that's the exception that proves rule. But anyway, something, anyways. Something going on. Look, I'm not going to play the harmonica until you admit. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, thank you all for Until coming. you admit that you accept. People are transing away their gay because thank they you all for coming. Homophobia. Thank you all for your incredibly generous donation. Oh, look at that. He broke. <laughs> That's like the most aggressive harmonica. Anyways, over here trying to skip the outro this is evil okay uh, anyway matthew newman for five dollars for five dollars thank you matthew 
Look, it's called make the, him, Matthew. Make him admit it. Says the tragedy of trans regret. It's an interview with Richie Heron. So you can check that out, Adam. And I'll and I'll check it out too, because I am curious about it. Because I won't trust Adam's telling of it anyway. I'll have to listen to it myself. No, we have to watch it together on stream. Not with, gonna happen. With Matthew putting the thumbs here to you. Okay. Anyways, thank you all for coming. Thank you all for your incredibly generous donations. Thank you, Scott, for coming on and having the conversation with us about anarchism and libertarianism. <laughs> uh, thank you all for your super incredible generous donations, and thank you for sticking with us as we got to your super chats from the previous two streams that we were not able to get to. And thank you. You who have made it to the end of the stream, you are the true, the free and true free will seekers. And we'll see you all next Sunday. Bye-bye. <laughs> Terrible.